welcome one and all to the place you want to be right here with us on the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I am Jim Warner. And we're about to dive into episode number 160. Milestone, Eric. Maybe, milestone. Maybe milestone. We said the next milestone's 175, right? Uh, do you have any big plans for that 175? <laughs> you, you don't have any plans for 175? You're just going to let that roll off your back? I don't have any plans say? for 161. Oh, Neither do I. Speak, I don't have any plans for 160. Hello and one and all. Welcome to the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, the official and official podcast of America's Sweetheart, Eric Shea. There you hey. go. Little shout out, Eric. We are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, the Batman proud. Podcast Network, and the Tangent proud. Bound Podcast Network. Proud. Oh my goodness. Oh. The insults are flying already, Eric. We are on Facebook at Weird Science DC Comics, Podbean at Weird Science DC Comics at Podbean.com, Twitter at Weird Science DC, and we have an award winning website that we would love for you to go check out at WeirdScienceDCComics.com. As we go from there, we always mention now that we have a Patreon account. And if you want to become a supporter of all that is Weird Science, not just this show, uh, but all sorts of shows, including The Return from the Dead, Eric, of The Cellar Dweller. The Cellar Dweller is back. But also, other shows, a new show this week we put on Patreon. I, I, I just stress people to go over and check out what we have because we do seem to be insane and we do <laughs> offer a ton of shows and that new one is called boys toys eric's boys uh, podcast toys. about and i can say that's you right you don't have some nonsense name that you say is the host that's just eric shea that's, right that's the man child eric shea over there okay so the man child eric shea and he talks about toys that he likes to play with he don't like them girls toys he only likes boys toys though uh at some point i would suggest that you do the easy bake oven because eric that's everybody's toy I had well, an easy bake you, oven as a kid. You, the boys' toys was just a joke between us for our the intro that we we're putting together, and they're like, yes. oh, boys' toys are very subjective, Jim. I had a cabbage patch doll. I had an easy bake oven. Very subjective. Yes, it is. And and I had a easy bake oven as well. And Daddy. yeah, yeah, because I like treats. Who doesn't like <laughs> treats? Doesn't make you, you know, a boy's exactly. toy or a girl's toy. Exactly. I had one. I just I like brownies. I like the treats, Eric. Now we talk about this. I'm going to actually, I usually play clips. I am very proud of this, Eric. So I am going to play, I'm going to play the boys toys theme for everyone, just so you can get kind of the idea of what this podcast <laughs> is about. <laughs> Say the cute. So think they're sexy. I think that's weird. Because we're talking about toys. Don't call them dolls. They're action figures. I only play with stuff. That's meant for boys, we're talking boys toys. boys toys They ain't no girls toys We're talking boys toys Don't want no girls toys Bob in my head Shining moment and really, we Eric has this toy podcast. Basically, the whole concept of it is based around me and him singing that song and making it up at work. That's the only reason. You start singing a song that's completely ridiculous, 
and you end up making a podcast, Bam, podcast. about it. But yes, if you want to go over there to patreon.com slash weird science, check out all of the shows we have. We also do mention all the time that we have a badass get fresh crew beep boop patreon spotlight that is voted if you go to the badass level you get to vote on just about everything we do over on the patreon and one of the big things is to vote for the weekly spotlight you get to pick two books that we feature only on the patreon this week is doomsday clock number three and raven daughter of darkness number one it's like one's big one's little eric it's like me and you that's like our podcast in a nutshell but also we have a bunch of other shows like i said uh coming up me and brandon have the far out spotlight Sports nutshell that we'll be previewing the Super Bowl and me and your Philadelphia Eagles involved. Nice. So we're going to have predictions. We're going to talk about that sort of thing. I also do want to announce that if you were a fan of the Weird Science Pop Culture Podcast, I'm still in talks with the talent, but I think yeah. I can pretty much say that we will be coming back with that on Patreon in February. So that'll be a February show. Uh, we're going to you know, iron out the details, but Ian can be very happy. It's pretty much he was the one who was the you know impetus for us to kind of bring it back. So he can he can uh, pat himself on the back. I was going to say impetus. slap himself. Does that himself. mean little guy? You know, and I was uh, going to say slap yourself on the back. You you don't want to do that. Pat yourself on the back, but we're going to do that. In the meantime, as a road to pop culture return, Eric, I am putting up the archived uh, episodes of our pop culture podcast on the Patreon as well uh, so that people can hear what that is, kind of get caught up and realize that we have no idea what we're talking about when we do that podcast. That's basically what we do there. But yeah, that's going to be coming back the as well. The pop culture of today looked at through the minds of 1995. Yes, that is basically what it is. And I just, again, if you wanted me to continue with this commercial, Eric, I would like to say that we would be one of the few Patreons that end up adding shows instead of pulling them back. <laughs> yeah, we just keep adding more and more and more uh so i hope that you would go over and check it out and if you like what we do support us and we appreciate it we do really do appreciate it now we also have a regular spotlight that we have on our regular feed that you get this podcast on and this week we talked about teen titans number 16 with chris and that was a marv wolfman one shot about starfire so yeah if you want to go over there as well just the regular feed listen to that that will not be on this podcast either so you'd have to do that to listen Listen, but Eric, since we talked about the Patreon, uh, you know what's next. It's one of our favorite things to do. It is the badass roll call. Ah, uh, yes, Eric. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna adjust this a little here. I'm gonna adjust a little so we can go into the badass roll call. And here are the badasses that support us on the Patreon at the badass level. And now it's going down. I tried to fix this, Eric. Here we go. I'm gonna go up, up a little bit. The ultimate badass manship. We have Steve Meds just join in. Aldrin Stoja, Brian from Arkansas, all new Dave, D-Man, Josh, Havlin, Batman Beyond Mark, G-Man, Dancing Mike, Brandon, Bobby, Jolly Drew, Reggie, Andrew from Belfast. We have Luis, Zach, Ulysses, Josh, T, T. We have Akeem, Double A Ron, Abuse Mom on the Verizon Hole. She's still stuck in there. We have Mad Money. We have Simon, Taylor, or Swanee Eric, I always forget. Anthony G, Dave J, Bill Bear, Ian, Missy T, Rob Lewis, Pete from NYC, Lone Wolf Marv, Marv Jazz, Ruben, 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 and the OG Christopher 
hide. I gotta, I gotta get a better way to have that because I go and it's names that they have signed up for, and have them like to be called by their nicknames, and sometimes it does throw me off. So I apologize there, but. These are guys and gals that we really do appreciate. We love all of you. We appreciate everybody who supports us at any level on the Patreon. And just, I can't stress how much that we do appreciate you. Come for on that. in, everybody. Big hug. Now, right up in here. Get in here. Big hug. We're going to go on now to our rent and raves. Now, I will do the standard rent and rave. I will tell you, number one, there's going to be two sections of rent and raves tonight. A lot of rent uh, rent we rent. had a lot of rant and raves, including some that I accidentally didn't see last week. So that kind of piled up, and everybody got a hold of us this week, which we love. But because of that, we're going to have to have two separate deals of them. Also, I hate to say this because I do it drives me nuts, but scheduling conflicts have made it so that we're pretty much going to have to play those you know, just the rant and raves without us commenting on them. And I do, I apologize for that uh, tremendously. But Eric has a birthday party to go to. Eric Shea with a birthday party. Plus, I got a lot of shit to do. And I, I've just been, it's like World War Eight here at this house, Eric. I'm telling <laughs> you, I, I am ducking and shucking and jiving away from anybody. Went straight from World War Two to World Ooh, War Eight. You never wait. saw it coming. But yeah, so I apologize that we'll just be playing these. We're going to have two sections. This first section you'll have going. And then the second section will be later on. You can check the show notes and go right there if you want to but this is the rant and rave line eric and i know you love it and the rant and rave line you can call 641-715-3900 enter extension 452328 followed by the pound sign it's just that easy folks <laughs> It's uh, Andrew and Belfast here giving you a wee call. Uh, as you know, uh, long-time listener, first-time caller into the Anton Raves. If you want to know why uh, I've decided to call in this week, well, you've got Mr. Jeff Johns to thank for that. Because what in the name of hell is going on with the delay in Doomsday Clock? The book and the storyline that's supposed to be uh, at the heart of everything um, related to rebirth we're years into this process now no messing about 
and uh, I don't know what is what's going on with that at all. I mean, uh, seriously, uh, I've stuck with DC Comics right from the start of the new 52, bought all the major titles uh, since then. Your Batman's, your Detective Comics, your Flash, um, your Wonder Woman's, Superman, Action Comics, Green Lanterns, Green Lantern, singular at the start, and uh, that's it. I've had enough. I mean, I'm sh- shelling out quite a lot of uh, money every week for these things, and uh, I have cut back a bit actually already because the storylines were so terrible, and now that's it. Boom. I'm out. No way. I'm playing the wait for the trade game on these DC books now. And I'm going to pay my Patreon subscription to the People's Podcast, Weird Science uh, DC. And that's good value. Good value for money. Better value for money than I've been getting out of DC Comics uh, over the last wee while. And uh, sorry about that music. That's a busker. Don't know what he's at. Um, and... Uh, so, I have to say, I'm very, very unhappy about it, and I don't buy their bullcrap that they've been uh, feeding us about the reasons why, and takes too long. It takes too long? Get in and draw your pictures and write your storylines, and earn your crust, instead of uh, fobbing me off with excuses. No way, Jose. Uh, anyway, as you know, big fan of the show. Uh, have to say, while I'm on for the first time, there's another busker accordion. Jim, you get yourself a star turning accordion, son. You could be standing in the streets of Belfast as well. Uh, so before I go, just want to say a uh, big shout out to the Get Fresh crew. Whoop, whoop. Uh, special shout out to my man, uh, Reggie, uh, Chris, Josh, uh, Jim, Eric, obviously, and uh, probably forgetting somebody. Oh, I, Big Travit, Big T as I call him, and uh, Brandon, two great guys, keep me up to speed with my Marvel books. You know those books that uh, tend to stick the storylines and have the same artist and writer on the same titles? Always a good idea, I thought. And uh, then, uh, let me see, who else? Oh, I. Oh, look, Hollywood. Have to give a shout out to Hollywood Kid. And uh, yeah, so anyway, peace out. Uh, say hello to the wrong turn for me and work. Right, all the best, gents. Bye now. Bye. Hi, Jim. Greetings, Eric. And hello, Mother. Why don't you come up and see me sometime? Anyway, uh, first of all, I want to give a shout out to the Get Fresh crew. Whoop, whoop, and um, our king, Richard Richardson of House Richardson, first of his name, all hail the king of the Get Fresh crew, Richard Richardson. Okay, now that that's all the way, Eagles fans, Eagles fans, ah, Jimmy boy, did you happen to see those Viking fans that uh, that she filmed her walk into the Eagles stadium wearing a Vikings jersey? Uh, she's just filming her walk as she was walking into the uh, stadium at, in Philadelphia. It was, um, you stay classy, Philadelphia. Damn. Um, if you haven't seen that, check it out. It's, it's, uh, it's enlightening. Those are some nice, nice people. 
Anyway, um, and I've, I've got to take issue with you. I know this is going into far out sports nuts territory, but I'm, you're venturing off into, but also people in the Slack chat have seen it. You think Tom Brady is a good guy. I mean, first of all, this is a guy that left his pregnant girlfriend, the one who was, you know, really hot and a good looking woman for that ugly dude that he's married to now. I'm sorry, Giselle Bunchkin thing. Uh, bolt on tits and it's a dude, an ugly dude at that. Anyway, and, but have you seen Brady? He's a good, have you seen the, him on the rare occasions that the refs let, you know, actually don't make the game for him where he loses? He acts like such a little whiny bitch. And the other times, he's such an arrogant ass. I loved, my favorite was before they played the Giants, the first time they played the Giants the Super Bowl, where he said, you know, someone, uh, one Giants guy predicted, you know, the score would be something to 17. Huh, we're only going to score 17 points. <laughs> they only scored 14. <laughs> but anyway, um, have you noticed how many commercials, guys like Brett Favre, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Troy Polamalu, Peyton Manning, guys like those. Notice how many commercials those people are in? It's because people like them. Have you noticed how few commercials Tommy Boy has? People don't like him. It's because he's a dick, and people realize he's a dick, and they don't like him because of that. Except fucking retard Patriot fans. And James Alvin Warner III. But anyway... Uh, enough about Brady because he's going to be a six-time Super Bowl champion because the rest will have it no other way. And I'm not watching the Super Bowl. I have no reason to watch because the Cheatriots are going to win. Even if the Eagles beat them, the refs will going to make sure the Patriots don't lose. And the entertainment, and I use that term loosely, the entertainment sucks big time. And the league has made it abundantly clear that they don't value the opinions of a large part of the American populace. So they can have their little SJW clusterfuck and call it a Super Bowl, but I'm not going to watch it. And I'm sorry that your team is not going to get a title, Jim, but it's not going to happen. And that's because, besides what you say about the team wanting, the league wanting everything to go 8-8, eight and eight, they need the, the Patriots to win this year. And they decided they would, which is why they fixed the Steelers game to give them home field and why when the... Jags got close enough to, you know, win. Uh, the refs called, what, eight penalties in a row to make sure they didn't. And, hey, Swanee can back me up on that, and Brandon can back me up on a lot of that. Those games are rigged. Okay, other things. Let's talk about comics. I didn't read Damage. Now, Alex M. on Twitter told me that it's not really spinning out of the pages of Metal Brother. But it's if it's not spinning out of the pages of Metal brother, then why don't, why do they put that Dark Knight's Metal brother logo on the cover? And when I finally listened to the Patreon spotlight for it, I found out the guy's name is Ethan. And what kind of awful punk ass name is Ethan? I would have gone with something, I don't know, maybe if he were named Declan. That's a name I can get behind. But seriously, that Dark Knight's Metal brother logo might not only turn off people like me who have no interest in or don't like the Dark Knight's Metal brother event, but it might also scare off some other people or make more casual, filthy casuals, more casual readers who might think you have to collect all the other 700 or so Dark Knight's Metal brother books to understand this series or any of the other series they're coming out with. They're slapping that Dark Knight's Metal brother logo on all the covers. So I don't know the terrifics. I've seen the previews of that and 
it looks like it's definitely spinning out of the pages of Dark Knight's metal brother because um I don't know it's it's all about the dark universe and things like that and, and I don't want to read that I want to see it's a new age of DC heroes no it's not it's a new age of shit that Scott Snyder's making up as far as I can tell because if you don't want me to think I mean, I'm looking at some clock, uh, some comic books right now Doomsday Clock has a little Doomsday Clock series I know that's not the but Batman Beyond Batman symbol Detective Comics Batman symbol Wonder Woman Wonder Woman symbol it's but all these new, supposedly new age of DC heroes, it's not DC or anything like that. It's Dark Knight's metal, brother. So I don't know, you know, it, and it all says it's spinning out of the pages of. So as far as I'm concerned, it's all connected to that. And I'm not interested in the event. So I don't know. It's it's I don't have any real great feeling for any of these series yet, because I think it's all going to be connected to the Snyderverse, which is what they're building. And, uh, oh, and Brandon, 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 I know that Grant Morrison did some wacky things with Batman. I mean, even make, I know he took him through history. He was a pirate and he was a, you know, I was a highwayman, but I, he, you know, and he did crazy, crazy stuff and had, you know, some of these, uh, you know, godlike things with Batman after Final Crisis and even had the thing where he took over Batman Incorporated and said that Bruce Wayne is funding Batman. I mean, you know, is, is he? Yes, Grant Morrison always had a lot of ridiculous stuff, but this Scott Snyder stuff, everything from the Barney Purple Cape, which I, I still hate that, and that the Barney Cable, the Barney Purple Cape, that is all Snyder and Capullo, brother. But it's just... It's all this stuff that is so un-Batman, so unhuman that he's had Batman doing ever since he took it over. And um, I don't know. It's just... And the worst thing is he's ruining Nth Metal. And even worse than that, the thing that upsets me the most is he is... It's disgusting. He is messing with Hawkman's continuity because there's no character in DC Universe that has a more well-defined, cut-and-dried, concrete, and set-in-stone origin story than Hawkman. Anyway, um, there is a Hawkman sale going on for the next couple of days, at least until Monday night on uh, Comixology, if you're interested in Hawkman trades and stories, and you can read some of his seven or 800 different origins and reboots. But anyway, that's enough about, let uh, see, anything else? I've, I've actually took some notes on things that... the. Jim, I can explain exactly why the UN troops were not waiting outside the cave where Talia was. They're too busy sexually harassing women and being totally corrupt. And uh, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of sexual harassment of women at the UN, just in case you didn't see that in your in your usual sources. And uh, and also they're issuing meaning proclamations that have no impact whatsoever. They're good at doing that. And they're also um, denouncing Israel and and imposing sanctions on Israel because the UN really, really, really hates Israel and they're really corrupt and do nothing. And I wish we could kick them out of the country and make them build a house somewhere else. Maybe Brussels, that would be good for them. Anyway, what else? Um, okay. Oh, I bought some comics this week, some DC comics. Uh, first of all, I did buy Nightwing, the new order number six. Haven't quite got all the others read, so I'll probably big, do a big trade read of that when I get some time. But uh, did buy that. Can't comment on it yet because I haven't read it, but I'm, ex I'm excited for it. Doomsday, oh, let's see, let's go on another. Yeah, Doomsday Clock. Let's start with that. On the cover that I have, Batman is wearing the bitch-ass Billy suit still from Snyder. Inside, he's wearing a different costume. 
Does this mean after the end of 12, I'm sorry, wait, 12, 13, 14, 15, 18, 24, however many months it takes for them with the delays to get through with Doomsday Clock. Does that mean Batman can wear something different than the Barney Purple? Please, please. But anyway, um, yeah, Doomsday Clock, it was, it happened and it's still, I mean, it's progressing slowly, I guess. I'm not, it's changing all the Watchmen stuff and I'm still not, um, you know, I guess it was a bit more exciting, but I saw somewhere on Twitter, I think it was Jeff John saying, if you're a big fan of uh, JSA, be sure to read this month's Doomsday Clock. It's like, well, Johnny Thunder was standing at a window being sad, wearing his best suit, but I didn't see anything else that really screamed JSA besides that. Um, okay. Ah, let's see. And uh, yeah, so that was a Doomsday Clock. I don't know. You guys gave it like a 6, maybe 6.5. Yeah, maybe, I guess. Art's really good. Yeah. Besides that, okay, um, uh, Batman Detective Comics, number 973, follow the Batman finale, finale. I, you know, uh, they shot Clayface, that's about, oh, spoiler, sorry, they shot Clayface at the end, and that's about all that happened, a bunch of talk back and forth about different stuff they were doing, and, you know, and then they might try to, yeah, it was, I don't know. And Lonnie turned out to be a, a more of a good guy, or somewhat so more of a gray area so we yeah got that pretty predictable it was i guess art was okay yeah that was a batman detective comics number 973 i don't know i yeah and uh batman beyond number 16 uh craven the hunter got some upgrades um i'm sorry stalker and um yeah i guess he's uh beating down batman so we'll see uh, i mean it, it was kind of a terry you know fought back and then at the end he's kind of trapped again and we'll see where this mysterious female helping him out where that's going and uh uh what matt might finally do matt needs to get into that damn suit if it's going to happen pull the trigger already but uh batman beyond i enjoyed it pretty uh pretty well this month although commissioner gordon doesn't look like anything like commissioner gordon i think that might have been rorschach's uh more attractive brother but anyway um yeah batman beyond was pretty good pretty enjoyable read but um yeah looking to see where that goes next month and uh wonder woman I like the art in Wonder Woman. I like the story quite a bit, but I think we're supposed to get more feels from Jason. But I, I'm sorry, Jim, you kind of spoiled that for me because, um, yeah, I don't think Jason's going to be around too long. I think it is. I think it was what it is. Robinson didn't want to write that Jason story. They said, you have to write this Jason story first. He said, okay, I'll write that. And then he's going to, you know, kill him. But got some big dark side implications uh, ramping up in this book and i'm wondering how the odd fellows are going to take on the furies i don't see that going well for them unless there's some shenanigans going on but uh wonder woman is uh you know on swan the silver swan she's she's her her uh motives are kind of crazy i think that i think they did mention the fact that affected her mind i think we're looking into that she's brutal and uh uh, pretty formidable, and um, yeah, I'm enjoying Wonder Woman now, so I think this is the story that uh, Robinson really wanted to write, and he, now he's just going to get Jason all the way, all the way, and and at least it spurred Wonder Woman on to, you know, uh, be a little bit uh, more aggressive and see what it's like, she, as she said, to fight an Amazon, so I enjoyed Wonder Woman for the uh, second issue in a row a lot more than I have been lately, and that's about all the comics I got this week, so um, yeah, I know I've been rambling on here for a bit, but I just wanted to get some stuff off my chest and, you know, just kind of talk about some other stuff that was happening. I'm going to a, an Ice Bears game tonight, and we're meeting some people there beforehand, and they come from a different direction than we do. They come, they come from Newmarket, which no one knows where it is unless you're from this area, a tiny little town, and uh, we come from Merville, and we meet 
in Knoxville, so we come from two different directions, and they're, we're going to tailgate before the game. They're bringing the pizza, and what are we bringing? What would we bring to a tailgate? Yes, that's right. We are bringing the beer. And uh, so anyway, um, oh, yeah, and also I'm going to go, you know, I, I kind of go through this every week, but I'm going to talk more, less about what you do, because everyone knows you, you, you buy your comic books. You read the reviews, leave comments, and then the big thing, though, the big thing to support these guys is uh, Patreon. So I'm going to talk about Weird Science. Uh, I'm sorry, Patreon.com Weird Science for a minute. So, and, and I, I made some notes here, so I'll remember all the shows, all the shows you get on Patreon. So I made some notes here. So um, if you go to Patreon.com, you want to support these guys, Jim and Eric, for all they do for us. So you go to Patreon.com slash Weird Science, and you will get the following shows. You get the Patreon Spotlight. You get the Boys Toys Podcast and the Cellar Dweller Podcast. That's it. All, f all, f all free for you when you sign up on Patreon.com Weird Science. It's a Patreon Spotlight, Boys Toys Podcast, and the Cellar Dweller Podcast. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot. There's also the uh, Far Out Sports Nuts Podcast, Jim's Other Comic Review Podcast. Oh, Jim, I'm sorry. I'll start over. Jim, get your bell ready. Here we go. You get the Far Out Sports Nuts Podcast. Jim's Other Comic Review Podcast, Jim's News Podcast, Early Access to the New 52 Review Podcast, The Back Issues Podcast, Necessary Nonsense, and Jim Has Issues with His Wife. And if you sign up at the badass level, you get to vote on the Patreon Spotlight book, the Necessary Nonsense topic, the movie for the Get Fresh Crew movie night, and you will get invited into the Get Fresh Crew Slack chat if you're into that kind of thing. And there may may possibly be the return of the much-loved Weird Science Pop Culture Podcast. And most importantly, we you will support Jim and Eric, who do a lot for us and have a lot to deal with. And Jim, get that bell ready again. Jim has a wife that paints rocks and ceilings the wrong color, chases Jim with a knife, and is not my favorite podcast host. He has four kids running around the house that drink 42 gallons of milk per week. An axe that is cutting up random trees and furniture in his backyard. An army of donut-eating mice. An army of daddy longleggers attacking the house. A crack battalion of super-intelligent squirrels invading the attic. He needs to buy detergent to wash his shorts in the shower. He has a dog that occasionally barks on the podcast. And he has two adorable, wonderful, you know, baby kitties that may or may not live in his attic. And keep that bell ready, Jim. Eric. Now, that's what Jim has to deal with. Now, Eric has the following things to deal with. He has Transformers, He-Mans, Cigarettes, and Chatterbait. And you can support all of that at patreon.com weird science. So until next week, hashtag release the memo. Uh, turn that spotlight off. Power off that Patreon spotlight. Keep it weird. Watch out because you never know when we'll pop up to culture that ass. Hashtag release the memo and see you in seven. Hello, Jimmy. This is your mistress again. I seen the solicits for the April DC comics and they look fucking terrible. There ain't nothing on there worth fucking reading, Jimmy. I don't know what the hell they think they're doing. You better talk to your friends over there because you're not getting any until the comics get better. You know that. And uh, it's been a long time since you got any. So, you know, talk to your friends. Get Scott Snyder to do something good over there. Hey, Jim. Hey, Eric. Um, this is LeBron James. LeBron James. Um, 
I wanted to respond to your recent criticisms of uh, uh, me and my Cavaliers uh, teammates. Um, any reports that uh, there are fights or feuds within our locker room is fake news. Um, we're doing just fine. Uh, we're, we're just playing some board games. We're having a game night. Uh, me and Kyle Corver and uh, Tristan Thompson, we're playing Settlers of Catan. Um, and then uh, my boy D-Wade, he came over and we started playing uh, uh, Arkham Horror. And that took like two and a half days. That took forever. Um, and then... Uh, 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 Tyron Lou came over and we played, uh, we played charades for a little bit. We just had ourselves a game night. Uh, so we're, we're doing fine. Don't worry about us. Um, I listen to, uh, the Sports Nuts podcast all the time. Um, this is LeBron James. Um, uh, you, you guys do a great job, but I can't wait for football to be over so you talk more about the NBA and, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, this is LeBron James, and, uh, signing off, uh, go Cavs. Ooh, yeah, whoop whoop. Hello, Jim and Eric and the rest of the Get Fresh crew. This is Predictor Pete, and I'm calling in to wish you a happy 160th episode. Yes, that's right, Predictor Pete is back with more predictions for 2018. Oh, oh. Okay, Jim, are you ready for your projection for 2018? So you're going to go to... Oh, my brain, it hurts. Hold on. Ah, this image is so bad. Jim, next time you go to Wawa, do not get the cup of coffee. The girl behind the counter peed in the pot. Here's what will happen if you drink it. You'll get sick, and you'll wind up throwing up in your car. Stay away from the pot of coffee on March 15th. Beware the Ides of March. Eric, here is your prediction for 2018. Oh, ah, ah, it's hard to see. It's so dark in 2018. Oh, wait. If you don't pay your electric bill by March 5th, then you won't have any lights. That's why it's so dark. Reggie, I'm getting a prediction for you. I hope you hear this. This is Predictor Pete. And I have to say that on... On... Oh, no. No, don't take, don't take the subway on, on March 31st, or you will end up stepping in urine. Why would there be a urine puddle in New York in the subway? Because it's New York. The whole place smells like piss. Well, that's all I have for predictions. This has been Pete the Predictor. Oh, wait. I got one more. It's... What? Is Who is that? It's... Jolly Drew. Jolly Drew, be careful. Don't walk down Michigan Avenue on 
March 21st, there will be a bird crapping and he'll crap on your glasses. Okay, well, that's the last of it. I don't have any comic book predictions. So this has been Peter Rector Pete in no way associated to Mumbo Jimbo. Richard Richardson here. I know it's been a while since I called in. Yes, it's Richard Richardson, king of the Get Fresh crew. King of the Get Fresh crew. A shout out to my big buddy, break dancing Mike. Shout out to all the people in my kingdom since I'm the king of the Get Fresh crew. It's not going to my head. No, being the king of the Get Fresh crew, it's not going to my head. No, but something happened to me this week. Yeah. The other day, Grandma was on a tear. Yeah, she got into my Twitter, and she started to attack my favorite writer, Tom King. Yes, that's right. She was tweeting to Tom King, saying how he's ruined Batman, and how he only writes for jokes in his stories. And that is, does not represent Richard Richardson. Richard Richardson loves Tom King. Yes, if Richard Richardson had a royal court, Tom King would be in. Hey, Jim. Hey, Eric, Reggie, Chris, and all the badass members of the Get Fresh crew. Whoop, whoop. This is your man, Rob Lewis, the ghost from the past. Just wanted to let all you guys know I have not abandoned my family. It's just been a busy time. So let me give you a belated Merry Christmas and a belated Happy New Year and give you guys a little bit of an update of what I've been up to. Well, let me see. First, we sold our house in Brooklyn, and we purchased a house in Albany. Well, we purchased a house in the end of December, and here it is January 24th, and I'm still moving. Such a long fucking story. Thanks for letting me vent, Jim. But that'll be over soon enough. Then we've had the 12-hour shift due to snow and the taking down of the Christmas decorations. But that's all beside the point. The real reason I call is to talk about this upcoming Action Comics 1000. This is going to be a big event for DC. And this past week, Jim Lee gave an interview to Entertainment Weekly where he said, and I quote, that this is going to be a watershed moment in history, not just for comics, but for entertainment, literature, and pop culture. Let me tell you something, Jim. Your cinematic universe has turned out to be a fantastic fart box. Rebirth has turned out to be the new 52 with a fresh coat of paint where we have slow burn stories, writing to trade books, events that are life shattering in one book, but are not mentioned in other books, lazy work from your editors. You want to have a watershed moment? Step up your game, DC. Give us some pop. 
get back on the game. I mean, really, what, 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 what's going on, guys? Give us something to look forward to. We're going after weeks and weeks and weeks where nothing happens. And it's getting to be a bit much. You got some longtime fans who are hanging there with you, but you got to step up your game big time. Talk to you guys later. Hello, Weird Science, I believe. Weird Science and DCComics.com, run by uh, Mr. Uh, Jim Warner and um, Eric Shea. Hello, hi, this is uh, Tom King. Uh, you call me TK for short. Uh, I'm the writer of Batman and uh, the series fan favorite Mr. Miracle. You know, that series has quotes from the big comic writers, artists, and as well as real comic books uh, praising a story that I've crafted that's favorite among millions. Well, should I say millions? It's more like thousands. Uh, hundred thousands. <laughs> Anyways, uh, look, I was calling because I received a tweet from one of your listeners, uh, Hussein Wasadi. I just wanted to, um, just, you know, clear the air. Um, uh, you know, Hussein sent me a nice tweet talking about, um, the similarities between uh, this week's number 38, one that I worked and crafted all by myself. And I know there's some similarities with this one acting comic from years and years and years ago that I didn't have access to, by the way. There's no way to have access to that comic. But, look, it was brought up to my attention. And you know what? You know, that's that, that kind of thing happens. And I'm, I'm glad that Hussein Wasari from Toronto... Uh, brought this up to me. Uh, look, Bolthesis, at Bolthesis, that's the tweet he goes by. Let's just say, no hurt feelings. Um, I wouldn't want anything bad to happen to you, you know? I wouldn't want somebody to leave, let's say, a bag of crap and light it on fire in your doorstep and ring the doorbell and, and potentially run away. I wouldn't want that to happen, you know? I know guys in when I worked in the CIA, and you know, I don't, I don't want you to be scared. You know, know that I have access to uh, all your information, and I know where you live. Well, I'm not going to say anything to anybody. Don't worry about that. I mean, no, you know, it's not like anybody could just send me a, a message and I give them that information. You know, so that you know they they go and um, pee in in your mailbox. I wouldn't want that to happen. No, no, no. Or I wouldn't want somebody to call up and ask you if your fridge is running, you know. And uh, I would advise you, if somebody does ask you that, you tell them yes. You tell them yes. And then, and then you listen to what they have to say next. And then, you know, we have an understanding, I hope, between both of us, okay? Um, so this is just TK, a uh, friendly call. Uh, I hope you guys have a good show. Um, <laughs> don't, don't, 
work too hard now, guys. I I know you guys spend so much time doing your such important work, and I wouldn't want you to overexert yourself. Um, so you know, take care. Toodaloo. Detective Comics nine seventy three last panel. Boy, I didn't see that coming. That's the right thing. That's what I'm supposed to do. Huh? We're talking about. Oh, Jesus Christ. Huh? Bunch of Paul. Bunch of Paul smokers. We got Jim and Eric. Huh? That's what we do. Uh, so we're back at it again, huh? I'm calling in about a little Jennifer Hawk Swallow. A little Gog Swallow. Yeah, big, big, big what? What? Make a big deal on the Netflix about Christmas. Well, Christmas time's over. Christ has had his time. It's over. Who gives a fuck? Nobody cares. We're into the New Year. Resolutions of all dying. It's all done. Who cares? Yeah, that's right, Jim. Hmm. Who got named Jim one time? I know I told you about him. Who gives a fuck? He's gone. He's got a big beard now. He's crazy. Ends up on uh, Jerry Seinfeld's uh, drinking and coffee with the cars and the boys and the guys and who gives the boopa goopa doopa. Who cares? No big deal. Look, here's the thing. You want to make it show biz? You got a podcast, smartcast, blah, 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 I assume you want to make it in the bed. Well, you're asking the best. Here I am. Hmm, hmm. Want to know something about, about, about making success? You want to get with the finest ladies? You want to get the, the, the showgirls in the Vegas and the boop-doop-doop-doop? Nah, well, take it from me. Never going to happen. Nope. With a name like Jim, name like Eric? No, never going to have it. Jim, Schmim, Eric, Sperrick, Barrick, Derek? Never going to happen. My big suggestion to you? Give up. Go home. Go back to where you came from. Huh? Go buy a little bottle of bourbon. Down it. Mm, be done with it. Whole thing's done with. Who gives a fuck? No. Not done with my little thing with Juniper Hawks follow that shit is bullshit and we ate it like I said before. British and I mean it. Well, I'm Clifton and I made it as well. I'm done. Hmm? Maybe I'll make my own Netflix Christmas special, huh? Maybe we'll just uh, call it Clifton and fuck you, Juniper Hawks follow. Fuck you. Maybe that'll be the name of it. Will Netflix produce that, huh? Netflix come out with a little special called Fuck You, Hawk Swallow, Cox. No, maybe not. Hmm. Maybe not. Maybe they kicked me out of the studio like they did back in the day. Hmm. Or they even give me more style lot. Hmm. No, no parting gifts. Uh, who cares? Got a little uh, weird science in my blood. Maybe I'll listen to the podcast and see what's going on. You talking about little funny books? Hmm. You got some Garfield and Friends? What is this? BC? Hmm. Uh, Wizard of Id? Hmm. What do you got? A little uh, Marmaduke? You review the latest Marmaduke going on here? Hmm. We got Family Circus. What, what is this? I want some good wholesome shit. What do we got here? Hmm? Something I can smoke my cigar and eat my pancakes with. Then I want no cake bullshit. Nope. Uh-uh. Nah, maybe I'll go listen to Raging Bullets. Now, nah, fuck you guys. I'm out of here. How about those ranting raves, Eric? Oh my. There was some ranting and or raving going on. But yes, again, I want to apologize that we weren't uh, able to comment on all those, especially all those mean things that people said about Eric Shea. I could not believe it. I couldn't believe it, Eric. But yes, that is the first section of Rent Raves. Stay tuned till later when we have the second section. But right now, we're going to go off to the mail. Yo, it's mail call. It's mail with Jim. Hallelujah, it's mail with Jim. Oh, yeah, it's mail with Jim. Hallelujah, it's mail with Jim. Amen, it's mail with Jim. Hallelujah, it's mail with Jim. Amen, let's hear Yeah. 
this is mail section number one. Uno, Eric, you like the game Uno? You're a big Uno no. fan? No, I'm not. I'm I not a fan of many point. games at all. Oh, really? You don't like the fun and games, do you? You're more no. serious, fella. You're more well, serious, fella, with your visionaries. <laughs> your visionaries stand for baloney, don't they? You don't stand for baloney, you say? I'm not going to stand here and listen to this baloney. baloney. He, he's right, you know. He doesn't stand for baloney, but Eric Shane does I? not. But if you want to get in on the baloney, which I say, you know, us yeah. having fun with the mail, a little baloney. And if you want to get in on the baloney, uh, you can email us at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. Are you a fan of baloney, Eric? And I, I mean, actually, the food. I hate baloney. I can't stand it. I ate so much bologna as a kid. Uh, well, I actually, the thing is, I didn't because it actually took a long time for me to try bologna. And the yeah. thing is, thank God that I was a little fucking idiot as a child because the way my mother got me to eat bologna, here, have some bologna. I don't want it. I don't. All right, well, go ahead. And then days would pass. Eric, how about this? It's bologna. Well, uh-huh. For some reason, bologna was a more satisfying sound in my ears, even though it's terrible to say. I'm like, this is delicious, mother. You stupid kid. You stupid son of a bitch. I'll tell you right now. Number one, I would fry the bologna. When I would have it, it would kind of make it a little better. I would have to eat it with mustard. I do like it with cheese. This is when I would have it as a kid. I will yeah. never eat bologna again in my life. Um, I actually didn't like it that because it was round. That for some reason that threw me off. It, like square made, hamburgers at Wendy's? Yeah, I think like your mom didn't want any of them square hamburgers. That was my I didn't great want, gra- that was oh, my was grandma, it great grandmother. Yeah. Did your mom did your mom have a problem with that as well that you told me she, it was your She might have because of my great grandmother, but it was okay. mostly my great grandmother like yeah, you never told me that. that Wendy's it's black weird magic too. over there. I was actually intrigued by the square hamburgers, but the round bologna to me, I don't know if you realize that uh bologna there it's kind of a uh a fabricated item. No, it's you know, from the bologna beef. What are you talking <laughs> yeah, the about? Yeah, the bologna pony, Eric. Uh, <laughs> I ended up uh, thinking like, oh, I, I don't want any parts of that. So what I would end up doing then, and because I ate so much bologna, that's why I started frying it because then it kind of tastes a little better. My dad was kind of in as well. And to me, for the longest time in our area, pork roll is a big item, which I do love. Uh, for the longest time, I kind of thought that they were one and the same because of the way I made it and the way it was yeah. round and stuff like that. Uh, yes, but we're going to talk some baloney here. J-Man is the first mail, and I do uh, apologize to J-Man. He had an email last week that came in late, so I didn't get to that. Uh, but we he emailed again, and we're just going to go right off the bat. J-Man, you are up. You get the front row seat. And he says, hey, Jim. What's up, Eric? Subject, man. I'm now officially a member of the Get Fresh crew of my Patreon contribution. Whoop, whoop. As far as becoming a badass. Wowie. The price is too rich for my blood. After seeing that you posted a Patreon spotlight review for damage, I figured I would give the book a second read through of my LCS. See, he's a frugal man. He's not going to be a badass and he's reading books while he's standing at the LCS. It still feels like a bad Hulk ripoff with a few nods and winks to DC characters you don't often see or wouldn't expect to be involved with containing a military directed but now out of control walking atomic bomb of devastation. I agree that the art is really good here, but one, I have no interest in DC Hulk because I never had an interest in Marvel Hulk. And two, I have no faith in Robert Venditti to give us a good resolution of the arc as this story. 
story and character develop. I want to believe in Robert Venditti after he gave me 50-plus issues of Exo Manowar goodness and a year-long Amazing Wrath of the Eternal Warrior run in the Valiant Universe, but he has let me down in every DC series that he's written once he has established the characters and the conflict. Now, he says this, and I get the idea, I don't know, just from his verbiage there – uh, that he thinks that maybe this is a limited series. Didn't maybe. it kind of seem like he thinks that because – but it's not. But as of now, we don't yeah, know. Saying, I think it may be. Any given time that DC Yes, I, I think it could be. But this is an ongoing series. Because of that, you can kind of go in thinking that, yeah, Robert Van Diddy may be on for a bit, but he may not be the only writer, and then you'd sure. have to catch up. I don't know. It's just – to me, it was good enough – to get interested enough to see the next issue. You know what I mean? And, if you're going to go by an issue by issue deal. Whenever we actually yeah. get to do it, because people don't do it very often, I do get excited because yeah. they usually don't stay around long, but I want to see what they – like well, the, the steps they take yeah. to try to maintain this character to make yeah. sure that like people will keep reading this and it might become a mainstay of DC Comics. Yeah, and as you say that, I know that guys like uh, Dancing Mike and some other people have said that, oh, if it's metal, it's not for me. Uh, I think that the metal part of it is just to get you, like you said, the, the hardest thing for comic, uh, you know, company and writers especially too, uh, is a new character. You're going to want to try to grab onto something big to kind of introduce it so that you kind of, you actually try to fool them into yeah. reading it a little. And by, by the end though, by three issues, it's got to stand up on its own. I'm not yeah. going to go after three issues. It can't go, be crying metal. Yeah, I can't just say. Day. Yeah, I can't just say after three issues. Oh, but but metal. Uh, yeah, so yeah. hopefully by the third issue, it it can maintain itself and go. But hey, Jim, I listened to your review of Secret Weapons number one and can't wait for your review of issue two. When do you think you'll post that one? Yeah, Jim. It, I don't know. It might be tomorrow. It would have been tomorrow, definitely. As you, well, as you listen to this, it would have been that morning, you know. Uh, but I ended up having to do uh, an extra podcast this week with Three Six Five Flicks with Brandon, me and him talking about the Captain America. So my scheduling of the other books kind of got pushed uh, back. Uh, you know, one episode each. Yeah. So tomorrow I'm hoping that I'll be able to do my other review podcast and my Secret Weapons number two luck. Uh, bonus. It's actually a bonus deal. So if I don't get it done this weekend, you will definitely have it by either Wednesday or next Saturday. I'll get back to my regular scheduled programming and do that. You really should go back and read Harbinger if you find the time in your busy schedule. Just neglect to spend time with a couple of your kids. I just got yelled at about that. And give yeah. your wife the sweet love and she deserves once a once a week I, I wish i had santa's schedule and came once a year eric that's what i have to say i'm telling you i'm more of like a, a decade man it seems keep up the good work and i'll see you in seven and that's j man from you, half J-Man. moon bay and maybe eventually he'll say you know what that badass level you know they give a lot for that it's not yeah. as it's not a ripoff it might be expensive for your blood but uh the next one is Luis. Luis says hello everyone from the get fresh crew whoop 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 I am now a badass. I love you guys Rock so on, much. Luis. I just had to become a badass. I had a hard last two months. I've been in and out of the hospital and doctor visits. I haven't been at work the last two months because of it. And that sucks. Sure. And he says, but listening to you guys making me laugh and talking about the books I've fallen behind on really helped the long doctor and hospital visits. So that's We're awesome. Good. And and I'm telling you, Luis, if you're there, I hope that that's done with. 
Like I hope he does. I hope you never have to go to the hospital again. But yeah, if if you ever are and you, you know you want to chat or whatever, you can even talk to me on on the the uh, the Slack chat and things like that. If you're bored, I'm always bored, especially at work. I got to deal with Eric. But yeah, if you I try need... talking to him, and he just walks over. Yeah, I walk away. I'm like, listen, I want to talk, me out I talk to these like, important people. Of what? Listen. Yeah. I just talked to you for 20 minutes. Yeah, I'm like, ah, fuck that. I just said, you know, at that moment, Simon was just making a joke about the Simpsons. I got to pay attention to him. God I can't it. listen to your nonsense. Uh, but yeah, Luis, uh, I hope that, again, I hope that the doctor visits and the hospital visits are in your past. But yeah, if you need anything, let me know. When I'm having a crappy day, it's good to know I have you guys there to put a smile on my face. Uh, sure. Thank you guys for making the last two months a little better. FYI, I'm better now and I have to go back to work next week. See, that's the monkey paw. You sit there for that too much. You're like, you know like what? He gave us some I really just, bad news, but yeah. by the end, he gave us some really yeah, bad yeah, news. Yeah, some really bad news. There's the monkey <laughs> paw. Man, I hope I get better. Uh, you're better. Better. What? I got to go back to work. Oh, shit. Oh, Isn't there no. a between? <laughs> Isn't there a I'm better and don't have to go to work? Isn't that an option? That's an option I'd like. And thank you, Luis. And, and with called that, the lottery. Yeah, it is. No, that, that option is called unemployment, Eric. Uh, but yeah, w- when we hear about stuff like this, like even when people just say like, hey, you get me through my week, we really, it makes me happy. It, it really does. And to know that we're yeah, making well. you laugh at the hospital and things like that, uh, I'm just glad we could do something. Uh, to make you happy, because Eric just makes me miserable constantly. So, uh, that, I don't know why I try to who, dance around, make him laugh. Who, make who's him there to nothing. make me laugh, Eric? Who who makes the clown laugh? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm the clown with the tear going down my one uh, cheek. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm the mis- what is it? The sad. All I want to say is the sad clown. And I make up some fucking ridiculous explanation. Who's the cl- who's there for the clown that's pants are droopy and is a little upset about things going on in his life? Who's that, Eric? Is that the reverse clown? Is that what that is, Eric? Are you oh, there? no. <laughs> is that a reverse Benjamin Button? Is it? Yes. Ah, uh, yes. Thank you, Luis. I'm glad to Thank hear. You. I'm glad to hear that you feel better, but it sucks. You have to go back to work. But sometimes, though, maybe he uh, likes his job. This is what I'm talking about. Out there who actually I was likes just going to say that there are some people. I don't understand them, Eric. I call them crazy <laughs> weirdos that like to go to work. Uh, there is no worse time in my life. Uh, as there is on Monday morning when that alarm goes and I know I have to go back to work. And then then it's the waiting game, Eric. The waiting game of me getting up, I go to work and waiting to see if Eric Shea's going to play by the rules this week <laughs> and actually show up. I'm because, a rebel, Jim. Because I, yeah, I know. And, and the thing about it is I, I make jokes, but boy, when you're not there during the day, holy shit, that day. And, and also, if you're not there, I sit there with all these thoughts. I'm like, okay. Eric didn't come in. They didn't really say much. They came out and said, is Eric coming in? And I gave my usual, I don't know. What am I, his keeper, you fucking assholes? Actually, I don't say that. I say, what am I, his babysitter, you fucking assholes? Uh, But no, when they come out and they just like, oh, okay. And they walk away and I'm like, huh. Eric Shea gets away with this. I think I'm going to leave at noon. And then noon comes around, and I'm like, you know what? I I, I have a family. i got to <laughs> fucking work. I can't just leave. So I'm like, then I said, around noon, it's almost like the sta- there's the stages of grief. There, there's also the stages of Eric not going to work. It's at the beginning where I'm angry. I'm like, uh, then I'm sad. Then I'm like, later, I'm like, uh, 
man, I wish it. Then I get a little, not anxious, but I get kind of like, it's a different type of upset where I think, boy, you know, we would have talked, especially a Wednesday when we've right. just reviewed the books. That's a, and you, Typically, a Wednesday seems to be a, a, a hot one for you. So I'm like, Actually, man. I'm thinking lightly it's been Tuesday. Tuesday has been as well. And then t- I'll go with that. But Wednesday, though, I like we, we spend all day talking about our books. And it is yeah. kind of like you would say it's preparation for the podcast. It's just what we always do. We sit yeah. there and tell them, like, where do you get a load of this? And then we talk to each other. Tuesday. Now I'm furious because I'll sit there. I'm like, that motherfucker is right. He's at home. He's doing his goddamn reviews as we speak. It's one o'clock in the afternoon. The motherfucker has two reviews done. I'm going to be up until 1230 tonight because I got to work. And it gets me angry. And then I sit there and I think, maybe I'll go home at noon and get a little ahead of those reviews. And I'm like, I got a fucking family. I got to fucking work. I can't do that. Though usually when you're not there, I will cut out a half hour earlier than we usually do because I just can't. Which take we it. already cut out a half hour yeah. early. Oh yeah, me and Eric are getting to the point where it's like every day we cut a little bit out of the workday. Soon we will uh, actually th- they'll owe us hours or something crazy. I I don't know how it'll implode. Uh, I can't do it. We were talking about we used to work on the weekends. And we had that it's like an easy schedule. Actually, sometimes yeah. on the weekends I'd work 4 a.m. to 12 and you would come in at 8, 7, whatever. And when you would come in, but we're supposed to work till 12, never could do it. I, I told you because I was working on the weekend, I had to stick it to them some way. Like somehow this is sticking it to them, <laughs> leaving at 11. And then when I'd leave, I'd walk out and like, huh, at least I didn't work all weekend. And somehow uh, it would keep me from being as depressed, but. I'd still be depressed. I was yelling. I got the, an argument with Tanya tonight about stuff, and I was yelling at her because she was, you know, throwing shade at me about our work and stuff like that. And yeah. I said, I used to fucking have to work like 14 hours a day. It sucked. Hey, you know, now you're, you're getting mad because I'm relaxing. But the next mail is Hussein, and Hussein says, hey, Jim, how you doing, Eric? And a big sloppy one. Do they get fresh coop? Beep, boop. Boop, boop. I enjoyed most of my books this week. The big issue of the week was definitely Doomsday Clock number three. So let's talk about it. This And and if you are, uh, we've already said it recently uh, right before this, but yeah, that was a Patreon-only spotlight. So if you want to listen to us talk about it, you'd have to go over there. But this sure is a weird book, huh? Some things I found curious. Number one, Batman's new suit. I'm glad that Jeff Johns has essentially forced the current Batman writers to implement Batman's new suit in their story since this takes place a year down the line in the continuity. I thought it looked fine. For a second, I thought I was looking at the Batman Earth 1 outfit designed by Gary Frank. Now, you say all this. I don't know if I expect everybody to follow suit that long from and it now. And actually might be – I didn't think about – you know, like, uh, did he say that Gary Frank designed Earth 1 yeah, Batman Yeah, suit? that's what he said, yes. That's what he okay, said. Okay, because I don't, I didn't know if Gary Frank worked on that. I, I actually have no idea because I don't read the Earth One books. But yeah, you maybe think they're it is bullshit. just a take since we have Gary Frank on this book. Like, this yeah, is maybe how it's I draw just Batman, his deal. We're gonna get. Not on my watch. That's what he said. Number two, this Nathaniel Dust stuff we're getting is clearly a mirror of the Black Freighter stuff from Watchmen. Mm-hmm. I think so as well. And a few issues, we'll be able to look back and see what Johns was doing with these scenes. I, I, I really don't care. Yeah. If you did listen to me already on the Patreon, I, I am not into this yet. I need something to grab me, and believe me, Nathaniel Dusk is not doing it. But uh, number three, I take issue with a lot of the Batman Rorschach scenes. Do you expect me to believe that Batman would simply let this deranged guy stay at his house? 
feed him, give him a room, and trick him into going to Arkham Asylum. I think that's what I said, Eric. I was very upset about that. Why isn't he concerned with how he got into the house? Batman should have made a big deal about this, especially since people are calling for him to reveal his secret identity. Uh, with that as well, I even took it to a more extreme when he's walking in Arkham and lets him go behind him. Yeah, that is not somebody that you, you know, you have no idea who this is and you're just prancing around with Rorschach following him from behind. I would have thought Batman would have put him ahead, but then that's it. And the, the rest of the Batcave, though, this is a year ahead in time and how many people have fucking broken into Everybody. the Batcave? He just expects it now and happens yeah. like, again. Yeah, and he says, number four, I don't think the mime and Marionetta powers. I just think they found these weapons somewhere. I think that they brought them with them. Uh, those, yeah, uh, you know, the invisible gun and uh, knives, I think that he brought them with him when he did get them. We thought that they, he was nuts, but I do think that they are legitimate uh, things. And the, the string, if you think with uh, Marionette, she had that already. Yeah. So that was something she had. But if they had powers, then they'd be able to produce these invisible weapons from thin air. So how does that explain why the mime had to get his weapons from the locker in the first issue? Yeah, I do think that that is explained, kind of, that it was there. Something I just realized, wasn't Osmond Day's initial plan to find Dr. Manhattan in order to save their world? Their world died in number two, so why exactly is he still trying to find Dr. Manhattan? Again, you can go with the whole idea that if they find him, he could just fucking save their world still. I mean, yeah. Dr. Manhattan could just snap his finger and they'll go back to where they were at that point who knows i mean as far as we know Even right now we saw that he went retroactively pulled freaking that's Eddie what Blake i'm saying out, yeah. out of, you know, dying. as we see now he can he's, pretty much do anything yeah, at this he point. can do the anything whole idea he that wants. he's manipulated 10 years out of time in the dc yeah. universe yeah this is a god he can do anything he now wants again at this point. with that said i don't know if adrian really wants to save that world he may have an ulterior motive of going to get dr manhattan who knows but i really like this issue johnson franker clearly aping Watchmen in terms of style and structure. This is evident in the Nathaniel Dusk panels. With that in mind, I'm sure they will pay everything off just like Watchmen did. Everything will so. make sense and hopefully will be satisfied. That being said, the series is apparently going to be coming out bi-monthly every yep. other month, uh, which is I, I get all because the bi-monthly you, you can use that for both and we've used it so many times to, to call out the twice a month shipping and stuff like that too. So it always throws me off. Shipping here. twice a month. Yes, yes. And this will be shipping no, every no. two shipping months. Once every two months. <laughs> Once every two months, which I think is a very bad move on DC's part. They announced the well. series sometime last summer. Could they honestly not get a few issues in the can before releasing number one? I'll tell you, I can get a few issues in the can. Someone did the math and said this series would end in July. Yep, the end of July, 2019 at this rate. That's fucking nonsense, and I direct a big fat fuck you to Johnson Frank for this, despite the reasons they gave. Uh, and remember, this is the end of July if everything goes right. Exactly. There's a possibility that shit even goes wrong. And the and... thing is, but there also is a possibility, like Jeff Johns hopes to get caught up earlier where we can stop all this yeah. nonsense and maybe get a little bit more on track, but we'll never agree yep, to that's what I said put on, out there. That's what I said uh, on the Patreon uh, news show, that it's almost like a thing where, okay, it's going to be every two months. And then when it does go back to regular, then they look like kings. And it actually is a setup to be a hero. I also picked up Action Comics and Flash. Right now, I don't see the fucking point of this Action Comics arc. This stuff being about Jarell a long time ago, now that Lorzad is supposedly in charge of New Krypton, is this story just an attempt to revisiting some legacy Superman stories? This is also in the future. There was yeah. this pre-Flashpoint Jeff Johns Richard Donner story called, I think, The Last Son of Krypton, which featured yep. Lorzad. I don't know anymore. Uh, I just think that maybe... 
This is to try. I know that it's not Superman 1000. It's Action Comics. Maybe we're going to get a status quo change a bit with Superman and everything has to kind of wait for that as well. Uh, I don't know. I think it's just going to be a celebration. So I would doubt that would happen, but we'll see. Flash was fun. I like that Grodd is back as Joshua Williamson saying that Grodd was responsible for everything so far in the series. Well, he seems so. to be a little bit involved, but we're going to have to see what Grodd says about being involved. And, and oh, wait, you know what? I, I didn't even take what he was saying, but yeah, because yeah. the whole black hole thing, it actually does yeah, seem like, you know, like Grodd has been behind black yeah. hole this entire so, yeah. time. So, yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, sorry for, and I'll have to see if possibly, like, the only other thing that could have been that he's not responsible for everything is that Speed Force Storm triggered something, maybe when Mina, like, and then he came out and then, you know, took over. We'll have to see. Sorry for, because, like, Ray Jin, he wasn't involved right away either. I so, don't even know what's up know, with Ray Jin. I don't so, know so either. I, they do have, they have some I don't even know if I'm gym. saying it right. I have no idea. Uh, sorry for the long email. Had a lot to say. Poor Rorschach. Uh, see you in the sevens, greens light, and he wants a sound, Eric, and isn't it the one that everybody loves to hear? I like the killing. I, like I don't kill. like hearing I get scared Pistol shrimp? Time. Pistol shrimp, Eric? Hey, uh, wrong turn. Is Eric a good guy deep in his heart? I don't know. I don't know. I like how he says that. I don't know. Uh, yes, but we're going to go off now. He doesn't even know about his not knowing. <laughs> he doesn't even know about knowing. He he knows, as you like to say, shit about shit. Uh, but yes, that's the end of the first email. Thank you, guys, for emailing in, and we're going to go off to the books. Now we have waited for far long enough for the part of the podcast we love, the meat and the cheese that we crave. It's time for the meat and cheese of the podcast. That is the books. Delicious. Oh, delicious indeed. Gravy all over that. Some cheddar cheese sauce. All the good stuff. Heart attack waiting to happen. Sautéed onions and all of that. And then it's revealed that the meat was liverwurst, Eric. God damn it. Yummy, (laughs) yummy. And I already said I guess the cheese would have to be the cheddar cheese sauce, right? Cheddar cheese and gravy might actually make that uh, – Yeah, you would be able to eat eat it. I I almost went liver and that might do it as well. Sautéed yeah. onions, cheddar cheese. It'd be like poutine, is what it sounds like, but with Delicious. liverwurst. Liverwurst there, and 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 uh, you gotta shoe ruin leather. everything, don't you? How about that? Shoe leather is the meat. But we are here at the first book section, and if you want to read all of the reviews for every one of these books that we're going to review tonight, and some others, Eric, 
Not just these, but others as well. Go over to the wow. award-winning WeirdScienceDCComics.com website, and you will be able to do that because on the weekend – All this and more. All this and more. On the weekend, we have Andrew in Belfast. He does a lot of other companies' books, a lot of image stuff sure this week. Uh, we have some Vertigo stuff. We have Imaginary Fiends by Josh. Uh, he did that as well. So there's always some books that we don't talk about on the podcast. Some are not DC, so why would we? Yeah. Why would we go down why that path? Why extend this even further? Oh, my goodness gracious. As you heard earlier, later on we'll get to our second segment of Rant and Raves, Eric. Two it. segments this week. Holy moly. What is this world coming to? But this is the book section, so obviously we're going to have some books. Here. We're going to have some reviews. Uh, this is what we're going to start up. We always start out with usually a Batman book, and we do as well this week. And it's Detective Comics number 973, written by James Tynan, the fourth, Eric. Not the fifth, mm. not the second, not the ninth, the fourth. Uh, why would you go? I I'm a third, and uh -huh. I don't know that I would use the third in anything like in that capacity you don't hear me like you're like i'm america's sweetheart eric shape maybe earlier i may go back and do that this week and i'm james alvin werner the third wait look at me with my crown on my scepter <laughs> you are knighted that's what i'll say that's my new one werner's knighted you is that, is I, that a i'm a junior one? so there's nothing cool about being a junior oh, there's go hey what's up junior what's up jr hey oh, jr no, no. how you doing like, even, man? even people who, who say they're you? the second i'm like you're a junior shut your mouth yeah second no don't say that uh, somebody in a verizon hole will school you on what that means harry <laughs> i can't yell at that on the patreon by by somebody's mama we, who who is not going to be mentioned? But she, I think it was the explanation is, and it is true. I believe that what she told me is true. A junior is named after your father. A second is someone who's named after somebody else in the family. Really, I had yes. no idea yeah, about yeah. that. I think that I think that's, that's what bullshit. She told me. Uh, as she told me that, I I have to admit that anytime she comments on anything, I, I'm expecting somehow a fist to come out of the computer screen Makes and sense. punch me. So I'm I'm very wary in a karate stance while I'm reading it. <laughs> so I may miss a, a little bit, but I do think that she did tell me that. So uh, thank you, uh, Verizon that's Hold fact Dweller. That's for you, <laughs> Verizon Hold Dweller. Uh, this is going to be the first book, Detective Comics number nine seventy three, written by James Tynan the Fourth, art by Jesus Marino, Jason Wright, and. Sal Cipriano, Eric, the sexy brother. Hey! He's an award-winning sexy brother. So That's he's right. the sexy brother now. I think that with that award, That's you, you know, they do get medals when you win a weird, a weirdy. Isn't that what we were going to call him at one we point? Were. The Weird <laughs> Science Award. The weirdy. I could barely even say that. It's the fall of the Batman finale. And if you were expecting answers, you may be a little upset. Oh. Clayface might be dead. We oh. may find out who the first victim is eventually. Oh. And Batwoman may have done what future Tim warned us about. It's not a total loss, though. What did he? Get... What did he actually warn us about? Nothing. Actually, She's going to do something. He. Well, this is the problem. Is let's go back to that before I. <laughs> I, I I'll finish my last sentence here, and we'll go back. It's not a total loss, though, as we get some pretty cool action and good art. Uh, the problem with that whole thing with uh, future Tim is what I get mad at. And at Manship, this is a shout out to you. It was uh, what I got mad at in Convergence when Telos kept saying, huh, wait till you hear my name. It's, oh, no, what's that? And you never get it. Or it's yeah. one of those, like a typical deal. Yeah, I found out who the murderer, who's going to murder you. It's, oh, no. 
a knife in the back, whatever. But future Tim did come, you know, all the way. He fought hypertime, I guess, Eric. You know, he did all that to come back. And when he got here, the one thing that he had to warn Tim about, or he never told him. He no. just said, she's going to do something. I could just you'll imagine. See. Oh, I'm telling you. Yeah, you'll see. I, I could just imagine. It's like he's there and they're they're eating breakfast at, at the table uh, uh-huh. in, the, in the belfry. And he's like, hey, uh, hey, Kate, uh, can you pass the salt? I need salt for my eggs. Oh, didn't you hear? I stopped uh, buying a salt. I think that we all should watch our sodium level. Dun, dun, dun. You bitch. I knew that he was right. And then, and then he's there like, no, no, Tim. She's just concerned about, you know, what's going on. Okay, well, we'll go on. And then later he's like, he's in the shower. And he's like, oh, he's, he's you know, showering up. He's got the shampoo. Wait a minute. This is no more tears. My eyes. Dun, dun, dun. I See, now, hold on, let's, let's rewind. I just want to do it. Okay, now we're back at, we're at back at the breakfast table. Okay. Uh, Kate. Can you pass the salt? She goes to grab it, pushes it over by mistake, <laughs> spills salt. Oh no! This is it. You know what it is? It's all the uh, the the salt me do, the sugar me do. She passes the salt, but they had they had taken the cap off. Oh no! You ruined my eggs. Oh jeez! Da da da! You made me look like a fool. This is all. You. He he's running scared. Wait till I come back in time. Oh my in god! The he is running scared this. for everything that she does. I'm telling I you. Would. She, yeah, she's like, hey, oh, by the way, uh, Tim, you want to go for a ride out into the woods? Dead, dead. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> she's going to shoot me. Yeah, and really, what happens is, well, we'll just, I'll spoil Tim, the whole um, deal. I'm, I'm moving. Can you help me? Dun, 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 dun. And by the way, you're you're going to help move, and you have to buy the pizza. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> he was right. He just he's right about everything. But in the meantime, what ends up and, and the whole deal will spoil it that Clayface gets shot by Kate as the cliffhanger at the end. Uh, why would that be anything that would set the future Bat family awry? I know that it would get Batman mad. Well, yeah, but she's broken the code before. We know so this. Yeah. So what is the problem? I mean, really. If, in fact, which I don't believe that Clayface is dead, I, I would gather that earlier when you had that big moment where Batman said, oh, look, Basil used the, the husk thing yeah, yeah. to get away from me. That really was to make sure everybody knew of these abilities that he learned. So I do think that this would get out. But even if it didn't, even if Basil Carlo, he's dead. Clayface I want to think dead. that Clayface is dead. I might be naive, but I yeah. want to think that if you wanna, there okay, are we'll go to fully with I'm going to go that Clayface is dead. Uh, I'm, I'll probably get my burrito, Eric, like a, a supreme for that. I'm oh, God damn it. Uh, but when – if if he is, say we'll go fully. If he is dead, well, why why would that really affect the future of the Bat family to the I point where it seems as if members of the Bat family just completely die and all everything's awry in the future because that's Maybe how – Maybe this sets Cass off and then that does some other shit. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's then, a domino effect. Yeah, but that's more of a Cass thing, Eric. <laughs> I just want Tim to be like uh, – Kate just says straight out, you know what, Tim? Uh, I am going to kill all of you. I'm going to slice your throat while you sleep. And that's what he was warning you. He said, eh, it sounds like future Tim Probst. Yeah, right. He's like, I'm pretty hungry right now. I'm going to go and watch some Netflix. And he goes off and eats popcorn and watches Netflix. But with it's this, though, uh, I don't mind this issue uh, except that I do think it's weird as a finale. When you, when you have a finale, I expect – 
a little Resolution? more of a finale. Yes. And so yeah. as I was reading them, reviewing this, I'm going through and I'm like, okay, you know, all right. Next issue is going to be kick ass. I can't wait. Is next issue the finale? Oh, wait a minute. This is the finale. I'm like, here we go. And what it is, I can't give any marks. I, I didn't give much of a score difference anyway. I'd already decided my score. But what yeah. this does is remind me of what most of the people that we talk about are getting annoyed with in Rebirth is that you just keep things hanging on. We still don't know who the first victim is. And it's, the first victim's still out and about. So I'm still sure out and he about. or she will come back to raise some more havoc yeah, later and, on. So and, it's one yeah. of those things that we have with Black Hole and Flash right now yep. and the Burned or Ninth Circle in Green Arrow. Yeah, nobody wants to get rid of things. It, it really is. And even Anarchy. Lonnie does have a redemption that I knew was coming. I think most people saw it coming. But yeah. even then, he's like, I got to go away for a little so yeah, he'll, he'll be back, and that's okay. I don't care either way about anarchy, but this first victim nonsense, it, it please, it just has to end, and it's not going to because you have Kaiju Clayface going around, so there is this repercussions of what's going on. These people who are having the victim day or whatever the hell they're calling it now, they're going to wonder what's going on, and I think they're going to be still pissed, so it's not really a finale. It's just... And the thing is, I don't think they were pissed to begin with. I just think they were following a trend. Now they have something to be pissed about. They were attacked by a giant kaiju clayface monster. Yeah, yeah. And and did you see uh, when he was going past the movie theater, it had Atlantic Rim on there as he was the kaiju? It made me laugh because that definitely sounds like one of those knockoff movies, like Transmorphers, that we like. And I can only think that uh, Atlantic Rim is playing in that theater and everybody in Gotham are morons if they go to see them. I just wanted to point that out here. But uh, it starts off, and there is a little bit of a retroactive, you know, revisionist history here that kind of got on my nerves a little, though it goes away from it. But you go back months ago, and again, Tynan knows the game. He knows yeah. how to play it, Eric. He doesn't say six years ago. He doesn't say last July. He, he says doesn't months say 2016. ago. No, he says months ago. And to him, it'd be funny. We're like, boy, this seems like it would be three years ago. Yeah, yeah, 36 months. That's all he has to say. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we have that. And there's Timmy's working on the Belfry. And you see, you know, they're they're unpacking. This is moving day, it seems. All this equipment. And in this, you have Batman like, hey, you know, this looks pretty good. You're doing a lot of stuff. How much is it costing? I, you know, I'm not I'm, – I'm a billionaire, not a trillionaire. That whole line should have <laughs> been in there. And he's like, no, no, it's okay. And he's like, okay, I'm going to go get Batwoman. We're going to recruit her together and all the rest. So you really get a time frame here that I like. Then Tim's like, yeah, you know what? Uh, I, I made this stuff. You have all that clay to try to explain why this clay might be quote-unquote bad or psychotic uh, the way they were saying I, I, it. I still didn't even get that a whole It idea. doesn't make sense to me. I like the explanation of the more clay he has, maybe it does make him lose himself a little more. But this is making it a little too yeah. over the top to explain. It's like explaining a joke. But he's like, listen, I gathered up all of that excess psychoactive clay that was at crime scenes that you gathered, you kept, and I put it through the back computer. It's very cartoony, you know, explanation. I got the clay, ran it through the computer. How do you do that? I don't know. I mean, I look at a lot of shit, Eric, on the computer, but not mud, and this makes it into the mud room. You never looked up mud on the computer board? Yeah, no, I didn't. But in this, and he's like, hey, I'm going to call it the mud room. And you have Batman, who's like, he seems kind of happy for Tim. He's like, you know what? 
You're real excited about this, aren't you? And then he says, and this is where it gets me a little, that I didn't like this line. He's like, you know what? Recently, I've kind of been feeling like I just want to get away from this and not do this. And, you know, I I don't know. I want to find a new way and find my own way in the world. Maybe, you know, even goes as far as almost saying, like, he says, hang it up. So basically, I want to stop being Robin. But you know what? This kind of has me excited to be Robin again. I'm going to do it. But what we had earlier in the series was Tim basically saying, I can't talk to Batman about stuff like this. You can't tell Batman you're hanging it up. I'm so scared to tell it. Well, here was the first step. Like, yep. And Batman does not react. If you're going to do this, have Batman go, you know, Tim, we have we have a mission. You can't just stop midway or something like that. But instead, he's just like, okay. He's fine. He's actually smiling in in this deal. So you got that. It just seemed weird to throw that out there when that was really a parameter of everything. I'm telling you, everybody who's read this issue and like has a clear memory of everything, not just that the series, I mean, but um, I think this is more of just like, you know, hey, remember this whole thing with Tim and back in the day? Like it's more of a like, you know. Oh yeah, we did have that going on. Okay, I'm I'm caught back yeah, up. Yeah, but uh, it, uh, it to me it's just to show how much t- they they destroyed the Belfry. We we yeah. see it ne- next page. Uh, you know he had, and this is you you really have to stress how much this meant to Tim before you then show it's destroyed again. And then he's just you know he he has a concussion. He's just yelling. Oh my God, it's done. It's done. I think that again with what he said here, I do think that maybe this. This is the start of Tim leaving this book and maybe going so to the I. Teen Titans. So we'll see how that goes because with this, it, it, it just seemed like retro, you know, a, a revisionist history of the thing of him explaining to Batman, oh, you know what? I was going to give it up. And then later before he would say to Steph, I can't tell Batman. I never would tell him. I don't even want to tell him that I'm going to college and all that. But it's just to show how much the Belfry meant. Uh, there's one other thing that gets on my nerves about the uh, the Gotham Knights in a little bit. But you do see Clayface just going through town. And, and this is a very quick moving issue. Uh, Clayface is just wrecking how they have to divert him to monster town so he doesn't hurt people but also in the meantime batman sends you know uh, half the oh, team and to that, go that, to that, dr that's october a bitch of it too, because even the whole idea of monster i'm like oh god it's monster men part two yeah yeah because it is kind of monster men deal but he wants to get him somewhere that he can kind of wreck house and not hurt anybody it makes right. sense in the meantime you get the final version or final vision of of the first victim of if if anybody had blinders on and thought that this guy was there for the idealism and there to help people, you, you finally get the idea. You know, no, he he just no, wants no. Batman to die. He wants Batman to die, and he, it's all revenge. Yeah, it's all revenge, which Lonnie realizes then and pretty much takes him down, but doesn't bring him in. Uh, then you get Luke and uh, Ezreal in their guest spot again. They they don't do anything in this book anymore. Uh, this and this bit, they are going to have Asriel hooked up to the, uh, the all the uh, Batwing bat suits that Luke yeah, has the bat wing army, storage. and they're going to go out. Now it's so funny because anytime these two get involved, I love it. Uh, I thought, oh, this is neat, and it's just over in two and seconds. And we do nothing, nothing. with them. Even nothing. when the Batwing armor suits go out, and the whole idea is cool in my mind. Yeah, where we do have the rookie AI from the old, you know, yep. the Jim Gordon bat suit. AI in Azrael's suit and in his head. Yep, so he head. is able to take control of all these robots simultaneously, which I'm like, oh, man, that put, might put a lot of stress on him. I want to yeah. see what he can do with this. No. As soon as you get to see it, 
All the suits are down, Batman. Yeah, they're, they're down. Motherfucker. And, and it's even like, it's like almost like an Ender's game thing. You could have a yeah. lot of cool things. Like you said, at this point, because of the rookie AI and the stuff in Azrael, we've never really we'll get seen payoffs, him get, yeah. To, yeah, get to use it. So maybe we can even get a little bit of a, a parameter of, of how it's going to be used and what he could do. Like you said, he could be like, oh my God, I, I, I'm getting stressed out. I can't do this. You could have a lot of things. Nothing. They nope. just get taken out. They get taken out. So it out seems like Azrael is able to do it. Just the yeah. Batwing suits aren't. You know, yeah, and Clayface like is just giant clay too big. Monster. Yeah, yeah. So they go to Doctor October. Doctor October. Lot, yeah, really. They do nothing. The last issue, they just got <laughs> you know consumed by Clayface and I, I thrown love in the it sewer. Too. It's like when Batman's trying to get a hold of him, tell him the game plan. Yeah. yeah. He whooped our ass real hard, Batman. <laughs> all right, we'll get back you, up That's here. all it is. He's like, all right, you're useless. And uh, you see Dr. October give Cassandra the cure. The cure. So that they're going to hope that – and she says basically what this is going to do. This is not going to cure him from being Clayface, the big Clayface even. There's too much going on. There's, There's too, too much, much clay. clay. I, like this so, might have worked at one point, but with the amount of clay that we're dealing yes. with now, it is only a temporary solution for like yep. a minute. And what they hope, though, is when he shrinks down for a minute, he gets his mind back, and then when he grows again, he can maintain control. His mind, he can be Basil, maintain control over being – And clay. that's you know, a big if. It is a big if, but they're desperate. Desperate times, Eric. Uh, but yeah, Clayface is going, and he does follow – you know, Batman to Monster City, Monster kind of, <laughs> because at one point it looks like Batman thinks he's going through a tunnel and it's actually Clayface Mount. I I'm was like, so you, confused like, by you this. You are so ridiculous. Clear the line. Stupid. I just led Clayface into Monster. Wait. This isn't, and he's just yeah. driving on a clay face tendril yeah. leading into the mountain. Oh, no. Like, he's like, and this on, is Batman. the thing. I will World's tell you. detective, huh? <laughs> I know. It's so stupid. And I will tell you fully that when I read it first, the review copy, with all of the watermarks and oh, how God. I can't even go – I th I'm telling you, I thought that Batman drove in to Clayface's mouth, and then when they gave him the thing, he shrunk, and I'm like, what the fuck happened to Batman? What is there, a little teeny Batmobile? Because it shouldn't affect that. No. So I'm expecting all of a sudden the Batmobile just fucking crushes Ripped out, out of, him. of him. Oh, yeah. I didn't know what was going on. In the meantime, you have Tim and Stephanie. Like, Tim yeah, has even a if this is Monster Man Part 2, at least it's yeah. got flying motorcycles doing no, nonsense. No, it's okay. Uh, you have Timmy has a concussion. Uh, Stephanie's there. And earlier, Stephanie annoyed me for hopefully, I'm telling you, hopefully the last time. Because okay. they're, Cassandra's like, oh, no, Clayface, him, hurt. And then there's Stephanie to be there, to be everybody's fucking, you know, the, the devil, not even the devil on the shoulder, the pain in the ass on the shoulder. Yeah, well, that's not all. There's some people that, yes, we know. God you damn it, Stephanie. To, you know, you be, shut up already. She, Go away. She, oh, my God. She's, she's so annoying. But as this goes on, Batman does get flipped out of the way. Who? What happens to the Batmobile? I don't know. Uh, he may be dead, Eric. But yeah, he almost got – what does he think that is? I don't He's know. going, uh, hey, by the way, I'm heading into Monster Town. Yeah, uh, that big clay cave with teeth. Uh, oh, no, you know Clayface. You know that big monster tunnel that leads to Monster yeah, Town? Yeah, that monster Wait, tunnel. that's not right. <laughs> hey, by the way, where's Clay? Oh, no. Oh, Clayface, God. He, Clayface was chasing him. And he doesn't know. The other thing that I thought was funny that I didn't like that is to me thrown in here uh, just to get it thrown in so that we know that it, it's not an option was that the one point Batman says to, to Kate, 
what about the the towers? And she's like, nope, they haven't been reconfigured since the night of the monster men. I'm like, I'm like what, really? What, yeah. What what you, what were you doing then? Like you were just hanging out. Like this is something that Batman now and somebody fucked up in my mind. Somebody is in big trouble after this because Batman thinks that they are operational. He puts, he spells it out. Luke Asriel. I'm telling you, Luke. He, he, somebody, <laughs> and you would guess it would be Luke and Asriel. They they done fucked up, Eric, I'm because he thinks that I they're can, functioning. I'm I know the only thing I can really put like make this work in my head. That's not even making it work. It's me trying to just like do something, but. Tim died. Everybody yeah. was bereft, and they never got they back never to it. They never got and, around and, it. And maybe, maybe Tim was the only one who could do it. And when but, he came back, he was too busy. Yeah, the thing to me, though, is now Batman in one issue has almost driven into Clayface's mouth, thinking <laughs> it's a cave, dummy. and then somehow thinks that a major, major weapon of the defense of Gotham was online and ready to use. No, it was not reconfigured. Not. It was not. Now, the other thing with... Uh, Batman and Kate, as Kate did tell him, uh, Batman that I'm trying to she remember, has this I'm, gun. I'm, I'm trying to remember, too. When we had the towers, did they light up to be I the individual the, yeah. like bat symbols yeah, for the people yeah, who they were the individual symbols. So now yes. we have new members, though, because that's how they're not reconfigured. They don't have the new seats with the freaking, that's you know, the symbol true. of their person. So, yeah, if somebody, if somebody else gets in, you can't have it light no, no. up to be something else. Thing and, is, it's just not uh, aesthetically pleasing. That's not well, right. Well, that's what I'm saying. You can't have that. It, it yeah. wouldn't look right. You can't have... Say a Stephanie Brown getting one that isn't purple, you know, no. that, that's just that's trouble, Eric. You can't have that. Uh, yeah, it, it's nonsense. The other thing is, you you do have Kate mentioning, "Hey, I have this gun. If it all doesn't work out, my dad gave me this gun that can take care of Clayface." And Batman's like, "No, no, no colony weapons get shot in this town. Uh, I will not ever allow again. that ever again. I will not allow that." So you have that. So there is. When this ends up in this cliffhanger, there is what's going to go, you know, shit's going to go down. Again, I also think that maybe this is Kate leaving, too. Maybe we're going to get a whole new team here, which I would like. You know what? I don't care as long as Luke and Azrael get to do something. Yeah. 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 Let them go because as as long as Tim leaves, I I don't want Tim to leave. But if he does, I really think he'll take spoiler with him. Even that's a bonus in my mind. Okay. Spoilers out of the book. No more more of that nonsense. Kate's gone. We can focus on some fun characters. Yeah, and I just want to – one last thing that I have before we do say the ending is when you have the bat, the, the Batwing suits, they're, they're all taking off and going. You have Batman saying like to everyone, hey, uh, Luke says reinforcements are on the way. Clayface is ripping through buildings, and then Batman's like, hurry. And then that's where they say – you have Batwoman, eyes on me, and there's Batwoman. Is that – that is Batman saying it, right? Batman yeah. saying Batwoman, eyes on me. She goes, it's a straight shot from here to Monster Town. Pardon the figure of speech. Yeah, and I don't know what the straight she, shot is. That's the problem is she has the gun. She has not told Batman about it yet. That's later. I'm telling you, this is messed up. This was supposed to be later. This should have been after she says, by the way, I have this gun that I can shoot Clayface. No, no. No colony guns get shot in this town ever again. I like to imagine for whatever reason that you're thinking that she should take the shot, kill Clayface, and then she's making fucking puns. She's making puns. It's it's not a time for jokes, Kate. She's saying the pun. Is she saying this like you would would think that she must be talking to herself? It's just she's she's making puns for herself. That that's my whole point. It's like she can't be talking to Batman. I don't get it. Yeah, yeah, straight up. But uh, what happens then is Cassandra does run up, uh, inserts the injects the uh, the cure into Basil's head, uh, brain, 
And then he does go down to his normal size. He's basal, and he's like, and this is the best part of the issue to me because it's it's good. Tynan is thinking things through. He's actually making it because it's not just like, oh, Cassandra, thank you. No, it's what the fuck have I done? Like th- this destruction that he is in, and he's like. A lot of people died, didn't they? You know, oh, what God, have I, I did done? This. And then she's there to be like, no, 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 don't, don't turn back to Clayface. You're fine. You know, you're a hero. We'll figure it out. And he's like, no, no, bad guys don't get happy endings. And then she starts quoting, you know, Shakespeare and things like that. And it comes off a little weird if you <laughs> yeah, haven't she been starts, reading. I was quoting Shakespeare. I realized immediately what it is. And I'm skipping this. Not important. Yeah, yeah, All I'm right, moving you, on. If, if you haven't been reading and you're like, she says, like, you are good. I know you. I see you. I'm like you. No, I, I can speak then, a proper and, sentence. No, then it's girl. like then no bad guys don't get happy. Endings, but release me from the bands with the help of your good hands, gentle <laughs> breath of yours. My sail must fill, or else my project fails. And you must be like, what the hell is she getting on about? I, I like but, to yeah. imagine that he wouldn't. He wasn't going to turn back into Clayface, but she starts spouting the, the shaker. She, oh, oh no, it's happening! Just yeah, trying to he, shut her up. Oh, it's so funny. She says that and he's like, oh, you fucked that one up. <laughs> and scene. Uh, I like, excuse me, she can say, Eric, as, as he dies, but he starts turning back in the clay face. Uh, Kate gets on the comm and says to Cassandra, close your eyes, close them now, and then shoots right through his head. And I like that, you know, you do see a little blood, you see a lot of clay and, and whatnot as Cassandra's watching it, and that's it. You know, you see that, and then at the end, you do have, like, the end deal is the bat symbol shattered. So I'm guessing that this will be Batman pissed off. He's told her not oh, to yeah. fire that. That is a protocol issue. I just don't know if the fact of the matter. Now, also, she did not allow him to get bigger to see if he maintained his, no, you not know, at all. his whole deal. I'm telling you, that was, this is a plan A if this happens. But if he becomes yeah. Clayface again, they really don't have a plan B. No, they don't. And to me – what Kate should say is, listen, you, you all saw his word bubbles, right? He went back to the Clayface word bubble. That was not a basal <laughs> word bubble. That was full out Clayface. I took the shot. And you know how it's going to be. She's just going to say, I needed to take the shot. I had to. And I do think that, if anything, Clayface will be in a coma. But he might be dead. This might be basal. I think he's dead. And I'm telling you, with that broken bat symbol, that's the ending kind of thing at the bottom. I think this is the end of the Gotham Knights action. We might go yeah. back to a more conventional Detective Comics deal. Yeah, we may. Where, you know. Batman's pissed at Kate to the point that she leaves. Cass yep. is pissed at all of them for allowing them to kill Clayface. Yeah, she goes she leaves. Tim has a goddamn concussion. He's done with all this. The Belfry's That's all it is. There's nothing a more concussion. he can do here. He, he has to retire. And then Luke and Azrael continue to do nothing. He's in the concussion protocol right now. He's in the tent. Yeah. They've decided he has a concussion. Now he's in the locker room. He ain't coming back to the game. But, yeah, I think he'll leave. And I think that Stephanie may go off to find Lonnie. And then you'll have Batman trying to figure out, I mean, from this, Batman kicking Kate out, Kate leaving and all this, I can see a pretty decent story developing about Batman using his detective skills for once and trying to find out who this first victim is. And maybe we'll get, uh, you know, an explanation of that. Now, with that, yeah, where is the rest of the the victim syndicate? They have completely disappeared. I was going to ask you, do you know what happened to them? No, they completely disappeared. Where's the rest? Yeah, and, and at one point, Lonnie brings back that he brings that little thumb drive that he gives to Stephanie and says Batman can use this to figure out and he says you can use this this might give him enough to start putting together who exactly the first victim is 
I want them to get better the help they deserve. So it's it's funny that he doesn't just say like this will tell you all the info. Get the victim syndicate help. I don't know that we're going to see much of them uh, at all from here on out. You know, what, what they just skedaddled into Mute? the night. Or what was what was the one with the uh, needles? Is that what toxin? he called? Didn't they call them needles, Eric? It was toxin. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, if we never see them again, they will be out of sight, out of mind so quick. There was uh, Lurch, Lurch, wasn't it Lurch? Lurch, yeah, Lurch needles. Uh, you had, uh, uh, you know, Mudface, which we know that at least. And then, you know, Frankie, Frankie boy. I just made that Frankie. up. I don't even know if there is any others. They, they're so lame. Uh, but I gave this a 7 out of 10. I really liked the art. I thought that there was a lot of good action in this. Uh, we laughed about it, but it was kind of neat to hear about those towers again. Even oh, no, though it's it, ridiculous. It was, cool it was a nice idea that there is this continuity within it. Yeah, it's fucked up. They weren't reconfigured. Yeah. But it is still nice to know that, yeah. hey, why don't we just use these towers? Oh, uh, yeah, okay. Because, yeah. you know. Uh. You, you have these weapons. Why not use them? Oh, yep. we can. Okay, and you that, at least explain like said, that away. I think it was Tyne and just saying like, oh, I better explain why we don't use those. Yeah. Which I and really, really, I would have rather have had like something explain that the last time they did it, they they were a little too much, and and that program has been canceled because anytime anything happens in Gotham now, I'm gonna want those goddamn guy, you know, the not, transformer powers. Jim. And then I just say I don't get it, Eric. It's a transformer that's a goddamn skyscraper. Uh, but yeah. And I like that scene with Basil when he realizes all the destruction he's caused. No, it's good. We, we, like I'm sorry, we like to like make fun and pick things apart. Yeah. But this was, you know, while you don't get the resolution, this was a solid yeah. finale in the yeah, action department and one hell of a cliffhanger to end it on. Oh, yeah. Great cliffhanger. I gave it a 7 out of 10. What would you give it? I'd give it a 7 out of 10 as well for the same reason that you yeah. said right there. It's not a yeah. perfect issue. It's kind of weird to have a finale to an arc without any answers to anything. Yeah. But it was a solid issue of action. Like I said, I really love that cliffhanger. Even yeah. the scenes oh, yeah. with Basil and uh, Cass leading up to that cliffhanger. It is funny because with that cliffhanger, it really feels like the fifth issue of, of a trade. Like you, you, yeah. the next issue will have like, oh, my God, is he dead, alive, whatever. Also, Batman will track down. He'll get that thumb drive. Oh, no. The first victim's Jason Todd. What dun, the dun, hell? Dun. I thought he looked like Red Hood. But yeah, we'll see how it goes. But I'm looking forward to it going forward. And it, it also points out that maybe we'll get a switch up of the team, which that always I hope excites so. me. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to move on to your book next. What is that, Eric? Action Comics number 996, written by Dan Jurgens, with art by Will Conrad, Ivan Nunes, and Rob Lee. The time-traveling tra trip of Booster Gold and Superman continues here, where we see our two heroes wind up decades in the future on the world of Zod. Where Lars Zod has grown up to become a badass, apparently. With that, we also have the continued adventures of Lois Lane as she enters Ogamba to save her father. Yeah, and we had talked about how the Lois Lane part of this Action Comics arc uh, was the thing that kept slamming on the brakes to things. Uh, this issue, it just, it's nonsense to me. It really is. It's basically Lois there, hey, uh, what are you going to do next uh, here? Oh, well, I know somebody else. Yeah. How, you know, that's all it is. It's just one step to the other. And I really do think that Lois, unless she makes things very right by the end of this, she she has set up a lot of people to die uh, because of that. Those those oh, guards. Uh, those guards that get knocked out who already know that this, you know, religious, the women were involved. If they aren't dead. They're waking up and going right to where they usually have oh, that yeah. church and things and killing everyone. They are all dead. There's no doubt in my mind. Uh, I do like the art in this issue. Uh, and the stuff. No, I love Booster, Will Conrad's art. I'm, just, stuff, I'm honestly just reading the Lois Lane stuff, just waiting to see 
What actually sets off Superboy to where he intervenes? Yeah, that's all you're waiting for. Yeah. You really are. Uh, with that, the Superman uh, Booster Gold bit is intriguing to me because now uh, later on we'll be talking about how Jordan and right. the Green Lantern Corps and they they end up going to a planet with so I'm I'm trying to get parallels and looking and I'm telling you the one structure kind of looks like it might have been the thing that they were building before and these slaves I, I don't know but it, well this it just, is like two, I think this is like two decades in yeah, the future yeah, from where we are in yeah. that how Jordan story and like I was telling Reggie. It's weird to me because I didn't. I knew that we were getting that story coming up. I hadn't read How Jordan yet when I had reviewed this or anything like this. Yeah. So when I read this, I'm thinking, all right, we're decades from now on the like the home like the new planet of Zod. Yeah. yeah. So I'm guessing that the Green Lantern Corps fails for this future to be here. Yes. Yeah. That's what it seems. At least in this here, it does. Uh, spoilers, seem that way. man. Damn. Yeah. And with this, you do have. Yeah. Really, you do have the whole thing with Superman and Booster. And the big, supposedly exciting thing, I guess, is that now Superman is under a yellow sun and he can attack. Two yellow suns. Yeah, two yellow suns. So he can do that. Uh, with that, you know, and again, two yellow suns, Eric. But, uh, with that, it's not that nothing really is going on here that that has anything that excites me really. I, I don't I'm, know I'm about you. you I don't whenever even know we how get to Zod's, like more Kryptonians and shit like that, for the most part, I really do get intrigued because all right, now yeah. we actually have a real threat that can go up against Superman because that's always a big problem writing yeah, Superman yeah. where he has his powers. Like what what can Superman take care of? Oh yeah, you're right. Four Kryptonians. That's yeah. something that Superman might have a problem with. And I get excited about that, especially if he has to take care of Booster Gold, who might get his ass handed yeah. to him left and right. But the idea of this going this decades to the future, and actually the biggest thing that got me intrigued was Skeets just offhandedly mentioning, oh, that's right, you haven't had the Kryptonian Earth War yet. Like, the, the, the what? Yeah, yeah, I just, I, that seems like in hitches with the lights out and, and the quarantine. Oh, the light quarantine. I don't think we're ever getting anything of it. Well, the problem I have we're with this. definitely going to get something of that. Come on. No, we're never going to get that. They're, they're not going to go because that would be in the future of our deal anyway. The, what, are they going to keep bouncing around in the future and stuff? There's How no do we way. know it's not a year ahead in the future? Uh, we're not getting that. I'm telling there's another burrito. They just threw that out there. There is no way. And even with that, the thing where you're saying seed, about baby. the thing that you're saying about this, yeah, all these seeds have all grown in the goddamn oaks by now. These seeds all die. But with this, you have it where Superman at the end, well, you know, a little deal. Larzad uh, comes and he's gonna get. All they're gonna do is Booster's gonna grab him. They're gonna go back in time. There's not gonna be anything from this. And we've seen it in each of these issues. Every the time, time something's broken again. Yeah. yeah no, they they have the stuff and they're going to fix it and get the fuck out of there. It, it happens in every one of these issues. Nothing I happens. I, I've had enough. And I but don't at least think we're any- spending more than one issue at one time. Yeah, I'll tell you. It'll be three pages in. They'll be gone. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then they're more concerned with, you know, Lois saving General Lane, which I could care less. Hey, he shouldn't have been there in the first place, Eric. The That's what is, I the, say. The weird part, while I don't care about the Lois Lane story at all, I think once we get, like, General Lane to safety, or maybe even when we first see him, or, like, you know, as they're on the run to get out of Wagamba, I think that will lead to some interesting stuff, especially when Superboy comes and there's almost like, oh, Lois, you have some splain in the deal. Like, yeah. I think there are some interesting things that can come from it. It's just getting there is a bit boring in my mind. Yeah, because you do see that they are going into Lagamba. Uh, they're on that transport deal. It looks like these guys who are these, you know, these, uh, 
uh, pilots. They're in on the deal. They know At Lois is there. They, uh, they, they know things are going down. They have, they, they really care about, uh, General Lane, though. They're letting a woman go in and not even helping her, really. They're just opening a door. I'm like, at least, you, can't you know, start do an international else. incident. Come on. Yeah. So they, they go in. Obviously, Superboy is, you know, following in the shadows there. Uh, she, Lois meets up with an old friend, uh, from years ago. And again, it's Hamby. Uh, I don't oh, know that this, I don't know that there's stories with this before. I don't there know. There might be. I don't and, know. I don't think it really matters. Yeah, but the, the problem is, is with me, it's, hey, there's Hamby. Oh, it's been years. And this happens twice. And it's just like, to me, this is just, okay, we just need to make it easier. So let's have her know these people or whatever. Oh, Borhana, it's been yeah. so long. You yeah. haven't aged a day. Yeah, there you have that. Well, in the meantime, you do have, Booster and Superman, you know, going uh, with that Neil Dezad bit where you have that, uh, you know, that what would you call it? A sentry robot yeah, that's droid. telling them to kneel to the, you know, travelers, Neil Dezad. You got to prove this the new Krypton, this and that. And they're not going to do it. And of Superman pretty much, you know, Booster shoots it. Uh, but then Superman at the basically at one point just says, you know what? The kid gloves are off. I'm just going to go to town now. Uh, when an eradicator shows up, they're fighting. And uh, to me, it, it really felt like all just filler. I, I don't, it, it, we've seen this except the last time Superman didn't have powers and he was using, you know, the cannon deal. Now it's, he's see, had it's, powers. It's more but the it's realization in my mind kind of thing, because at first when they see this eradicator robot, not the eradicator, just one of the robots that we saw in that alternate Kryptonian yeah. past, this is like, you know, Skeets realizes, no, this is not one of those. This is actually has new, yeah. like a new, like components and shit like that. And we're actually in the future of your time that I've pinpointed that. So, Superman realizes, oh my God, Zod and his family did get away and they've enslaved yeah. an entire planet. Holy shit, yeah. I gotta stop. And that's the worst part where, again, Superman comes off like an idiot because Booster says, look, we can just go back to your time. We can put a pin in this now. We don't yeah. have to save he everybody right it. here in this future. We could change the yeah. goddamn future. He says but it Superman over and over. is adamant he's But I think go. that that's just what's going to happen, and that's what I'm saying. This is just, to me, it's just filler because, yeah, they can go back and change shit. No, no. He, and that's gonna... the point. we got to go get the components to fix the yeah, time sphere. To but to do sphere. that, we have to go into the inner sanction of Zod yeah. and like the like inner workings of the city and whatnot. Yep. So they have to go in disguise and, like, yeah, you know, as do prisoners a, and shit like that. They pretty much do a Chewbacca and the exactly. Death Star. That's exactly what they do. In the meantime, you do go back to Lois, and that's when she meets her, her other friend who comes out, who uh, – Borhana – like you said, it's Burhana. You have an age today. And then she turns it around to tell Hamby, oh, you know, Lois, she wrote all about the orphanages. It got a lot of attention and funding from across the globe and all that. So this is where it starts, where I said she is a member of a religious sect, it seems. Yeah. Uh, you know, like priests or, or, you know, whatever, nuns, possibly whatever. But she's like, remember, if anyone asks, you're a junior member of the order. The king may not approve of our ways, but he does tolerate us. So they are well known. They have their robes there. And when these soldiers come like you there, you're in defiance of the Let curfew. me see your papers. Yeah, let me see your papers. Oh, I beg you of forgiveness, sir, but we left. There's a death. We're going to our other church. Uh, we have to go see this person, you know, give her last rites, whatever it would be. No excuses up against the wall. And Lois beats the shit out of them. They are knocked <laughs> out. The minute that they wake up, they're going All back right, to Burhana, that church. smell you later. Yep, Burhana and the rest of those nuns or priestesses or whatever, that they're dead. 
They are dead. There's no doubt in my mind. These guys are going to go for vengeance. And they it's already like, pointed oh, out. The best thing, this palace guard has an access key. I'll be fine with that, you, Borhana. But, but you'll be all alone. But, yeah. I'm good at this kind of thing, Borhana. I don't need backup. Yes, but now because of your actions, we yeah, might. But, yes, but now because of your actions, you have. Uh, we will all be dead. Be- because to me, they she's already even spelled out that the general – is not exactly hip no, on them. He, he allows them, he them and tolerates them. Uh, they have been told that obviously these guards are the you know soldiers. There's no exceptions with these. If it would have no. been like, okay, well, you know, you're lucky you're part of the order and walk away. No, no, no. Lois yeah. beats the shit out of them. They are they are all dead. I just, what are you doing, Lois? You're not thinking this through. Genocide and, in Lagamba is the next headline coming oh, yeah, to Daily yeah, Planet. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, that'll be her, and she'll break the story and win a Pulitzer. <laughs> and then she'll be, she'll be like, huh, I got to get a hold of that Bogama or whatever her name is. Hey, where is well, Yeah, where, where is she? I, I can't find her. Her head's That's on a weird. pike. Holy moly, but yeah. And then there's just John there. Careful, Mom. He's, and I like the idea, like, John, I guess they're not playing it enough to me that he doesn't want to get in trouble for being there. He's like, he's waiting too long to me. I'm telling you, you see your mom start fighting armed guards. And, and I, I thought that's I, where he's going to jump in. But I no, he think hung you back. should. He, and he's basically, now he's all proud of her. Because, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's have, right, Mom. You just killed a whole yep, set of yep. people. Deborah, way to go, Mom. They didn't need them anyway. Uh, but with that, the whole thing is like, huh. Being General Lane's daughter was a real pain in the ass. You know, we didn't see eye to eye when I uh, exposed all the military for all that nonsense. But you know what? My dad taught me to fight. So far, I just – my dad taught me to take a punch, you see, like a really bad flashback. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. But, yeah, she's going to end up going, and then those ladies are done. In the meantime, you do have Booster and Superman going into that inner sanctum there. It's not even that. The, the freaking guards go back and tell the general. They might not even do that because he might kill them yeah. for getting beat up by a woman. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> no, I'm saying – don't even go back. They have guns. Just go and shoot. They're going to shoot them all. I, but yeah, it's true. They go back. Yeah, uh, yeah, this lady, but you got beat up by a lady. They just laugh at them and then kick them out. But yeah, you go back and, and Superman and Booster are uh, in their ruse there. Uh, and like we said, Booster keeps telling them, like, listen, let's just go back. We, we God stop damn it, Sue. Yeah. And he's just like, no. These are slaves. I can't. But listen, Superman, just bear with me here. Just sit down. They won't be slaves if we stop this before. Yeah, but they're slaves. Okay, Superman, wrong we're turn. not here to throw down. We're here to get it's this gear. Turn. We need to go home. Come on. And we can wrong. deal with and, new Krypton you. in your present yeah. before this the, ever goes down. And he's like, repeat after me. Uh, you. We know what we're going to do. I don't know. Oh, Superman, oh, you stupid Superman. idiot. Superman, tell me, say Weird Science DC Comics podcast. We're DC Dahmer books. All right, let's just Fuck. go fight him. Let's just go fight him. Uh, should I bring a weapon? What weapon should I bring, Superman? Pistol shrimp? Oh, no, you said it as a question, so you're obviously not so sure but yeah, I'll go get a pistol shrimp. Thank you. Because yeah, they just start attack. Yeah, they just it, it is the gun that can also get rid of a uh, you know a hunger, Eric. Uh, but yeah, they just most start. guns can get rid of hunger. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> but on 
unfortunately, then you get lead poisoning. I'm not a gun man. I don't know if you know that. But, yeah, they're attacking, and somebody else starts in, and it, it's Saad's son. Basically, that's it. And it's nonsense, though. They do have that whole deal throughout all this is that the sphere is broken. They're trying yeah. to find the parts for that. Uh, but I'm telling you, that's what's going to happen next. It's going to be Booster will go off somehow, get that, or Skeets, or whatever may happen, and they'll get it, and then this will be all forgotten in my mind. But uh, it, it is a pretty cool moment, though, when Superman Well, this whole moment, too, like, like when Lord Zod actually reveals himself, because at first it's actually the proper Eradicator and beating them up, and then Lord Zod comes out of nowhere, and Heat Visions and Superman is like, like yeah. I don't know who you are. It's like, remember tormenting a child? Of course not. You didn't care. And yeah. like General Zod, no, his son, Lord Zod. I'm like, I want to know what uh, what's up with Lord Zod in the future, what his memories are of Superman and why yeah, I, he actually I, hates him more than just his father saying, he fuck was, that guy. He was him. in the Phantom Zone, right? I mean, that's what I think he means. I just think yeah. he means he was stuck in but the Phantom Zone. But even with that, I want to know what's actually in continuity with that because of yeah. like the Superman Reborn. I don't exactly know. So I hope he can shed some more light on that. What 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 did you just say? What, what I didn't say that? anything. Yeah, did you just say? Must be Superman reborn. Yep, I, okay. I got no time with a hyper time. I don't Nobody either. does. I don't either. I don't know why you would, Eric. But yeah, what did you give this? I gave this issue a 6.5 out of 10. I really enjoyed the art this issue, and I am more intrigued with what we're doing here in this timeline than anything else we've dealt with so far. Yeah, what the heck's going on? Because I'm going to give it a 6.5 as well, you son of a bitch. We're right. in concurrence once again. Uh, yes, that does that. That hasn't happened as much. We At one point, we were doing that a lot. We agreed with a lot, and it kind of got me worried. And we didn't like it. It kind of got me worried. But yeah, we're back to that, because the next one, I think that you're going to go a little lower than me. Nightwing, The New Order, number six, written by Kyle Higgins, art by Trevor McCarthy, Dean White, and Clayton Cowles. While I was really enjoying the series, I feel the last couple of issues have gotten progressively worse. Unfortunately, Kyle Higgins saved the worst for last, in my opinion. This finale has some major moments that are just sprung on the reader, and everything felt rushed to get to the finish. With one or two more issues, I think this series could have been something really special. But the way this ended, I will have to settle for pretty good. Why could this have been eight issues, Eric? Because it seems like an issue or two was missing See, here. I'm telling you, even going up to this, like last issue felt like we missed an issue yeah. between that one and the last one. Yeah. I'm like, this really should have been eight issues yeah, to give the complete story for what we thought we were getting here. Yeah, there are a couple major parts in this issue that really should have been explained more, mainly Lex. You could have had there, – there's like a half of an issue to me missing of a flashback with Lex and Superman things because basically Lex just does a turnabout Lex Luthor move that makes no sense for what we have, not explain, and then Superman just blows it off of, yeah, he was kind of talking about shit like that, but I didn't think he was serious. <laughs> like, really? Is, is that the thing now? We always say about Batgirl kind of being a numbskull. Is it Superman? Because no, now no, we're we've going always from... said that Superman's a numbskull. Yeah, it's just I guess. over a little while he seemed a little bit smarter. Now yeah, it's just back to old Oh, oh my God! He all this time I'm I'm sitting there. They're they're sitting there doing this. And like you know what? If we can only find that, and this is actually Lex. If we can only find the cure, you know, I could build that bomb and blow up all the Metropolis, but give everybody powers. <laughs> Silly Lex. And then he just walks away. That's how I take it because there's this thing now. Superman out of nowhere when this happens uses his X-ray vision. To, oh my God! There's a. Well, I didn't. I know he didn't have X-ray vision before, but he knows where to look. Like he knows there was a bomb. Is this just the final proof? 
because he seems to know that it's there and like, oh yeah, Lex wasn't kidding. I thought nope. he was fucking pulling my leg. But that yeah, was a joke yeah. we talked about for twenty years. Turns that, out it wasn't a joke. <laughs> the jo- the eggs on the yolks on me. In that though, there's another moment where there's the realization of Dick Grayson of what he's doing, and it it happens pretty much off panel. When he decides, and when he does return into the fold in the fight, I'm just like, what? <laughs> that was a really? bit lackluster, I'm telling you. Like, yeah. you know, uh, that's the thing is, I always wanted to be a, uh, a Robin. To, like, the Robin you were to Batman, because Batman yeah. needs a Robin. I just wanted to be your Robin. You're right, son. Let's go back, even yeah. though we just fucked everybody. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we, we, you mean, let's, let's go. We should go back, Dad. What? You mean in that setup that I got everybody killed? You really want to go back there? Yeah, Dad. Eh, well. Yeah, hell? hopefully we can get back to Bloodhaven in time because I fucked those people too. Yeah, really, they're in big trouble, and you know, uh, who likes Chicago nowadays anyway? <laughs> Turns around, but it starts off, and it has Jake, and he's he's doing what he has all along is watching those vids, the old yeah. vids of his dad as Robin. Now, I will say from this beginning, uh, Robin, it was either a heavy smoker, or didn't uh, brush his teeth much, because in that he's got the yellowest teeth I've ever seen, ever. Eric, when he's, got he's on top video of, resolution. Yeah, and maybe they he's gotta, on top. They got to adjust of, their color setting. He's on Whalen, and it's kind of a cool deal where he's, you know, he's riding Croc. He's kind of yeah. got him. Batman's kind of getting hit. Uh, I do. I, think, I like to imagine this Robin that was like a thirty-five year old little person with, <laughs> who's a heavy smoker. He's just in a, a little boy's costume. With <laughs> he, the somehow Batman, possible. Batman takes him around in the baby carriage, and he's the one smoking the cigar. <laughs> hey there, buddy. Yeah, Master so of disguise. <laughs> so Big beard, goatee. What are you looking at? A woman? But yeah. Wow. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Let me see that baby. Oh, what a cute baby. Get the hell out of my face. Wah! That's all he says. Uh, but yeah, that's when Corey comes in and says, hey, you know what, Jake? Wanted to check, see how it's going. You know, there's training Get you're doing here, and all Mom. this stuff. I'm fine. And then he, he rolls over. Okay, oh, sweetie. Oh, he's a teenager early. Oh, yeah. Oh, the worst. Uh, she's like, okay, if you need anything, sweetie, don't call me that. And then she just looks. And this continues from the last issue where Kids. he said not to that he wouldn't call her mom. He yeah. called her Corey. Uh, it's so funny. She's just like, huh, I guess those 15 years I neglected him are really coming back at me. <laughs> like you, you haven't been in his life, his entire <laughs> life, and, and you're expecting him to be like, okay, mom, let's go. But, yeah, you have to continue that way. Why isn't he happy to see me? <laughs> oh, my hey, – I sent you a card one year. Yeah, but you only sent me $2, Mom. But as this goes on, you do have uh, Superman Superman, uh, and Lex looking at Wally. They're trying to figure out and actually get Wally's uh, you know, Speed Force powers back just in time for a fight. Oh, yeah, good. Just, I worked on this for a while. That's what I'm saying. Just Mr. to Prince get a really fight. upping his game. Let's move on. Yeah. yeah, so you have that. And then you have this little deal where you have Superman. Like, how much longer with Jake? And then uh, Wally's like, where is he even? And it's so funny because this is only, again, to kind of push the idea that they don't know where Jake is so that Dick can sleep, sneak him out because uh, Lex is a jerk asleep, thank God. My software still has another several hours to parse data and his decided lack of patience was getting quite annoying. And then that's where Superman's like, he's a teenager, Lex. I'm well aware. And then while he's like, I'm glad you never had kids. And then, you know, you have all that where Dick then goes to Jake and says, you know, we're getting out of here. We're going. Jake doesn't know what's going on. He's like, do you trust me? Okay, let's go. And they go out the door. It's, it's so weird, too, because that line, man, I'm glad you never had kids, dot, dot, dot. I imagine the turn the page to be introduced to Luther's kids yeah. for some reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 
No. That, or all of a sudden we find out that Jake is actually Lex's son. But no, the, it just goes with that. I think that that's like, I don't know. It's supposed to make it so that Dick is that much better. Like, oh, look, he cares about his son. But he is, he sold them out. He goes yeah. out, opens the door, and oh, you do have some cool characters. Again, I'm wondering, when, when you see a Captain Adam or a Red Tornado, uh, all of a sudden, you're wondering. A female Captain Cold. Yeah, a female Captain Cold. But I'm like, there's Captain Adam. Why the fuck didn't you send him at first? Like, you're sending Jon Stewart. That's fine and dandy. You have Captain Adam. I mean, Captain Adam should have been there guarding Jake. Nobody would have gotten him out, but they're just there. And this whole thing is dickhead. We saw it when he was in that cell and said, hey, uh, uh, we're going to do he, – he sold them out so that they could get a him deal. and Jake out. Made a deal with Kate. And they're there, and basically they say, listen, this is what's going to happen. You're going to let us go. You have Brady there, who was the guy, if you don't Fuck remember. You, he killed uh, uh, Alfred. So he's there, and he's a dick. But he's just like, why Why don't we just take care of them right now? You know. And, and that's where Dick says, listen, I'm giving you the one person who could make the cure, and he means Lex. And he yes. says, if Luther's off the table, Jake is worthless, so you don't need us. And then he's like, yeah, until someone else comes along who's as smart as Luther and hates us just as much. And then I want a dick to say, how the hell do you get that great-looking head of hair, my friend? <laughs> because he looks like Fabio right there. Uh, but Kate, she she goes with the deal. Says, no, 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 stop it. Nonsense. Let them leave. And that's where even Jon Stewart's like, congratulations, dick. You just saved the world. And it's weird when he says that. And then they say again. Again. And he's kind of like, uh well, now they they're sending in all of the everybody's going in superheroes, all of the you know the military guys that look like Dark Knight, uh, Arkham Knights. They just break in and they're gonna fight the the troops there, the guys that we like, like Corey and them. I, I want to call them the Teen Titans, but they're kind of not anymore. But it's kinda they're, they're old, they're older senior citizens in my the mind. Older they're, they're, you know, your Blue Lantern, Lois Lane, yeah, which is yeah. cool as hell. But again, I I don't know what they're doing yeah, with I this don't Blue know Lantern the, nonsense yeah, in this I know. book. I know because when they go in, these these Arkham Knight guys are like, "Stand down, don't move." And uh, Jake, we have to get to him, and and all this. You're already too late. He's gone. John Stewart says, and that's where Lois is there. After she, after John says, "You're outnumbered," she says, "You're forgetting how these rings work, John." And there's a huge explosion. And I said, I'm not just forgetting. I don't know. I want to know. And again, that's something that seemed to be just not explained as you go. Now, this is a kind of cool moment where they're like, Lex starts pressing buttons. He's like, all right, you know what? I'm going to send out my robots. You have like, Wally, whoa, you have robots? I wouldn't be Lex if I didn't have robots. And they're these Superman-looking robots that go. And they're going to – basically, that's just there to even up the numbers so that you yeah. can't call shit on it because really – there's Your like army five building. guys. There's like five guys against an entire goddamn government. So yeah, that you have them going out. Uh, in the meantime, you have Jake and Dick. They're going to Chicago. Then they're going to go, you know, to some other country. They mentioned Russia before, even France, where there's less of a less strict rules about superpowers. And that's where we have that moment where Jake is like, you know what? I it's my fault, Dad. He's crying. He wants to go back, and he's pissed off. But he's like, it's my fault. You know what? I should have been. The, the the Robin to you like you were to Bruce. Uh, you were the one who made him good. You were the light in his deal. And that's where he says, I wanted to be as good a Robin as you were. And that's the that's it. That's basically we, we the turning Dick point Grayson of the issue. Like his son's chest back. Hold on, son. And then like a quick U-turn. <laughs> All right, Dad. Yeah, <laughs> a I'm a good dad. All yeah right. you don't even have that. 
all you have is uh, you know the eyes of Dick Grayson. That is the turning point of this entire series, right there. Just and really, mentioning being a good Robin. Yeah, you're just mentioning right, being a good Robin. And there you go. You have a big splash page. You're going to get some fights here that are cool in concept. But to me, nothing was set up with this. And so, you never like really said, get to see no, it, and you all that much. See it. so, you know, it's quick little blast yes. here and there, but it's never really like actualized. I mean, Corey fighting Red Tornado, that seems really cool, cool, but you yeah. don't get much of it. You are having Lois you know, face off against Jon Stewart. That's kind of cool. All I'd right. like to see what a Blue Lantern fighting a Green Lantern, how that works and how she can negate even making his power go. You know, something like that. You have Wally West who just got his Speed Force powers back. He's all smiles. He's running through. He's wrecking house until he gets shot by Kate and just falls. And yeah. so it's like speed force. Yeah, yes. <laughs> there they go. And with this all going down, they know that they're in big trouble. That you know shit's gone wrong, and that you have pretty much Wally. If uh, if we get out of this. I'm going to find Dick Grayson, and I am going to do things to him. That, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> the car shows up. And this is in the middle of a Of a battle giant royale. battle. Why is it it's anybody a, shooting at them? Yes, it is a battle royale. The most dangerous person in this world to the bad guys is Jake. He just gets out of the car. Hey, guys. He's, he's waving. And they're like, oh, yeah, you know what? We don't have time. Can you get Jake back to Lex? It feels like this world could use a Superman. And it's just like out of nowhere. Like oh, Dick, it's forgiven. You're yeah, right. Let's oh, forgiven. Dix is going to decide to do this. And then that's that. And they do. And, and it is because they take Jake up. Hook him up to the deal. You have him getting, you know, uh, it looks like even heat and, and energy, whatever, that's sucking his power out to get back a power to, you know, the cure to get Superman his powers. And it just happens. You have one little thing of like it, it's hurting Jake and hurting Superman. But that's it. He has powers. He gets out. It worked. He says it works. And then Lex says, hey, by the way, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I'm Lex Luthor. And, you know, Lex Luthor doesn't just have an army of robots. Lex Luthor does fucked up shit. Remember all those stories I was telling you about this bomb that I was going to make? Well, I did make it. And what this is going to do is make it. It's basically if everyone's special, nobody's special. He says, I'm not going back to a world that's uneven ever again. An unequal world is not happening. I'm going to go and explode this bomb. But the problem is you get this weird idea here of the bomb. Like, why would the cure be able to be in a bomb form? They do say it's kind of set up the way the cosmic uh, gun was, the cosmic key. It doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. And then the, the whole thing to make everything tie around into it is that when this bomb goes off, it's all underneath Metropolis. Metropolis will be destroyed. Everybody in Metropolis will die. But then somehow everybody in the world will have powers. And it only makes – I'm telling you, I'm just looking at this progression though as Lex Luthor goes and says this and then slams this door behind him. I'm like, who are all these people? And I'm guessing it's just Jake running, jumping up on a table and then knocking a monitor off. And doing what? I, nothing. It, yeah, I'm like, nothing. At first, I'm like, where did all these people come from? Yeah. Why is that one dude just sitting on that table? <laughs> they're, all, they're all they're playing fucking shadow puppets. They're playing charades. To me, I'm expecting Lexus going into an elevator that goes up to a like a rocket ship. I said, but yeah. we don't know. And also, this is where I have the weird deal is Lex says, "I'm not going back to an unequal world." To me, then that is spelling out. That this bomb will make everybody have superpowers. But yeah. why a why would a non-powered Jim Werner get powers because Jake's D 
DNA or Jake's powers is in a bomb form now and blows up. Why would that give me powers? To me, this would only give everybody else. The cure that they wanted was spelled out to give the people who had powers their powers back. Where did we get the idea that you can give people powers in this future? We never had that. There was never anything like that. But Lex says it, and then it kind of goes away from it, but then comes back to it again at the end. Like, where is this? Because then at the end, you see, like, every kid on the block has powers and stuff, but this bomb didn't go. What is going on? Because something is missing. Something is missing here. And this is the biggest part of what is Lex's plan, and how was this done? Because as this goes, they all Science! Yeah, and and basically Superman says, can you fly like your mom? Eh, didn't try, but let's go. They go down, they fly down, and Jake explains, at this moment, Superman is trying to gather up this bomb that Lex has set underneath that's going to blow up. It's going to kill everybody in Metropolis, but it's going to give the powers back. Hey, everybody, let's join together. Join hands. Hands across America. And they do. Everybody stops fighting just because Jake has said this. And now they're united and go off to do this. And it is so, like you think that the U-turn was quick with, with Dick Grayson. This is people who are fighting. You have a Kate Kane whose entire existence is based on what she's doing and thinking she's doing right. And these people are bad. Just, okay, you know what? The kid's right. But as this goes, Superman gets it. You have all the super-powered guys. They take it. He's going to throw it up in the, you know, in the space. It look, it'd be funny well, if it was in the sun. But... Lift it above the city a little yes. bit, and then ho- hopefully our shields hold as the explosion yes. goes. Yes, and, and now with that, though, you would – Does it seem ex- like it does? Well, and you would expect that what happens now is that everybody has powers because yeah. it still does explode. Now, here is the craziest thing here, and you – I need you, Aaron. I need you. You're my only hope. You have Superman. It's working. We're moving it. He's taking it up in the air. All of a sudden, it explodes. Wally says, did we get everyone out? There's uh, Dick goes, Jake's still up there. And then you have the thing, and they go, Jake! And then you have any casualties? Not one. Jake flew them all to to safety. Okay, there's Jake. Yes, honey. What? What happened? I'm telling you, you went from one page to the next where they're like, oh, no, Jake's still up there. He died. Jake. And then he's there in their arms. And he's, oh, well, I'm still trying okay? to figure out the progression because we're lifting this part of the city block up into the air with a bomb yeah. attached to it, right? We have all of these heroes going and doing the thing to try to help yep. Superman lift this up in the air. Wally says, did we get everybody out? Jake's still up there. Yeah. And then it looks like it explodes. Yeah. Then you see the explosion. Yeah. Oh, no. And, and they go, Jake. Comes down, and then everybody comes down together. Yeah. Any casualties? No. Yeah. Jake flew them all to safety. <laughs> what? Oh. what happened? Like, it, it's such a quick deal of nothing. I, I and just, at one what? point, I can see the thing. Like, it seems like Jake is, like, getting them all to safety off the side there. While, you know, John Stewart and Lois Lane are doing their Green Lantern, I mean, their Lantern shit. Yeah. While Superman's yeah. still underneath. They're like, those three are the ones that I should be worried about. They're yes, like, you know, that's Jake what seems I'm to saying. be taking everybody off to the side. Captain like, Adam uh, and Red Tornado are right there underneath with Superman. Yet Jake is, you know, he has flown them off this. You, you would have seen him, but oh no, Jake's still up there. But then there's never even like I wanted to have him. Like I know that there's people coming out of the, the you know, the haze there. You have Superman, you have them, but Jake just is there then. And, and, he and we don't even really have any ideas of what Jake's capabilities are. No, and, and just uh, it, it really got me upset because I really like. Hey, you series. fly? Oh no, let's find out. Yeah, let's see. 
What, what else can you do? I don't know. It looks like I can go for it. wishes? I can go I can go. But watch out. I, I'm a monkey paw kind of fella. Oh, uh, damn like, you, I also, I also can get people out of the way, and I have this great ability to make you think I died in an explosion, and then suddenly I'm not. Th- I'm there. Right there. Tell the baker, too. Yeah. See, oh, yeah. I can make a fucking great uh, Western omelet. You have this as it goes on then, and it has one of the things that we actually do like. It's almost – it's a very – narrow-minded version or not narrow-minded but narrow version of the animal house ending let's see what oh, happened yeah, little epilogues I love yeah like this. but it's basically you know kate quit uh that lex uncovered powers started coming back slowly again is this an unequal world or an equal world but you have the alfred pennyworth foundation started uh kate left uh, the whole deal. She left the program. The Crusaders, they're still there. Somehow Liz got promoted, Eric. I don't know how that happened. She was a traitor. She uh, was. But she got uh, promoted. And then Jake, and, and if you wanted to know, uh, Dick and Corey never get together. They're friends because they have a son together, but they, you know, they don't get back together. But in the meantime, Dick is training. She don't like all, all that gray in his hair. Uh-uh, yeah, not no, for Corey. No. No, he the silver fox is not the way she goes. She she saw she saw the way that uh, John Stewart was looking, and now she's going off to him or something. But uh, Dick is helping people get you know the young kids learn their powers and things like that. And then you see that it is later on, which we thought we thought that that this was all Jake in the future. It looks like he's a Transformers fan. Eric, he has a little toy. Who is it? Yeah, really. And uh, he has a son. His wife comes in with the son that he is named Richard. And they do say, oh, you know, are the neighbor kids being busy? You know, or not busy. Are they being noisy? No, no. It's a lively world we're part of. And you see people playing superhero basketball, Eric. And that's the end. And the ending right there, it's a little, you know, sappy for me. But that's not what got me angry. And no, that, that... that's not the problem. The lackluster freaking conclusion to what we've been dealing with yeah. is the goddamn problem. Yeah, Chain was – I think it was Chain on the – uh on the site was like, I really like the ending and the sappy ending. And I, I don't mind that. That's fine. It was just a couple big, the wrap up big great. moments that were just thrown in there. That Lex deal and the, the turnabout of Dick Grayson just happened it, for no, you know, for, for a reason, but never explained and never really earned when it happened. So it just seemed like uh, Kyle Higgins may have needed seven or eight issues to tell this story. And it might have been better if we knew more about this bomb and what Lex was doing and had that whole deal. See what Lex ha- – what happened to Lex and yeah. all that. Uh, but we never got it. I gave it a 6-5. So I, I like the I art. I think too. He just went behind that one door. Yeah. He might have been on that city block and it exploded. Was, yeah, it was the Aztec challenge, Eric. He went in. You think he's gone? He's there. He died. He died. <laughs> Who knows? He's dead. He was a bad I'm guy. You, and, he's a smart man. I don't see him being yeah. much of a runner at his age. I don't think no, he got a no. pound of that city block and, and really, he's got that mechanical arm. Nobody's picking him up. They're not giving him a ride. He's a monstrosity. But even then, it's so funny. By the end, really, he's the villain of this yeah. whole story. And out of nowhere, it's Lex. Or is he? Or is he? I don't know. I don't. He, he actually Lex's things. If Liz, you know gets what? Her How job dare back. you? Fuck all this. Anything you're going to talk about? I just got to the part you're talking about. It's not a transformer. That's Voltron, you motherfucker. Oh, is it Voltron? Oh well. See, everybody loves. No, Voltron. let's get to the important part. Voltron. Yeah, well, what are you talking about transformer. It, Liz got promoted, right? And it's funny. Liz finally <laughs> getting promoted. It's in quotes. If Liz gets promoted, shouldn't Lex be the hero of them because he did give everybody back their powers? If Liz – if they're going to overlook everything that she did wrong and broke the law and all that stuff, 
Lex is a hero. Lex should be president and uh, going forward. Uh, so that's what I think. He is now president. But yeah, I gave it a 6.5. I like the art a lot. Uh, I like the idea of all these characters showing up. But again, you have Captain Adam there just to be in a couple panels. You have Red Tornado just to be in a And that would have been cool to panels. see previous. Yeah, yeah. So that kind of threw me off. Uh, what would you give it? It was just a lackluster running for a story that I really thought was yeah. strong from the get-go. But each issue that like continued the story, it you saw down, more and right? more holes in it. And by the end, it just kind of falls apart to just be the ending and not really have a proper like you know way to get there or even like conclude it. So at the yeah. end, I can't give it more than a 6 out of 10. Yeah, I figured you'd go 6. I was actually going to say it to predict it. Uh, what, what happens is I have egg in my face, Eric, now because – or on my face because I gave Kyle Higgins Writer of the Year last year in our awards because of this yeah. book because of how excited I was. And I said – that I was worried that this was going to happen, but this is 2018 problems now, Eric. I still like those. First yeah, 2017 Jim was not giving a fuck about yeah, 2018 yeah, I, Jim I at that point. Line. No, I didn't care about future Jim at all. But this is what happens. I got a monkey paw, Eric. I got what I wished for, or did I? I don't know. But we're gonna go off now to some mail. Yo, it's mail call. It is the best podcast of week. Even though Shay is such a freak. I've got to hear all the reviews and the mail with Jim. And I've got such a long way to go to make it to the end of the episode. First I'll hear mail with Jim, now mail with Jim. And I've got a long way to go. Ah, yes, Mail with Jim, Eric, and we're going to start the second mail section with Brian from Arkansas, and he says, hey, Jim, hey, Eric, hey, Reggie, and the rest of the the Fresh Cup crew. Poop, poop. Poop, poop, indeed. Eric, I would like to use this one. I'm going to bring this out just for this. Get fresh, <laughs> that is such a Ship classic. Indeed. Such a classic. Brian Weston here, longtime listener, first time mailer. Well, first oh. time this year. I'm sorry to have kept you guys and the Get Fresh crew people waiting boop, so boop. long for my year end picks. I've heard through the pulse of the streets that people have been anxiously awaiting my picks and to hear my yeah. commentary on the year that was. And yeah, I'd love to hear it. I love his mails. People have suffered through several sleepless nights wondering what Brian from Arkansas considered the absolute best of. The best of 2017. Well, fret no longer, Fresh Cup Pro. Here are my award winners. Writer of the Year is Brian K. Vaughn. Even with a three- to four-month hiatus between arcs, Saga delivers every time it comes out. And boy, I know a lot of people love that book. I read the first, I think, four issues and really did enjoy it uh, and just never got back to it. I, I have to get back. I, I, I think have you the own big the trade, hardcover right? freaking first volume of it, and yeah. I have not even opened yeah. it up yet. It makes me laugh, cry, cough, and scream on a regular basis. Gives me more of the feels, more than any other title. And Paper Girls is almost as good. Now, Eric, I have read up to, I believe, 
issue about 15 of Paper Girls and right. loved it. Loved it. I actually read the first two trades in one sitting, uh, one Sunday night when we got done, you know, I got done editing the podcast. I got that out there. And that's when I try to like to, I like to unwind and it's read something. Time. It is. And I like to read something that I don't have to really think about. And it, it was awesome. I loved it. I even told you about it with the whole 80s references and oh, stuff yeah. like that. I thought it was great. Now, before we move on to Artist of the Year, I'll wait a moment so that you guys can place bets on who wins this prestigious honor. Joel Jones! Think back to any email I've ever sent you. Artist of the Year goes to Joel Jones. See Supergirl being Super, Lady Killer 2, and Batman. On a side note, her work on Batman 39 was the best I've seen from her yet. That issue alone almost guarantees that she will win this award again in 2019. Uh, I'll tell you, I think that she did the one where it ended with the cliffhanger of Talia just sitting amongst that orgy. I, that, I thought that issue looked incredible, though I thought the issue itself was nonsense. But the Inker Letterer, Colorist, and Editor Awards were given out in a separate ceremony that will not be broadcast in this email. Book of the Year for 2018 goes to Batman White Knight, Saga, All New Wolverine, Love It, Monstrous, Southern Bastard, Savage Dragon. Actually, did I ever tell you when I started trying to catch up with Savage Dragon or It's nonsense because there's like 300 issues. There's no catching up. I did read the first three issues. I actually went back and read like all of those books that came out after we did that back issues of – what's it called? Uh, Spawn? Spawn. And I went and read all the other ones that came out like right along with it and actually enjoyed most of them. Savage Dragon was really good. Wonder Woman, X-Men Gold, Batman, X-Men Blue. Sorry, I couldn't put just one. And I also apologize that I couldn't keep it all DC or on the DC Comics podcast. My favorite thing about 2017 would be that I'm an X-Fan again. I started reading comics in 1986. The first non-G.I. Joe or Transformer comic I ever got was Uncanny X-Men, issue 218. Was an X-Fan for most of my life. I don't remember when I finally dropped the books, but it's been about 20 years since I picked one up. I jumped in on the X-Men Gold and Blue relaunch back in April and have loved every second of it. Well, yes. I've wasted enough of your time. He said, I wonder if he read that grand design, that Ed Pisker that I loved. I'd love to hear if he did. I'll have to get a hold of him uh, on Twitter and see if he did. Thanks for letting me talk. Talk comics with you guys. Keep your ears to the pulse of the streets and right. see you on the sevens. I'm telling you, if right now I could get him some cream candy bars, Eric, I would. And that is Brian Weston from Cabot, Arkansas. Thanks, Thank Brian. you, Brian. I, I love hearing from him. Uh, the next one is, is a different story, Eric. It's Brandon. That son of a bitch. Brandon. <laughs> Brandon. What's I he actually have to say? Now, this week here's the best is I, I I message I message Brandon all the time. We talk all yeah. the time. So I message him this week in this weird deal because wrong turn, they, they just opened up a Buffalo Wild Wings in, in Quakertown. And wrong turn is all fired up and he wants to go. So I look at the prices and I see it like I believe it's nine wings are like seventeen dollars. I'm like fourteen dollars. That, is, that is fucking nonsense. So I, I message Brandon. Basically, hey, Brennan, what are, how much are wings in Buffalo? And I'm like thinking that he's going to be like, you son of a bitch. Like, what do you think we do here in Buffalo? Just eat wings or whatever? And he no. sends it right back. They're like a dime a dozen. And I'm telling you, I think they grow on trees there, Eric. You pick, you go to the buffalo wing tree. I prefer the mild tree myself. And I, you I just go imagine and get that those. when you like try to pay for something with cash, instead of change, you get uh, buffalo oh, wings. Oh, yeah. They're that. like, okay, uh, that will be seven buffalo wings. Oh, here's nine. Oh, you get to – I don't know why you take it. <laughs> That's the change. So it's like $5.50. Oh, I have six. Okay, here you go. Six wings. 
Anyway, yeah. Thanks a lot. And then you just throw them down. You, you'd spit them out, you would, these wings, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> You're so used to them. You'd spit them out, you would. But, yeah, uh, I talked to him about it, and he did say that those wings were nonsense. But then I said to him, hey, uh, when, when I used to go to Buffalo Wild Wings, it was actually called BW3 back in the day because they weren't just wings. They also had this beef on weck sandwich. That's a big buffalo thing. And I loved it. I thought I told you I probably ate this sandwich at least once a week for four years at college. Could never get it again. And they and in the meantime, Buffalo Wild Wings has dropped that BW three because they no longer have this goddamn sandwich. So I messaged Brandon. I'm like, man, I really could go with a for a beef on wake. And he's like, basically tells me like you could go to any side fucking you know. Uh, grocery store you could go to a gas station station. you might be able to go to a public toilet and somebody will just hand you one of these sandwiches like you said you just put your hand out place you hand you put your arm out and when you pull it back in there's a goddamn sandwich in it you've eaten so many you'd spit it out you would but yeah i said to him about this and he's like yeah i think i'll have a bunch of those tonight i can just go to this place and you know yeah i'm like you son of a bitch the one thing I found that that Buffalo has that I really want, Aaron. That's but it. haven't they brought that back to the menu now? No, I looked. They did for an anniversary this past oh. summer. No, I told you. I, I guess you didn't listen to me, Aaron. I told you that when I went to look at the menu, when I told you, oh, my God, they brought it back. I went to the menu, looked. It wasn't there. If it was, me and you would now be talking about how we had those for lunch yesterday <laughs> because I was going to go get us them for lunch, but they, they didn't have it. And it's awesome. I love that sandwich. Sup- uh, with my high blood pressure and things like that, though, it's, it's a very salty sandwich. So that, that's a little Play the devil's hand there, Jeff. I'll play that devil's hand every single moment of the day, Eric. I'll play it twice. Sup, fellas, says Brandon. Sup, Brandon. With this being the first week without a true football game in a while. I, a true football game. True. How about none? I have to say, well, I guess he will tell me that there is the Pro Bowl. So I have egg on my face again. I have to say I'm really lost right now. Usually I fill the whole of my time with comics, but the lack of payoff I've been receiving lately has me looking elsewhere during these months we're trapped in the house. So this is my fancy way of saying the PS4 is getting a lot more work than it's been used to seeing lately, which in turn has made me come to the realization That's what that he calls I used to be Beyonce. Yeah, I know. I used to be so much come here, PS4. I used to be so much better at video games than I am now. It's like when that you get old, sex. you also get awful at everything you ever enjoy doing see there's where sex doesn't even get included with you he said enjoyed so i am now on a quest to improve my currently mildly embarrassing kill death ratio and call of duty also i missed instruction books and video games little kid call me old school but this tiny ass one thin sheet of paper pamphlet that's most times just an advertisement for dlc is total bullshit i get all my games if we do get them anymore we get them digitally so we don't even get that if they start putting those in the games again i'll uber i'll uber buy them just to read the book in back of the car on the way home and get pumped up he'll call it uber and go buy them oh that's what he's saying i'll uber buy them just to read the book in the back of the car. I was going to say, like, who's driving you? But, yes, he's going to get an Uber. All they need to do is put instruction manuals 
in the thing, and, and Uber will increase their sales in Buffalo tenfold, just like the back of my mom's minivan, like the good old days. What else is going on? Oh, yeah, following comics sucks right now. It feels like suddenly anything we are all look forward to is now forever delayed with little to no actual gratification and storytelling going on ever. And to quell our thirst, we just get drivel like Raven to distract us in the meantime while we wait for what we really want. Fucking A. Get their shit together over there, DC. Your jobs yeah. are to literally write and draw stories that are 20 pages long at a time, then ship them to the stores for the most part. Let's not make this sound like a test comparable to rocket science. You would think you would think if your business model was based on telling stories in a repeatedly similar fashion for 100 years, you might have figured this out by now. I think all comics would do better if the artist had a three-month head start before it even solicits and stories were mapped out ahead of time and not changed based on fan service reactions. Everyone would be better off. I'm convinced that right now that if we were to travel to each office building in the entire comic industry, it would look and feel like an office rushing to put it together a project after an all-night beer pong bender. And yeah, I agree. And They don't seem to be giving me any confidence that they know what's going on and going forward. So yeah, I, I have yelled about that all week and I, I don't have a voice right now, Eric, to yell. So I will keep that at a minimum, but it's goddamn bullshit, Eric. Yeah. Bullshit! I'm telling you, they, they spent all that time really trying to get scheduling was priority number one until it wasn't and with the Uh big books being them now it's just nonsense but his books he says flash i jump back on this issue to get a feel of what's up for flash wars it was issue 700 so that was cool i had no idea Neither did anybody else. The issue itself was all right. I wish Iris would just make a decision already. This meatball has been hanging around for a bit too long, but by the end, possibly because of Grodd, I was on board for an arc to see if I can get back in this book again one more time. Question, is this Grodd story going to hold, going on hold for Flash Wars, or is Grodd the big bad for it? I'm not a solicit guy, so I don't know. I, and they haven't really explained things. I'm assuming that this arc is why we have all of these speedsters all of a sudden showing up in the story that this is going to lead into the Flash Wars. Action Comics, he says, this title remains just okay. It does just enough to not be good or bad, but I'm not sure I'm getting enough to keep buying my bi-weekly book after the 1,000 issue passes. If the story arc after 1,000 isn't knock my socks off great, I'll be heading for the door on this book, hoping Tomas Gleason on Superman recapture a little magic and hit an ending for once before I get sick of that too then he says doomsday clock take me please people who know more much more about the watchman will be much more eloquent with their critiques than i will be here i'll just say it the tv movie stuff bored the living shit out of me and felt like it took up half the book if dr manhattan wants to waste his life playing detective in movies he's an idiot and what the hell are we all doing here i gents brandon and he's going to be talking with trevitt about marvel two and one number two eric that's what i picked did you? I, I didn't. I picked whatever that number one was, and I can't remember what it was. I always go with number ones because I am number one, Eric. That's what I say, and I will never – Why aren't they talking about I, you then? I will, well, because they're not allowed. I don't like my likeness being out there, and I have uh, retained all podcasting rights to my likeness, Eric. So you're not allowed to talk about me in any so no podcast one, No one's ever. allowed to yell anymore on nope. podcast? No. That's – I have – I patented the yelling. You didn't Weird. know that that is me. Yelling. Also, getting on a soapbox. Yeah, that's it. I have patented yelling on podcasts, losing my shit, and losing my voice. Nobody else is allowed to lose their voice on a podcast. That's me. 
I came out with that. So we'll go. Also, nobody's allowed to talk shit about you, Eric. Uh, that's just me. Only me. So there you go. And and I'm nobody quite happy about that one. And, and, well, oh, really? And nobody else is allowed to use your catchphrase, boosh, Eric. Boosh. Hmm. God damn it. I guess that that didn't work out. But we're going to go off to more. Oh, actually, go to Marvel 2-1. I said that last week. Uh, we end up talking nonsense, and then I forget that we're going back to Brandon Trump. I'm like, we're going to be right back with me and Eric in the books. And I'm like, oh, I messed up there. So we're going to go off Marvel 2-1, number two, with Brandon and Trevor. All right, welcome everybody. This is the Marvel Minute. I am Brandon, as always, joined by Trevitt. Trevitt, how we doing, man? Not bad. How you doing? Doing all right. Uh, nice. I would say I'm I'm sad. Football's over. I that always semi depresses me, but I do like you know not rushing around on Sunday mornings and feeling a little bit under stress to set fantasy lineups and, and get gambling picks in and shit like you know. <laughs> I was able to just drink coffee, read comics, and get ready for this. And it was a nice Sunday. Uh, but yeah, you know, comic wise, got the chance to catch up on a bunch of stuff while reading uh, our winner in the poll this week, Marvel Two and One Number Two. Say that six times fast. Uh, but that edged <laughs> out Legion Number One by like one or two votes, and. Uh, Avengers 676, which isn't getting much love, only 11% of the vote there this week. And I wrote all that stuff down. I'm not recalling it from memory. A little, pre- little prepared this week. See what uh, not having football does to me? Um, but, yeah, we, we uh, are going to talk Marvel 2-in-1 here now. So we got writer Chip Zdarsky, uh, who I was all over at the beginning of Superior Arc, but I've enjoyed, you know, what he gave us the first issue of this series. Uh, and, and yeah, he's been doing pretty good. And then art team, we got Jim Chung, John Dell, Walden Wong, Frank Martin, all doing various different jobs as far as pencils, inking, colors. You know how all that goes. Um, but yeah, so we, uh, we got this uh, blurb here we're going to get into, and then we'll, we're going to give you the summary of the issue and tell you to, like we always do, buy, borrow, or forget it altogether, or kill it, as Jim likes to say. Um, but yeah, <laughs> the Marvel two and one starring Thing and Johnny surprised the shit out of me with issue one. I legit thought that it was one of the better Marvel comics I've read in a long, long time. I was excited for the second issue after perfect combination of character and plot development uh, in the first story. So without further ado, let's stop blowing the book for a second here and dive into issue <laughs> two and see if two has the same amount of heart. Uh all this while my cat attacks my arm. Uh, <laughs> so the issue starts off with Thing having a conversation uh, with longtime 
uh, supporting character for the Fantastic Four, Alicia Masters. Um, you know, we're go- we're gonna get into more of her history personally uh, when we do the Midpoint Marvelous Facts on the Marvel Madness Comics podcast. Shameless plug there. Uh, but um, you know, moving on, her and Thing are are basically just having a talk back and forth, and Thing is basically having a little bit of a crisis, a mental crisis of sorts, about really not being a hundred percent honest. Uh, with Johnny about exactly, you know, what, what hologram Reed has told him and, and what then um, thing interpreted from that and told Johnny, you know, to, to kind of snap him out of his depression, which is what he really reasons with himself uh, for, for having said what he said to Johnny. Um, but I don't know, you, you just get a good exchange back and forth while she's working on uh, a new Fantastic Four sculpture since that got destroyed in Spider-Man, didn't it? <coughs> What is it? Uh, isn't Alicia working on a new Fantastic Four sculpture since the the sculpture got destroyed? I think in so, yeah. yeah, yeah, it did get destroyed. And amazing. It was amazing, right? When yeah. It got destroyed. I think one of the issues that uh, Human Torch, like, guest appeared in. What weren't? Yeah, because he freaked out about it. Cause he was, yeah, him and uh, Spider-Man were kind of screwing around in the building going after each other, and I think it got blown to bits. He was pissed at Peter Fourth, the Baxter building. Yeah. He was just freaking out about yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so that's where the kind of this all stems from. From from as far as I I can tell, you know. So so cool continuity shot out there. Uh, but th- then we move on. Unless you got anything to add about that, Steve? Uh, no, no. Yeah, and then then we move on to two days later, and we see Thing and Johnny hanging out, testing. I guess kind of testing out the Fantastic Car, chatting with each other. Uh, we, we get a quick recap, basically, from Johnny in one word bubble of what happened last issue. And in case you missed it and you just jumped on here. And then the two appro- approach what they think uh, is basically the answer to the first clue uh, that they're chasing after. And uh, the device that they're looking for is is basically hidden on Monster Island from what they anticipate. Um the two heroes, uh, you know, begin exploring the island, really not having any idea of where to look at first. They uh, kind of end up following their senses to, to this cave, and, and they are looking for what Reed told them was was the multi-sec. Uh, and it's basically this magic device. It looks a lot like a mother box. Um, that, that'll that take them anywhere in the multiverse, I think. Isn't Wasn't that what they said last issue? Yeah, yeah, I'll take them universe hopping. Yeah, so it's basically like, you know, boom tube them around uh, with with the help of the Fantastic Car is my uh, anticipation. But um, so they're looking for this multi-sec and they approach a cave opening. They end up entering and as they get deeper in it and it gets darker, uh, Ben asks Johnny to throw the old flame on. Um, and as he does, they're, they're pretty much surrounded by Mole Man, a bunch of his little green weird looking accomplices and then a villain from one of the first fantastic four issues, uh, Googum, the son of goom, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and his former enemy. So yeah, we we got our two culprits for our midpoint facts straight out of this issue. It's going to be Googum and it's going to be Alicia. So I, I thought that was pretty sweet. We got two people, uh, we haven't been able to spotlight yet since no fantastic four books been around since we started doing things. Um, but then Mole Man basically makes a deal with the, anyone that'll listen in the room, uh, all the bad guys surrounding Thing and Johnny. Um, 
whoever trounces trounces these two, uh, you know, beats the hell out of them, gets to rule everybody that's living on this, this monster island, and then there's some connection to monsters. What unleashed is that the name of the book? Yeah, monsters unleashed. Uh, is that the current ongoing series? I don't imagine the miniseries. They don't really specify which one they're talking about. But if you're reading I that book, it, there's a shout out to you, which is is kind of cool, I guess. You know, not super. I thought popular. it was like the little mini event. Did, was it the mini? I, I don't know. I didn't read. Yeah. It. I read the first issue. You and me, what covered the first <laughs> one together? Yeah, yeah, we covered the first one. Because um, that that's what he's talking about. Where he says the great clash of the monsters. So that's what it was when they were all fighting each other. Okay, yeah, and then, and then so that's why they're all the reason for them being all here. Uh, instead of you know, mole man's usually found in the depths of New York City, from as far as I can tell, any book I've usually read. Uh, or may, maybe he just tunnels everywhere. He's got you know, I don't I don't know yeah. how he does his thing. Wasn't it was the moloids that were in Venom not too long ago, right? With the dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah, yeah with the dinosaurs, they were all like because the dinosaurs yeah. were eating them, and then and then. Um, <laughs> They ended up, you know, living in harmony by the end of that arc, I think. They? Yeah, they, yeah, the dinosaurs ended up, like, being their protectors or something. Yeah. But, uh, you know, anyway, well, whatever. We're not stressing out about mole men continuity. They're all here. And Ben and Johnny basically look at each other while they're talking, you know, talking shit. And they're like, yeah, we're going to have to fight everybody here. <laughs> he's like, we're going to have to fight these monsters. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's pretty, pretty cool. Pretty funny. I mean, we get to, when Ben and Johnny are talking back and forth to each other, it's, it's just really good. Um, just really good back and forth dialogue. And they each definitely sound like the person they're supposed to be. You know, they don't have the same voice or anything. So just good characterization is basically what I'm trying to say. Uh, yeah. But yeah, they start whooping ass at first. They're doing pretty well. But uh, then Johnny runs into the the little, you know, problem males hate to run into. Uh, he can fail to perform after so long. And um, <laughs> his flame ends up going out. So they, they kind of look like they're going to get overwhelmed. They can't see. They're, there's just moloids and mole men and googum. All surrounding them, uh, about to whip their ass when uh, uh, Doctor Doom Sorry. comes strolling in and and you know does a giant blast with the armor, saves everybody's ass. Um, Thing attacks him at first, you know him and Thing go back and forth, but then we get another kind of clever little moment with uh, <laughs> the the mole man like kind of yelling at Doom, but then Googum. Uh, <laughs> Being like Metal Man is New Island president because he basically bested everybody all at once, you know. I love uh, when he comes in at that opening line where he's like, Democracy is overrated and just blasts him. Like, that's just the coolest thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> Mole Man's not super thrilled about this. He's trying to, you know, over overrule this decision. Gugum is declared, and uh, Doom basically yells at everybody to, to take ev- uh, Mole Man out of here. He wants some alone time with. Thing and uh, Johnny, so they can discuss matters. Thing's pretty pissed that uh, you know Doom's been stalking them, and he knew this was basically all set up to have Thing unlock the device so Doom could follow him, and blah 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 blah. So he he's real pissed off. Doom's pissed off. There's there's no real lead here. Uh, I was, Sorry, did, did I'm I cut at, you off? 
No, no, I'm sorry. I was just, I'm like rereading Doom's dialogue and just laughing when he's like, my loyal citizens, please take my political rivals deep into the earth. I wish to be alone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, know. I, I said earlier this week to you when we were chatting, like uh, that Doom's dialogue. Yeah, I always got to read twice and not because I don't understand it. Once because I'm usually laughing because it's just always so over the yep. top. And then uh, once <laughs> just to really understand it and enjoy it uh, for what it is. But yeah, um, the same. The same thing going on. <laughs> yeah, so uh, you know, Doom basically is chastising these two, just going on a wild goose chase from something that Reed sent them on. You know, a mission post mortem uh, that probably Reed didn't even finish. You know, because Doom likes to always think himself superior to uh, to Reed. Um, things obviously, you know, not going to just sit there and take shit from Doom. So, so they get in an argument before Doom gets in. Kind of really some last words as he takes off, insulting uh, the two left of the Fantastic Four, calling them basically useless as he he takes off, uh, useless without Reed. Um, and that leads all to our flashback. Uh, so yeah, you know, Doom's technically a good guy, but still has the Doom attitude really deep down inside of him is what you take down from uh, that exchange, if you ask me, really. Uh, he doesn't really go after the good guys, but if there's something that suits his motivations, he's not going to let anything stop him from getting what he wants, which is is what's going on here. But it seems like he's kind of given up the chase at the same time. He thinks Reed's full of shit, you know? Yeah. Um, he's just saying that to put them off, like, like oh, we're not going to see him again. We don't got to worry about it, you know? But he's probably still yeah. keeping tabs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. I get that sense as well. Like he, he thinks it's a wild goose chase, but he's just going to be more in the background. I uh, just hope these two don't get in any more trouble, so he doesn't have to save their ass again. Uh, but then we go to this flashback. So this flashback, long story short, is, uh, you know, basically the middle act of the book, and and uh, it's Victor Von Doom receiving this physics award as Reed and Ben look on. Uh, the, the flashback goes on to recap what then Reed was referring to as their first real mission together. Uh, so just something Ben and Reed would know and really nobody else, not even Johnny, uh, was, was up on this information. So as the two s- sneak back into this school where, where Victor's award is kept, they go and basically de- deface his name. So instead of Victor Von Doom, it says Victor Von Doof, which which really, you know, is basically the ultimate insult to Victor. He's got a bunch of people laughing at him. And and anytime they would always fix the trophy, uh, anytime throughout the years, uh, as far as what I could understand, Reed would always sneak back in there yep. and change it back to Victor Von Doof, like to just forever keep this embarrassment hanging over uh, Victor's head. Um, uh, my favorite thing would be this, you know, when Reed would glance at Ben and like they'd have this middle of this battle, you know, he's like, Victor became this big serious villain that he's like, but every once in a while in the heat of battle, Reed would shoot me this look that is like, we'd know about that moment. We played that prank on Victor and it's just too funny. Yeah. Like the only <laughs> bad thing that Reed's ever done in his life, not even really, you know, yeah. all that bad, because it even still looks like masking tape with an F just written on it. It's not like he changed the engraving, but uh, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's like he he always he loves this one bad thing he did, and him and Ben share this moment. So this is all connecting the dots for uh, Ben Ben and Johnny to go check out this place. You know, the first real mission to see. 
What was that? <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about that. <laughs> Oh boy, hot mic. <laughs> Sorry. Jeez, I think your soul just escaped your body there. <laughs> but uh, okay. anyway, the one thing I did read interesting about this scene that I wanted to bring up in the uh, before we move on from it is that the trophy does say 1998 so some people online were kind of going crazy that you know this can't be the same marvel universe from back in the day um yeah because reed wasn't in college in 1998 you know it kind of looks like this was college years or end of high school even uh oh, how, how you know which would be, throw you know, the marvel timeline off crazily you know what i'm saying <laughs> Yeah, but then like Reed would be like what eighty something years old, and Johnny would be like yeah. seventy. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. This, so, so you got to pretty much like ignore World War Two ever happened in the Marvel universe. I, I don't, I don't know what they're trying to get at. Uh, but uh, yeah, anyway, we go towards you know the final act here, which is Reed. No, not Reed. I'm sorry, Ben and Johnny at the school digging in the bottom of this trophy and basically pulling out what they've been looking for since the end of the uh, or middle of first issue uh, when they found out about this multi-sect. They pull it out, and uh, Ben says, as the issue closes up, we we got to start thinking about where we want to go. Um, so, yeah, that, that's how things end. Uh, so, buy, borrow, or forget as far as we go. Um, you know, I, I definitely think straight out this, this is a buy issue. Uh, it, it, the story moves... Uh, j just enough. Not not saying it's slow or anything, but it it moves enough that you know you're getting a little a little bit of the mystery each issue with just enough characterization to to not be bored or or you know the the scenes change, um, the transitions are nice, the art is is perfect. Uh, Complement everything going on here. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. Like I said, it just feels like a, a more classic feel to to the Marvel comics line again and then the books and I, I hope a few more kind of get this treatment uh get you on board for you know the the characters you're missing and yeah, even if it's just a hunt for for the people if it's done this well it'll be it'll be cool to watch and, and see go down so yeah this is a buy for me i really like uh you know even though i was a fan of chip at first in this marvel work i really like what he's doing here and i can't wait for issue three um so if Trevitt's still alive, he didn't gas himself out over there. I don't know, what, what do you think? <laughs> I was wondering if that was gonna if the, if the mic was gonna pick that up. I didn't realize it was gonna be that loud as the air like, like wait, is he really farting? No, oh yeah, he's really farting. <laughs> I didn't think it was gonna it was gonna register the mic, but I couldn't. But I couldn't help it. I've had bad gas ever since I woke up. I woke up this morning with like the worst stomach ache ever, and I've just been burping and farting. Oh, that's a... <laughs> nice little comic relief there. Um, so yeah, I love this book too. And I, I used to have the same feelings about Chip Zdarsky. Like when I first read those um, those spectacular issues, I did not like him. I, I hear good things about his Howard the Duck. I like the Star Lord, but I just the spectacular totally put me off him. And then I read this issue, made me go back to read like the most recent spectaculars, which weren't that bad. Um, but this book is fantastic. Uh, it definitely goes back to the roots of the Fantastic Four. When we got to that point in the issue where I forgot to mention it earlier, um, 
where Alicia and Ben were having the conversation and it says, you know, in Fantastic Four 277. I went back and I read 277, which was an, uh, an issue with two separate stories that kind of converge with each other where like uh, Reed and Sue are held captive by Mephisto and Doctor Strange is trying to free them. And then um, Ben's just coming back from Secret Wars and finding out that Johnny and Alicia have hooked up. Although I guess later on in Secret Invasion, we find out that that Alicia is a scroll. So, <laughs> but, so yeah, I guess she mentions scroll that in this issue. Yeah, yeah, that's what leads to you know yeah. it out. So she must have been a scroll for a long time. But that was a good issue. And like reading that issue, I got the same kind of feeling that I get like reading this and like the first one. So it does like provoke that um, that feeling that old Fantastic Four comics give you. Uh, this that, that was during the 277 was during the John Byrne era. Um, it's pretty much just perfect. Like I loved it. I love the art. I love the colors. I really don't have any complaints. I love Doom. Uh, I love his dialogue in this book. He sounds more like Doom in this book than he did in Infamous Iron Man. Like I know he was like trying to be a changed man, and it was from like a, a different perspective of Doom, um, different point of view for Doom in that book. But this is just more actual Doctor Doom. Just the way he talks, the way he insults Ben. Like he didn't insult Ben. And infamous the way he insults him in this book like it's just it's perfect like everything he says it's just i just laugh hysterically every time i read it uh, the flashback was great uh jim chung's pencils were great the detail was fantastic you can tell like just the cracks in ben's like skin or epidermis whatever you want to call it the colors were excellent the lighting like when the sun reflects off everything we're in the cave and johnny's fire lights up doom's magic starts lighting up the cave and all the, the green reflecting off everyone's faces. I love this issue. It was just, it was perfect all around. It's definitely my book. Of the week. It was totally a buy. Kinda. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree with everything you said there. Uh, my daughter is singing its praises in the background as well. Uh, <laughs> with that We're going to wrap it up. Uh, you know, you guys can find us talk about a few more books each week on the Marvel Madness Comics podcast, which we mentioned earlier. It's got a few different, you know, segments and stuff mixed in there throughout. So check us out there. Help us out. And, uh, yeah, we're going to sign out here. You can find us next week. Polls up on Monday. Been pretty good about that lately. Um, Aaron hasn't had to remind me. And, uh, yeah, so, so, you know, we're signing out, and we'll talk next week, guys. Peace out and adios. They got hit by cosmic rays. And the poor would change forever. It's the most fantastic way. No need to fear they're here. Just call the four. Fantastic four. Don't need no more. That's Time to hear reviews and listen to what Jim will say. We'll find out if he thinks the books are good or bad or just okay. Now's the time to hear reviews and listen to what Jim will say. We're waiting to hear all Jim's scores. We don't want to hear. Yeah.
there, Eric. I want to hey. hear you. I want to hear Eric Shea, uh, especially because he brings so much to the table, Eric. If Do you were I? Coming, if you were coming to my table, what would you bring? Would you bring mashed potato potatoes salad? and gravy? Well, then I'm in with you. I was going to actually know. give you the choice. I know what choice. you like, baby. I was going to give you the choice. Was it, it was going to be uh, potato salad, macaroni salad. Or coleslaw. At this exact moment, which of those three would I prefer? At what you would prefer? I would yes. say potato salad. Wrong. What would you prefer? I think I prefer prefer to. I can't even talk now. Prefer to potato salad, but I, I also yeah. really like the idea of bringing coleslaw. I would want coleslaw for some reason. I'm in the mood I love coleslaw. for coleslaw right now, and I am one of the uh, people who would actually just have a container of coleslaw and eat it. I, I have. love it. I love it. I love it on pulled pork sandwiches as well, and as we talked about on hot dogs, Eric, with chili. It's and so I, I love it so much, and now I'm hungry. Now you have got me hungry for coleslaw. I may have to go get some later tonight. But I also like you being here because the first book we're going to talk about tonight is one of your books, Eric. And how could I talk about it? Without you, and what probably pretty that? easily. Well, yeah, actually, it's not going to be that long a discussion, so maybe it would have been easy. But I still like to have your companionship oh. uh, with me, Eric, uh, and and that is uh, totally in a friendship type of way. Uh, maybe Says you, maybe more later off the air, but on the air, it's just we got to see, we got to work things through. We got to see where we can go from here. Well, I mean, we already had talked uh, in other podcasts about a spooning and who would be What's where and what and whatever. Nothing. Obviously, I'm, saying, I'm the I big want, spoon. Come on. I want to take it to the next level is what I'm talking about. I, right. This spooning stuff ain't doing it for me anymore. I need to take it to the Touch next level. Touch my dick already. No, no, I'm telling you. The next level is you bringing coleslaw to me. Oh, That's the next level. And that's just what I feeding meant too. it. Feeding it to me. But yes, tell us about Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman number 39, written by James Robinson, with art by Emmanuel Lupacino, Carmen Carnero, Ray McCarthy, Romeo Fajardo Jr., and Seda Temafante. The Silver Swan is going after Wonder Woman, but we don't have time for that because Darkseid is still out and about doing shit and apparently working with Deep Six, whoever they are. But thankfully, Jason gets us back to our Silver Swan story by showing up to the fight and proving he's worthless. And as the issue ends, our heroes are falling from the sky, maybe to their deaths. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Daddy. Yeah, uh, this is uh, the best part of this whole issue is that the mention of Deep Six but it mentioned by dark side. I, I'm telling you, I saw a little deep six. That should not be anything that crosses the lips of dark side. It really shouldn't. Dark side should be involved with a, a lot more, you know, higher profile people than. Well, deep that's the six. thing. She's talking about like, oh, I got granny goodness. I got my female theories here. Oh, and deep six. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, deep yeah. Six, it, yeah. it really is. Which one doesn't belong? I want to start singing the which one, one doesn't of these belong here. Like the I'm other. like, I, I believe it's deep six. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is a, a pretty quick issue. I can't say uh, that it's the greatest issue of Wonder Woman. Uh, yeah. you, you go on, and, and I'll tell you right now, I love Emmanuel Lupacino's art. Not so much this issue. This issue seemed a little off uh, at points for me. For well, the, that's the thing Emmanuel is, you Lupacino. also had Carmen Carnero coming in okay. and doing a lot of the pencils Well, that's as well. what it must have been, because I, I didn't even realize that. I'm just reading it, and I'm like, boy, some of this is a little off. But yeah, really, you, you continue this fight between Vanessa, I mean Silver Swan, Eric. Oh, I my like God, I'm telling you, the thing, that's it. the worst. I was hyping the story up so much from what we 
got last issue. Just the whole like slow pace talking about yeah. Vanessa and her origin story yeah. becoming Silver Swan. I thought it was really well done. We jump into this. I'm Silver Swan, but I'm going to keep referring to myself as Vanessa and then rectifying that by saying, yeah. I mean, like, you know, oh, not me. I mean, uh, Vanessa's mother yeah. died, not my mother. And I'm like, and, and it just weird. goes on and it's on. It's weird like, that it on. says that because all you need to do at the very beginning is at one point and one time only at the beginning, have Wonder Woman go, listen, Vanessa, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to ignore you. I have, listen, Vanessa's dead. You're now de- dealing with Silver Swan. I'm glad it's me. What not? And just get over with. It's almost like this, like, almost like it's supposed to be a reveal, which it's not. Obviously, no. we know what's going on, so it actually gets pretty annoying. Now, I said last issue two things that I really didn't like, the Silver Swan intro type of deal. But I did say, boy, I wish that they made it so these nanites were kind of spelled out that was affecting her brain and making her evil. Wonder Woman does throw that out here. So we don't I'm, know if thinking, it's true or not. I'm thinking that's the way they're going to go. Why does would Wonder you Woman know about nanites? That? doesn't matter. James Robinson knows. He would not have her say that. If that's not the case, that is the out for her because really there's this little girl we saw that had some problems. Wonder Woman helped her. Now she is a murderer, and I do believe they want to I, have I'd a like way to out. I like to think though. I like to think that we have this whole nanite operation that could allow Vanessa to walk again. She's a one in a billion chance of being able to do it yep. for the way her body is, whatever the makeup she has. I don't know, understand science or anything like that. I would like to imagine these in like a pill bottle form, like oh, I have these nanites here. Um, yeah. Let's see what these uh. It may cause wings to sprout, yeah. uh, a canary cry, Check. and going inside. I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is all this stuff, though? These things that should have been allowed her to, like, you know, walk again, somehow yes. make her well, have a well, suit my, of armor my and favorite. Sp- have a canary cry? Yeah, well, my favorite also is is when you have that. Like, I, I could go right now and I could take uh, medicine that is going to keep me from having a heart attack. Unfortunately, one of the side effects would be heart attack. Heart attack. So yeah. I love it. It's like some of the side effects, uh, not being able to walk. Uh, getting very angry and hating Wonder Woman. Uh, okay, I, I can deal, with, I can deal with that. Everything has that, of course. But yeah, I, I can deal with that. All right. It's like that Chantrix that is like, hey, it'll help you stop smoking. They have the people like, man, without Chantrix, I'd still be smoking. Some side effects are suicide, uh, instant death. I'm like, I don't know. The smoking know doesn't sound so a, bad anymore. Look, I'm telling you, when I run out of a pack of cigarettes, I can instantly consider suicide. Yeah, you do. But at least you could just go get the cigarettes. But yeah, with this it kind of just is a battle between i mean this whole issue pretty much is just silver swan continuously saying like why did you leave Vanette? i mean me i mean and her just, i mean that, you know it just keeps also going just reiterating everything we read yes, in the last everything issue. so you have that and then you do get that little bit where you have dark side and grail in the amazon and you go there. Are they a Geneticron? That's what I thought. I'm telling you right away. I'm looking. Where's the Geneticron That's what I was there? For. It'd be so funny. Uh, yeah, but it, they were like, hey, we're at this, uh, you know, this temple. And you have Grail. Like, hey, aren't you concerned that Jay, you know, Jason and Wonder Woman are going to come? You know what? You know who I don't see here? Jason and Wonder Woman. So shut your mouth. That's basically what he is, says. When the whole thing, you know, Darkseid standing over looming into the goddamn jungle like he would on Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Not the jungle, but just looming and staring yeah, at you Yeah, he's does. just staring off. And yeah, Grail's like, like he would. I'm concerned about some things, primarily the temple here in the Amazon jungle. Wonder Woman's been here? Jason told me, when? Yeah, yeah, I know. They, they spell I, I, it I out. I have no idea what you're talking about. Is well, this the place that Jason took her before? It, it may be, but that, it, in, it in this place. It seemed like an island. 
And really, we don't even know what this real, what's going on. It really is just thrown out there. In the meantime, they do have the relics that were being gathered by, by Giganta, Giganta and stuff. So they're all there. He's saying, oh, it's good. We have those. That's when he says, I have the Furies. Here he is. For now, I have my female Furies. And the Deep Six, of course. Oh, of course. Oh, of course. The Deep Six. Who could do anything without the Deep Six? Uh, and the thing is, it's it's really cool because it is tying in some stuff that we had in Superman with the Imperius Lex mm. thing where he's like, at this point, you know, Darkseid's just come back. He's at his right age, his right power yeah. set. He doesn't know who he can trust because Apocalypse is all over the place with its leadership right now. Yeah. Everybody's just vying to become the new Lord of Apocalypse. Yeah, like like Mr. And so Miracle and Orion trust, in the Tom King book, Eric. But then you – what? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Though. I think he's talking about the Tom King Mr. Are Miracle you shut, book. Shut we you see all that. Up. I'm not talking I mean, he, about that. I'm, I'm never sure, talking about that. I'm telling you. I'm but, sure 90% of the people are thinking of that and not thinking of Imperious Rex, which they should be. Lex, that, that's not the Rex. Problem. Yeah, Lex. I mean, but that's what they should be. Nobody's thinking of that. Everybody who reads this book, I guarantee you, at least 75% think that he's talking about the Mr. Miracle book and Orion and Mr. Miracle. It's nonsense because, like you said, you have these furies. That and they have the furies. Goodness, they were locked up last time we saw them in Superman. I'm like, how did we get them out? I don't think we'll ever find out. But again, I you think that's bad, Granny Goodness? She should be dead, Eric. She was dead in the Mr. Miracle book. And, Nobody and is go. talking about Tom King's uh, work. Me and you aren't. Everybody else is. I've seen it online that people are saying that this this is what happens with what's going on now. I have seen more than one person on Twitter say that this book by James Robinson is a bunch of garbage because it's not in continuity because Mr. Miracle already showed us stuff that happened. This is what this is the problem with that Tom King Mr. Miracle throws everything else out of the loop to most people. And I didn't see one person say, oh, my God, Imperious Lex. They had, nobody knows. Nobody cares about you that. You go it's over to weirdscience.com, weirdsciencedccomics.com. You can find out all about the Imperious Lex yeah, right there can. and me talking about it in this review of Wonder Woman. And, and really, like, uh, I saw some other people like, oh, what's going on? This doesn't make sense. Darkseid's on Earth. He's fighting a war on him. This is the problem. This is what happens. And I give when, up. Yeah, and this is what happens when you have books that jump around and then claim they're in continuity when, in fact, it's probably all dream so i just wanted to bring it up that most people are going with that not what should be which was the imperious lex story even though we still don't get any ideas of how the furies unless it just seems that he kind of boomed two of them out of there and and with them he has this deal maybe that's just what it was he just maybe saved just them by out kind of thing quick yeah, yeah, he just, he just boomed them out apocalypse stuff that i'm not going to talk about right because i mean he's booming them left and right here he booms them out into a uh, turkey where they're going to fight and things like that. Uh, but I also heard in that Mr. Miracle book, Eric, that you shouldn't boom tube. Earth to earth boom tubes cause problems. That's what I learned in that Mr. Miracle as well. And you see it here. I, I it's just nonsense. You. I'm telling you, that I'm just saying that when you're talking about the Imperious Lex, it's deaf ears. Nobody knows and nobody cares. It's just that's the furious That's why ear. I'm not only a performer, Jim. I'm that an That is informer. true. But yeah, I'm, I'm telling for the most part, you just have to go with he has the furies. It's dark side. Here they are. And he sends uh, them out to fight. Now, that's basically what I go with. Uh, but yeah, they which go Which I'm telling fights. you, it goes with me too, but the stuff he's talking about. All right, it all makes sense from yeah, what we had in yeah. Furious Lex. Besides oh, I the think furies it, it fully here. makes sense. Uh, but he goes... And they go to fight the uh, Oddfellow. The Oddfellow. Steve Trevor. 
Uh, again, this is such a quick-moving issue because as Jason is cleaning up his apartment then, he sees on the news, the DC News, Eric, the DC News Channel. He sees well, they live that, in DC. Yeah, he sees that Wonder Woman is fighting. Yeah, of course, it is a wink-wink, though, as well. But he's, <laughs> Wonder Woman is fighting. What do you, what do you mean, sir? Yeah, wink yeah, to uh, what? I'm telling you, wink-wink. I, I don't know. But Wonder Woman is fighting Silver Swan. It says that right there. They have live yeah. footage. And that's where Jason, who looks – Emmanuel Lupacino – knows how to make a sexy Jason. So he, he doesn't have that crazy nose. and she, That he crazy thinks, Balboa nose. Yeah, and he thinks like, hey, what's going on here? I'm trying to do a Rocky. It was really bad. Uh, he thinks this is his way to prove that he isn't a jerk. And actually he's like, you know, talking to himself. Kind of goes to the point where I thought they were going to make him uh, pretty much insane the way he was going. But it, it's just him like, oh, well, you shouldn't do that, Jason. Huh, really, Wonder Woman? You, you're pain in the ass. You're all stick in the mud. And and then he wants to And actually, the thing is, it's not bad because it does add a bit of character to Jason. Yeah. We don't know a lot about him. Just the idea of him standing there watching the news, thinking back to Wonder Woman scolding trash. him and doing her voice as he's arguing. I'm like, that's yeah. kind of funny. And, and even then, there there is a little bit of a tie-in here that I like because this goes against what he said before because before he said oh i had to sit and watch you save the world knowing this and that you were my sister you ignored me uh you know so there's even that like fuck it this time i'm going i'm going to show her and he does and he shows up he kind of at first he is kind of kicking ass but again it's like page after page of just silver swan and wonder woman then jason shows up and then basically creates says, a hey, tornado yeah, i'm here to, to to cause trouble causes a tornado that which is pretty cool uh it looks like they're gonna win out but silver swan actually was you know kind of on as a ruse and used her metal wings to kind of protect herself. herself yeah and then just comes up and slices his jugular like oh, I want to do to you half the time. But yeah, he ends up with a, a sliced throat. In the meantime, Wonder Woman then has to announce, listen, uh, the, the, you know, the kid, kid gloves, gloves are off. off. I'm going to go and you're going to see the true deal of an Amazon and cuts her wing. And then what happens, Eric? Because I'll I... I'll tell you, she cuts the one wing in half and then out of nowhere, Silver yeah. Swan just explodes. It's an and atomic we end explosion. this issue yeah. with the fucking everybody just falling out of the sky. And I mean like high in the sky and it's the worst part because at this point I'm like, What's going on? Because I had no idea we were this high up in the air. Yeah, it's like a solar flare that goes off. I'm I'm guessing that it's going to be something like the nanites reacted possibly to Wonder Woman's magical sword. I don't know either. It might be just that. Uh, whatever though, but it's, it's such a weird Hans Gruber ending because you have that explosion and then you have like a whole six panels of just Jason falling and bleeding, that he's falling a little more, that Wonder Woman looks knocked out, she's falling and Silver like Swan's you said, falling. Yeah, Silver Swan is falling and you're like, I don't know, maybe they're all dead. And then like next songs end. Oh, goodness gracious. But and I'm telling you, I got read. done this issue. I'm like, what happened between last issue and this? Because I thought, Everything was paced really well in the previous issue. Here, everything feels disjointed to sell. We're going back to dark side out of nowhere. I'm like, what the hell happened to my story that yeah, I was fucking hyping yeah. up like no other? Yeah, to me, it seemed more like it was just a filler issue because there's not much of a Silver Swan story. So you had to kind of have this. The stuff with, you know, I know that they want to show dark side kind of get going with that. But really, Which that I, is not. I, I did. I'm sorry. I did not expect anything of dark side no, for a little either. while now. Going back to I'm like, all right, you know what? I would like to see what dark side is up to because we have been setting stuff up with Steve Trevor on the side. But yeah. him going and finding the artifacts or whatnot. So it's cool. But 
even with his inclusion here, and the tempo they're at, I know nothing about. Yeah, that's the problem. I think that this issue, we would have been better. Deep six. We would have been better to have more of just not trash-talking fights here and basically a continuation of Silver Swan. Listen, you weren't there when my – I mean her mother died and then Wonder Woman saying, listen, I'm sorry. I didn't get word, and it wasn't because I was upset at you. Uh, I just – I have a crazy life. You know that, and listen – Vanessa, you should, you're not a killer. Why did you do this? This family was innocent. You are worse now. You did what you didn't want to have happen to your family. You just did it. Someone says she's sick. Which is, it seemed like a weird line with that with Wonder Woman. But then they just fight, and it just goes yeah. back and forth. I would have rather – whatever's going to happen next, I'd rather have a whole issue of Wonder Woman, Silver Swan, Jason showing up. Less filler, the whole story. And then when we go to next issue, start off by showing us what this temple is. I, I actually, where I think, like you said, like, when did they go? You don't have an editor's note. You know why? Because they never did. We, we oh. never saw that. So I would have, like, the next issue then fleshed us out. Show a flashback of when they were there. Then show a little of how Darkseid got the, the Furies and the female Furies and stuff like that. And then like tell that. us what's up with Genetocron. Yeah, Wait, that's stuff, not yeah, the story. Really, no, no. But, it, you know, I did think of that, though. Uh, and if anybody doesn't know what we're talking about, in the beginning of Action Comics, that lab where Doomsday and – uh, oh, Was being held disappeared. It just disappeared and then ended up showing up in the Amazon, which then makes it like – And we never did there. anything No, we never it. got anything from it. That that was disappeared after Mixie kind of was brought into play and everything was kind of, you know, pushed towards that after a God while. But, uh, but with this, though, it's like you, you just don't get enough of either story. No. And really, to me, the Silver Swan Wonder Woman story, it seems better suited for an annual a one shot, you know, something where you need something to fill in. Uh, and it's that, like you said, you like the idea of Silver Swan, but it could have been condensed into one issue, everything we got, because there was nothing here. The more important thing is Dark Side, obviously. That's huge in the DCU. Well, it's Give very us more huge. I'm telling you, since we had all that arc, though, like, I'm, I wouldn't even get much out of that arc. No, I didn't really, think you that know, we were going to get him this quick, though. I'm exactly. With you. I thought we would have had an arc, you know, we would have broken up the pacing of that a little bit where we had a, what had a yeah. arc going on about Silver Swan, and then we would have gotten back. Back to Dark Side and his yeah. machinations. And I just whatnot. don't think that, that that Silver Swan's that important to have a full arc, but that's fine. But it's, the thing it's, was, it's a villain for Wonder Woman. It's yeah. an actual Wonder Woman villain. I'm like, yeah. okay, we haven't no, had that in a long now. time. We're not going to see her uh, again after the next issue. Again, I'll, I'll bet you, Burrito, she's done. But, uh, but other than that, you had Steve Trevor and the Odd Fellows go off. Hey, we're going to check out these artifacts. We got some coordinates uh, from uh, Gigana when they took her in. I would have liked to see a little bit of that before they just get attacked by the Furies. Now you're yeah. just pushing them towards there. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more of Steve Trevor and the Oddfellas kind of going and checking out these artifacts, getting a little bit that leads maybe to this temple and dark side. But it just seemed very rushed to get there, and, and nothing really happens in this issue that I was that excited about. But what did you give it? I gave this issue a 5.8 out of 10. I liked the art for the most part, but the pacing really killed me. And the whole idea that we got nothing out of anything in this just yeah. to a cliffhanger ending where I'm like, all right, we fought and now everybody's falling. All yeah, right. Yeah, I'd give it a 5.5. Yeah, it's it's nothing going on. It was one of these filler issues that we so talk about all the time about when you, you go and you're excited about something and you read it and you're just like, boy, nothing really happened. I mean, nothing really 
progressed. No. And we did see a couple things that I want to see later. Deep Six, Eric. Deep Six. Deep Six. I don't know what's going on with them, but we're going to move on pistol to the next trip. one. Pistol Shrimp. Pistol Shrimp. I need that. Where Where is wrong turn here? Uh, what did you say? Pistol Shrimp. Pistol Shrimp. Pistol Shrimp. What, what did you think about this wrong turn? I don't know. No, I don't huh. know. That's because you can't read. That is the Alexa version of Wrong Turn. Ask Ask Alexa Wrong Turn a questioner. Um, wrong Turn. How many feet are in a mile? I don't know. Ask no. him another. Maybe he just doesn't know that. Ask Alexa Wrong Turn another questioner. Um, wrong Turn. Uh, does the seven seven hundred issue of Flash now? Does that does that include the original Flash, Jay Garrick? I don't know. He doesn't know. Why did I spend so much money on this thing? <laughs> well, ask one more question. Maybe he'll know that. How about ask ask him a joke? You know, when you ask, I think that he might be able to do that. All ask right, him right, a joke. Right. Wrong turn. Tell me a joke. Knock, knock. Who's there? Does this rhyme? There you go, Eric. It was worth all God the money damn it. you paid. Hey, hey uh, wrong turn. What podcast are you on right now? Where DC Dahmer books. Yeah. See? Dobber books. That's worth, <laughs> that's worth all the money that we'd ever pay. There you go, Eric. All that money that we, we use to pay for that. we got to start mass producing the wrong turn. <laughs> wrong turn. What? Who is America's sweetheart? I don't know. Wait a second. How can he not know that, Eric? He, he's coming up short. Do you like continuity over story or story over continuity? Story of continuity. There you go, Eric. That there you go. That that's I pretty good, right? That's pretty good, right? What yeah. would you say about Eric's last date? It's just that easy. Oh, there you go. He's starting <laughs> to improve. He's starting to learn things. Uh wrong turn. If you learned that Eric Shea would like to go outside and socialize with strangers. What would you call that? Must be Eric Shea Reborn. See? He's doing it, Eric. He's doing it's it. learning. Wrong turn. He's using tools. Wrong turn. <laughs> what is one plus one? I don't know. Oh, there he goes. We, I ruined it again. It's almost like a reboot of his when you say that. Uh, wrong turn. What time is it? Not on my watch. I didn't ask you about your watch. I wanted to yeah, know the, the time. Yeah, the time's not on his watch. Oh, my goodness gracious. There he goes, Eric. See, that? that is what we go. What would you get if you combined a pistol and a shrimp wrong turn? Pistol shrimp? He's right. He is right. Eric, that what is wrong turn? What is Eric Shea's catchphrase? Boosh. Okay, there you go, Eric. He, he knows all the important good. info at least. Wrong turn. What is if I had something that was colored blue? What color would it be? I don't know. God damn it. We we lost it again, Eric. It's always like that extra thing. I flew too close to the sun with wrong turn Alexa. I, I don't know what happened, Eric. Here we go. Uh, wrong turn. Am I going to be talking about the Flash for my next book? I don't know. All right. I, I, thought, I thought I was going to bring him back, Eric. I, I couldn't. Flash number 39. 
Somehow I put Flash number 39 review. I put that Good. in my notes there. Written by Joshua Williamson. Art by Carmen, DG, and DeMonico, Ivan Placencia, and Steve Wands. With the Flash War looming up ahead, Joshua Williamson is setting up the pieces as well as getting Barry and Iris closer to being a couple again. This issue has some recap to get new readers in before the event, but it continues being enough fun, and the addition of Grodd is something I've been waiting for for a long time. And... uh I can't say that I like Grodd more than the Rogues. I do like the Rogues. The problem is the Rogues are kind of, you know, we've had them now, and it was a little lackluster, I have to, I have to admit. So yeah. seeing Grodd, pretty cool. The problem is, is anybody who would buy this for Grodd has to be at least a little disappointed about this issue because he shows up at the end. I'm telling you, that's the thing of, is, they should not have had Grodd on the cover. That no. would have been really cool, yeah, just a cliffhanger really if you didn't know it was coming. It's almost like they, they didn't – like they're not confident enough to just have him. It was weird. Wrong turn. Why did they put Grodd on the cover? I don't know. I don't know either. See, I guess he's right there because I can't say that he's wrong. I, I'm not. You start off and you do go through this thing at the beginning, you know, since their earliest days, uh, humans have been fascinated with power. Now, as you go through here, you find out later that this is actually a narration from Grodd uh, yeah. at the end. Like he's pretty much, you know preaching to the choir i guess this would be him talking to say i, I, just, I just love that whatever. in god's mind time the timeline of ancient man trying to grab power is caveman yes and then dr frankenstein yep yep he's a dr frankenstein fan eric he sees that you see a bunch of you see the pyramid you see ben franklin you know all this stuff that kind of ties into what they're kind of retroactively like making that the speed force kind of you know what i mean i don't mind it i thought it was called you see probably tesla there it might be and then you go so. and you even see where it looks like when barry actually became the flash a little but then you go and you have barry who you know you get a little narration of basically okay when i was a kid uh my first love uh was sally sherman and i was a little embarrassed it was third grade but my she mom told herp. me my mom basically said barry just be honest and be yourself now this is the best part and of this tell her you have me. a lot of money Yes, and the, yeah, and the, the best part about this though is, is Barry does this, and hey, my name is Barry Allen. He says it all the time, and I'm the fastest yeah. man alive. Things like that. Grodd has been listening. However, this is involved. Grodd's been listening. Grodd's been listening to all of his inner monologue, including him saying this here. My mom said to just be myself because at the end, Grodd starts throwing shade at him like, listen, Iris isn't going to love you if you're yourself because you're just Barry I, Allen. I, I just know? imagine. Say you're just going about your day and you have these inner monologues to yourself, just like my mom told me I was a handsome yeah, little yeah. boy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Who, who has these inner monologues? I don't know, but I want my villain. Grodd's sitting there and he's like, he's got such a head. And finally, he just says, Jim, God listen, we all know that Mounds is better than Almond Joy. Just shut up, damn man, because right. that's all I'm, I'm thinking all day. Like, huh, you know what? I can go for some pretzels. <laughs> he probably would get so, so annoyed. Like, listen, just go get those pretzels and, and stop thinking of food. But you think, think that's of better? Imagine if Grodd was in my head, me trying to put together oh, the yeah. continuity of different horror movies all yeah, throughout he, the day. He, he, this is the thing. This would actually be the way to destroy Grodd. He'd go insane, especially with you. He just, he's sitting there and it's like, you know, I can just imagine your narration to it. It's like, 
I'm Eric Shea, and I'm the man-child of all man-childs. And then you're just sitting there, you know what? The visionaries, huh? I really liked them uh, a lot as a kid. Grodge Not as much like, as the supernatural, yeah, though. Uh, uh, Grodge grinding his fucking teeth like, what uh, the hell? Why did I have to get involved with this? Because He's yeah. sawing his own head off? Oh, yeah. He just cuts his head off. <laughs> He's so upset. Case closed. Uh, it's done. But, yeah, the whole time now, it sees that uh, Grod is kind of – can listen into Barry's thoughts, uh, which, you know, that makes sense uh, yeah. with Grodd being back. Uh, as this goes on, you do have that continuation of the funny scene that we thought was funny, at least, where Iris all of a sudden seemed like she showed up at Barry's mom's grave, uh, totally shocked that she was there. You continue this way, and it makes it the last issue more funny to me because she's like, hey, when you said to meet you at your mom's grave, I knew, you know, something was up. I came, and then they kind of go through the whole thing about, you know, you lied to me, you didn't tell me the deal all this and stuff even, and then actually, throw i got in. angry at this part because the whole thing is this seems to be all hinged on the idea of what you know iris told barry during yeah. you know the, the dark night's metal the yeah. red death or thing i wish we were together again stuff like that yeah. apparently metal's over in the in the flash world right now yes. and everything's fucking resolved itself but now now that she's like you know not ancient anymore and has a bit of clarity yeah, you know yeah. what that was I didn't really mess you. Yeah, and that was me. I thought I was going to die, though. The other thing is, I don't know if we're going to end up getting that resolved in, if anything, maybe in Metal 6, where we get this montage spread page of things kind of tying about, because he sent them off, and, and we didn't know what happened to them. No. Wally and Iris, they kind of just got sent off, and he was going to protect them. But yeah, I, I guess everything worked out, Eric. Iris survived, and so did Wally. But yeah, this and now fully, she has second thoughts about yeah, this, she this, said yeah. Dying. yeah, this fully sets it in the post-metal deal right here. And yeah, I'm, I, Eric, how many times did you become religious during, uh, you know, times of need? What are you uh, talking about? That my encounter, talk, click, like, like, you know, coming down, I'm like, oh shit, I better find Jesus. Yeah, really? And, and she just, she told Barry. Thinking, Y2K? You know, oh, where's my Bible <laughs> I'm at? telling you, to me, Iris, Iris just thought like, you know what? I, I found out that he's the Flash, so I guess he's the the best chance of saving me. So I'm going to lie and say that I missed him. But yeah, they, they kind of go here. But she says, you know what? With all this, I, I am very glad that you've been hanging out with Wally. It makes me happy. He he wants to be friends with her, he says. And it's a nice enough moment. He says, I and just miss my friend. I think she's just playing coy to the point where she said, I want you to tell me all your yeah. secrets and take me to the Watchtower. You yeah, do that's this, all. we're solid. Telling you, he's like, I, w- I just want to be friends with benefits. She didn't. <laughs> but uh, she's like, listen, then t- show me. And it, it's also weird because I, I got the idea because she's like, okay, you know what, Barry? You're telling me I want to see him. I'm like, oh, here we go. It's dress him. up time. Captain it's co- Chaos. It's costume time because then he's like, zoom, zoom, and he's there as the Flash. And you're like, that was quick. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And uh, then she's like, you know what? The worst part of this issue was he's like, listen, I'll tell you how I became flesh. She she already knows. She's like, yeah. and it's supposed to make her seem smarter. Than, and it just seemed a little off. Like, no, that's it's just how. Captain Hindsight is what it is. I'm telling you, that's how she figures it out. Like, oh, that, that lightning. And uh, okay. It was the biggest moment of, tra- you know, of something that happened to him. Not tragedy because his mom's death obviously would be different. But, uh, you know, she figured out his 
his origin, but now she wants to know more. She wants to pretty much know what does the Flash do every day. In the meantime, you go off to Wally, who's following Dr. Carver from Black Hole, who created the Speed Force, the police truck going to his trial. Now, one thing, I look at him. Somebody needs to get him a shirt for this trial. He, he looks bare-chested. I don't know what kind of trial, but it threw me off a little because this would be something I thought that Barry would have also been very concerned with if, in fact, Wally is saying, like, oh, we like, know that somebody's going to Why does he even have his, like, orange freaking prison jumpsuit no, or anything he's, going on? he's bare-chested. Strip you naked and put you on the van, boy. <laughs> he is. But there's Wally, and Wally's saying that, like, hey – uh, he was with Black Hole when they unleashed the Speed Force, and he, they kind of tie into that nonsense right. that I said where they want to connect that Speed Force storm to Wally becoming a speedster. This is not as much. They, Joshua Williamson tries to get out of it a little, saying it helped me turn me into Kid Flash. Not fully saying, but it's still – we know what it means. It, it, he, they are still going they like are, Speed They are dragging storm. that shit underneath the rug from what we had yeah. in the New 52. Yeah, we don't want to talk was, about Wally in that time. Wally. We, he never yeah. had powers to the Speed Force storm as far as we're concerned. No, I remember when he was playing dodgeball with Speed Force powers at the end of the New 52 in an episode or an issue that I actually liked, that I actually thought it was like an 80s movie. Uh, that issue was pretty cool, but yeah, they're gonna wipe that under the, you know, the rug, like you said. Uh, with that. I said drag. I don't know where I'm going. You gotta drag this shit under the rug, like a dead body. Yeah, you drag it. That's what you do. Tie it up and throw it in the river, like a hooker. Uh, when we get this, though, uh, Avery shows up. And it's, it's nice enough. It's to get Avery in this book. When the flash war happens, I, there's no other doubts about that in my mind. But it did bring me to remembering something that I told you that I don't remember being resolved when the Justice League showed up and faced them in China because Avery is not supposed to have powers. She was no. supposed to have given up the Speed Force when everybody else besides Wally gave them up from that Speed Force storm, and we saw that she didn't totally give them up and then went off to China. Uh, that was never really resolved with that, but it, it, this is just the status quo Dragged now. it right underneath the rug. Yeah, yeah, dragged it underneath the rug. <laughs> Uh, but with that, that the Carver's, you know, it looks like a Brinks truck. It, it actually blows up, and they think that it's Black Hole definitely coming to, to grab him. It's not. It looks like they're there, and they killed him. Uh, I would only guess that he That's was going to be the able to. Part. I have no idea what happened to this truck all of a sudden. It just yeah, blows it just up blows like, up. And, I, and we have yeah. two speedsters here. No, we're just going to watch this dude burn. We're not going to figure out why yeah, this truck Yeah, but then we see exploded. Carver's completely dead. He's all burned up. And I guess that the whole deal was that he might have told, told some secrets. They do say at the one point, like, oh, you know what? He, he, Godspeed warned us that he's not the one who's fully in he's control. He's only a general. Of, you know, he's only a general. I'm like, really? Godspeed? He's been in jail for a long time. He knows a lot. The fuck does Godspeed Yeah, know? I'm telling you, he must know a lot. But they go off and then you go. While this is going on, and again, some big stuff going on, and Barry is just now giving the tour of the Watchtower to Iris, and Iris is up there and basically says, hey, you're part of the Justice League, so you know who all these guys are. Why don't you tell me their secret identities, and then I can scoop Lois Lane. Why don't you like, go fuck yourself, yeah, lady? like, really? You think that he's going to do that? And I like the way Joshua Williamson kind of plays, and he's like, that's kind of their secrets to tell, not mine. And... Oh, yeah, you heroes like, love your secrets. I remember all yeah. these secrets you were keeping from me, but I'm like, here we go again. Yeah, and he, she's, and he she's trying to like, kill them. As soon, as soon as he doesn't give her exactly what she wants in this fucking huge yep. scheme of things, oh, 
Another secret, huh? Yeah, I'm yeah. Like, Iris, you're making me hate you. Yes, yes. And then what happens is she's like, oh, well, you know, back in Central City, how do you know when all this stuff is going on? And he's like, oh, you know, these ears here, they're actually radio, you know, deal. And I get the radio transmissions Fail. from the police and stuff like that. And uh, with that, it, again, it's something there. It has to tie in later. It really does. That just thrown out there for no reason, just for Iris to ask that. Seems like that's going to be well, something more Well, I'm telling you, the important. thing is, we have shit going down in Central City right now. And nothing's Why is he going, not getting any radio Because he's in space, Eric. He ain't oh, got no reception. What, how does he come through a boom tube? Well, that's what I thought. It was, so, it was so is hilarious. Monitor, I'm like, Cyborg's just standing up. He's not even important to be in the story because they do come through a boom tube. And end up in Central City, and as they go, this is where you get this narration. And and Barry does Dark even side say, just like, open up boom tubes all willy-nilly. Oh, yeah, flash just all willy-nilly. There he goes. Uh, but he does say Flash. It's like, you know what? I tell her everything that means Flashpoint, the chaos, and the time stream. Everything means telling her she has two nephews named Wally. Wally said he wasn't ready to tell her. And it says see Not Flash. more secrets. It says see Flash Annual, which comes out next week. The problem is you don't have to go that far. Wally has actually told Flash at least twice in this book not to tell Iris because he yeah. wasn't ready. So it's funny that they use that as a really sneaky way to try to have you read that Flash annual when we already well, know the, that the Wally is, said not to do that. Flash that. Annual, I'm definitely going to read that now. I'm like, you know, I read everything. But if I wasn't, I'm definitely going to read that now because I'm going to say, oh, shit, Wally's going to be a thing. He's going to tell yeah. Iris. I need to read that story. Yeah, but I, I, that's the thing. He, he's not going to tell her. He says he wasn't ready to tell her, see the Flash annual. That's just going to be him saying again, I'm not ready. I, I don't think that they would say, you know, he wasn't ready and then tell you to go to the Flash annual. That's what I'm mad at. It seems like that Flash annual, you're just going to get the same thing he said twice already. Not. That's what it says. It's not like, you know what? It's not for me to tell. Maybe he'll come around and tell her. See Flash Annual when Wally tells her. There you go. It's a, it's the prelude here. I do think after this Flash War, we will end up doing this, and I think that will be the last step of Iris well, and Well, good, Barry because we need together. some more answers from Wally West. It's been a year yeah. and a half since he came yeah, on the Speed Force. Haven't done shit with him. And that's the only thing that gets me excited. I'm not excited because I don't think he'll tell her in this the way they spell it out. But – I assume Wally was going to be in the Flash War anyway, but he'll be in this prelude to it, so that pretty much seals the deal that he's on the All-Star team here with Avery and Wally and Wally, and, and I, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but as this goes on, when they go back, they're in Central City, and shit starts slowing down. It Kind of the way they play it out, it almost looks like it's snowing. Uh, but it's this all time is slowing down. Barry's very confused. He doesn't know what's going on, but he starts hearing this narration that we find out that is Grodd. And it's, you know, the whole thing. She won't want Barry Allen, the whole thing. Because he says, honestly, I'm not even sure I, I, if I tell Iris everything about the Flash. And then Grodd interrupts him. If you do, then she won't want Barry Allen. And I do think that they kind of Joshua Williamson pushed this idea with her saying, I don't want to hear from you, Barry. I want to hear it from him and then him becoming. I think that this is pushed that he will think that. But did she say or Grodd says to him, the flash is the only thing that makes you special. Your mother lied to you about being yourself, Barry, which was the beginning of the issue ties into that. But that when she can know the flash, you know, and all this. And he's like, who is this in my head? Everything. Am I speeding up or things slowing down? He realizes that time's slowing down. And then he sees the, you know, the speed force lightning in the distance and then starts going well, off. I, I want to know 
how much has time slowed down? Because it's been like a second for Barry Allen, it seems like. He starts running off, and all of a sudden yeah. we have a giant lightning rod that's built on top of the Central City Police Department. I'm like, when did this get put here? Yeah, I, I actually – I didn't even think – and I'm looking – yeah, there's that crazy thing. I don't know. He froze time, but it's there. It's more, and also maybe that's why they threw. I I wondered why they had multiplex in it. Right. Uh, maybe that's why because the time froze. You did a lot of work to get a done. A thousand, quick. a thousand multiplexes just boom, 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 made it. Boom goes, and then there we go, and they attack. And it really did throw me off a multiplex, yeah, but, which has been here in the book. So he's there. This leads to them just there with Mina and and your man. Man, Ray Jin, the oh, Ray uh, master Jin. of lightning. And these are characters that were in the book. He was in the yeah. book and he was with Mina. He was with uh, uh, Black Hole. He has the symbol there. And he says, no, I'm not. I'm not the leader. I'm just another soldier in this conflict, the rightful owner of the power you have abused and hoarded for too long. And it goes on with the thing with Mina, even. She was mad that Barry didn't save her, but all of the even reverse flash, it always goes down to Barry Allen is selfish with the Speed Force, even though we see 50 million speedsters all the time. But it's always up to him. And then it just is revealed then. It is Grodd. And it's a very cool way they reveal it, it, it as you see it. Cool, but he's on the cover. By the end, though, I'm telling you, it's, a, it's an awesome reveal. And if I didn't know yeah. this going in, I would have been really excited by this reveal for this mm-hmm. cliffhanger. I just want to know what's up with the Flash because he's sitting on a giant glowing throne. I'm like, how could you miss this yeah, until yeah. he grabs <laughs> you by the face? He's just there. Uh, and he does say, uh, every time you said my name is Barry Allen, you are confessing to me. I know your real secrets, all your inner worries and fears and it's time and that that you see like a gorilla hand and i would have been going nuts i would have been reading like, oh, so would I. oh my god it's gorilla the grim and then the arm just comes gorilla grim as it grabs a hold of the flash yeah, not gorilla awesome. grim no and i would have been so excited because we haven't seen grod in a very long time so yeah and you see him and to me this whole thing since the, the teens of yeah. like you know the, like uh, of the new 52 yeah. run of the flash yeah. that's what i think it was and uh that you saw later in – was it Futures? And which one was it where Brett Booth pretty much blew his head off? That was like a future story or an old deal. I can't even I remember recall. in the New 52 because I used to laugh and actually would call Brett Booth the guy who killed Grodd and, uh, <laughs> on Twitter and stuff. But he does say for the Speed Force to finally be mine. You know, the time is for the Speed Force and my life depends on – you see, he's gray and, and stuff like that. A little more than I remember him being. And he yeah. does look beat up and whatever. So, yeah, I think that he is doing this to get the Speed Force to try to save himself. He's not going to eat brains this time, Eric. He needs the Speed Force, and he's going to take it, and this is what we're going to get. Which is kind of funny. Wasn't it, though, since when the last time Grodd was in here, isn't that what led to Iris getting flash powers? Yeah, yeah, that was the deal, that whole deal. So it is kind of funny with that sexy costume she had on. Uh, So, yeah, I like this because now I see that the Flash Wars will involve Grodd. I'm sure we're going to get some other players involved and things like that. So I'm pretty excited for the Flash Wars. I love the art. Oh, yeah, we'll get people like Ray Jin. Yeah, Ray Jin. Multiplex. Yeah, Mina. All right. Multiplex. Who knows who else? Ray Jin. But, yeah. I like this issue. Uh, there's some things that when we were talking about it, they are a little goofy, but I do I, like... I look, I, I'm poking fun at a lot of stuff just yeah. because I think it's funny, but I actually really had a yeah. good time reading this issue, I'll especially when you get to the cliffhanger, even though you know it's coming because of yeah, the cover. Yeah, it sucks that you know. Fun. But yeah, I'll tell you right now, this is probably my book of the week, uh, especially with all the all the stuff that I've read of Reggie's, my friend. But uh, no, I, I really like this for what it's leading into the Splash War, and it's just continuing... 
that I'm enjoying the Flash book going into this Flash War. So I'm really excited now for the yeah. Flash War. Maybe we're actually going to get a, a story that I really, really enjoy, which I'm hoping. And I gave it an 8 out of 10. I really like the art. I like the story. I want Barry and Iris to be together. Iris is kind of going towards being a jerk. But, you know, that's just there. That's for kind of prerogative. It's just there to progress the story the way it was. But I, I didn't mind it. And I like Avery with Wally, too. So, so do that, I. I like Avery in general. So I like Avery being there. So I'm excited. But what would you give it? I like all the characters involved in this besides Rajin because I still don't understand that motherfucker. Yeah, but some of the things were goofy in this. But overall, I had a good time. Like, I'm still not a huge fan of the art style in this. Oh, but I, I, like I, it I, can, I can go with it. I don't know. There's something about it that really throws me off at times. But, you know, for the most part, I can, like, get behind and just follow the story along. But for sometimes it's just panels that just really just throw me out. I'm like, ugh, I, I don't like the way that looks yeah. at all. But for the most part, I had a good time reading this issue. And I'll give it a 7 out of 10. Ooh-wee, there you go. And that might still be your book of the that's how bad these books are this week you were telling Uh me but here we go this is the next one eric i'm not this one's definitely not my book of the week not as positive on this one uh justice league of america number 23 now in a roundabout deal just to drop a little news eric uh if you haven't if you're not on our patreon account and listen to my new show which I did. Uh, you will not know that this book has been announced to pretty much being canceled now. So we can all rejoice, Eric. It will be ending soon. I believe. Holy it's shit, set, really? Yeah, I believe it's uh, issue 28 or 29. It's around there. So we only have, you know, a couple months, three or four months left, and it will be canceled. You're not, you're not fucking with me, are nope, you, kid? Nope, I am not. It's because, huge like, news. Did by you the do time this show po- already? By the podcast, well, I will when oh, people okay. hear this. And by the time people hear this, it'll be old news, which I will obviously have to tell you about after this. This session. Well, I just tell you because we, I was about to go into a silly little rant. Like, do we have to keep talking about no, this book? It is goddamn painful every time we I have to read it. We do not, Eric. But uh, wait till I tell you what is going on. How can up How can Steve Orlando run a book called Justice League of America into the ground? Well, he did. And here is case number 800. Well, actually, this is a specimen or whatever. Number 23. Exhibit Exhibit 23, Eric, is what this is because it is Justice League of America. Number 23. Should I have said 24 or more, including those rebirth number ones? Because we actually like most of those. I don't care about any of this anymore. Now that I know it's canceled, I'm just going to sit back and I'm going to cruise my way through the next couple of months. It's canceled because now it's called Justice League of the World. And it's going to be a weekly. No, I'm joking. Uh, Written by Steve Orlando. Art by Neil Edwards, Daniel Enriquez, Andy Owens, Hi-Fi, and Clayton Cowles. Steve Orlando continues his Queen of Fables story, but this issue is full of Killer Frost recap narration and really feels like the story is just there to get to Promethea in the end. While I actually like a few things in this issue, I do actually, Eric, I will tell you some of those. Orlando is playing the devil's hand when it comes to planarian worms, especially considering his obsession with Alan Moore. And why I say that, I will talk about it later when we get to the point. But Promethea, who ends up at the end, is an Alan Moore character as well. So he keeps throwing these things in there. But yeah, basically, we're going to go through this pretty quick because everything is recap pretty much. You get Frost, who does give you a little bit of a history of the Queen of Fables, uh, Saritza, and how does she know? And all this stuff is going on pretty much through that narration. Uh, 
and Freya, and it's well, you don't to be realize in between issues, freaking you know the the crime, you know, her name lesson. and fucking the might be on the mirror. She went and had a Queen little of a chat with Freya. Queen Janet. of Fables. Well, she has been talking about it. How many fucking pro- names does she now, have? She has many I as I do. Yes, yeah, she does. America's sweetheart. With this though, you get this weird bouncing around here of. Does the Queen of Fables, oh, I want to, you know, avenge my my sister Freya. Then it's, I want to well, rule like her. And then I want to get her legacy. You well, that's the going. thing is, it, right it, away, I think it's the it's the first page you have. And she's talking about, you know, in prison to Sarita. I can't even say her goddamn. The Queen of Fables swore to honor her sister. She'd return yes. and rule in Freya's way. Yeah. Still, she blamed mortals for Freya's death. The Queen yeah. vowed vengeance. I'm like... Yeah, what what are you playing at? I, I don't know the, what you want to do. This is the story. I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it around here. The story is that Freya and the Queen of Fables, uh, before she was the Queen of Fables, it was yeah. Saritza. They were ruling. They were ruling a kingdom. Uh, Saritza was very mean. Freya yep. was nice. She was like, she's the nice ruler. Hey, saying to her sister, listen, you got to be nice to these people. They're just people. The more it's like whatever. the movie Frozen, right? Yeah. So in that. These guys came in, somehow had a sorceress that ends up even tying around to look very much like Black Canary, even the Queen That's of Fables says. They come and make her go into a book. Because she of that. A story. Because of that, Freya got upset at that and cruelty and somehow starved herself, but also had ice powers and then starved herself. And somehow then that made the Queen of Fables upset and vow revenge. But says that she's going to come back and rule like her sister did. Uh, if you're saying rule like her sister did, at that point, she wanted to be nice. And yeah. it bounces back and forth between this. Like Steve Orlando wants to have a villain, but he doesn't want her to be that bad. But she is until she isn't. Exactly. The whole idea. I, it's I got so much nonsense. Thing, it's like, all right, we're going to go around. We're going to cause a bunch of fear because fear here gives me power. But when we get to the – Fucking what is the imagination realm? God, I can't yeah, remember what the hell yeah. it's called. Freaking immateria. Out. The immateria. Yeah, yeah. Which, then, uh, uh, then which nobody knows what it gifts. is. Which I, nobody I knows know what, what the hell's going is. on. And in this, you also go where she has said to Killer Frost, the last issue. I stopped giving wishes. These wishes, you know, now I'm running on fear. We got the fear going on. Yeah, she's a yellow lantern or something, right? And so she's got that, but meanwhile, in vanity. It still seems as if people are being granted wishes because even as Aztec and, and freaking the Ray are there fighting, they're like, oh man, you know, it's one after the other and things like that. I'm like, what is going on and why is that? And then also the, the freaking Aztec evil god that Aztec keeps talking about, Tezcatlipoca. Yeah, that, and out of nowhere, that that's supposed, supposed to be, be involved. Is that supposed to be the queen of no, like, the fables? No, that's something else. And with this though, you had the idea when Steve Orlando first went to Vanity, when we were first kind of introduced mainly to the the might beyond the mirror and the wishes which ended up being the queen of fables the whole thing was spelled out that vanity was so down and out that these people needed more wishes like oh you know you go to a town that is completely nonsense like a quaker town obviously people are going to be wanting more wishes i wish now, for a million wishes yes unfo- oh you can't do you know you can't that's what i would do like, and then ask for another million but with that you also, unfortunately, Steve Orlando also thrown in the idea that the, the the Dark Knights, the Dark Knights were there, the Batman, the evil Batman, and that everybody People around the world was wish, wishing. But yet we said, but so why is it now it seems that vanity is once again the only place where wishes are going? But then you throw in, oh, here we go, Tezcatlipoca. 
And then it's all like Focus. nothing. And then even with that, you have this dialogue where I thought Steve Orlando was getting a little bit better. But here's the dialogue. When's the last time you slept, Aztec? You saying you care? This isn't getting better. Every time we stop an attack, there are two more. What is this conversation? They just, again. No, no, no. No, no. It, it gets better. Look at oh, the yeah. size. This isn't just a god only you can see. Doesn't mean he's not real. You were right. I moved too fast with the JLA. I wasn't yeah. ready. What? Well, yeah, these things are just. Are these people talking to each other? Because it then goes, but I don't know. You said it yourself. I can move at the speed of light. I'm needed here. Still, I know you can feel it. This is bigger than vanity. This is bigger than vanity. They are in vanity at this point. How does she know what he's talking about? Because obviously he's talking about Happy Harbor, and it's just nonsense. And then you go and you You, go with the the, whole deal. You mean the birthplace of heroes? Yeah, and that's the other thing. That's that's where the superhero god. Everywhere in the world he could go, he picked Rhode Island. Please. You know, I'm telling you, Rhode Island, where it had this whole medieval kind of like sorcery, like, you know, civilization going on. Yeah, where were the American Indians? Where were the Indians? And also, you know, the Calcils, Eric. That's the Rhode Island. Oh, the Calcils, yeah. Those are the gods of Rhode Island in my mind. But as this is going on, you have this continuing deal. He knows what with, you're talking about. That, with, <laughs> you have the – oh, uh, Trevitt knows the Calcils. Trevitt knows. Look up the Calcils. Oh, brilliant. Uh, you have this here where Frost and the Queen of Fables go back and forth. Oh, no, Queen of Fables. You can't do this. These people aren't bad. You know you're right. You're like my sister. When we get to Immateria, we're going to give them dreams of and wish uh, – I'm like, what is going on? Like we don't know any of this. In the meantime, it's revealed – that they have built a giant immateria gun that it's going to shoot up and do what what is happening in this book it, it, nothing makes sense and Look, then she's why, like why do you need a bunch of multiplexes when you have a bunch of hundreds that's what i'm saying yeah, work just as fast yeah, paul bunyan's there but if this is the case like this was the plan to come into this world through black uh, through frost uh-huh. to build a machine to get out of this world I don't now, know are we what's going, going back on. to the world that we were in, where like know. the Queen of Fables was That's at, I, or are we I'm going like, to another world? Is it's it like it seems to me. It seems to me that she just wants to get back where she wanted to get out of before. And then there's there's Frost. Promise me that once this is over, we'll grant these people joy. Without question, sister, of course, mortal fear is but the path to our throne. But once our reign is over, their thoughts begins. We will reward these mortal beasts, sacrifice a hundredfold. Now, this is the problem is you, you're there. You're you're Caitlin. And you're talking to this woman who is obviously batshit crazy. You know, you can't take her for a word. But you say to her, and this is just my tip. If anybody ever deals with the Queen of Fables in real life, because I do think this is true. When she talks to you and you say, hey, by the way, Queen of Fables, Queenie, I like to call her. Queenie. uh, Queenie. Are you going to let these people live like these people that you have here, the mortals, whatever? If she calls them beasts, cattle, or sheep, that means no. And that's what she continuously does. Caitlin's like, oh, what are we going to do with these people? They're good people. You're not going to kill them. Oh, what, these sheep? Right there, a, a fucking thing should go off and say, yeah, yeah, she's, she's. And then the next, oh, these what, cattle? What, to be dead meatbags? Yeah, these cattle? No, absolutely not. Yeah, you mean these pieces of shit? Y- yeah, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, we're going to yeah. do whatever you say. It's obvious she's not. Solid. So. <laughs> then you have 
the craziest uh, – the, the dialogue continues because then you have this back and forth. You're supposed to have this neat back and forth between Happy Harbor and what Vixen is coming back to life and the city of vanity where you have the Ray calling his mother. And you have the people like gathering around this – the ground zero of what appeared to be an atomic explosion when – I, I still uh, don't you know, when Vixen, know how I don't Vixen know. Nobody knows. Nobody knows, Eric. But with this, the dialogue between Ray and his mother – is you mean nonsense. Nadine? Yeah, Nadine. Listen to the, the again. Let me let me clear my throat, Eric, so I can do this justice. That mm, makes yum, me clear my throat. Yum, yum. Let me. It's me. I'm here, Nadine. I've been calling you every day, every day, Ray. You never answer. Xenos gave you my number. Why is he telling her that? <laughs> this should be Xenos gave question. you my number. There's no question there. He's like, yeah, Xenos gave you my number. I want Nadine to go. No shit. I just told you I called you every day. What do you think? I just kind of looked at it. It makes no sense. And then he's then uh, she says, I've waited to talk to you since Philadelphia. I guess I should thank him for the chance. Maybe. But he's not here, Nadine. Xenos is gone. What? I'm like, what is going on in this book? But as this is going not on. Xenos. Yeah, not Xenos. The guy who gave you. Yeah, like you said, it, like that whole thing of Xenos gave you my number. Why would he say that? What that's like? Hey, Eric. Uh, you say, "Hey, I've been calling you every day. You know what's going on? Your mom gave me your number. Yeah, I know this. It's just nonsense. It's complete nonsense." I'm telling as, you, we can't even come up with a more nonsense way to try to make fun of it. This is as much as it it's can just be. Nonsense. It's just nonsense. As this goes, Vixen is going and reforming. I'll get to that. But then she's. And then he continues. Uh, Ray continues with his mom. Zenos gave his word. We'd help the Justice League, Nadine, and I left them. Why? I thought they didn't want me there. No, wrong. Incorrect. No. That's not why you left. You left you because you said fit. you had a hissy fit that Batman wasn't listening. So either he's lying to his mom because he doesn't want to look like a bad guy or, as we often think, Steve Orlando has forgot what was in, even in his book. I blew up. Thought I could be more help here. Yeah, okay. But I don't know. What if I'm wrong? Ah, that runs in the family. You know, you're going to go. It's a little different. And being sorry doesn't undo it. It just goes on and on. And basically he gets convinced, go back there and help. It's just nonsense. As this is going on, Vixen is reforming. You see blood vessels going, and it it's ends like up that. It's like the scene that, in Hellraiser where Frank Blake's coming back from yep. the floorboards and, after that blood spilled. And it all ends up, she comes back, and then she basically says to them, listen, I was regenerated thanks to the red. Planaria regenerate from almost nothing. Now, that is true. That is true. And she did say, you told me, you reminded me that as she was going to die, she just yelled planarium worm. So that is Did, did she? Because I thought it was like just planarium. Planarium. She was trying to get up. it. Well, I, she I was trying to know. get I'm it. Trying, it was so, all gibberish to me because even the idea the of a thing. planarian worm didn't even cross my mind, especially this, for what we're dealing with. This is the weird thing. There's two things with this. One, a comic book thing, and one more of a science-y thing that, yeah. you know, I'm going to tell you, it's not exactly, you know, the I'm not going to be Mr. fucking Wizard here and explain uh -huh. it, but what happens with planarian worms, it's a big deal. There's two, It's twofold, but the regeneration part, they do regenerate. The problem is you cut a planarian worm in half, two grow. You cut yeah. it in five places, five grow. She comes back as one. If this really was the deal, you'd have about seven trillion vixens there if it really went the way that she's spelling Making it vixens. out. You would have one, you know, one blood vessel would become 
a full vixen. This kind of goes, I'll go with it. I will go with it. The problem being, though, is that, and this is the comic book part of it, uh, Steve Orlando is obviously a big Alan Moore fan. By the end, when we tell you about Promethea, who shows up, that is full-out 100% Alan Moore character that he had that pretty much – he, people are not very happy that Steve Orlando kind yeah. of used him without asking anybody about it. But in Alan Moore's Swamp Thing, which, again, Steve Orlando says he's a big Alan Moore fan, a big thing with these planarium worms was pulled out to explain why Alec Holland in Swamp Thing was no longer a human, thought he was because the same thing how a planarium worm maintains memories, because this is the, the thing that they did where you had these separate uh, worms that came out and regenerated where they still maintain the memories of the older worm, the one that they regenerated like, even, from. Even I had heard of this science. Yes, and it's a great, you know, it's you a these really, really maze, cool. And then you chop them up and freaking feed them to the other worms, and yes. then all of a sudden the and other worms can run the same maze. It has to do with, uh, I think it's memory RNA and things like this. It's a yeah. really big story with RNA and DNA and stuff like that. But in comic book land, the planarium worms are full, 100%, kind of spelled out with a avatar, the green, to explain why he still had the memories of a human Alec Holland, even though in Alan Moore's Swamp Thing then, there was no humanity left. He was 100% the avatar, the yeah. green, which threw him off because when Alan Moore jumped on Swamp Thing at this point – the big thing Swamp Thing always wanted, Alec Holland trying to get his humanity back. It's like the second issue or first issue where Alan Moore jumped on and basically said, he doesn't have nope. humanity anymore. There's no way you can go back to that. You are actually a full-out plant. You, you, you know, are a what Swamp you, Thing. And what happened is as the Swamp Thing grew, it would have like a heart. But that heart was like – I'm making it up, but like a head of lettuce. It wasn't a heart, so it never would be. This doing this with Vixen, the way that he is, could only in my mind think that and also mentioning the red would yeah. almost mean that to me, number one, Vixen would now be the avatar of the red. No more Animal Man, who isn't around anyway, but also might be that Vixen no longer has her true humanity. Again, this book is not going to go that far, so I don't think it's going to get into that. This intrigues me, though. It really does. When you throw this, it's not just the regeneration of planarian worms. You are really going back into a big thing with an avatar with humanity and things like yeah, that. And yeah, I yeah. think it would have been something maybe that he'd spell out. But if he doesn't, it's nonsense. It's complete nonsense to throw this out there. But she does come back. She's completely naked. This one guy, again, this guy just comes up. Now, number one. Somebody's got to get a hold of the, the art. Uh, miss, uh, my son found this. Your son? You look like you're Justin Bieber sans baby, baby, baby. You look like you're, babies, man. You look like you're 13, buddy. But there, uh, Miss McCabe, uh, Vixen, uh, my son found this in the wreckage. I told him not to go. But what? after what happened? Go. But go. after what happened? Yeah, go. Where was he going? Was he going online to sell it? Was he going to dress up and prance around like a pretty girl? I don't it's, understand. It's just such an odd thing where, I, oh, yeah, my son, he went into the sanctuary and I rooted through a bunch of stuff. Found your original costume. I have it all me right here. This yeah. might help you out a bit. I told him not what to a go. Weird I get, thing to say. And again, I get the idea that it's I told him not to go into the – but they don't really even say like you said. You, you get the idea – 
into the sanctuary, stole this or whatever. But you told him not to go. Like, you know, you got to do more and, and keep your kids in line here. It's baby and she's like, babies, man. And they it's don't know funny. any better. She's like, huh, never could bring myself to throw that one away, but lose the mask. I want them to know who's coming. I kind of think they know what that mask on there makes. Oh. And that's your costume. Yeah, so you go... <laughs> So much, and it's even an original costume so, I'm not even aware of because in my mind, like Vixen yeah. never wore a mask, it's so just I, I thought yeah, I it's could be nonsense. wrong. I don't know a Vixen inside and out, yep. but everything I remember of Vixen, she never wore a mask. Yeah, so you go back and you, you go back to you know the uh, the Queen of Fables with her nonsense. You're lucky, Justice League. Once I would have tore, uh, I would have toured your heads through my thoroughfare. <sighs> what? What? Yes. I, I, You're I lucky. Vixen. I just want to know where these guys are with their phones not taking video of all this I shit. Know. Yeah, they used to all the time with this. Uh, You're lucky. I want that lady to come out with the taser. She's the hero. You're lucky, Justice League. Once I would have toured your heads through my thoroughfare. I get it. She put them on a pike, but yeah, it's just yeah. the weirdest thing. Like the filth that rose against me. But no, no, Freya would not like that. So we're back to Freya, but yet you're not going. And severed heads so quickly turned to rot. All right, whatever. And you have Paul Bunyan's making this deal. Then you have Vic, uh, uh, Killer Frost who just keeps on. They were just the queen's way to reach out to it. Now she realizes that the queen is bad. Doesn't want to look at Lobo who basically says, hey, popsicle hands. You're, you're a piece you know, of shit. Yeah, snitches get stitches and you just stab this in the back. And then the ray comes because they're no, about no, to no, shoot. No, 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 no. Hold on. This okay. is a fucked up thing before that. You're like, uh, think you can pen up a main man? I'll rip out of here, Trib. And if you ain't spineless now, you, you can be damn sure you will be when I'm done. <laughs> and the uh, ray's all like, calm down, Lobo. There's no way she wanted this. Then just a paddle. Yeah, Mary. Ray. Ah! Ray just says that. Yeah. And then Lobo's like, you know what? Fuck this. <laughs> I just wanted to use that again. But he's there. They're going to fight. I just it's wanted to get... It's the weirdest thing, though, with Black Canary, like, trying to scream. Like, I, I understand yeah. what they're playing with. I <sighs> understand now. I had no idea. She does yeah. not have the Canary cry. She doesn't have the because, cry. Because. Like, because, Eric. She she was she has a podcast. She podcasts too much. I wanted to get to my favorite line coming up. But I am laughing, though, because, yeah, you have Lobo, who's just going. And then the Queen of Fables is just around like, word, Zarnian, look up. My workers descend. The word is, oh, frag me. And I'm like, how do you know what's going on? Completion. I'm like, what? What is going on? Like, this this story makes no sense whatsoever. Then you have Canary go, like you said. She can't cry. You have, oh, you look like the person who put me in that book. And I'm oh. going to get you later. This is my favorite, though. This is the favorite thing because she's like, uh, you have, Canary says, the Justice League is bigger than you think. And then that's where uh, the, the Queen of Fables, what? And we've got some rebellion in us. And then she says, wait. What is that? This is my favorite part where you have and it ends up being the ray. The ray's coming. <laughs> the queen of fables has to explain this. Wait, what is that? Small, but it, it it's there. Oh, over the horizon. It's a you know, second to the right. Like you have to spell this out. I could just imagine. She's like, there's a star over there. And Canary's like, what? What? That one? Like the, the big dipper? No, no, no. Not that one. Over there to the right. Oh, well, that's the sun. No, no, not the sun. Down below that to the left. What? What is it? Second to the right. She's that, that's, explaining That's this. a play on Peter Pan. Oh, God. But it's still stupid. I know. I it's hate it. Shit. I hate it. He just shows up. 
And then he says, things seemed a little Second to dark. the right, it's right on till morning, Jim. Yeah, well, still. It's, it's the ray. I'm telling you. I didn't even get the ray. I'm just annoyed. And uh, other than that, earlier, I like. The thing is, you, you're still on this because they're like, you know, wait, what is that? Small, but it's there over yeah. the horizon. Yeah. Like yeah. a star. Like Second a star. to the right. Yeah. I'm done here. <laughs> you know what else I like? Tell me as you go. Ray shows up and he's like, hey, Ray. And then Zenos is there. You can tell me you were right later, Zenos. Deal? Yeah. Ray gave us a moment. Use it. Go from that panel. Are you on that panel now? Uh-huh. What does Canary have in her hand after that I, panel? I, I think that is a uh, a kung fu. Uh, I have no idea because I just went to the next one because she had her hand up like, is that a kung fu stance? I went to no, the next no. Page. no. What it the looks fuck? Like an, is, is that a planarian worm? It, it looks like a planarian worm. Maybe an intestine? I don't is know. Something that she ripped off her throat to make it I so she can cry again? I don't know. Oh, I don't yeah, because know. It, I, I'm I saying guess. It, it is wrapped around her throat. Oh, and I, the see. Other pounds. I see. Now, I didn't but even when see did it. that happen? I don't even know what's going on in this book. I'm telling you, I feel like a dummy now. I didn't get the Peter Pan reference. I well, like the, the Wizard is, of Oz. I'm looking there. at where I initially saw her go, where yeah. she wanted to scream and couldn't. Like, you can't see anything around her neck there except no. for what might be a choker or part of I her goddamn costume. On. Later on, you see a so little she, bit of it, but why didn't I don't she think rip it off before? She's trying to very well in this issue. Why didn't she rip it off before? She's there by herself at points. She's, no, yeah, at the one point she's trying to scream, it's a necklace. It, it's not anything else. It's a necklace. Yeah. If that was on her there, why couldn't she rip it off? Because then her, all of a sudden she has that on. Stone. I don't know. They are there. But the point before, she yells, ah, uh, and yeah, I guess they are kind of, <laughs> I don't know what's going on. But yeah, you, you go from there. The Ray shows up and, you know, they're going to go. But as this goes on, you have this whole deal where she is tapped in. And again, you have Frost saying like, oh, she wants to go to Immateria. She's opened it up, but she doesn't know what's there beyond that to face her. And that's where we get the the ending where it is the cliffhanger where Promethea comes out and says, you seek the holy splendor of imagination. And she's like, you? Then, uh, then like all others, you must first pass through fire at the hands of Promethea. And Promethea comes out, and this is an Alan Moore uh, yep. character who is somebody who's basically Alan Moore's version of Wonder Woman. I told you that. It's like Wonder Woman uh, with that. And the problem is, she guard is, though, the land of imagination? I don't know. I don't know much. And this is where you had a lot of people very upset. Promethea had a, you know, a limited series that was part of pretty much a creator owned deal that was then part of the, uh, the Wildstorm universe type deal books. Okay. And then when DC bought the Wildstorm books, it kind of put them in the fold. So it's not a DC proper, almost like the Charlton stuff that they ended up getting is kind of in this fold. Yeah. The, the, in the meantime, nobody's really used her since then. And it's J.H. Williams III and Alan Moore were the two creators. And this is a beloved character. And I've I never even heard of it. I'll I tell you, it's admit. nothing I really know. Yeah, of, I, that's I, I like, admit. I never heard about of this it. beloved character. You can't use yeah. that. I'm like, I don't know who the fuck this yeah, is. Yeah, I, I didn't know. But they were very upset when they heard, and J.H. Williams III was pretty much, you don't see Alan Moore really talking. You have interviews or stuff like this, but J.H. Williams III is on Twitter and was very, very vocal about, you know what? This is bullshit. They never uh, asked us. And you're going to go through this whole thing of, is it the, you know, who has the rights? Right. But it's, it's beyond that. 
This isn't J.H. Williams saying, oh, my God, you know, this is bullshit because in my mind they are going to get money from this, from whatever deal. It is their character. It's more of a respect thing. And pretty much it seemed that nobody would have used this character because of how respected even it was in this comic and how beloved it was. So when it came out, pretty much J.H. Williams was like, why didn't anybody fucking say anything to us? And I do say that the editors and things should have at least told Steve Orlando, listen, before we do, because I think they just went through the legal part of it and said, yeah, we can use it. And they ended up using it. Uh, without ever saying like, hey, by the way, because I think that maybe they were afraid because Alan Moore is not going to give you – he's never going to let anybody use. So if you do go that extra step like you should, etiquette-wise yeah. would tell you to do this, number one, I don't think he's going to take the call from anybody from D.C. So there's that little bit. But because of that, you may not – use it and it's a shame because this book sucks it's terrible and then you get this where all you're doing is and all steve orlando seems to want to do is throw these characters so that people oh my god we saw it prometheus in this book i know what's going on my pool list and then you get it and it's, it's bullshit you get a prometheus who ends up getting taken down by a woman with a taser (laughs) <laughs> and then they're like, oh, what the fuck happened? This only Not be, my Prometheus. This can only be at this point where we need the sales. You know who's a beloved character. These people will eat this up. Let's throw Promethea in. And with this, all this does to me is show that this Queen of Fables, who was another character that he grabbed, and like, oh, I got to see this Queen of Fables. But the whole story all seems now to just lead to get this Promethea in because basically oh, so the whole thing is we, we've done this in the entire series we had Lord Havoc and the heroes of Angor the villains of Angor yeah. and then we had Terror Smith thrown in. all these characters are just thrown in without For any no explanation because yeah, it doesn't no make reason. any sense and it's just like one to the next you have the Queen of Fables who basically wants to open up a portal to Immateria with a giant gun made of rock and metal and we don't know anything about how or why this thing all she says is you know what word you don't want to hear completion uh like jess eric uh but with that you have this happens it's never it's never explained you're you're explained you cry and you know make up excuses but this is never explained and all it is is to lead to now promethea who will come in and be nonsense again, and she's going to be in here to fight back at the Queen of Fables as and this no goes on. And no character that Steve Orlando uses becomes better in the long run because of it. Yeah, and really, I, I and I apologize that I didn't know the uh, the Peter Pan reference because that does go well with the Queen of Fables. Yeah. But the problem is, how many of these stories or fables has she really been referencing? Not many. You know what no. I mean? It's like that should be her character. Everything should be well, that. Well, she looks like the Queen of Hearts a bit. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm saying she was in a, a storybook and all this, so that would that makes total sense. Thing is, so I'm it wrong about even that. Make sense to me. She became a story. I don't know if that means like I'm a story now. We're gonna go mingle with the other stories. Yeah, I, they, I don't yeah. know. Do they have like single social like mingles like, yeah. like mixers? Yeah. I don't know. Again, it ends up being pretty much the book fable. How about some fire Once upon a time, it's all that. You know, these all meld together. And this is a, a legacy character, so I'm not saying that Steve Orlando made it up and stole anything. It's a character that was well-established. But what happens is he throws these characters in here, and I do think that he's a fan of these characters and, and comics. He just doesn't have the chops to do anything with them. He right. never does anything with them. It's always to the next character. Like you said, Angor and you know the extremists and all this stuff. It always just ends up Prometheus. You get these big, oh, my God, I got to read this to see what they do. They don't end up doing shit. 
they do shit on shit, Eric, and I and I'm furious, and I'm actually upset because now I even see that there's parts of this art that confuse me. Uh, as we're reading well. it, and I gave the art a lot of credit. I love the last page. I think Prometheus looks great. The last page looks great. looks great. The rest yeah. of the book, I think, doesn't look great at all. I'm telling you, well, I was very confused by a lot of the freaking, yeah. like, the action I think going I on. I'm didn't like, even realize. I don't well, know what's happening. We even said at one point, we didn't even get to the one point, when they actually, when Canary rips that thing off of her. Again, when this happens, you have an explosion kind of thing when the ray comes, but why would that break them out of the rocks? We don't even know that. It just happens. There's kind of an explosion. They kind of go flying. Boom. Yeah, and they go flying, and then the attack's on. Lobo's going to town. What does he do in that one when he's like, step up to the plate, you rank frag toads? I, I think he throws his fists out there, and a bunch of huntsmen start losing yeah, legs and they, arms. Yeah, but it I don't looks like know. one punch, and one guy's lost a leg. One guy's severed in half. The other guy looks like half of his stomach's gone. There's another leg that doesn't even seem to be connected to anyone. And then one guy's flying. That's a hell of a punch. I mean, that one punch there. And then you have the, you know, you have Ryan who does nothing. All Ryan does in this is keep saying like, I believe you, Frost. He's just the same. Yeah, that's all he does. Caitlin wouldn't do it. I believe you, Caitlin. Hey, Caitlin, we need you. He's just there to be nonsense. But yeah, I I gave it a 5.1. Uh, it's weird to say a 5.1. I think I went high because now talking about it, I should have given it like a 4, maybe even a 3.5. It's utter garbage. What would you give it? 2.5 out of 10. Yeah, it's bad. It's fucking horrible. I, I'm uh, telling you, I, I hate this story. I have trouble. Like, I love I have trouble talking about it. And the continuity and shit like that. And I'm telling you, I cannot follow what's going on. And I don't know why half the things are happening. They just, yeah. they say things are there. None, none of it makes any sense to me. It is just nope. thrown out there. I like, agree. the whole idea, this is where the super, the god of superheroes touched down. And t- like, you know, Rhode like, Island. Why don't Rhode we talk Island. about that at all? I'm telling you, they keep saying it. I don't know what it I'm means. I'm saying that that probably leads into why the Justice League of America and the JSA and all that actually had their base there in the first place. But the problem is, even like that Peter Pan deal, he never gives you a reference of what he's talking about. So it's just thrown out there and, and you don't know what it would mean. I, I and guess, even the whole thing, I'm if guessing you're, if you're it's trying something to reference from the JSA and the whole thing. I don't even know when that, like, if we're going to get that book in 2018 or yeah, not. I so don't know. by the time that book finally comes out, this is going to be nothing. Yeah, There's going to be gonna no be reference to anything. The God of, you know, this goddamn Rhode Island civil, like medieval civilization yeah. from back, you know, ages and ages ago. I'm like, where the, su- the God of superheroes touched him. Like, I don't, I don't know what yeah. you're playing at. The only, you, the only you were just thing, saying nonsense. The only thing that you can kind of hang your head on or whatever is the fact that, uh, two years from now, nobody's going to remember this book anything positive. They're going to be like, remember that nonsense? book the jla and by then hopefully we'll have a jsa book or possibly another jla book that actually is good because this is just it's not good it's it's garbage uh but we're gonna go on now to some mail yo it's mail call
Eric Shea. It's time for Mail with Why are you talking Eric. like that? You like that voice, don't you? No, you it kind like of scares it? me. You want me to get a little more breathy for you? No. You want me to get a little like this? That's stage, definitely not that. Stage 123 of the Gone It's getting <laughs> a little breathy when you're doing the mail section. You like that, do you? Man, man. <laughs> why am I keep saying man? Uh, stage number 173 is liking when I'm getting a little breathy with the Thank man. Thank God. I'm, I'm, at one, got, I'm not at 173 yet. You got the gonorrhea, Eric. It's gonna come and get you. Make you think of weird thoughts when you go into the sleeps. That's what happens with the, with the gonorrhea. Stage number 173 of the gonorrhea is, is saying stuff like this. Your reviews is a big shit. This comment masterpiece. Going die. Yeah. Oh. Oh no, that guy's got the gonorrhea, Eric. This section is male. Section of the threes. Here, I must go. Wasn't the last symptom of gonorrhea 173 as well? I don't know, Eric. Sometimes the gonorrhea sta- sta- you know, stage number 175 is getting the fucking stages all mixed up, Eric. <laughs> I think I got the gonorrheas. I don't know. Real bad. I got the bad gonorrheas going on here. It's affecting my brains and my ears. It's what's going on in the stage. Oh, stage number 195 of oh, the gonorrheas is a having the cauliflower ears it's what's that's why a lot of wrestlers are gonna be getting that gonorrhea lately i don't know what's going on i can't stop it eric it's, so the mail you say huh it's unstoppable it keeps the comments the gonorrheas i don't know why stay stage number 193 of the gonorrheas is giving the blue beetles a two out of ten eric then oh, no. did you know you got the gonorrhea man damn all right and scene eric uh tell me what you liked about that while i drink something because that gonorrhea dave really makes my throat scratchy well uh jim i think everybody knows that i did not like anything about that at all you're not That's back yet? funny back, because stage, stage number 210 is when you're supposed to help, you, you help your buddy out with the, the talking and you don't talk enough for him to get a drink. Eric Shea, you got the gonorrheas. Mail section number three, Eric, and we're going to start with Akeem. Did, did somebody just come by? I smell something here. I smell meat and cheese for some reason. But Hakeem says... What up, guys? And he wants a very particular and special Get Fresh Crew, and this is it. Get Fresh Crew. Classic Frenny. Classic Frenny, indeed. The stage number 305 is not asking for the Frenny. Whoop, whoop, Eric. Over the past two years, both of you guys gave me amazing recommendations to read. I don't know what Eric gave you. Lois and Clark. Court of Owls. 
Not court of the owl, Sarah. God forbid if you put that the in. <laughs> that and the is the devil. <laughs> that is, and many more. The, uh, what a stage number. No. 173, Eric, uh. is put in the the in the court of owls. There you go. Yeah, I'd never mention 173. Oh. And every single time I was blown away. So when it was announced that Jeff Johns was going to write Doomsday Clock, even I was super psyched. For oh, one yeah. thing, Johns was one of those writers that you and Eric really did praise over the years. So you can only imagine how excited I was that I'll be experiencing this story at the same time as you guys. Three issues in the Doomsday Clock and the recent announcement the book will go by monthly. I've gutted my expectations, though. Uh, what he's saying is we have let him down, Eric. We I was did not, not a fan. suggest anything I was this. not a fan of the slow-paced third issue. Set up, set up, set up and more setup and maybe setup if you remember i sent an email a couple weeks ago saying it's almost impossible for an author author to turn around for uh, something around for me once the beginning is just average to good from the way things are going i'll be very surprised if the later issues don't end up as a fuck you five or worse now i will tell you hakeem i am right with you I, i am this is not doing it for me yet and these delays just make me even more upset because i'm just sitting here now where you are there saying Eric is an asshole because really what you're telling Aww. me is Eric has given you the suggestion of Jeff Johns. You're saying, Eric, you're an idiot. You are an asshole and an idiot and maybe both at the same time. But uh, I will tell you that I still have faith in Jeff Johns. It is perplexing me right now that I'm not into the story. I, I really do think he can turn it around. I'm very worried. I'm very worried that he is one of those where he wants to honor Watchmen, so he doesn't want to do too much. But because of that, he's handcuffing himself. I don't know. I can't explain it. I'm just worried about the entire state of DC Comics right now for the next two years. You should be worried you have to con. No. I regrettably have to disagree with you guys on Jeff Johns. I love to death his early Aquaman run in the New 52. Awesome. But the other work, Justice League War and Doomsday Clock and, that, you know, Dark Side War. I like that. I'm telling you, read his Green Lantern, though, as well. Yeah. Uh, have not exactly hit it with me. Now, I still haven't read the old Green Lantern and Flash Rebirth. So, and he's going way back, and those are really yeah. good. So I can't jump to conclusions. Also, in preparation of us getting a JSA book before the year 2050 uh go back and read his jsa as well it's really really good uh so i can't jump to conclusions but so far i'm rating him as not a bad writer but he's nothing amazing either you uh, shut your goddamn mouth and yeah, how dare I, you where do you get off there where do you get off he, he has a right to his opinion no, I'm just fucking uh maybe no no you're being a jerk maybe it's just my Aww. expectations that were unfair so for him to match maybe that opinion will change when i get around to reading uh, green lantern and flash rebirth also the other thing is and i can't even say that i got this as well uh you're reading it out of time also because when those did happen, it was a big deal and kind of changed a lot of things. We read it now, and when I went back and read it, uh, I was impressed. I really liked it, but I, I kind of got the idea like, man, I wish I was around reading when this first came out. It's like I say with New Hope where you, you need that. You know, When I saw it, it just changed my goddamn the life. The Age of Wonder, you mean? It was. It was the Age of Wonder. I've now, another ever- thing maybe too, though, because like, I love the Dark Side War when it came out. Now, Hakeem, maybe it does not hold up as well as I remember just because think about reading every other shitty book that the DC YOU era of DC Comics was yeah. putting out. And then all of a sudden we had this Again. book over here. I'm like, yeah. wow. That's what I'm saying. Can you believe it's a the moment things that they're time. doing in Dark Side yeah, yeah, War? So Look at all cool. these other little pieces of shit. They're nothing. 
And I'll tell you as well, and I don't think you disagree with me, it also looks spectacular. It so does. even then, it was Jason really Bob good. Jason Bobak, all bitch. I'm going to give you a little quiz here. What is the movie that Jim Werner, or maybe as some call him, James Alvin Werner III, mm, uh, went and saw in the theater and said it most reminded him of Star Wars A New Hope? Guardians of the Galaxy. Boom, Eric. You did it. You did it, my friend. Wait. Uh, what did I tell you? Is one of my you have multiple picks, but what is one of my favorite toys that I really like? Stompers to play with as a kid. Boom, Eric Stompers. I love those things. I was talking about them this week too. Uh, he says though, I am actually oh going by monthly confirms any fears that I had. He didn't exactly plan this Watchmen thing in advance as DC heads or DC's head content creator. That is inexcusable. I agree. Agreed. I I completely agree. I'm that you'll never hear me make up excuses. Uh, for anybody but Eric, and that's only because he's a piece of shit, and somebody has to keep. This but I look pretty at least. Somebody has to keep this ball rolling, Eric. I, I gotta keep, you know, I gotta say something when you you open your mouth and insert foot. Uh, but uh-huh. no, I'm that. We'll never make excuses for anything like this. And if you think you're angry, uh, I believe you are. And that was it. And me and Eric are angry as well. We're we're very angry. Oh, you think you're that. angry? Well, yeah, yeah, you probably are. Yeah, you yeah, think you're yeah. more angry than me? You probably are. Now, actually, this is one of those things that we were talking about before in one of the mail sections where this news hit and old Eric Shea didn't come to work that day and I was fuming and I didn't get any wrong turn, did not want to listen to me yell about delays. I'm like, listen, it's bi-monthly. And he's like, I'm not into that sort of thing. Actually, I'd give him credit if he said that. I, I, it's bi-monthly, wrong turn. The doomsday clock is coming out bi-monthly. Yeah, I, I like bugles. That's what he would say. I actually, in, in a roundabout deal, uh, I can ride a, a bicycle. Yeah, here's another reason to maybe get involved in the Slack chat because at some point I will probably release on Slack chat an argument that Eric had with Wrong Turn about what? screws and bolts uh, when I What's was. Oh, yeah. Nuts and bolts. He was arguing with Eric. He kept saying screws. Eric gets so angry in this, and he gets actually to the point where he seems a little like kind of a jerk. But you have to realize he he was at the end of his rope ready to to kill him, but it's pretty funny. And And then I come. End of the day, an entire day of this, which culminated in this whole fucking bolts and nuts discussion, which went nowhere. So funny, too, because I have to prop my phone, this this goddamn phone charger that Eric has at work, that he doesn't even have a phone anymore. And this thing, this thing is, well, it is I, this was originally your one but you don't yeah. use it anymore uh it it's a piece of crap but it's what we have so when my phone goes i have to do it and i have to it's prop it for two years yeah it is and i but i have to prop it a certain way so as it, it sits and propped up it does look like it's kind of a setup for things and wrong turn actually figured out that i was recording him the problem is he's too stupid to understand that when he grabbed my phone to see the start screen came up, so it wasn't the recorder. So then right. he realized because when this when this whole thing recording in the middle, he's like, "I know you're recording me." And go, oh, I'm because then I got mad. Me and Eric are yelling at him. You just messed up his phone. He has to check. 
I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And then we went back to arguing with him. It was so funny. I'm actually more hyped with Scott Snyder's future projects that he's teasing than I am for the remaining issues of Doomsday Clock and what he is doing. He'll be taking over Justice League and then they'll have spinoff books and things like that. I find myself in a position that unless he blows me away with the next issue or two, Doomsday Clock will end up being dropped from my pull list. Fucking four or five issues in. I can't fucking believe it. Now, I said to Reggie today on the news podcast that I think a lot of people will say that it's really tough to drop a book that's supposed I, to be the blueprint you, anybody to what's says i'm calling bullshit because the time the next issue comes out yeah i gotta see if this and, is better and that's the problem is it's basically been spelled out to be the blueprint of the dcu after yep. the event so i would i would actually stress to you or beg and plead just go with it unfortunately i hate to say it even oh you hate it well you're gonna want to know what happens but again you can listen to us and again the thing is too i imagine it's gonna be a lot of, like the football season where everybody boycotts the nfl for the freaking neon show until like the, the playoffs are happening everybody's back yeah, on board. super bowl everybody's in at this stage of the story you're getting political eric i don't I'm like that say, again this is what i have to be back on it this is why i have to step in eric and and make it because i don't want people to get upset with you here but i will We'll say this. I am wrong turn and I prove this message. He proves this message, Eric. I guess that it's good. The way I read and rate my comics is actually very similar to the way I rate my movies. The beginning of the movie needs to grab my curiosity and then step on it with actual storytelling. If the movie starts off lackluster and just keeps setting things up, you're going to lose me a quarter of the way halfway in as well. Think Rogue One. I was very meh on the story from the get-go. So even with an amazing ending, I wasn't enough for me to declare it a great movie and that's how I'm afraid. I'll come to see Doomsday Clock. So uh, I think it was Mad Marty who said that uh, I believe it was him who said Rogue One is like his second favorite Star Wars movie. And I just don't don't understand. But hey, one on a more positive note, Flash and Hell Jordan. The nice trilogy you once had. Came flying out the gate with very good beginnings of this arc this week. Suicide Squad is actually elevated from their last issue, which I honestly thought was very good. And Raven Darter of Darkness Number 1 is off to a decent start. Mm-hmm. Only way to go is down from here, sadly, and I fully expect it to go that route. Will those three books maintain the good quality for the rest of the arcs? I'm pessimistic, but I'm dying to be proven wrong. Now, also, you say, Suicide Squad, that arc's over. So we'll see how that goes from there. Uh, Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps. I that book doesn't change. It's always the same. So I can't say that I'm expecting. But I do look forward to it. Yeah. Cheers this week goes to Flash. Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps. Uh, Raven, Daughter of Darkness, Suicide Squad. Jeers. Ooh, it's the Cheers and Jeers. Cheers and Jeers. I was hoping we're getting some Jeers going on. Jeers is Detective Comics, Doomsday Clock, Blue Beetle, Wonder Woman. And Eric Shea. Polite applause, Action Aww. Comics. That's it for my pull. See you inside. I want to see, I, if we're going to have cheers and jeers, I want to also did, did have Did he actually who, say Eric Shea? No, no. I also want to have a who wore it better, Eric. I want to see that. See you in seven. And that's Akeem. And thank you, Akeem. Aww. And yeah, I hope that I hope that Jeff Johns brings it around for you. He's given them two more issues. Hopefully this next one will really blow our socks off. I hope so. I want it to yeah, blow I my so socks too. off. I, I want it to be something big and good. So Pete from NYC, that's what I say on my dates as well. Pete from NYC said, what up, Jimmy Stray and the Get Fresh crew? Poop, diddy, poop, diddy, poop, diddy, poop. Eric, I'm trying to get to it, and here we go. Poop, poop. There up, you Pete. go. 
There you go. And Pete hasn't written in a while, so I'm glad he did. Uh, I'm getting ready to bail on DC. These assholes are just stringing us along. I was pissed off when I heard about the Doomsday Clock delays. Then I heard about this new Justice League series, Post Metal, and now I'm livid. Uh, Livid means happy, right, Eric? Why the fuck are they talking Post Metal when they can't even get their current slate of event books released on schedule? We are being completely taken for granted. Again, I agree. I agree that they are just laughing at us. Throw into that that their big book of the this coming up free comic book day is a DC comic book girls reprint and then, then jeez obviously DC superhero girls superhero girls DC girls on the run is that what it's called uh, you know the road trip obviously I want to get wrong turn to try to say DC superhero girls. <laughs> I can't say it. He's going to – I don't even know what uh, – again, just just to prove you know, what he would kind of get. Wrong turn. Tell me or say Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. Weird DC Dahmer Books. Yeah. There you ah. go. And, and I'll tell you, this is – what is this? Mail Section 3? Maybe mail section four. I will have a little back and forth between me and wrong turn where I was trying to get him to say some things that was driving me nuts. Maybe that'll be a little special uh, deal for mail section number four. But uh, he says, uh, why? obviously, they realize their current set of books suck and need to throw out more carrots to keep us spending money. Yep. I agree. Well, fuck them and the horse they rode in on. There you go. I jumped on uh, at Rebirth and feel like I've been getting strung along since the bullshit. By the wrong face, Jim. (laughs) I jumped on it. He says, I almost feel like a monkey. (laughs) He didn't say that. I just wanted to do the monkey. I haven't listened to your latest news. I haven't listened to your latest news podcast, so I hope I am overreacting. No, you're not. Yeah. I can get that um, angry. Uh, when I do the news, Eric, I'm just there to present the news. I, That's a I am low not key there. Jimmy Winner. That is, especially when I'm by myself. Then Reggie showed up, and then uh, then I got a little upset talking about uh, bloody turds and toilets and things like that. These Gross. are the things you're missing out on. Uh, and then he says, "Fuck you, Mister DC." I'm Audi 5000, Pete from NYC, and that's the end of mail section number three. Thank you. And, yes, uh, yeah, congratulations, Eric, on all of our voices and uh, animal sound effects. Do you have any others before we go? Can you give me a raven? Can you give me that? Caca! That's what I would go. Uh, can you give me a hippopotamus? the the only thing i think of a hippo is somehow water squirting around or something so i don't know there you go there's a hippo it's a hippo underwater though here actually i can do pretty much if i can think back i can do what are we doing i'm gonna do an impersonation of a big fat elephant jimmy get down here and get my cigarettes there you go, Eric. <laughs> that is a big fat. Why elephant. are you yelling for yourself to get cigarettes? That was not me. I do not oh. smoke, and you know better. Oh. You son of a bitch. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Now here is the a new version of a big fat hippo. Come on, kids, you better hurry. We're going to the buffet. There you go. There, I, I just threw it back on myself. So you cannot bully me. Anymore, I can't do it no more. You can't bully me. I what am I to do with a bully now? I turned the tables on you, buddy boy. <laughs> But we're going to go off now to some more books. He's drowning. Brightest day and brightest night. No evil escaped my sight. No worthless 
evil mites. Beware of my power, Green's light. Ah, yes, there you go. A little wrong. You know, oath and that is my that favorite thing. wrong turn. Is thing. that? Did you of know all that of me them? And, uh, that's your favorite of all yeah. of them? You don't Ooh. like like this. Howdy, Trail Girl. I love, you don't like that. Oh, I, 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 I love all of them, but my but favorite. How about this one addressed to you? Sager Gregor Reshi. I love it. It's incredible. <laughs> From now on, I'm calling you Reshi, as Reshi. it seems your name is. But did you know that in the meantime, uh, you know of Siri and Alexa, obviously. Me and uh, Eric are starting our own deal, and it's wrong turn. You can ask him questions. He will Our send own you. long-term devices. It's the wrong-term device that we're going to have. Uh, I want you to try it out, Reggie. Ask our wrong-term device a question. Okay. Uh, wrong-term, what is the most popular DC Comics website? Where DC Dahmer books. See? Wow, amazing. <laughs> ask him something else. Ask him anything okay. you want. Anything at all. Any, anything I want. Anything any, any you want. Any question at all. Yep. Okay. Uh... uh Wrong turn. What is Hal Jordan's origin story? I don't know. There you go. Right. Ask him something else. Anything you want. Anything uh, you want. Wrong turn. Uh, where can I get Chinese food locally? I don't know. Anything else. Nice. I'm telling you, you can ask him any question at, at anything. Anything that even pops in your mind. Hey, uh, wrong turn. Uh, are we here right now with Reggie? I don't know. There you go. Good. He, wow. That's it's isn't that good? I how about yeah, that? You guys you guys worked a lot on the programming, especially I can tell. <laughs> See? It's it's pretty good, right? Uh, wrong turn. Wrong turn. Uh what does Eric say at the end of the podcast? Have a great week. Keeping it weird. T U S seven. There, see, he wow. just got that. He did say that, but yes, we're here with wrong turn. Though the uh, the wrong turn oath is definitely the best. But when we hear that, that must usually be Superman Reborn is the best. Be. How dare you, Superman you think that's Reborn? The best? You think one, that two. that's the best because I also like this one. It's time for meat and cheese. He, he seems <laughs> very excited for that one, though. Most people love the classic. I like the killing. That's pretty good, right? That yeah. or. See you on the sevens. See you on the sevens. There's so Don't many. Me wrong turn. Yeah, that's not appropriate because I'm angry about that. That's because I'm angry about that. Do you hear me, Brandon? There you go. Uh, what a what a natural actor he was for that line. But we are here. I, I still so Eric, you actually do like Must be Superman Reborn. Do you like that? Or do you like that? <laughs> Must be Eric Shea Reborn. Yeah. Today I don't like him saying my name ever. Today he comes up to me twice uh, today. He had two things. He comes up to me and goes I'm going to go up to Eric Shea because when he talks, it's never just Eric. It's always no, Eric, Shea. Eric Shea. Goes, is there another Eric in the company? Uh, nope. There is okay. a Derek and an Auric, but he says all of those the same. So there kind of is, there kind of isn't. But he does all say, right. he comes up to me and goes, I'm going to tell Eric Shea that he's the reborn and he's an asshole. Like, what the hell is that? So then later, I'm like, I don't I wouldn't do that. Wrong turn. Then later, he comes up to me. I was ready to punch him in the fucking face. Eric is so far away from us in the in the thing. And he goes, what? he comes up and he goes to me, look at Eric Shea. I'm like, yeah. And he's like, he looks like a girl, doesn't he? I'm like, no, he's got a beard. He does not. I don't know what type of girls you, you are around or whatnot. And he's like, yeah. yeah, he looks like a female. Ha! And then walks away. I'm like, wow. I don't know what's going on. Of course, I've run my terror. He just said, you look like a girl. And then he, <laughs> he went over. what? 
He went over and started punching him. Eric was wow. punching him. Then he comes up to us and goes, hey, what what is a camel toe? And then I'm like, really? I've seen your girlfriend there, buddy boy. Ooh. But uh, in the meantime, Eric explains it to him. And then he turns it around as if Eric didn't know, and he did. I don't know what's going on. Then he's telling us that he's going to go. This is a to... classic abusive relationship. You oh, realize it's that? Worst. Like it's, it's, it's alternating worst. between Eric punching and yeah. explaining. You know, I, I, the, I did. I didn't punch piece. him. I kind of. I kind of pushed him around a little bit and then threatened to take him in the bathroom. As Jim held him down and I fucked him. Yeah, that's uh-huh. what he said. Well, that, and that, then that definitely would have shown then... you to be uh, a girl. But then, well, no, that's no, the I thing, fucked him. Yeah, he was going to fuck. And then as this was going on. Wrong turns yelling, no, Jim, you don't want that, do you? Hell yeah, I do. And I said, screw that bathroom. Do it right here, right now. And Eric's like, all right. And he said, and then he got all nervous. He got upset. Yeah. But he was wow. also all excited because he was going to go to Buffalo Wild Wings. But it, during the day, he told us in the morning he didn't like spicy wings. Then in the afternoon, he did like spicy wings to the point where he could eat anything spicy till the end of the day saying he didn't like spicy foods and couldn't eat those. So now you, you guys fucking wrists. Yeah, you guys yeah. actually you draw a paycheck from this place. Is that right? Is that, yes, am I right true. about that? Yes, but most of the time is concerned. But this isn't a work him. release thing that you guys do or anything? No, like no, God. no, no. I, I, I – uh, I end up thinking that somebody's fucking with us. Me and Eric both think that possibly. I, I constantly yell out about at least three times a week, this can't be real life. Yeah, there has to be something do. else going <laughs> yeah, on here. Yeah, yeah, wrong turn. He went. Uh, You're being he, filmed for someone's amusement for sure. He weighed himself. And, and ours. At one point, there was we have a big warehouse scale that he weighs himself at least 17 times a day, but yet then claims he doesn't. But at one point, there was a package on there. There was a big thing. And – it was, I think this thing weighed 170 pounds. So we're like, he's like yeah, something like that. And he's like, I want to, I want to weigh myself. So Eric's like, well, just get on and, you know, subtract the deal. Now you would think that his issue was that if he got on the scale, not very good on math. And, yeah. and then he right. would not be able to figure out. No, we, I, we I got to the point at the end of this. help for that. Now at the end of this whole fiasco. Of him complaining that Eric had to get this off the scale and him doing this and that. You know, me doing my job. Yeah, we're very convinced that he actually was afraid that if he got on that scale and say the scale said he was 200 or 370 pounds, that he would he become would that. Then. That the scale would then. It would be 370 true. pounds. <laughs> yeah, he really thought that that was the case. So you cannot get on the scale. Because if you do now, you're going to be 370 pounds, and that's going to be true, and now you are fat. That really is a wonderful, magical world that he lives in, isn't it? You know what I mean? That he thinks that that could actually happen. It's a a nightmare. What are you talking about? That could actually happen to the house. And with this, though, with this going on, Eric is driven nuts, and I just sit and laugh. And I, I really, with wrong turn and his nonsense, I can really laugh it off. It drives every bit drives Eric nuts. He can't take it. He can't. Take the thing it. is, it's until I started cool. work, until I started working with him, I was a very patient person who would never raise his voice. I lose my voice by the end of the day every fucking day now. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. It's nonsense. It's complete I love it. utter nonsense. But uh, Reggie, tell us about our first book. No more wrong turn. All yeah, right. One more wrong turn. One because more wrong. You term. came back from lunch. He came back from lunch, and uh, I take a short lunch. He's going around and he's cleaning. But as he is cleaning, he is just singing a song. Some beach, somewhere. So, and I think he was actually saying some bitch, but some bitch, 
somewhere. <laughs> and it was just this over and over again until this guy delivered something, pulled up in a, in a truck, fucking immediately clammed up. So I'm like, you were go And I actually confronted him. I grabbed a hold of him. Like, you are going out of your way to fuck with me. What is wrong with you? What have, yeah, what yeah. have I done? Yeah. Why are you doing this? Wow. Stop it. Just fucking just stop does. it. I will punch you in your fat Walter looking face. What if his what if his head then opened up and inside there was a gas canister that sprayed you, knocked you out, and you woke up on the island of I'm the telling prisoner. you, everything would make sense that if this was <laughs> yeah, the world of the prisoner, everything would make if all of a sudden yeah, there's right. a freaking bubble just coming after me. Exactly. He'd be like, Oh, I've I've I'm been telling you, at, at points I think that we have the prisoner to, the whole time. I think exactly. we have to walk across the bay and go upstairs because it's the Truman show going on. There is somebody making fun of us this whole yeah. time because it's not and actually I'm kind of like that that friend who keeps him on the you know the straight and narrow here because when he gets so upset I just kind of try to calm him down but I'm the one who then riles up or turn to upset well, him. Yeah, so. yeah, that's the Jim Warner way, you know what I mean? You can play both ends to the middle oh, and cause yeah. the most chaos. Some and then beach, you sit Some back. Oh, Jesus what song is that? What, what who song knows? Do you think it's that some was, country you know? song. I, I actually recognize it's probably it as he calls it Far George Line. That's what he says. His favorite band is Far George Line. And I don't need to shake our heads because if you're not aware, that's Florida Georgia line. But he doesn't know because he doesn't know what Florida or Georgia is and barely knows what a line is. So we end up. Oh, and, oh my God. When he asked us today, hey, guys, you know what SpongeBob is? And no, we're playing no. dumb. No, what's that? You you don't know. He got angry. But wrong turn. You know what 9-11 is? Nope. And he goes, nope, nope, don't know. And I'm like, what? You don't know what 9-11 is? And he's like, nope. And then we figured it out that he was like 12 when 9-11 happened. No, There's he no was way. Nine. He should know this. And we're like, yeah, you yeah, know, 9-11. He, he, like, he wasn't a little baby. The, the towers, you know, and he's like, just nope, don't know. Like, Maybe is... SpongeBob SquarePants is his 9/11. That might Maybe. be. It's so funny because I like to Today do that was when he nightmare. says to me when he says <laughs> stuff like that, like you know SpongeBob, and I know that if I say no and keep saying it, and then I sit there and it's so weird, like SpongeBob SquarePants, you know, wow. I, and he, he his mind's blown. He just what? And he gets all upset and he's yelling and screaming. Oh my. Gracious. What book are we talking about? We Give are talking about book. Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, number 37, written by Robert Vanetti, art by Rafa Sandoval, Jordi Tarragona, and Tamu Moray. Hal Jordan was a capricious hothead. His plan B was a bigger plan A. Kyle Rayner was a sensitive artist who fucked Carol Ferris another time and day. Guy Gardner was a real loose cannon. You never knew when he would flip on the scene. And leading the lanterns was John Stewart. And he'd like you to know that he was a Marine. And then there's Odd. 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 And then there's that uncompromising, punching, flying, eyeball frying right on Zod. Sad. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And uh, this uh, book, I know that I know you I saw your score already, mm. Reggie, and I know that you're pretty positive on this. And I will share that sentiment with you. Uh, the problem is it still has this weird pacing issue that not a lot happens in an issue, though. This is a real fast. It read. is. This is the but, thing. But that I, I, gave been... this, I gave this a high mark on two 
things, one of which I think Eric would like a lot, that they actually addressed the shit that we talked about from last issue at the beginning. But yeah. the Guardians yeah. coming but back. the Guardians. That, that, that's John a Stewart big deal. Yeah. Fuck and, you. And I was I'm like, out. I was like, <laughs> yes, at least they – I mean, we no one thought John Stewart was going to actually leave, but at least nah. – they dealt. They dealt with it, and I was well, like, "Well, with that, that I really uh, what like my that. whole opinion of the whole deal is that the pacing's still off." And and as you said, then mm-hmm. obviously, then Zod shows up and things like that that we'll get into. But it shows me that if you have some pretty kick-ass things, then I can kind of leave that uh, you know pissed-off bit of the pacing behind me and enjoy it. This shows me that you know a lot of the other things going. Uh, were nonsense. You know, you had the well, controllers. Well, even the whole the, thing. Uh, like, I talked these. about how much I was excited about the controllers coming back because there's a lot of story, like possibilities with bringing them back with stuff that we have in past continuity and stuff yeah. like that. I was so excited. It never went anywhere. And no. now here we jump in. Like, we have a little bit of talk about the Guardians coming back. And then we go off to the whole, you know, Zod's new planet yeah. he had, which we haven't seen since he left Action Comics. And uh, I'm like, okay, right there. We got a lot of cool freaking possibilities for stories because we have four Kryptonians versus the Green Lantern Corps. That's a cool idea in my head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So as long as you have some cool ideas, I can go with this pacing. It's basically what I – because I did like this issue. Though. Especially when you get the – and this was my, my other thing that really jacked the score up. I mean, you know I love this art team. I love this yeah, oh, yeah, book yeah. artistically, but also the layouts. I mean, a full almost half the book, or I'd say maybe like – a quarter or a third of the book is just a big fight. Yeah. But yeah. it looks so good. There's that no, crazy like double double page splash with like the radiating panels coming out of the center. It's really a unique layout. Looks like they did a ton of work on this. And like for just presenting a superhero fight, which is, you know, how many ways are you going to cut that up? Yeah. Here's here's another way. You know what I mean? They 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 found a new way. I don't think it's like impeccably perfect necessarily, but I liked I love the oh. effort. Yeah, and uh, right. I love I the art team, obviously. Yeah, I agree and I, I, the whole panel layout too. I'm thinking it was really cool. Like it's almost like a Brett Booth panel layout where nothing is straight at all. Everything's on like yeah. Uh, yeah. corners yeah, and is. edges and shit like that. And it's really even the gutters up in are all like ripped up and crazy yeah. looking. You know, like it's almost like it, it really makes it really added to the effect of what essentially was a slobber knocker of yeah, the Kryptonians yeah, eating it, the fucking it, living shit yeah, out of Ky- uh, Kyle and Hal. <laughs> and it starts off Poor and basically Kyle. John Stewart's going to quit. We know he's not going. But yeah, no. he he's gonna quit because the guardians are back. They do throw in a lot of stuff here of the new Fifty Two, even with the first lantern, you know, the third army, the, they even Blackest that. Night. Yeah, Blackest Night is mentioned, so you get all of this where he's just like, "You guys are assholes. You always fuck up and whatever." And that's the concept of Ganthet saying, "Listen, we need you to stay because it, pretty much you need to keep us." Honest you're our moral well. compass at this point. Yeah, Come on, and, man. And I like this. If you're a John Stewart fan, I think you would like this because he's uncompromising. You know what I mean? He does compromise then, but he's just like, yeah. fuck this. You want to lead again? Fuck you. I did all this. Now, one thing that threw me off. Well, though, well, they come back. They come back to him, and they're just like, we need you yeah. to keep us correct. Yeah. Without one thing that threw happen. me off, though, that I didn't like was the line of, you know, you work so hard to get the, you know, the the guardian or the uh, Green Lanterns respected throughout the universe again we never saw that really this is what they were supposed to do when they came back from the lost army and edge of oblivion we never really got to see that it i just, mean i guess, I guess we're just supposed happened. to assume that happened you know? i mean, I mean when they went out with the yellow lanterns maybe yes. that but, that but then again, we never get, we never saw it actually that's what i'm saying either. and that even seemed to kind of get them uh you know treading water or actually one step forward two steps back in my mind with that 
And I would have liked to have seen more of this because when they left, you know, pretty much the Green Lanterns were looked at with Renegade, with Hal Jordan, yeah. all this stuff never really got resolved. And, and like Eric said, Eric's still waiting for, you know, why are the rings wonky? What happened to all those rings that disappeared in Edge of Oblivion and all yeah, that well, stuff? Yeah, there's the, the new rings, like, like we were told before, no new ring is going out and looking for a new recruit, and we have never resolved anything with that. As far as we know... You can't make any more Green Lanterns. We no, have no. what we have, and, 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 that, and that, nobody's doing anything with it. And and with that, they do kind of say this, where Zod maybe not know, like, hey, we can't do this, or they're going to go look for new you know, new people later on this issue. But also the thing that I want in the Lost Army and, and then continuing in that Edge of Oblivion, when all of those Green Lanterns got decimated, it went – They the rings went through that tear, yeah. that, that portal. They went out mm. back into this universe – and nothing happened. We never got anything from that. So bringing up that whole idea of you got the respect back for the Greenland, to me, it kind of just threw in the idea of, okay, so I, obviously at this point, we're never going to get that anyway. We're never right. going to see that. But it just reminded me of it, and it got me angry because that's yeah. what this book should have been up to this point is them going off and getting back the respect of everyone. It just kind of is, hey, you're going to have to go with it that it happened. Uh, but really, again, like we said, there's Rami too. I laughed. Every time I see him, now yeah. I'm going to laugh. Uh, but with that, you go off. John Stewart's going to stay. Well, e- even the whole point of the John Stewart, I, have t- I had two thoughts when I saw him going with this whole thing like I'm going to leave, and then he decides to stay was – He's really being like, he's really being too self righteous in my yeah. mind because he was willing to freaking cut some corners to make sure the Green Lantern Corps oh, yeah. looked like, you know, like heroes in the universe. Like, we're going to hide this idea of this murder because we can't have ourselves. We eventually got past that when we, yeah. like, it came out in the open, but he was all too willing to hide that fact for, like, you know, because he was trying to work on the PR situation. That's not really that virtuous in my mind. And then also, the other fact was, for some reason, I'm like, he's all right, I'm going to stay. I'm like, Oh no, they're going to kill off John Stewart I finally because went, he decided when, to stay. When he said he was going to quit at the beginning, again, we said we didn't think he was. I thought that maybe he was going to leave the book for a little. First off, a lot of people are complaining this book is a little crowded with Earth Lanterns. So, yeah. And I agree as well. But I was with Eric as well of thinking like, oh, you know what? They're not going to kill him. But this is the next best way to kind of get rid of him because they were going to kill him in the New 52 that Joshua Hal Falcoff was going mm-hmm. to be on the book. I think it was issue 21 when everybody – they that, all yeah. changed. The whole thing seemed to change, and he walked. He didn't want to do it. He said, no way, and then they decided not to do it anyway because yeah, of the backlash. But I did think like, oh, this is their way to finally get him out uh, with this, and it's just kind of odd that you have that where that's half the issue – that really doesn't amount to anything except for the Guardians saying, we need you because we trust you. You're the most honorable back, guy. Baby. You're there, and uh, you know you keep an eye on us as well because we want our legacy to be different than what yeah. it was and a, going and a into bunch of, It's a bunch of catch-up. Like, yeah. I, I told people this actually is a good jumping-off point jumping because off. of oh, that. Yeah. It's that good. But most of the exposition for those of us that were reading – that have been yeah, reading, it's yeah. just you know repeating the same shit, but yeah, and, and it, essentially informing us that people do like the Green Lanterns again around yeah. the universe, which yeah, I guess yeah. that's a, that seems to, to be a, a big thing. But yeah, they go off to Zod's planet, which we find out is Zod's planet. It's funny because we have the future version kind of going yeah. now. Uh, I like that. I like that connectivity, but you know, the it fact is kind of cool. I, the I'll thing is, I, I like the connectivity you know. right now because it, it is a, like a cool symmetry we got going on. But going into this From arc, Action I really Comics, wish yeah. it would have happened uh, after Action Comics got done or something because 
now that we have the Green Lantern Corps, like, you know, the timeline's always going to be weird for when things actually happen per yeah. book. But now that we have the Green Lantern Corps going up against Zod and his family on this, in my mind, they have to stop him at some yeah. point. Yeah. So if that happens, there won't be that future for uh, in Action Comics for Superman to go to. No, it's funny well, because we'll as this goes... Maybe they, have to, maybe they have to, you know, make a, a treaty with that, him That's something. what I'm thinking maybe. is going to happen because they even spell out, like, pretty much what has... I mean, I know then that they attack. They, there's a fight. The battle's going. The Eradicator's there with him and all of this. But really, what has he really done? Up in the, He's enslaved even, an entire planet well, and stole their minerals. Said, it doesn't even look like there's that many people there, and they might not be enslaved. They haven't talked to them yet. They just had somebody saying that, They're hey, there's people. shit going down. I see people there, but they may be benefiting. We don't the, the know The lanterns go yet. down due to unauthorized resource collection, yeah. but it's like author, unauthorized by whom? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, that's like, what I'm who's saying. Who's the Guardians authority the about universe. this? Yes. You know what I mean? Like, what, again, when did they, where's their deed? And maybe right Some off of the, the bat, though, maybe right off the bat, this is going to show you that the Guardians haven't changed as much. And this is supposed to show you because, again, you know, oh, we're the Guardians of, of the universe. But do they need to be? And do, you know, a lot of the things that people are upset at, including the controllers and things like that, is like, you know what? You're getting your nose and shit. You don't need to be. And this is nonsense. So I don't know what's going on and if it's going to turn around and make the Green Lantern Corps kind of look like assholes there's, showing up. There's like Jim Werner, the proponent for states' rights, talking That's this right. thing again. You I know? don't know what you mean. Let the but planets govern In the meantime, though, it's like one of these things where the cops can come to my house and say, hey, listen, uh, we think you have a meth lab. And I say, I, I don't have an unauthorized meth lab. And I say, yeah. yeah. No, and I'm you like, my I, neighbor. I can <laughs> say, listen, I don't. But if I punch the cop, then I'm in trouble for something even worse. You know what I mean? So when Zod attacks, all bets are off Only anyway. It doesn't matter. Back up. Yeah, it doesn't matter what he's doing, if and, anything and this, that he's doing up to here. Which essentially takes the rest of the issue, uh, takes like five or more pages. Yeah. It looks terrific. Oh, My yes. problem with it, I don't know if Eric or you feel this way, but I don't think the Kryptonian should kick the Green Lantern's asses that easily. I mean, like they they just rip through these the two of these guys like they're the thing is, fucking it, paper, you know. But, I actually uh, kind of like it because it does harken back a bit to when you know Superman was go- taking on uh, Hal Jordan in the beginning of the New Fifty Two in the Justice League issue, yeah. where they like go after him. And, like, the Kryptonians are a powerhouse. And, like, you know, yeah. ju- like uh, how Jordan is the greatest Green Lantern. He's got all this willpower. He's not used to going up something of this massive of a power, mm-hmm. like, you know, kind of an enemy kind of thing. So him doing this, I can see Zod is completely overpowering him at this point because it is just a ring uh, compared to this godlike power. I would expect the Green Lanterns to lose, but, yeah. like, they don't even get a sucker well, punch it. A thing you that I, I mean? think they don't, that they don't, don't stress shit. enough, this planet has two suns. So yeah, I, I, think, I think the Kryptonians are like super powered. Because here, so. in one panel, you can see just through the deal, there are yeah. definitely two suns. And, and yeah. where Zod even says at one point, you know, the sunlight. But I wish that they would have stressed that a little bit more. But when he says, I will be pleased to explain, well, welcome Green Lanterns to my home. You see behind them these two big suns. And right. uh, so, yeah, he's supercharged. That's one thing. But, yeah, uh, I like it. I, but really, not a lot happens. It's it's oh, very it, it, it ends with Kyle and Hal on the ropes. Uh, Zod's about to punch uh, Hal's face, and they can't get through to command. Yeah, they, you know, their communications yep. are being blocked, so they can't get through to John yep. and them. Now, did anybody think it was odd that Hal Jordan knew who General Zod was? 
It seemed odd to me. It did. And he kind of spelled it out, but I guess maybe they it's hard, run into it's each It's hard other. for me to think about in this. I mean, in general, older continuity, sure, he would know who Zod was. Exactly. But, and it, it could be I Superman Reborn. It might yeah. be. It might be. Where, where <laughs> you say that. Uh, Must be Superman Reborn. Because he does know and Eric kind of explains that. it. But, yeah, that's about it. That's the reason I say it. anything. Yeah. What, what, what did you give it, Reggie? Uh, obviously, I enjoyed this a lot, even from the way it was told. Kind of had that cold open, or that you know, they show the end first, do a little backtracking, yeah. yeah. and then came back around to the story. It was a quick read, but it looked terrific. You know, this is my favorite Green Lantern team at the moment, uh, and I think they definitely showed and proved a little a little less good on the John Stewart and Guardian scene, but still. Yeah, I didn't like the John Stewart terrific. beginning. I thought. Uh, I still think it looked great, but it wasn't like the fighting and the Kryptonian stuff really looked awesome. I thought uh, I gave this an 8.5 out of 10. Ooh, wait. I am going to go 7.5. I did like it. Uh, just not a lot happens. I do. I'm pretty excited to see them battle Zod. I hope that it doesn't end lame. Uh, I'm waiting for Zod to yell diplomatic immunity, and then they'll have <laughs> to go off, and then they'll like, then they'll just shoot him, and you know, you'll have that scene. But now, uh, in general, just I hope been revoked. that it's been revoked. Spit flying everywhere, but I, I I hope that it does amount to something, and it's not just a nonsense little arc. Uh, because I think that Zod and his family is pretty cool. Plus, like the thing that worries me, like Eric said, though, we've kind of seen a future that the family has a planet. If it is this planet, maybe this is not the planet. Maybe they're forced to go other way. But I'd like to think that synergy is pretty cool. So we'll have to see how it goes off. But yeah, seven point five for me. What about you, Eric? I love the art in this issue. It, it goes really fast with this big, like Reggie said, a slobber knocker of a yeah. goddamn fight scene, which is really interesting because I think the Green Lanterns versus Kryptonians is a badass idea. It's just one of those really cool things that really grabs a hold of my imagination. I'm like, oh, how could this go? Because I don't even know how many Green Lanterns we have left. And if it, the core that we have can even face this kind of threat. So actually, you're putting the threat level for what we've dealt with up really high in my mind. And it gets me really excited. The beginning part was a little stiff with John Stewart, like, I'm not doing it. Oh, come on. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm it, back. it was a little stiff, but like I would give it a seven out of ten. And that's the All thing right. is still one of my highest rating books of this week yeah, with a seven out of ten. And wow. I'm really excited for where this story's that going. Is that's pretty sad. You, I, I have to say though, I, I thought of you, Eric, when I saw that they dealt with John Stewart. Yeah. Being the leader. Just to even have have a oh, yeah. that. Even, even though deal. it was kind of a stupid, pointless scene, but I was like that's awesome because they could have not done it, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't have been like. I'm sorry. That's it's a huge deal for the Guardians to be back, and for what we have right now, John Stewart is the appointed leader of the Green Lantern Corps. Yeah. Like, what do we have now? What is our freaking chain of command? We have the Guardians. Now we have the leader. Like, is he just going to accept this or any of the other Green Lantern? They don't really have a choice. They're there, and now it's up to John Stewart to tell everybody, look. They're going to be there. They don't have to follow shit what they do, but they're going to be here, all right? Yeah, yeah. Well, let's get to the next book then. And all right. Is it Reggie? Suicide Squad number 34, written by Cy Spurrier, art by Fernando Passarin, Sean Parsons, and Blonde. So we're different colors and different creeds, and different people have different dietary needs. It's obvious you hate me, though I've never attacked I never even met you, but you want me for a snack. I don't understand what makes a man eat another man. Help me understand. People are people, so why should it be? Killer Croc should be allowed to gnaw on me. People are people, so why should it be? 
Killer Croc should be allowed to know on me. Yes, yes, a little Depeche Mode there for you. Depeche Mode, as this one guy used to call it. I'm like, what the fuck are you saying? Was that you lived in France? What the hell was that? He had no idea. He had no idea. It's like you would always get the worst uh, guys who fake the funk are always hockey guys like they'll they'll say oh i love hockey my favorite uh, uh character or my favorite player is mario lamiax or luke oh, robitalli yes. it always right. gets them those french canadian names i'll screw you every time when you try to fake the funk but yeah Robita- this one guy Robitulli. yeah this one guy's like my favorite band is depeche mode i'm like really you, you went mode <laughs> you, uh, you couldn't you just know, my, go mode there you when metallica him. first started getting big my brother was also big into writing shit on his walls and oh, he yeah. liked to write all the bands he liked on his yeah. walls and metallica had just just gotten big i guess probably that ride the lightning just came yeah. out or something like that my brother or maybe was it was kill them well. all maybe it was kill them all but uh, anyway kill them all uh my my brother was uh he liked them but he didn't have the album and he said oh, i want to put their you know band logo on there yeah. and my friend Justin said, oh, well, I know how to spell it. I know how to do it. I'll write it on there for you. And he wrote it up there. And for the rest of the time that I lived there, it said on the wall, M-E-T-T-A-L-I-K-A. You dumb bastard. <laughs> Forever. Uh, he yes. fucked it up in every way. Like, and I'd like to think it's still there, is what I, I would like day. to think. Whoever, to whoever day, has that house, I hope they still to have to look day, at this day, it's still there. But yeah, the yeah. Suicide Squad, this is that story that we started this, you know, two-parter. So, number mm. one, I am wondering, uh, because Reggie is a big proponent of the short arc. So, I'm yep. assuming that that is a plus for Reggie. Uh, that I'm, was I'm a wondering. huge plus. And this was a story that needed to be two-ish. Well, I don't know if we could yeah. say needed to be, but... But it can't. This it's got, not going to be This was kind of a setup and a punchline, and yeah. we got it. You know what I mean? It was uh, it was good. And I, I enjoyed this story. Uh, it's okay. The, I agree. The, well, here's the thing, is that to recap, there's nothing... It's, it's It almost is like a joke, the joke of the guy who was set up to be yes. the cannon spot. That is spot, true. You know I, 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 mean? I, I agree. Uh, there's really not... I mean, we could, we, we're going to go through the you know bits and pieces, yeah. but overall... The whole thing is he was set up to think that he was dispensable so that later on he gets, like, probed with an alien brain thing, and then that kills the alien. That feeds on hope, and and he doesn't have any. He's a sad He's so self-defeatist and and essentially suicidal, you know? I I just – all I thought was why didn't Amanda Waller just come and get me? They don't even have to pretend. (laughs) They they just get me and say, listen – you know, you need to get, uh, you know, a brain scan by this alien who needs somebody who's totally given up on life. Uh, I'm there. I, Suicide Squad, here I come. Uh, the thing about it is to me. Yeah, the, the thing that I, I have to say is this it's this is if you're going to go with the joke analogy here or metaphor, uh, the punchline is not as good as the joke to me. Not at the all. Set, the setup. I really like. I actually like I had, as I had we go issues, through this. I had, I had problems with the last issue, but overall I gave it a high six because I was yeah. really looking forward to where they're going to take this. It's an interesting story for what and we've I had in the like Suicide the Squad idea. lately. And by the time they explain what's going down, I'm like, well, you just ruined it. You explained yeah, I the kind joke of and it's like, fucking ruined it. I now. kind of like the idea of a guy who is a nobody and ends up with, like we said, the, the joke of the last issue was, come on, say my name. Please, just say my name. Yep. And I like that idea, and I, I like the thought that we had was that by the end here, he, you know, maybe he'll save the day, whatever, but his hand's gone, so he's no longer that threat and things like that. He can't get in and out. Like the whole lock thing, because his hand's gone, obviously now the the first hand just is off so that 
he can't do anything. Then they yeah. lop off his other hand. I, I don't know. It's all to make him a sad sack, but they proved or said at the end through the punchline of it, he always was. So they didn't need to even do that. He just was this guy. I, I like uh, it because just, it explained, it helped the, the, the long drawn out explanation explain all the weird kind of inconsistencies that next, like his weird cell or the fact that they kept yeah. reiterating that he was cat and fodder and killer croc. Like they addressed all of that shit. But again, at uh, the end, it's the twist. And it really was too heavy a twist for me. It, it was the, way too heavy for what they were twist. doing. They they yeah. actually made the story convoluted to get to this point that they didn't need to do. Like, oh yeah, all those other guys, those are actually dead. Like you yeah. know, uh, prisoners from before that we reanimated, and this none of this is real. Like that, you came in, you were the whole point of the plan. Suicide Squad were acting this whole time. You, you just over-explained yeah, this, and me, this actually made it too over the top to, to me, the point where it's not one, fun anymore. Yeah, to me, number one, have those guys not a, have them dead. There's yeah. no reason in this book that you don't have these guys. They're not good guys anyway. This is not like they have these guys here, and all of a sudden at the end we're like, oh man, these the, those innocent people died. No, no, they're they're pieces of shit. So have them die anyway. And in the fact of the matter, they they did die. They, they already had died before. So basically, you're telling me it's a ruse. These were animated corpses, but they were animated corpses. Of cannon fodder from other missions, so you don't need that anyway. Especially I don't when you have to go through dying. all the backstory and see all the training that these animated corpses went through yeah. with Juan. I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah. I just and again, I'm saying all this. I'll take this two issues out of a lot of stuff we got since the beginning of Rebirth. Oh I yeah, think fucking. That this if is I would probably, deal with this over Red Wave 100. percent No, I'm telling you, I think that this is the best arc of Suicide Squad since we started. So this I'm is saying a long, all this for a long time, if not. I just at Rebirth, the yeah. end. It actually was one of those where you finally get the joke, and I was like, oh, you know what? It, it, it's it's a little more convoluted than I would have liked, and the joke now kind of gets thrown in your face. Yet, like you said, Reggie, it does explain things. That makes sense. Yeah. That, that, the only but, part I thought was over the top was the reanimating corpses, which yeah. I think was really – just so they were like, well, what the hell would Enchantress do? And it was like, yeah. well, I guess that she could do that. Yeah, that's you know, what she does. Like but that. in the meantime, same thing with why does Katana cut his hand off? Well, she's got to do, she's got to do something here. So there was no something. reason for that because the whole thing right before that, you know, like Juan had punched a creature and it had dissolved right there. So, like, yeah. and that was an odd one. Like, oh, why did that happen? Okay. And then when the other creature now. grabs a hold of his hand with its mouth, ah, I don't now, know why that creature just again. Didn't the only thing right I can there. wrap around is is that he's got to be a sad sack. He punches that creature. Unfortunately, they never took it into account that he may become a hero. He punches that alien. It kind of dissolves whatever. Now he's got hope. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, and, he and it says, says it right there. He hope, even right. says at that point, oh, my God, I got some hope. I, I might get out of this. So I understand. So, yeah, cut, cutting his hand off is the right thing to I do. I understand it's the right move. Unfortunately, it's forced in there. It's, it's yeah. only there because of what was forced to happen. So, yes, I would have liked better that they're there and you have like – because Boomerang's going to fuck everything up. That's why he's in this book. <laughs> so at one point, they're like, hey, you know, we're going to have to do this. Hey, Juan, what do you think? And then all of them look at Boomerang like, you motherfucker, you're not supposed to say his name. Like they don't say that. But they all stop and look at him. Then out of nowhere, yeah. Katana just slices his hand. That would have been funny to me. That then all of a sudden they're like, oh, oh you know, whatever. And then and then Boomerang's like, oh, what happened, Joe? 
And then he's, ah, oh, and he goes down. But yeah, at that point, he started having hope. So it does make sense. Like I said, most of it makes sense. But by the end, when you get to Jabba the Hutt, the, the big alien at the end, and you find out what it was, you're like, okay, we just went through two issues for this thing. And it's, it's just not as clever as I wanted to think it was going to be. And then at the yeah. end, he gets thrown into a cell with Croc, which then now you've ruined the deal again. Yeah, yeah, and everything. I mean, I guess, yeah. I guess then he gets eaten and dies. Yeah, and yeah that's that. what you uh, you assume, because I don't <laughs> think he's going to be around anymore. But we'll, we'll go into it. We kind of just did explain most of it. the worst part but... is because by the end, I actually did feel bad for Juan for this whole goddamn setup. And then you just kicked me in the face more by pushing him in a, like, yeah. a cell with yeah. Killer Croc. Like, and even then, really? they... They've cut off – he's got one hand cut off and then another by Katana and all this stuff. And Waller just says, oh, you'll be compensated. You know, We're going to work this out and then throws him in a cell with Croc basically because uh, probably they don't want to pay for it. They don't want to give him cybernetic hands. I mean hands really now that, now that his you know, super unlocking hand is cut off and they've he's shown nothing. that he was sort of – why don't they just send him to a regular fucking prison? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and really. That's all they need to do. Plus, I don't know. I'm telling you through all of this where how he started – to have this guy who does have a weird type of power seems like something the Suicide Squad might have been able to use down the line if they ever had to break into something. You have this guy on the side. He comes in, but instead they used him to get a sad sack alien that needs to have somebody who doesn't have hope. Oh, I, th- and- I think if you, if you want him back from a team, you need to write Jeff Johns with your movie pitch. That's with, right. Including Juan Saria on Saria. the and, and see if maybe you can get him in Suicide and, Squad. And really, yeah, yeah, we can. Uh, but nobody listens to me. <laughs> that's but the really, only, we, we that's the only way this. to get on the team these we, days. Yeah, really. We we talked about basically the whole issue. But yeah, they're going through. They're trying to get this alien. And as this is going on, Juan is continuously thinking back at his training, how nobody liked him. Nobody will say his name. Nobody pays attention to him. And at this one point, they get to the end where the hive queen or whatever you'd call it of this this alien monster deal, uh, they're going to pick straws. And right there also, I knew something was up because you, you push this guy as the cannon fighter the whole time, he's the only one who survived from all of these red shirts. And when you get there, they want to do this last bit of non-hope of when he draws a straw because it's rigged by by a boomerang they show. Mm. But he just walks and he's like, hey, fuck it. You know what? I'm just going to go. I'm going to die anyway. And when he goes to this big alien, it then uses one of its tentacles to probe its mind and then withers and dies. And you don't know what's going on. Then he squishes it. But in the long run, you find out then, you know, Wallace explains this this alien feeds on hope and like i said i'm like i don't know what's going on never had a big bowl you never had a big bowl of hope no, never. I have milk. Never. No, huh? that, never. I think that's part of the problem. You guys never, never chewed down no, on a big, never did hunk, a big a hunk hope. of hope. No hope. The other day, I thought I had hope. I bought a cherry pie last weekend at Aldi, and we kept forgetting to eat it. And it was sitting in the fridge, and for this Ooh. whole week, I'm telling you, this was Wednesday. We bought it on Saturday. So finally, Rafe says, and I'm telling you, this is like. 9.30 at night, and Rafe's like, oh, uh, you know, aren't we going to eat this t- uh, this cherry pie? And the thing is, 
I put it – we put it away in a weird spot so we didn't see it. So I'm like, okay, now I have hope. Like you said, a big mm. piece of hope I want. I got it out. I took the, the thing off. I went. I dropped it. It fucking went all over the floor. I didn't even get one <laughs> fucking bite of the goddamn cherry pie. So there's well, my hope. And it was a if disaster. It, if Nick's feel any better, I'm sure all of your sons stuck their dick in it anyway. No, so. no. What happened then is basically Rafe grabbed kind of a part of it. Because the but you know the crust on the top was and he kind of scooped a bit up and ate something and I thought it was oh. disgusting but in the meantime I was I'll admit I was almost in tears this was almost <laughs> to me like a wand he was here so in this defeated book. I was I thought nothing goes right for me all I wanted was a piece of goddamn pie even a little slice of this pie and I, and I dropped it oh. Rafe I hear him down he hears me talking about. Couldn't stop laughing. He laughed for like two hours at me, just pointing and laughing at me the whole time. Oh, and then I think Logan came down, and then all of a sudden, it's right. Hey, you want a piece of cherry pie, Logan? And I'm like, why are you doing this to me? Why are you killing me? And then they all laughed at me. They laughed there at you all, go. Probably laughing You'll, right you'll, now, you'll be ready for that brain alien in no time. Yeah. No, I'm all ready now. Right. I'm telling you, they wouldn't come here. Uh, uh, right away, that alien will never come to Quakertown. <laughs> Quakertown's the, the land that hope died in. There's no way, but... Uh, yeah, you end up basically like we said. He was a setup. It was set up because he's a sad sack that they knew, though I don't know why they have to keep pushing him towards that anyway. And then in the meantime, they throw him in a cell with Croc as, you know, hey, here's your reward. And, yeah, he, he's going to get eaten because Croc just kept saying the whole time. So what did Delicious. you give it, Reggie? And he says at the end, tasty, yeah, so tasty. late. But, yeah. I mean, theoretically, we don't see it happen. They could bring him back. and he's I bet. dead. We'll see, but yeah, they they basically leave it off that they can also never bring him back, and we'll be fine yep. with that. Uh, I I disagree with you guys partly. I think that the over explanation was part of the charm of this of the punchline of this that it was so overwrought they had to bring his spirits down to the depths of what they could possibly be, so that he had zero hope or belief that he could be anything but he was you know just the next guy to die. Uh, yeah. That was the only way that he could destroy this alien. The necromancy was was the tiniest bit over the top. I mean, for the, for that point, they could have used robots and even made him feel well, more like that. shit. You, you know what I mean? The animated just, just corpse like, just been like hope? you're nothing better than a fucking. Well, well I, I mean, I maybe why not maybe use that? Use... I don't think I had to spare. Yeah, I don't think well, it might not have that true. It has nothing. I just yeah. Oh, well, keep going. But uh, no but, but I but you know uh, it was. It, this is a funny story because, like I say, it needed to be two issues or have two parts because it is a it is a setup and a punchline. Yeah. But it really isn't two issues worth of story when you get down to no. it. Uh, but like so, it had to be told in a certain way. But maybe this wasn't the best format. I don't know. Maybe it would have worked better in an annual or something like that. But anyway, uh, I enjoyed the hell out of it, and definitely the best thing I read in Suicide Squad in any kind of recent memory. So I ended up giving this an 8 out of 10. Ooh-wee. I'm going to go 6-5. I liked it enough. Like I said, this shows you how much I'm not enjoying Suicide Squad because it probably is my favorite arc of Suicide Squad. I, I just – this book – has done nothing for me, and I usually am bored or confused. And at least I know what's going on here. And I did like the wraparound. It's just till the end. I did like like thinking back, like when Eric said about the hand, and we see, oh, you know what, that makes sense. But at the end, you get it that they picked this guy and pretty much handpicked him because he's a sad sack, but then he wasn't enough of one, so they have to make sure, whatever. It just seemed kind of overly explained, and by the end, it's like almost like, 
yeah, you know, when it, you tell a joke and then you have to explain the joke, it yeah. kind of takes away. And I think that that was part of the problem here. But I still enjoyed it enough. I didn't get angry. But yeah, I, I just, when it happened, I was like, oh, they went that route. Okay. And I think even in your blurb, Reggie, you said that it ends in a way you never would have guessed. I agree. I, I didn't guess. I that. never would have guessed. Yeah. yeah. So I'll give them credit for that. But yeah, six, five for me. What would you give it, Eric? I agree with everything Jinda said, and even with that, I, I like the majority of the art in this issue. I still think Harley looks off, but you don't see her a lot here. But I don't know. I gave the last issue a high six, what I call it a high six, because there was a lot of possibility yeah, going forward for this. Five. Like, Well, I'm saying I gave the first uh, issue a high six because uh, there was a lot of possibility in my mind for where the story could go in a fun way. And so by what the you're going to say, you're going to tell was, me you're giving this a low six now. You're going to give it both I don't even six. know why I bother talking. You, you <laughs> tell me what I'm going to say. I see what he's I, going with. He's got to justify why he's giving this a six, but didn't like it as much as the last six. But go on. I, I, I didn't because I'm telling you, it, by the end, I just thought it got too convoluted, too overexplained, and it just wasn't fun by the end for this whole Juan character that we set up. Okay, and now we're killing him off. Like, you yeah. know, they just kept kicking this guy in the face where he actually, like, started to care for him, and by the end, they just kill him. Well, you kicked me in the face with that final scene, so this really, you know... It was could have been a fun story, but you just went a little too dark with it and over-explained it too much. So a low six. A low six. I, uh, the other thing I will go a little bit with what Eric said that I think is kind of uh, a little bit of a downside of this as well as Juan is kind of like us. You know, yeah, this would be say, us. I think the problem is you guys see too much of Juan. Well, yourself. that's the problem though, and and it makes it like. Okay, you know, this one, oh, this would be how balls. I would. And Seriously. then at the end, it just makes you a joke. Like, I'm like, you think I'm a fucking how dare joke? You? How dare you? Where do you, you know, get you off? You Suicide Squad, you fucking ass. Not on my watch, buddy. And I think that I'm not even just saying a sad sack, but they're using one as an everyman. This would be one of us that unfortunately gets in Bell Rev, and you go through this whole thing, and at the end, you almost want to have the everyman do something beyond his abilities or something like that well it ends up being that yeah he is just like me a sad sack and that's why they wanted him and it kind of does slap you in the face at the end but again that's kind of the twist of it so i I don't mind it that but it just struck me as you know what you son of a bitch book i don't need to be reminded how much of a jerk off i am but there you go but yeah a low six for eric uh you know as opposed to last issue's high six i knew he was going that route cloudy six i heard eric chase you knew i was going you couldn't just let me have it no I, I heard the gears. Once I saw the gears of grinding, I knew what he was doing. He was trying to justify a score <laughs> being different day. for the same score. But I agree. And and really, we say that you did say, and I actually like the art better this issue as far as I, I can so, remember. A little bit tighter. Yeah. yeah. So that right there would be a reason why you could give it, you know, for different reasons why it would be the same score, though it's a little yeah. low six, high six. I don't know what you're talking about, Eric. Not on my watch, but we're going to go to the last book <laughs> of this section. And yeah, I had some problems with this one. but Yeah, ahead. there are some problems, but I'm going to stun everyone with a revelation after I tell you that we're reading. Batgirl number 19, written by Hope Larson, art by Chris Wildgoose, Jose Marson Jr., and Matt Lopez. My family built this spired scene from the dirty pebbled ground. And though my hands are far from clean of Gotham, I'm always proud. 
So when it's threatened, I'm aware it's just the cross that I must bear. Just call me Penguin in the morning, Penguin. Tonight I'll shovel all this wintry snowfall. Just call me Penguin in the morning, Penguin. Then turn and walk away. Walk away. That, is that the revelation? <laughs> no. The revelation is this book has not changed. It still sucks. Barbara Gordon is still a dope. Uh, her her yeah. ability yeah. to start crime solving sucks. The things that happen are Check. ludicrous. However, it's growing on me. I think, I think I, 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 oh, I turned I know. a corner where I've yeah. realized that this book is retarded. And it's, it's just, it's basically yes. the Bill Dozier Batman. Well, here's the thing. This is the thing. Can we go back in the Wayback Machine? Because about six, seven issues, maybe even more, I was there with. I was where where you are now, and I remember saying to you guys, Erica remembers where I said, "It was at the beginning of that Batgirl Nightwing crossover." Like you know, that's like mystery story we had. I said to you guys, "Listen, I'm going that this is its own separate universe. It's very Batman (laughs) sixty six esque." And yeah. I'm starting to enjoy it. Now, since then, I've started not enjoying it as well. But I did have that moment. I think that this book can get you at points with its charm of not just me. being its own thing and ridiculous. The problem with this issue is, like you said, yes, you can go with the fun that Barbara can't, you know, figure out her way out of a paper bag or it's just stuff like that. But children. where this is in yeah, see, with this, though – you get this – the dialogue and these jokes at the beginning just throws me off so much. And then This whole the, thing at the beginning was just – it's all part of how unbelievably like ridiculous. Yeah. Like this scene doesn't even make any sense at all. No, these actors no. robbing a yep. donut store or like – Robbing the donut store them. to scare them it's, to leave. And I, I want to know what happens to Holy Moly after this. Do they get prosecuted? What's going on? Holy Moly. they do. The Holy Moly better. But even that, like y- you have Barbara – with these one-liners that are horrible, and you, you yeah, mean like the Uptown up. Vipers, Vanilla Cream, or yeah. the Bridge what, Street Bar- Barracuda and Blueberry? What does that mean? Central Park Killers Custard? I'm telling you, yeah. What, what does she, this mean? She, she, she is says a card. That, that now, is say, trash. Say talk. that in Adam West voice and see how well, you like it. Now. But also, she says All because right, what please. happens is is what happens are these guys come in that are supposed to be like toughs, street toughs. They come mm-hmm. in and basically want to shake down this donut store to tell them to get out of town. Now, number one, they're doing this. This the the people who own this shop, this donut shop, even say like. We, we've lived here for three generations. You, you yeah. can't just go into a black. That's like me going into McDonald's and like, you know what? You better move to Atlanta. Well, Some people well, can't. Well. Just, and, just think of this setup that we have here, okay? We start up with this you know, mother and daughter walking to their donut shop talking about, oh, you think Holy Moly's going to put us out of business? People really like this. No, they're going to be gone like eight months, a year tops. Yeah. We've been here for three generations. As soon as we here. get done that – we freaking had the street toughs walking. You're going to get out of here because we don't like, you know, holy moly, blah, blah, blah. But while this is all going on, we have Batgirl who just happens to be sitting on top of this building. Yeah. We have this At one point, she's just she's rappelling down. You, know, what? you don't like hanging out? She's just what? chilling. Hanging out? She's rappelling she, down the wall. I'm telling you, she might have eidetic memory. I think she's a psychic. She knew this was going to go down. Yeah. yeah. Also, I love this thing. The big thing to set up the whole story is her on top. <laughs> It's pretty cold here. She don't wear my cold weather bat suit. Yeah, so and that's we'll get where to, it goes. We get to see that later on, basically. And, and with this, 
this this whole thing with this donut shop is complete and utter nonsense where they had these guys. That's the way hipsters do, folks. I think you got to look true. out for the gentrification that gets but yeah, definitely going to happen. Well, you have these so street much. toughs, and they're there, and they're like, you know what? Yeah, then make your own excuse to get out of town because as of today, <laughs> you're closed and you ain't coming back. And they're there. Oh, my God. And that's where Batgirl comes in, and this is her tr- trash talk. Oh, come and on. It, I think and you owe these people. And mother and daughter don't look scared at all, yeah, by the no. way. I love that. And it's, <laughs> I, I, I think you owe these people the whole story. There's your, joke. there's your joke and they're like bad girl hey that's me but what kind of crooks are you and then she starts punching them and this, this is the lines that eric said uptown vipers vanilla cream what does that mean bridge street barracudas blueberry come on chum central Don't park killers custard. and the then they just yell story. we're not a gang we're actors uh, I was in a soap opera. Yeah, I recognize you. They killed me off. My girlfriend wanted us to do this because, you know, she owns Holy Moly Donuts, which you've already mentioned. So obviously you know about it. And obviously they have shitty donuts and nobody's eating there. It's nonsense. It's utter nonsense. So go on with it, Reggie. Tell me out. Tell me what else. Uh, so then the next morning, uh, Barbara's looking like shit. She's hanging out with Kadir, who we haven't seen in a while, and Frankie. Uh, I don't think we've seen Kadir in quite a while. No, he no, no, Kadir no used to be big for a while, and then yeah, now you have not seen him guy. in a while. Yeah, I, thought they, I really... thought they almost had a relationship, too, at one point. I mean, this is going back maybe yeah. before Rebirth, so yeah. uh, I could be. But I don't think we've seen him in a long and, time. And but... a, a lot of the times, too, he was used as, like, this red herring to think he was bad at one right. yeah, It's all nonsense. At, at one point, he was one of the possible... Yeah. App, yep. app writing criminals and whatever yeah, the storyline that was. Guy, but that's, but, but uh, he's yeah, a good he's, enough guy. He's back. He's hanging out there. They, he uh, gets a call to leave. Then the next scene, we get to see Batgirl in her new cold weather bat suit, which really is just kind of a parka. Yeah. Just yeah. throws a parka over it. Yeah, but, you know, it, it it's snow. called a jacket. That's all yeah. it is. <laughs> it's, it's, it's super cute. Now, uh, I, I just want to stop you because basically <laughs> from here on out, the entire story is based on the fact that it's snowing in Burnside. But their apps are saying it's not. That literally is the story. That's That's the story. And and the thing is, it's not like it's snowing in Birdside in July. It is winter. It's winter. It's cold now. We know it's it's winter. winter. So it's like, why why is this like that stunning of a thing? So your apps suck. That's all it is. And this is what gets to me. Like, it's like the old joke of somebody saying like, oh, I didn't see the what the weather's going to be like. And you open up the door. It's raining. There you oh, go. You know? why, why is this such a bad thing that the app didn't let them know? Yes, maybe they didn't salt the streets. Maybe the plows weren't ready. That's still not well, the also, end of the, the world. Thing, this is supposed to be a freak blizzard, and I think you guys, you know, living over here on the East Coast and yeah. in, in the northern part, this is one of the nicest. I mean, it's not even ankle oh, deep yeah. in some parts. No, this is deep. not like, that what crazy. The hell? This, this isn't shut down schools and no. uh, not go to work weather. This is this is like what we call a uh, Texas blizzard where uh, yeah. they don't know what to expect. So it really wasn't that no uh, incredible of a snowfall. It's not, and and like you said, if you're gonna make it that way, you make it so that nobody can leave their houses. Oh my God, I'm snowed in. Right. No, everybody's out and about, including the penguin who's helping clean up and and shovel. Though well, he's and, not and, shoveling. And so this is the thing. This is the big reveal on the cover that you know. Barbara's yeah. working with the Penguin. Now, first of all, we already saw them shooting stick like six, seven yeah. issues oh, ago. Yeah. If you remember. They were playing ping pong. Ping weren't pong. They? Yeah, they were oh, playing that's right. ping it was pong. pong. It's I'm even sorry. worse. I wish they were shooting stick. I totally forgot. I, I, in my review, I said it was billiards. I, I but... sat here for a second. I thought to myself, is that what you call ping pong in New York? Uh, no, 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 no. No. 
I'm more of a ping pong fan than shooting stick, but yeah. But they, just... uh, but we already know that they're buddies. You know, it wasn't yeah. really that big of a shocker. And then for all he does in this story, it's nothing. He like makes a cameo. It's no. almost like guest starring. You know. Yeah. yeah. Actually, actually, Eric has a big it. problem here. The thing is, it's actually at this point where I said, fuck this book, yeah. fuck this continuity, fuck everything, because when the penguin shows up, Batgirl has a problem with it, and the mayor tells her to calm down, and I realize this this is not the mayor of Gotham City. This is the mayor of Burnside, which apparently is not a part of Gotham City at all anymore, and yeah. I am furious because what the fuck is this? Yeah. How have you just... Burnside was a borough of Gotham. Yeah. Uh, that's, so. that's the way it was first couched, but, you know... They they they, they go right. back and forth. It's just nonsense. I am curious. I mean, to be book. honest, I wasn't even sure she was in Burnside for a bunch of issues recently. Yeah, like they actually, they kind of got. But here is, she's full. This is in, the first yeah. time they've gone back to that hip shit. The thing is, too, this actually made me think of other stuff too, because the whole idea we have this Batgirl of Burnside. We started things over because we're going to take make Batgirl this like you know hero of the street, and, like change her personality, and that all started by all of her equipment getting burned up and shit like that. She had to make a makeshift Batgirl costume, and that's the new. Batgirl Batgirl costume we have but now we move forward to where we are now because of gotham clean energy she's a goddamn millionaire why are we still doing this makeshift costume because apparently she has a goddamn you know batmobile snow ski fucking yeah, car or something at the end she has she's like, got some shit why are we still dealing with any it. of this she i don't get it, it. it i don't well. get it it's like old pajamas but yeah what happens retarded. then you have there where the penguin's there, and it's it's like one of those weird things that you think it's going to lead to something of the penguin was the guy who did it. No, he's, he doesn't seem to be. We'll or see. even that he'll help her find yeah. that. Like, there's a lot nope. of ways to go, but he literally he's just, just there. to say and he's going to pitch it and help, help the out. Actual, the actual sleeping. animal penguins are running around. And it's, the just, deal it's just helping shovel the streets. <laughs> They're shoveling. And then basically out of nowhere, the one guy's, oh, the AWA, the American Weather Administration, says that our, uh, you know, our smartphones don't know this blizzard's coming because it was a computer glitch. <laughs> Not on my watch. That sends her off. That's the clue to send her off to the, in, you know, the, the department, the American Weather Administration, where well, she hooks up there, with this guy. Let me ask you something, Jim. When in the history of computers has there ever been a glitch? Yeah. Can you think of any time recently – when there was a computer glitch, Y two K. No, I don't. Like, like, but maybe, maybe something that happened recently in Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. where there was, the, I don't think that anything happened. That but it here's the thing: computers are perfect. Here's the thing, though: a computer glitch that tells you you're being bombed with nuclear bombs—that's yeah, a problem. Yeah. A computer glitch that unfortunately says it's sunny out. And it's snowing. I'm telling you, this is three days of the week when I check my fucking phone I know, when I yeah, wake this, up. This is, this is the biggest, I mean, uh... basically, this is the same thing as me getting up in the morning and saying, oh, I wonder what the high is today. And I look and it says 53. And in fact, it's 31. Uh, that's yeah. all this is. It's a glitch in an app. That's all this is. And she goes to, I better go and check this out because something's afoot. No, it, it might be that. There's a glitch. Bob's best friend is a computer, okay? Uh, she cares. She wants to make so sure it's okay. Ridiculous. Now, it the hipster in the next scene, well, look at this fucking hipster. I mean, I this guy. Him. Look at him. He's I want to punch him right in the face. I, 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 I hate him. And, and I then, love him. I, 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 I hate him. I, 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 I want to kill him. But yeah, they're like, oh. And the whole thing goes with how the morale's down at the federal building, the offices of the AWA. 
And then they're like, oh, the morale's gone. Hey, at this one point, uh, we kind of let the servers, because we were we were hungry, and got I, pizza. I, I, that's the whole thing. This whole explanation now that the server's been hacked to this freaking department, I don't understand. Like, crap, a couple of months ago, we had a critical weather day, a big storm system moving through. Days like that, we can't touch the servers and risk bringing the system down. So, and then Barbara interrupts. So you and your IT buddies left the server room unattended while you went out to lunch? Not even. We ordered a pizza and Saberstock to college girlfriends. Like, what does any of this have to do with it? And then the guy continues and says, Yeah, my old girlfriend got together with some biology major, and now they run a wolf dog sanctuary in Utah. If only I'd played my cards right, that could have been my life. Well, number one, it might be if you married the guy. Because he, he, she just said she got together with the guy who did the wolf dog. Nonsense. It's it's complete and utter nonsense. And then uh, she just that is, goes. Gay marriage is legal. It, it's fine. Uh, but that's not what hard. he's saying. That's not the cards he play. It's completely reversed. And then she goes, you want that life? And I said, you know what I want? A comic about Batgirl is what I want. I want Batgirl doing shit, not talking about a, a wolf dog sanctuary. Then they go into the server room where it seems that nobody's decided to look into. He says, oh, we left that unattended that one time. But what is it, off limits? They don't go in. And she like, finds if we out. had more what? staff, I could figure out why our satellites claim we've got yeah. clear skies out there. Yeah, then she finds I, I, I don't know anything then that's going on Then she picks up Burnside. something. The guy, the hipster goes, huh, some kind of gear? This no. Hilarious. A it's spur. hilarious. A spur. It's and a then spur. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's like next to a bunch of fucking so, shit anyway. Like, it could so be much gear. Stuff. It could be anything. This server Such room's nonsense. a mess. They're, oh, yeah. There's shit everywhere. Huh. Is that a clue? No. Also, it's a burrito. She starts eating it. Parts where, oh, where, where Barbara gracious. says she wrote the security card for Arkham Asylum and, and wrote the programming yeah. language. It's like, you didn't write shit. You're a fucking idiot. I don't give a yeah. shit what you think. You I'm telling you. Th- this is where thing. You, this is also where, in my mind, you're on to something, Reggie, where you couldn't get a Batman 66, but not just a spur. Make it that three-step nonsense. If you're going to go full retarded, go full retarded. Or yeah. she's like, you know, what's this? A quarter. A quarter of, of a half is a, you know, do something yeah, exactly. crazy. Think, no, it's spur. just a spur. And spur is Western, and I knew a good team. Yeah, yeah, something and like then, that. And then because of the spur, like, uh, <laughs> we have a thing that I really hate that the freaking Bentons have been doing in background, the Birds of yeah, Prey. Yeah. They treat comic time. As real time. Yeah. Because they say, a year ago, I trailed an environmental saboteur yeah. all the way to Capital City where ago. I met Supergirl. And that's, that might be a year ago our time, not it's in not comic book time. You can't be doing that time. shit. That might have been a month ago when they had that story with that in, in comic book time. Uh, yeah. And I hate when they tie that down. She just – all they have to say is, a while ago – there, you're good. Because the Bensons recently, they talked about in 2016 when the Monster Man hit. I'm like, yeah. no, now you're saying Don't that Tim Drake that. has been dead for two goddamn years. Yeah. You can't it's be saying this. Yeah, no, yeah, it I, doesn't I, go Jim, that way. Jim's well. right. They could just say – and a while ago. A while ago. A while yes, ago. please. Do not Some, say anything in still with this nonsense. Now, she goes because this does lead her uh, to the spur organization, the Stockman, you know. <laughs> These guys are hilarious, man. Stockman I mean, pursuing an unbound republic. This. They're playing Risk. She goes there. They're playing Risk. 
and she interrupts them by jumping and also just busts down the door and kicks just them. They are at this point I mean, just playing risk. They, they're upended. It looks like yeah. she fucking set yeah. a bomb off under the table. And, and basically, like they say, like, how the fuck? What are you doing? We, we haven't, we're playing risk, and now you fucked it up. You can't. And it's funny. They're like, we got to get the pieces, and we're not. No, no. Your game is ruined. You can't have a game like that. I just thank God that she didn't bust in through the window. Oh, I wanted her to. But then... Out of nowhere, it turns into, okay, now we're going to fight. And, and they they got a guitar. and yep. It's just You no, invented our new girls allowed clubhouse. Oh, it's it's such utter nonsense. And then the one guy. The He-Man now, Woman Haters Club. Pretty much. It's the He-Man Women Haters Club with the three stooges. Because then the no, one guy gets a brand. It heats it up does and it brands the you, other guy's ass. If, if when you read it, if, if does it help if I go, you can do that. Do that as you. While I go. That's all it is. That's all it is. It's nonsense. It's complete utter nonsense. It is absolute comedy. It's absolute vaudeville. Ridiculous. Yeah, you know what else it is? I have another. I have a couple other adjectives I want to throw in there. Shitty, nonsense, unnecessary. And then because, where yeah. the fuck did this vehicle come from? I know you, I we saw it before. You I mentioned it, know. but it's like, where the hell does this thing come from? Yeah. What's going on? Then all of a sudden she goes out after. And, and what? Tell me what comes about from her fighting these guys where she busted yeah. into it's their not place. It's Nothing. not even them. It's not them. She doesn't even, even say she's sorry. Fucking waste of time. She yeah. basically assaulted yeah. three men yep. for no reason. One one guy, unfortunately, because of happenstance, has a brand on his ass now uh, because <laughs> of her. She broke into their place, knocked over their goddamn thing, kicked them, and then fought them, and then basically throws it aside of, huh. Must have been a red herring and leaves because she gets a, a text from Kadir who's hiding in a closet at his work. And then she goes, oh, I knew I knew that he must have worked for the- oh, yeah. God. What? It's and, and, and I have to wonder, is that related nonsense. to this at all? I have no idea. I, I mean, I assume it will be, but I'm guessing no the weather no. the weather thing was a big distraction so they could re- rob yeah. this freaking government. Because lab that's and what I she don't said. care. Basically, she says they changed the app. So that the they we weren't ready for the weather, which was going to distract only Barbara Gordon background. Yep, That's all it was course. for. It was only to do that, and it's just complete. You know, because and Gotham has nonsense. almost no superhero coverage, so no. it's, it really is impossible. This isn't Gotham. It's fucking yeah. Burnside, right? Yeah. Or whatever. It's Gotham adjacent. You know, God it's close. It's nonsense. I think it's, it's I think it's just north of Bluedhaven. And really, they were wrong because she now has the. Batgirl mobile with skis on it, so she can certainly get around. I mean, snow is not stopping this Batgirl. I know, I know, though. I know why snow that, cat. I know exactly why that bothered Eric. He was like, "God damn it, another toy I gotta yeah, get." He wants to get that Imaginex. I, 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 I would buy ass. that Imaginex. Yeah, <laughs> it would be actually probably pretty awesome. I it would say. be awesome. Actually, would I could probably awesome. make that with the Imaginex toys I have right now. Because I do have a freaking like a, a snow cat for Batman, and I do have a moon rover for Batman, and I can combine those two oh. things and make this goddamn Batmobile. See, there you go. Whoa. There you go. I just and, know and they, they have a Batgirl of Burnside mini made, right, or whatever yes, they are. Oh no, they, they have an Imaginex figure of Batgirl yeah. of Burnside. Yeah, they do. Well, but yeah, at next, birds of a feather stick together. And this is the most interesting conversation I've had this whole entire fucking book. The only thing I care about, toys, because I hate this book. I want it to go away. 
bring back Batgirl the way she used to be. Damn, this is nonsense. I don't even know what's going on in this issue that, that this was actually – who who agreed that this was anything like – an editor has to step in and go like, no, <laughs> you can't do this. This is nonsense. Editors really, don't do that. Anymore. I know that – I know, Reggie, that you're, you're going to go with this Batman. School, uh, now we just let the fur now, fly. Now you're going to go with this uh, Batman 66, I, but in the meantime, nothing happened in this issue. Nothing yeah. at all. Basically, the whole issue was her going from one failed attempt to figure something out to the next and never figuring anything out. So there you go. She found and, a spur. And, and Penguin popped in like the nosy neighbor. He came in like like Larry Dallas yeah. on Three's Company and said, hey, how's it going, everybody? And how do you, do you think that that is, spur is going to tie idiot, in? Because when I saw the Penguin there, I know he's on the cover show that – but I actually got excited because I like the Penguin and nobody fucking uses him. So I was actually getting a little bit excited thinking, all right, well, you know, we're going to have the Penguin. Nobody else. I don't get to see him very often. So maybe he'll make the issue. Yeah, in no, this book, though, the stand he in the plays ping pong with her. So they're not going to do anything. It's nonsense. It's come. I just like, here's the deal. This this weather is going to hit. And they make it seem like, wh- why wouldn't somebody from, say, Central City get a hold of us? Like, why are they so in the dark because of an app in, you know, it seems like it's such localized to Burnside yeah. that, you know, they could find out from other people. Well, well there's got to be weather stations, right? And there's other ways to yes. detect weather. Like, it's this actually human beings about. actually looking at. Yes. The horizon and satellite images, you know, you think they would be a like barometer oh, with your they app, have but... things like that. It's like not That's just fun. this app. There's other things involved, but it's nonsense. It's utter nonsense. What did you give it, Reggie? Well, I'll tell you guys, I definitely enjoy this book so much when we talk about it. I love it. It yeah. makes Eric so mad. It, it makes Jim so alternately mad and like, <laughs> uh, you know, depressed and uh, giddy. Yes. Uh, it makes me crack up. It's so stupid. I did, I did write in my review, if you are buying this book, which I wouldn't be, I don't think any of us would actually no. be buying this book. I would. Uh, but at this point, at number 19, you know what if you're, you're still mad about Batgirl being an idiot, that it's kind of on you at this point, because that's who she is in this I book. Agree. That's how I agree. this has been written for since the beginning. And you kind of have to roll with it if you're still hanging in there on the book. And I kind of would like to talk to somebody who yeah. really digs the hell out of this book because it's ridiculous. I, uh, you know, the whole spur thing really drove home the Bill Dozier shit where it was like you said, like, pick up a spur. Spur. Western. Yeah, I'm telling you, know, you spur. San Antonio the Spurs. <laughs> basketball. Just go from that. Basketballs are round. He's around the block. And then they go. And then I'll go. I'll go with that. But it's just like, Spur, oh. okay, we're going to tie this into and an the, and annual. The fact those guys had nothing to do with it. It was like a whole oh. third of the issue was she just beats a the shit out point. of them. It was so good. Oh. Uh, I, I definitely enjoyed it more than I should have. And in truth, this book is not that great. It's, uh, you know, the art has gotten, you know, Chris okay. Wildgoose went from being kind of shaky to I think being 100% yeah, solid. I like Chris Wildgoose. I like he has a total handle on Batgirl, and I like the artwork throughout, and there's no problems. Really there, but God, this story's stupid. I end up giving a seven out of ten, probably yeah. anticipating our conversation about well, it. Really, it really I, belongs down by more like a six. Yeah, I'm going lower than that. You're still going friend. high, motherfucker. I'm going lower <laughs> because I I do like Chris Wildgoose's art. It's not going to save anything. The only thing that I can explain that would ever anybody could explain to me of why this book is going on the way it is in background. Somebody just says to me, listen. That the world in, first off, maybe it's a snow globe that some autistic kids looking at. Maybe that's a possibility. <laughs> but the other possibility is I look at it as that the world of this book is completely insane and Batgirl's right there with it. So she is trying to get through a, an insane world 
by being insane because as a normal book and normal continuity, this shit does not make sense. The way she acts, the way she – she'll tell you that she did the programming of Arkham Asylum because she's so smart. Well, she never shows it in anything that she does. No. She's always – just the fact that you have a book like, – this would be like Batman showing up – and just beating the shit out of three guys and then realizing, yep, must have been a red herring. No other book would have this. Yet she oh, just did that. it. Like, she like, just did insanity. it. It doesn't even really say she's sorry. If a normal book then would have some weird deal where the tie around would be that the Spur would end up joining up with her because they're now both mad at somebody setting both of them up or something like that. She just leaves. These guys are a wreck. The one guy's ass is burned. It has a burn. So I'm going 4.5, and I'll tell you, that's with me liking the art. I think that this book is utter nonsense, and when I read it, it doesn't anger me. Again, I'll go with you, Reggie. I sit there, oh, wait till we hear, talk about this one. But <laughs> if I was buying it, well, first off, I wouldn't be by now uh, because no. it's just utter, complete nonsense. But it, it's getting towards the, the Anosenti in Catwoman. That's how bad yeah. this book seems to be getting and I don't understand because I've read a couple other Hope Larson books, uh that Goldie Vance book that she does. It, it's really good and it's it's smartly written. Uh it's also about a, a girl, a detective, a little girl in a hotel Ooh. and it's completely what I wish this book was and I don't know if she's like I don't want to be a one trick pony so uh I have Goldie Vance kicking ass over there. I got to make a retarded Batgirl because she doesn't <laughs> know what's going on and it confuses me of how bad she's making Batgirl look. But yeah, what would you give it her? 3.5 out of 10. Ooh, wait. I'm not even going to explain it. Yeah. Fuck it. I don't want to talk about this book anymore. Can this be canceled as well? I think it's we crazy. know how you feel about it now. It will yeah, never be and, and again, that. me and Eric talk a lot about shit at work, uh, mainly non-work things most of the yeah. time. But one of the things that we do talk about is kind of the, the ups and downs of or versus – Batgirl versus Batgirl and the Birds of Prey because there you do. You have the two Batgirl books or whatever, and I know that our reviews go whatever, but I, I prefer Batgirl and Birds of Prey way, so way over this. And it's a shame because I don't think this book has any chance of, of being canceled. Batgirl, Birds of Prey probably will be, and it's a shame to me because I think that that's far superior book. I think that you're getting a better Batgirl in that book. Even that book has its Not own much problem. Better. I think this but book could get canceled. I mean, I, I, I don't know. They, just because they, it's DC Batgirl, they have, to, hasn't always had a Batgirl. I just don't I know, know why they have to dumb down Batgirl. They have, uh, like, are they writing it for a dumbed down audience? No, Make Batgirl good again. Again, you want to, you want to give my, you know, you want me to tell you my two cents, Eric Shea oh. and Reggie. Here you go. Is they're taking that Batgirl of Burnside, that Cameron uh, Stewart and Babs Tar and Brendan uh, Fletcher and Brendan Fletcher did, and they're they have this weird idea in their mind because number one, that book to me was never written for little girls. It was a little no, absolutely more, not. The, the art style of Babs Tar was, but the story was not. They're yeah. going full out of this. We want this younger audience, and I think that's what this book, I think Hope Larson is trying to get it, but they don't have – like I said, Eric hated the Burnside, Batgirl Burnside anyway. So it just, But I think that they're trying to like retroactively trying to get that magic, but trying to do that in a way that they're going too far over the line in what 
that wasn't what made that book, whoever liked that, which there were people who did. That's it's not the idea of yeah, oh she wasn't stupid a, in that book at no, all. No, that's if what anything, I'm saying. Anything, no, she was shit. dumb as fuck in that book. I think she, that she did some dumb shit, but she went like this. This Batgirl seems like truly clueless. Yeah, I think that they're the trying ball, to they're reactions. trying to get that magic, but they don't know how to grab it. So they're trying to make it into something it wasn't. It's almost like they're grabbing onto the two things that. It was the worst part of that other book. And the thing is, that they're trying to grab a hold of this magic, but the thing is, they haven't understood is that everybody thought that you know, Batgirl Burnside was magic it anymore. It has it has faded. Nobody yeah. cares about that That's whole thing anymore, saying. and they've moved on because the charm wore off yeah. after six issues. People in my mind, and everybody else moved ma- on. People want a more mature and standard Batgirl because uh, you know people that we know and talk to us, and they're still trying to get that. Thing because when that Batgirl Burnside hit, it was a big, you know, social media deal. It was a real frenzy at first, you know, kind of going out there. And I think they're still trying to grab that. And the time has come and gone. Like Eric said, I think that they have because to they they, they realized at that point, like, oh man, people love this. Okay, let's do a bunch of more books like that. And they had to come out and say, Again, okay, we have I, to stop Batgirling the books because they're not selling. And I think, uh, unfortunately, I see some things in my mind. I see some stories coming about now. Uh, like we said, Sam Humphreys on Nightwing. All of a sudden, you have this, you know, almost like a kite man type character shot. And I think that that's what they do. If that's what DC always tries to do is grab magic that has already come and gone. And I think that the next thing, like I'm saying this, but I think in general, I think that Tom King's Batman, because it's not sales that they're going to go by. They're going by the hype and things like that. I guarantee you that we're going to see more and more of these. I want a more human story of Superman. We're getting that Justice League now. We're getting that are you, with... Are you trying to say that the people behind comic books are creatively bereft and kind yes, of... Yes, and I think and that they're always... The and this thing. is the problem. Yeah. We've said about DC a lot. I am. I think that they're always two steps behind what is going on at that moment. I think that they're always trying to play catch up, even with their own books, and it's infuriating with me, and it's just nonsense. But I don't know why we were talking about... This and the problems, but it is. And and I go, they're not going to cancel Batgirl. I don't think they will because there's a movie coming out too. That's the whole deal. Oh, is there another? Yeah, they're going to let this happen. It's going to come out whenever. It's down the line, but they have Joss Whedon and all that Batgirl deal. That oh, I right, think right, that, right. I think oh, that they're just going to let not, this book ride. Yeah, soon. I think that they're just going to let – but I think that Batgirl, Birds of Prey gets canceled way before you get that. Now, I said, I Eric, maybe then – Batgirl, Birds of Prey can drop the Batgirl and come back as Birds of Prey, and we can do some whatever. But that's and maybe this book will change creative teams, and it'll you know it'll do that's the. That's what uh, I, I'm telling you. Change. Most of these books, when we talk about it, I think that that's what we need. I think we need we a need a true Batgirl rebirth. Though. And I we need think, to be renumbered think, to start over. I think we need a wholesale change on a lot of teams to get something going, get a spark, and get some new Batgirl reborn. Voice. Yeah, we'll see. Must but be. We're gonna, Hopefully, we're gonna go off now to some mail. If you would read my mail, Jim, want to tell my words would tell. But if they tried to read it, we'd hear an epic fail. But when you reach the point where opinions come, the hero will be Jim, a hero to us all. 
And when you read the mail again, you'll see the nonsense never takes a break. It does not take a break, Eric. The Baloney. Never takes a break. And as I promised, we're going to start this mail section not with mail, but with a little wrong turn. And this is me trying to get him to tell us who he thinks. Well, first off, I, I have him say one thing, but then I keep going. And I want him to tell us who is going to win the Super Bowl. And this is what you have to deal with. This is just a little snippet of what happens with wrong turn oh and how all, you know when you want to hear pistol shrimp you don't realize that that takes half the day this is part of the battle here we go and this is unedited eric this is off the cutting room floor here Look ready to shit. go so it's raw directors footage. cut y'all raw footage here so it's not it's gonna have some noise and shit so here we go i don't know i don't know uh tell me who's gonna win the super bowl and why Tell me who's going to win no, the Super no, Bowl. No, you actually tell me that. Just tell me that. Who who's going to win the Super no, Bowl? who do you think is going to win Who do you the think they're going to no, win? No, don't Super repeat me. You tell me who you think. Who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl? Now, I'm pausing it because at that point his eyes were crossed and he was just staring at me. And I'm like, no, no, I, I, I just wanted you. Who do you think? And he's like, God he's just it. looking at me and he, I thought his head was going to explode. Now, finally, he does say. Eagles. And why? Because they deserve it, and they should be the champions. There you go. So there's a little snippet. Just just that little bit of me just asking him, who's going to win the it, It's that old joke. Repeating. It's like, you know, you solemnly swear, state your name, state yeah. your name. No, no, yeah. god damn it. Yeah. yeah, that or basically, you know what my favorite version of this is? Walk this way, fellas. And then like the sexy and way, and way. they walk with shaking their <laughs> That's what I'm like. I love that. You don't get that much anymore. That That is definitely like a, a Three Stooges deal. I love that. I love that there. But this is mail section number four. Didn't and we have gonna, that in Young Frankenstein as well, though? I believe we did. It's, yeah. That's just basically that, you know, that old vaudeville type deal. And, and I, I love miss it, that so much. I do, too. I really, really do. Uh, this mail section number four is going to start with Ruben. 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 Ruben says, hi, Jim and Eric. You won't be surprised. Yeah, to hear that I'm disappointed that pre it's funny I don't think he meant it like that but it makes me laugh. Uh, <laughs> you won't be surprised to hear that I'm disappointed that Priest Justice League run is ending after issue 43. And if you don't know what we're talking about, that is when Scott Snyder is going to take over. They're going to have that monthly event that leads into the new book. Uh, I will tell you, Ruben, that this is something that I should have done a mumbo jimbo really? way before because I I don't think people I, know who mumbo jimbo is well, anymore. We may get – you may by this point, Eric, in this podcast. Who knows? But I did say to you when Christopher Priest first got on and I read that first issue, my mumbo-jimbo senses were tingling, Eric, and I said, you know what? I don't think that he's on this for the long run. I really do think that he's going to be on for just an arc or so just to kind of do something. Uh, I don't to recall you got. saying that. Oh, I did. And it, if <laughs> I – I wasn't completely right, though I will say. Usually I'm 100% on. Oh, yeah, I said to you then – that it was going to be that Brian Michael Bendis couldn't get on the book right away so that they got Priest to fill in a gap and then he'd be on. That was my big prediction, so at least I kind of got it right. But I know I'm in the minority. I don't think you're in the minority, uh, Ruben. I do think that a lot of people are enjoying the Christopher Priest run of Just League a little more than me and Eric are. And the problem is 
you can think that I am against. I said I was worried when I first heard what Christopher Priest was going to do with the Justice League. I was. I so much so that I switched with Eric. I traded yeah. the books with Eric so that I could get Nightwing and he could get Justice League. In the meantime, I'll never be against a guy who only gets a couple issues. I would have liked to have seen because basically what we are hinging everything on uh, to enjoy the Justice League is that Priest usually ties things up after seven or eight issues. And even that and, whole thing, if I don't think he has the voices right, he's just jumping on. He's never yeah. done these characters. And, and that's he actually saying, came yeah, out and said in an interview, that. he would have liked to have had some time to really develop yep. the voice of these characters and not just jump into like face first. Yeah. And even that, that might've been even knowing something else down the line. Exactly. He said that as well. And, uh, it's a shame because I would have liked to have seen what he could have done on the book a little longer, even though I'm not fully enjoying uh, what's going on right now. But at least seven issues is a reasonable runway to tell a story. But I think the pacing is going to change dramatically pretty soon. I hope that he had a six issue arc ready. Actually, I will fully say I hope that this was planned all along, though I don't know that that's the case. But Nothing's maybe, planned. But maybe he was going to do the seven issues is weird. So I'm assuming that he's going to do a seven issues and an epilogue nonsense issue. But we'll see. A priest has to leave the title so quickly, though. At least his replacement is another one of my favorites, being Scott Snyder. Also, it's another thing. Right before he was put on, you know, any of these books and anything going on, they did offer him to be the editor of the Batman group book. So yeah. in my mind, maybe things are like he's kind of looking to go that way and the time wasn't right then. You're like, you just wouldn't offer that to somebody who hasn't put out feelers, you know? So maybe, unfortunately, we'll get less of him in the long run anyway. But do you expect the various league teams to get their own books like the X teams have over at Marvel? And I said, I do think that. Uh, there are a bunch of teams. There's some crazy teams as well that maybe by the end of this, I'll pull up the deal and let you know, because I had it on the news and I asked Reggie who his favorite one was. And I'll, you'll be able to guess it when we do. But if so, is there Extra any chance? Good. Yeah, it's that one. If so, is there any chance that Snyder will pick a, one of the teams that isn't led by Batman? Superman Unchained wasn't his best book, but I enjoyed his attempt to write a story without Batman. The first few issues made Superman look like the overpowered badass that he should be. I actually said that I'm hoping that it's going to be like a Justice League United or Unlimited, actually. Uh, not a, not United. Unlimited, the cartoon, that you have a team of you know, 17 people and you can kind yeah, of you can call upon anybody you need. You could have like, yeah. it's almost like a suicide squad S thing where you can have different team members, every different like mission you have or yeah. have all of them, depending on the size of the, yeah, the I like the idea that though, sometimes that can go awry as well. Agreed. Cause that kind of was what the justice league United book was supposed to be. And it did go a little wry. Justice league Canada uh, with that. Yes. Justice league Canada. I'm curious. Or the JLA. Yes. The JL. Uh, uh. I'm curious what your thoughts are. Any idea why Aquaman isn't on one of the teams? Does the fact that this big shakeup has to end in the status quo established by Doomsday Clock mean we're still going to be stuck treading water until the clock concludes? I Who think knows? that this that just goes. But, yeah, there's no Green Lantern. I don't know Lantern. what to think anymore. I'm there's you, no Green mind, Lantern in it. So. For some reason in my mind, though, this was announced after I already knew, shit, Doomsday Clock's not going to end on time. We have we need to, to pull have something out of our asses. Scott said it's like, Here's what we do. He just comes out. He's like, he's yep. going to save the game and shit like that. This is what we're going to do. This I, fucking month-long Just League story. Those, all these crazy characters, that'll keep them buying comics. Yeah, I fully agree with you. That's what I think it is. I think that they, they were in panic mode. 
they tried to figure something out and this is what they could figure out to make sense. And you, you can't, you have to make it like not be very, I'm telling you, this is very obvious, but it still isn't, you know, fully like, Hey, uh, we're going to do doomsday clock prelude. You know, something crazy like that would have been complete and utter nonsense. Or so like, you know, the doomsday clock is like, you know, it's, it's slowed down now. It's going to take another half a year to get done kind of thing. You know, it's like, uh, yeah, like all of these books have been selling these metal tie-ins. Hey, Scott, you got any more from the pages of metal? Of course I do. <laughs> the pages of metal, you say? Yeah, I'm telling you. I got this Starro on the back. He's got plenty. I'm actually, while we're saying this, I'm trying to load up these teams because I am interested in it, and I think that they sound pretty cool. I just hope that it doesn't go way off the the ranch. But here they are. Team Mystery. Martian Manhunter, Sinestro, Superman, Starfire, and Starro. That is the that's team mystery. I almost went with it until the star. I'm like, eh, okay, well, I'm going to ask you which one is your favorite. I'm going to ask you what you think mine is and what Reggie's team would be. Team that's Entropy, Lobo, Lex Luthor, Beast Boy, Batman and Deathstroke. Well, that's Beast Boy's in it, so I'm out on that one, too. That's Team Entropy. Team Wonder is Raven, Dr. Fate, Satana, Wonder Woman and Etrigan. Yeah, that's Reggie's team. Team Wisdom, Cyborg, Harley Quinn, Adam, The Flash, and Robin, which is specified as Damian Wayne. Damian Wayne, Wayne yeah. Which is my team, Eric? Which The Damian Wayne team. Nope, I'm going Team Mystery. I actually think that Martian Man under Sinestro, Superman, Starfire, and Starro sound pretty cool. And well, it's after straight- hearing that, I think I'm Team Mystery as well. I don't it's, like the idea yeah. that Starro's on the team. Maybe it all makes sense by the time it comes out, but it's right now that's the coolest Starro. team in my mind. It's, it, it's, it's trash talk. It's Starro, Eric, who says bra. You, you can't Fucking go. I hate you, that Starro so not, much. I know, but we'll see. Sucker and, and really, fools. The, the funny thing is, is this Team Mystery to me with Starro there, and to, I don't know why, but that means to like that to me is the team that's going to most deal with coming out of metal for some reason. In my mind, it's Justice League Cosmic. Yeah, no, it's Team Mystery, Eric. I don't like the names of these teams at all. Team Mystery. You don't like Team Entropy? And and saying that... Wonder? I'm telling you, at least that has Wonder Woman in it. Uh, Team Entropy, that's Lobo, Lex, Beast Boy, Batman, and Destro. For some reason, I don't want any parts of that. I I don't know. I don't know. I guess it's Lobo... Like you said, Beast Boy and Deathstroke, maybe? And and I could care less about Batman nowadays, really, on a team like so this. So I want some Lex. And I like Lex. That's it. I don't want Lobo and nonsense. So I'm in. I'm, I'm Team Mystery, Eric. That's me. I'm going to get a shirt. Team Mystery. And you could suck it, is what I say. That's what I say, Eric. I am. Why? I don't know. I'm not going to have a voice by the time we are done yeah. tonight. Hussein's the next thing. I'm, thank you, Ruben. That Ruben. was Ruben, Eric. Yes, thank you, Ruben. Thanks so much. And I'd like to hear everybody what their teams are and who they want to have, uh, who is their favorite. Uh, Hussein says, hey, Jim, Eric, or hey, Jim again. Hey, Eric again. And a big howdy again. again to the Get Fresh crew. Beep, boop. Boop, boop. This is just me emailing again to say I'm very excited about the DC's newest Justice League news. I've always wanted Scott Snyder to take over the Justice League title, and my wish has now come true. I, maybe this is just a power play. By him. That really, the doomsday clock, it was going fine. Gary Frank went to do the, and, and somebody had stolen his pencils, Eric. It was Scott Snyder. <laughs> and then, like you said, they're like, only if we had more from the pages of metal. Well, he well. Has this, he, it's almost like that, that stupid joke with the, uh, the 
two and a half men with the little black book. He's like, the pages from metal. Boom. It's this book that's like fucking three feet high. It's It's got everything in there. The fact that Priest is ending his run isn't much of a surprise. I didn't think he'd have a very long run to begin with. Neither did I. Deep down, I always thought that his tenure on the title was temporary until someone else came in. I thought it was going to be Brian Michael Bendis. JLA ending with 29 also makes me happy, as I'm sure it does to you guys. I talked to Steve Orlando yesterday, and he said that he knew this was happening for a while and was building up his story to the ending he had in mind. Uh, by the way, uh, Hussein, talk to him again and slap him for me. Uh, actually, don't, don't do that. I would never want any physical harm. Talk to him and say, this is what you had in mind? Really? This is your story that you had in mind? Christ. Holy moly. I'd hate to see him rush to an ending. I'd hate to see the story he didn't want, Eric. Jesus Christ. Also, by the way, tell him to get a hold of J.H. Williams III and ask him to use his goddamn characters. I remember you guys once said that. I don't know why I'm mad at Hussein about this. I don't know why either. I don't know. How dare you name drop in this email, Hussein? No, I don't mind. I just – I he's, he's talking a lot. It's so funny too because – it's a cool thing because this Hussein's been harder on the JLA book than I have been. So it is cool that Steve Orlando talks to him. So I'll give Steve Orlando some credit, though. I forget who it was, met him in person and was not very pleased with his behavior, Eric. Yeah. I, it, it was not very proper. I remember you guys once said that Joshua Williamson does a really good job with the other non-Flash characters, and I wholeheartedly agree. If he's writing his own Justice League book, I think that it'll be one to look out for. James Tynan, on the other hand, is more miss than hit for me, and I don't think I said Flash in any of that, did I? I don't think no, you Flash did, I is thought. On. Is he on one of the teams? I thought maybe yeah. he wasn't. Okay. Anyway, sorry, for, and I'm sure he'll be doing that one, though. Anyway, sorry for the extra wordage. Talk to you later and see you on the flip side. Slap that guy right in his face. Right in his pretty, handsome face, Eric. Do it. How about you? Can I slap you right in your face? I'll come over right now. Don't you soulception me. I'll slap slap you right in your goddamn pretty face. You blow kisses at that mirror one more time, and I'm going to give you knuckles. You're going to have a knuckle sandwich, extra knuckles, and maybe some ketchup. There you go. Would I you don't eat... know what's happening right now. If you were going to eat a knuckle sandwich, I'm talking like you cut my hand off and you were definitely, you had to eat my knuckles. Uh, would you, in fact, use a condiment on it or would you eat me raw? How no, no, it's definitely it? condiment. I got to get rid of all that Werner flavor. What do you think you would use? Well, seriously, the way I bathe, there's probably yeah. condiments already on there from a meal from last week. I had some uh, barbecue sauce the other day. I think you'd I would actually a, use barbecue sauce. You'd probably get a hint of that. You, you you would use barbecue sauce if you had to eat my hand. Probably That's some what pepper you jack get. cheese. Why in my mind was I going to ask you if it was in fact that you could get sick by eating a raw person, the meat, though, uh, you know, I don't think that's the case, right? I, I've not really looked I, I into my can. cannibalism. I, I don't think it's like pork, right? I don't think you could get that sort of like long worms pork. or something. Because really, it'd be or weird too. Pig. If yeah. a pig eats his own, could he get trichinosis from himself? Is that possible? I'm, the, I'm not a doctor, Jim. Yeah, you only play one on TV. Uh, if I ate my finger right now, would there be a chance that I'd get sick from that raw meat? Would you suggest I that I cook my finger? Reasons. Do you think I should cook my finger beforehand, yes. or could I eat it raw, like sushi, Eric? Could no. I do that? 
You, you would not suggest that. So what you're, you're saying give yourself worms somehow. I don't know how so, the shit well, works. Did they did the uh, did the soccer team in alive? I don't oh, think dude, they were speaking building of fires. Alive, it's great because I was on Netflix earlier and I like I hadn't been like on a new like advanced kind of format yeah. for Netflix for a long time. Now that I have this new Blu-ray player with the app, you can go to it right away. Yeah, they have this thing where when you scroll over the title, it starts doing like a little trailer, a little preview, shows you yeah. some stuff going on. Yeah. And while it's showing scenes from the movie, it is the happiest go lucky music you can't you like. Oh yeah. Best oh, I know. That's what Jess they has do no now. Idea what it drives me is. nuts. Like, this seems like a fun movie, doesn't yeah, it? Yes. Yeah. It drives me nuts because that new Netflix thing. That's what I was talking to you. Remember, I, I actually mentioned that uh, uh, like a week or so when I said to you, like, you go to watch a trailer and it's not a trailer. It's just scenes with this goddamn music playing. It yeah. drives me insane because, like you said, you'll have a live and it's like, da, 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 it was, and they're it, it fucking the eating each other. It was the lucky music ever. Yeah, it's like the sound of music with cannibals. It's I'm telling this you, movie no, not seemed. even any cannibal aspect to it. It's like, you know, no. oh, it's, I'm, I'm a rugby team. I'm taking some pictures on the plane. Oh, no, we had a crash. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, we're stranded. We're going to go hike this mountain. But at least we're together in a, like, camaraderie. Am I yeah. right? Yeah. It's like Across the Great Divide, one of the movies. Exactly. I told you, I love those movies as a kid, those Disney movies, where somebody has an accident or they end up – a big trope of these movies to me Snow always dogs. seem to be that one of the kids – there's a family – one of the kids has a mysterious disease that somehow they can't live in the big city, Eric. They, to me, now I think back, might have just been asthma, but they end up having to live in like the Great Divide. They end up in Canada. They end up some crazy place, but then they get snowed in and then they have to fight their way and they always fight a, a grizzly bear and possibly a, pack a, of wolves. a killer whale and even aliens, Eric. It's great. Hell of a movie. It is great. And you always have in these where you have to have the guy guy come in in the pontoon boat a plane landing right. in the lake and like huh you hear the big storms coming you should have ordered some extra groceries here You're like you fucking live your own life buddy get the fuck out of my valley they're always in the valley too and i always sit there i'm like man it always happened i would watch these as a kid and i'd sit there i'm like man i'd really love to live somewhere and then all of a sudden i'm like oh no, <laughs> no shit no, goes wrong that would be a bad time, it seems. So, again, I also sit there and I sit there and think, boy, I would have loved to live on a deserted island. Just me. And then I saw Castaway. And I saw some fucking – And it seemed amazing. Yeah, well, I saw island fucking dental work and I'm like, I am out. I'm out of there. But yeah. I uh, imagine I, giving yourself island dental work now. Island dental work. I am. I actually, you know, I'll sit there with a rock and punch myself in the face with it. But yeah uh, – I don't know what we're talking about now. Are, are we in the middle of a book? <laughs> were we just talking about Blue Beetle possibly, Eric? I don't know. But we're going to go off and see uh, what the hell is going on right now. And we'll be back with something. Listening to the podcast. Listen all day. I just want to hear Jim's voice. Do you think that the pedal steel is one of the most beautiful instruments? I I would think so. 
I actually I think, really, I really do love like it. it. I really I love the like pedal it. steel guitar. I think, Plus, I, think I it's like just it because most a of the gorgeous time, sounding thing. It is. Also, I like it because it's the lazy man's guitar. Because every yeah. time you play it, well, sitting down. So there you just, go. You, just sitting yeah, down. But, yeah. It basically looks like a DJ just yeah, sitting there in front of the I thing, like moving it. his hands around. I always like. You know, you could have a you could have a mug of beer on the side, your cigarette in your mouth. You're living a good life. You can have it all going. I like it. But yeah. Yeah. Well, here we are to talk about two books. This is the hellish section. The spooky the section. The spooky I guess the section, hell indeed. Uh, but what are we starting with, Reggie? We're going to start with the Hellblazer number 18, written by Richard Kedry, art by David Fabry, Jose Marson Jr., and Carrie Strahan. When a man loves a bardo, can't keep his mind on nothing else, write his gratitude in his own blood. If it shoots him down, if he's enlightened, then he's thankful. Bardo can do no wrong. Turn his back on San Francisco if they put it down. When a man <laughs> loves Bardo, <laughs> I give you everything I've got, yeah. Trying to hold on to your precious truth. But Bardo, 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 don't treat me bad. When a man loves a Bardo, deep down in his soul, Bardo can bring him such misery. If it's some cult that has pranked him, he's the last to know. Just before the readers of this comic book. Yes. Messed up a little at the end there, but you got the <laughs> I idea. interrupted you. Oh, Reggie, I thought. <laughs> but yes, we're here with Hellblazer, and believe me, I'm done with this book. I'm so done with this well, series. Well, okay, I, I this, just, this arc has been Richard by, written by this Richard Cadry. Tim Seeley is back, and he did a good arc last time, at least. Eric and I, or I, I thought so. Eric yeah. liked it too. It was a bit more, better, yeah. more than More than what we've seen. I'm going to tell you right now, though, this comic and the reason that it's it sucks, the true reason is not the story, which isn't that great, but it makes these fundamental comic book storytelling errors. Okay, yeah. there are a bunch of characters in this book that we never get the names of again. They never go back to the fact that what brought John Constantine here was a series of serial murders where people were writing thank you on the wall after they had their brains blown out. We get the explanation for why that happened. But we don't like they should have had serial murders in every issue, reminding yeah. us that this is the the thing, you know, I agree. Uh, that there's just so much that it's it's a basic. I mean, also, I think this story, this story could have easily been two issues, but that's pretty much my my mantra with everything. Yeah, it could have been yeah. shorter. But beyond that, it just has some fundamental errors. And frankly, I think that this uh, writer and editor should be embarrassed. Yeah, it, it's not good. It really isn't. And, they, did, I mean, they did a bad job. Give us the quick rundown because I, I – yeah, So uh, last time he got sent to the Bardo realm. The Bardo realm is apparently a Buddhist – if we knew more about Buddhism, we might know yeah. more about what the hell's going on. But in there, that's where people, they pass through when they're enlightened and they have to tangle with the Bardo demon or maybe the demon's name is Bardo. I'm not quite 100% sure. It's uh, the same guy that – Constantine saw when he tried to attack that cult comp when he went to the uh, Golden Dawn compound. Yeah, that was just but a guy. Since that him. wasn't real, it exactly. doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But it pisses off Bardo to hear that that happened, and it's sort yes. of you know 
John Constantine sort of sweet, sweet talks his way out of getting murdered by this Bardo. And Bardo explains, like, I have seen some enlightened people that didn't look quite with it going past. And essentially what it is is this gun that the Golden Dawn has is a special god gun where when you get shot with it, you achieve nirvana, enlightenment. Yes. You go to the Bardo realm, and that's why people are writing thank you, that they were actually, like, seeing the greatest thing in, in the world or whatever at the very end. So uh, he goes back out. He's teamed up with this other cult. whose I, name I just don't God. understand, though. Why are they dead then at the end? Like, like, how did they come back? They're shot with the gun. They go to Bardo. And do they then write thank you on the wall and then die? Well, now, see, you, you make a good point there, Eric. Uh, I mean, theoretically, the idea is in the last seconds of their life, they write I just got the idea, like his kind of bodyguard deal, before he, that, that's what they've asked him to do. And then he thanks, I don't know. And that I don't know. I'm telling you, I don't know where this gun comes from. And all of a sudden, it becomes about getting the fucking dregs of society out yeah. of fucking San Francisco. Yeah. And that's it, using this goddamn mumbo jumbo fucking religion that this guy cares nothing about. I'm like, what what happened to this? What happened yeah. to the story that you were setting up, and all of a sudden it just completely falls apart here by the end? <laughs> I yeah, I know. And, uh, yeah. This whole thing where John Constantine was he came here because one of his friends was was murdered, yeah. and that woman Jenny was murdered, and that was like Pirate Jenny. Remember Pirate, Pirate Jenny? Jenny. Know, I'm telling you, like like Reggie said at the beginning, that stags. I don't they know they, they have forgotten what the story was even about. It, 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 I'm telling you, they don't do anything to remind anybody of the story we've forgotten pretty much and left behind very major parts of the story as if the story has a goddamn ADHD that, you know, you're just moving now. It's all about the gun and, you know, and the guy. And framing Constantine for the murder of this Constantine, cop who I can't even then, remember about. Yeah, and then basically the whole thing's resolved because this guy has this other, you know, bodyguard type guy who's there, but he's been, prom he's been promised Nirvana and things like that. Well, is he that stupid? We've seen this nonsense going on, and then, oh, you lied to me, and now and all the, hell breaks. And the thing is, too, I don't know if it's just because I, I don't know Buddhism or whatever it is, but apparently this place I go to, it's a fucking trash heap. It's a fucking yeah. terrible goddamn place, but yeah. it seems to be what everybody's all about, so I don't know if he just is lying. He says it's because he's yeah, a he Christian that thinks he, it's all bullshit. And it I does don't seem know like what he's the lying. Is. It seems like he's lying, and then when they find that it, out... It is, it is better than Quaker Town. It is. It is. But <laughs> even this, in the middle of this, you have the one girl trying to, you know, pretty much give Constantine a hand job. Oh, you, you mean have, Stevie Nicks, who yeah, just shows Stevie up out of nowhere, who yeah. I don't know is in his goddamn hotel room and has his passport and I, 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 this whole thing, like, how did you get a hold of my passport? Oh, you dropped it. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, is okay. this supposed to be Stevie Nicks? No, though? and that's the thing. No, no. no, that's what he calls her. Yeah, that's what he <laughs> just calls her, later. and she know. doesn't correct I have no him. Idea who this is. No. So I'm like, I, I'm like, okay. And then also go. we have a cop who's covering up the whole like frame up job. She took the gun that the bad guy, who I don't even know his name because this is such a fucked up story. Yeah. He took, the, he planted the gun so it looked like Constantine killed the cop, but you know. This other freaking gypsy lady or witch, witch lady yeah. who's been helping Cassie calls her cop friend to get there before the other cops to get rid of the evidence and forces them to help save the day by getting rid of this guy by just convincing the well, lackey, you, 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 this guy you're working for, he's not on the up and up. No? 
Oh, my God. Yeah, and that's the weird thing. I think they did name the other guys. The one was Lindsey Buckingham, and the other was Mick oh, Fleetwood. God. We have all of Fleetwood Mac here. <laughs> he didn't nice. realize that this is the Fleetwood Mac reunion. Oh, all right. well, that's it's just complete and utter nonsense. I heard they're, and, I heard they're doing a reunion tour. Yes, she's Christy McVie, she couldn't be there. She, she's she's uh, not feeling up to it. So, unfortunately, they're going to have to go on without her. But it, just the whole thing, Reggie's right. And, and in the meantime, because of that, because there are major, major faux pas of just writing a comic in this it, it's hard to follow and yeah. other than that it, it's hard to even invest yourself into it because it doesn't seem like the, they're invested either so I, I don't think i don't think that this particular story would have been a home run even if it was you know done uh, in a more correct no, way. I However, think I, I think we, i think we could have come out of here at least understanding what the hell was going on and saying like oh okay it was you know, it was a conspiracy by A to commit B, and then that's yeah. why John. Well, and again, we, in I the end, that... I really am not sure what the hell the end game was here. Was yeah. just to shoot and with all the that, homeless, I guess. With I don't really that, understand. you like Constantine to do magic and things like that. He yes, never he's does in magic. the Bardo we, realm. We, we that's not. Runes on a he writes wall. runes. That's, that's what, what I was going to say. That's all he does it. is write he never runes. Does any... no, no, I mean, listen, writing runes, I don't give a fuck about. We want to see him conjuring fire. You know, I mean, even it's the little things to me. It's like. But John Constantine goes to buy a buy a pack of cigarettes. He doesn't pay money. He uses his Jedi mind trick, you know. Yeah. When John Constantine goes yep. to fucking wait for a bus, he oh, you know, whatever. He makes it come faster. It's he never does any magic in these three nope. issues. It's totally pointless. Frankly, writing runes, I could do that. That's yeah. not you know, I don't need yeah. a magic man to That's do that. That's all he does. That's all he so, does here. Disappointing. Uh, really, a, a poor use of the character and. Yeah. A bad arc. Uh, you know, I, I talked to you guys a little bit before that, or maybe we said in the beginning of this, that Tim Seeley is coming back. Yeah, yeah. I have hope that that's going to be a little better. I feel like Tim Seeley actually understands what we want to see in the character more. I, I, I still don't think it's he, garbage. I don't know if he has a good story. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I still think it's garbage. The problem is, is you had a, when, uh, What's his name? Simon Oliver was on it. You you hated it. We we all did. We hated it. So then for a lot of you the get, same reasons. Bad storytelling. Yeah. Well, you what get Tim Seeley there for how many issues? Maybe four. Two. Two. Yeah. two. So th- there you go. You have an awful book. You get Tim Seeley. The big announcement. It's going to be on. He gets on for two whatever issues. And then you go back to nonsense again. There's no momentum of this book. Anybody who is ever going to be – the people who are still reading it, which it still sells like I think it was 12,000, something like that. These people are going to read Constantine no matter what it seems. So you're not going to do this. There are Constantine fans that will always get it. Yes, yeah, they'll always get it. But the opportunity of you to gain – more where you and this rarely happens it really rarely happens where anything happens where a book all of a sudden jumps 10,000 up in numbers it really isn't something that happens in comics especially in the DC stuff that we've been paying attention to since me and Eric yeah. have been doing the site the problem is though you had Tim Seeley you and Eric did like it more I didn't care for it anyway uh, I think I've already written off any sort of attempt or hope that I was going to like Constantine but with that if Tim Seeley would have I, – I don't know what happened. He's on for a couple issues, and then he's gone. So basically you're back to nonsense. So anybody who is going to be jumping on, they're not going to sit and sit through this garbage hoping that Tim Seeley's down the line. Most people don't know. Like you said, oh, Tim Seeley's going to be coming back on. Most people aren't in the know. They're going to go no. by issue to issue, arc to arc, and after this, I can't see anybody. This this book is doomed. It should be canceled. It should be canceled I mean, right it, now. Again, if I, if I was purchasing it, I would have not been buying it a long time ago. No. But 
I agree. I think they need to pull the plug. They obviously, yeah. obviously, this is a character that's very problematic for DC. Yeah. This it's had three relaunches yeah. since and, the and new it's funny. I was just going to say, if it comes back, what the fuck are they going to call it next? Yeah. John Jay, Constantine? Jay Constantine. Yeah, what are they going to call it? Because they keep coming back with a different name, and none of them are working. Transcode it magic. It's like cyborg. It really is. And finally, I will they say there is one. There is one good thing about this issue, though, and it's the last panel. I wish every comic ended this way, where he just says, "Which is why you lot with your gold-plated bongs, your your googles, and your jackpot yeah. jackboot Buddhas can all kiss my ass. I'm never coming back." Yeah. End. That's End. It. That's the that's the way every comic Superman should be like. Fuck you. Yeah. I'm I out. saved your ass. I'm out of here. I'm out. <laughs> I actually hope that it was oh, it, it was a, a surprise cancellation. A cancellation. Now, now yeah, the thing I is, like, you. you have Tim Seeley coming back. Like, am I saying that the only way this book will ever be resurrected, you get Alan Moore? To, to, uh, the only other guy I'm thinking of that you could, because they're never going to be able to do that. Dennis wrote it. Long time. He, he might do a good job. Maybe, maybe he would go. I'm telling you, if it was me, I'd get a ghostwriter and then claim that Matt Ryan, the guy who played Constantine on TV, was people. I go. could go on. I could go on Twitter now, and there's probably still people bitching and moaning that they want him back. I'd get a ghostwriter say he's writing it. I think that that might improve it. But really, what are you going to do if this is canceled? Please keep it canceled. Use Constantine and maybe a you know a dark book that has a team, whatever. It's not working. It hasn't yeah. worked. You have tried or, or, and tried. Or pull him out. He, he can guest with the Justice League yeah. even when they battle, I mean, you know, you, a this, big team or something. Yeah, this right. goes with me of where me and Eric really, like, sit there and, like, why does Deathstroke keep getting these, you know, all these books and things like that? Or yeah. Cyborg. It's very much like Cyborg where they keep trying and trying and trying. Yeah. It doesn't work. It just they keep, it They just are having so much trouble me, making that work. Yeah, and to me, basically – if the best thing I would think, you cancel this, wait a while, and then if you're going to do anything, bring it back as a Vertigo book, go full out, mature, yeah. don't have these fucking ruins as the cursing, I mean, go listen, full out. The, I definitely, I would definitely cut all the cursing out. I mean, yeah. to me, I, I feel like I don't need a lot to have, enjoy a Constantine book. I want to see him do magic, and if he's going to be in the DCU, I want there to be ramifications of that, you know? Yeah. That, doesn't, that doesn't mean it needs to be, you know, Superman in every issue, but we saw that that one time in the rebirth, you know what I mean? And then we had Wonder Woman uh, Shazam show up at the beginning. Yeah, Wonder that, Woman that and Shazam show up. And then there was a one in when Tim Seeley did it where the Justice League got involved because yeah. this the stuff that Constantine deals with is like world ending level yeah. shit. You know what I mean? It's, it's always like it's always like the world is about to be consumed yeah, by in hell. In a cool way, like you're saying, and even tying it in like the uh Martian Manhunter book and the DCYOU. Stuff like that was pretty cool. To see, and even the beginning of this book when Simon Oliver had Swamp Thing in it, mm -hmm. and you were so excited, and then he just oh, pulled God. that away. Wow, yeah, Abby Arcane. Yeah, Abby Arcane. What happened to Abby Arcane? We never. She's yeah. fine. Yeah, she's Guys, you got to stop worrying about Abby Arcane. She's a big yeah. girl. I, I should because everybody else has. <laughs> Nobody else cares. I, uh, I, no, I, I do agree. This book has really been uh, massively problematic. I do think they should put it away and, like, yeah. you know, come up Wait. with a Bible. Do they still make Bibles at, at Comics Place? They used to have, like, a character Bible for every character. 
but this is how it is. This is how we present this yeah. person. Yeah, I think and, like, they've gotten rid of figure those. Figure it out. It's you know, figure out what you want this guy to be. But yeah. I don't. Think I they think know. that basically, I, I, to me, number one, I think most writers now jump on a character, and it's going to be like, you know what? Don't you tell me what to do. I'll this write is my, my take own of way. The character. Yeah, this is going to be my take, and then they have no editor that's going to tell them different because, unfortunately, now it seems that you know nobody can tell anybody. What to right. do? So they. Well, just I think all the editors at there. DC are now Rafe Sage. That's why yeah. I think that and yeah and basically they they are fans of the people writing the books. You can't have an editor to do that. You, you have to have an editor that's a guy who's like fuck you all of you guys. Break your balls you know, a little bit. No, yeah, and also break you're the like, balls. No. Yeah. I, I mean, and an say that once. Said, an editor is the one that should have been like, we need to Name mention these, these people's names. Yeah. Name and, them. And John Constantine should do. Some magic every issue, you know what I mean? Just like you, yeah. you don't have an issue of Superman where he doesn't like use his powers at least yeah. once. I, I'm little, telling you, you know, or and, like turn on his X-ray vision, something. Yeah. Even with uh, that, you have that big thing where you have somebody. I would love. I, I should just put up a poll right now because unfortunately, I have witnessed at our work that me and Eric work at. I've witnessed a lot of younger uh, people, men and women, at our work where I know for a fact. They would not know who Stevie Nicks is and him no, saying, right. oh, hey, Stevie Nicks. And, OK, that's Stevie Nicks. And and you go and either way, it could the name could have been Octopus Fancy Pants and it wouldn't have mattered because it didn't really do anything. Huh. But you can't no, just throw it names. It would have mattered a lot to me, actually. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, Octopus Fancy Pants. <laughs> you can't just throw names like that, though, and think that everybody's in on the joke well, because, I, I, number I, I, one, I there was no joke. She didn't even look like Stevie Nicks. I Confused. Tell him have veils and fucking things that she's flirting around and flowing, mm. whatever. I don't know. It was just nonsense. It, uh, what did you give it? Just, uh, oh. This was this was not a good arc. This has not been a good series. Really disappointing. Yeah. Uh, the art I have a problem with. Really wasn't exactly amazing, but really no no major complaints about it. So uh, I ended up giving this a four point five out of okay. ten, and I feel like that was pretty generous. Yeah, and I, I see that. Unfortunately, an ad popped up when I went because I wanted to see. Okay, what is everybody thinking about this Hellblazer book? So I went over to Comic Book Roundup, as we always mention. That's where we go, where they collect the deal. And I would say that most people agree with you on your score because the aggregate score is a four point five, mainly because you're the only one who reviewed this book, and that oh, is utter. Garbage. Like I'm I'm just going down. <laughs> Flash, you have seventeen reviews. You have Blue Beetle that had four. You have Batman Beyond that had seven. And and Hellblazer now after we're we're recording this on a Friday night. So we've had since, you know, your review was up at midnight on, you know, Wednesday morning. Uh and with that, you are the only one. There is as many reviews for this book as there is Looney Tunes 241. Now, wow. I know that by the time Tuesday hits, when everybody's going to be another one or two, there will yeah. be one or two this weekend, but not enough. Scooby-Doo Team-Up had three reviews. <laughs> this is ridiculous. Nobody is – and this is where when you go, obviously, the main judge of things are the sales – but I put a heavy, heavy bit of you know thought into the amount of reviews because that shows you where we review everything. This shows you know it's not anything about us tooting our own horns. You review Hellblazer because that's your book. That's one right. of your books. We'll never say, hey Reggie, only this amount of people are looking at the review. Don't do it. We will do a review if three people look at it. That's sure. just the way we do that. 
Other sites aren't like that. Other sites go fully with, number one, that if a book sucks, we don't want to look fucking negative, so stop reviewing it. So that tells I, me I, half I of them. I think the three people reading Hellblazer are actually in contact with us because yes. they, they, they're they the ones every week that are like, oh, yeah, I agree, this one sucks. Yeah, yeah. And, and with that, I think that half of it is sites don't want to look negative, so they're not going to review it anyway. They'll say, oh, you know what, Hellblazer is so bad, let's just take it off the docket so we don't look negative. The other half are basically saying – you're wasting your time. We don't even want to have the space wasted because only two people come to read the review. So stop. And I think that's the case. Nobody cares about this book anymore. Nobody has any sort of – no, I've not heard anybody say, oh, I love Hellblazer. It's my favorite book. I have not. And no. it's nonsense. It's complete and utter garbage. I give it a 3 out of 10, and I might be being very uh, you know, lenient on it. What would you give it, Eric? 4.5 out of 10. Yeah, I agree with I'm Reggie. I actually uh, don't mind the art at all, but the story I, completely yeah. fell apart for everything they set up previously. And it, it was just, I'm telling you, I got mad by the end, especially like Reggie, you like that ending where he just went, I actually just got mad because it's like, you know, fuck off. I'm out. And I'm like, yeah, that's it. I mean, it, it, I love it. I love it because it's such a bullshit cop out ending. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, basically, it's just like, fuck you, go out of here. And it's like, what, what even happened? Yeah, like, I'm, nothing I'm we you, read previous mattered. And I. Uh, I'm going through it. I'm telling you, I think that half of the art in this, you'll have pages where you're like, oh, man, they really took their time on this, like Constantine uh, in that, you know, the the realm and things like that. But then you have other pages where I'm looking at the one where the one lady is on the phone in the alley yelling like she's on the phone. Hello. Yes, it's Jackie. Listen, I'm hurt. Her proportions are completely off. She looks like she's got a goddamn rubber neck there, and it just looks like garbage to me. I I don't even like the art. I don't think I think there are points in this where the art is impressive, but there's other parts that it is utter garbage. And I, I just you definitely couldn't sell this book based on the art. That's no, for sure. and but, even like and other but, uh, scenes. You know, if the story was great too, yeah. I I don't think you'd be complaining. No, I about think that if the story was good, I'd be okay. But there's points in this where I think the art's even just awful. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can't even go with it. It is uneven. I agree. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I just, I just want to end it. I just don't want to talk about this book anymore. And it's funny because we stopped talking about the Simon Oliver deal, and <laughs> because it was so bad, waiting for Tim Seeley, and it, it, we were tricked. We really were because Tim Seeley was, you know, switch. decent enough. Yeah, it was. And then all of a sudden he's off. Now he's going to be back. We'll see how it goes. But let's finish off the hell section let's here wrap up with why. The yes. Demon, Hell is Earth, number three, written by Andrew Constant, art by Brad Walker, Andrew Hennessy, and Chris Sotomayor. Got my fingers crossed, I'm hoping I'll be roasting with you. Got my fingers crossed, I'm hoping I'll be roasting with you. Pardon me, but I gotta let you know, you're a fabulous roaster, you're a one-demon show. You got rhymes, others' dreams they can do, I'd give any soul on earth if I could roast with you. Take my hand and we'll glide around the globe, roasting folks with your breath spreading hell as we go. Fast and fine, hey, I can't look away, got my eyes glued on you and the hell they can pay. I see you every night, burning everybody. You're like a sexy vision, roasting in the moonlight. Gee, I'd love to be your hell-expanding mate. I could see us on a hell-expanding date. Gee, I'd love to be your hell-expanding mate. I can see us on a hell-expanding date. Come on. All right. All right. Here we go. uh, No. (laughs) 
No, you're not a big not a big peaches and herb fan. No, I, actually, it's funny. I thought you said disturbed because I was looking no. at that. No, peaches oh, no. and herb. I, if it's not reunited, Reggie, it's nothing. It's what no, I, I say about I peaches. I like the roller skating jam. You anyway. like their deal? You like their roller skating jam? I, I was did. more of a, a like a Casey and the Sunshine band uh, slash maybe the Commodores uh, roller skating stuff like that. Peaches and herb. That wasn't my neck of the woods of skating. And really, actually, I was talking to Eric. A lot of times in my skating deal, they had some, you know, specific songs. They were more into kind of like a uh, heavy metal type deal or hard rock. Your area was more the rock stuff. Yeah, it was. It was was more. But then they would go like you'd have the the typical like couples deal and stuff like that that they would go. Right. They always got to have a slow. As a matter of fact, reunited is is often reunited. Come on. Yeah, uh, but yeah. I remember a lot of Jackson 5. Actually and I'll from- tell you, also, I would say that there was a bit of ELO going on at our skate ranch. I oh, It was oh. called the Skate Ranch when I went, and I loved it. But, yeah, a lot of ELO. A little- it's called the Embassy when I went. Yeah, but it was it was a different place. My I used place to go to was, I used My to go place to was in Colmar. Yeah, oh. It was all the way down. Yeah, I didn't go to the Embassy that you went to, Eric, until way after you would have went and played hockey there. So. But yeah, uh, I went to this piece of shit place that was I w- just. I awful. went to Laces and it got shut down because there was shooting there. Oh, was there? There was a shooting yeah. at Laces. Was uh-huh. there? Uh, my place was shut down because I, I believe the rats overtook it and made it their own kingdom because oh, it go. was a, it was a fucking wreck. But yeah, I, I used to like doing that. I mean, yeah. what could be more of a wreck than a roller skating rink? We're talking about basically a yeah. bowling alley with less. And basically, <laughs> I used to love, like, you'd have those metal walls and, the, you know, or not metal, stone walls or brick walls uh, around it and all the scuff marks and shit all over them and stuff. people that, that got awful. fucking really slammed. I told Eric the one time they had a they had a little, like, a place where you can buy, like, a convenience kind of deal or what, what would you call it? A, where a you concession get the, stand. A concession stand. I got it and I ended up getting sad and I spilled it all. I fell and spilled a soda and, like, a pizza. I was so upset. Just like that. They just had the worst pizzas. Just like they like up they, Yeah, they did. I used to get popcorn a lot at those places, but that's about it. I didn't get any ladies, that's for sure. And we would Whoa. go. With, me and my one buddy would go, and his his uh, sister was a whore. And when we went, like every time she'd go, she'd just end up making out with somebody different. And then basically mm-hmm. was that it was a friend. And then her brother Herb that we would go. She's like, oh Jesus Christ, Sharon's with another friend, and you just that's. <laughs> All she do all night is find some guy and make up. But nice. we will talk about this book. It's not bad. It's a very quick-moving issue. Uh, mm. I don't know if I'm that invested in this series as much anymore, and I think this issue kind of showed me that. I know that you guys might disagree, but with nope. this issue, I'm just kind of like, okay, I'm going through the motions and reading it and whatever – but it, it's you get a big revelation. You see where the book's going. We do get a, a you know a roadmap of where it's headed. I don't know that I'm that excited about it. And yeah, the, it's, the, it's okay. the big reveal of this was not that big of a stunning no. thing. But we do learn a lot about what what's happening and yeah. sort of how it happened and why it happened. I'm just and not for that third, concerned with it. I, I, I think in general this isn't your. Guy, no, it's not. Know, like uh, and, and not and not your world, you know, no. the, the, magic, the magic world. That's really a Reggie type thing. Yeah, that is. It's but not as, a as, far as, type as thing. far as this is the third issue, this is the climax of the miniseries. Well, we are getting our info dump here. You know what yeah. I mean? We're not walking into the third issue. Gigantic certain, info dump. There's yeah. a certain there's a certain other miniseries I'm reading right now that's a little more raggy. Oh, 
Yes. If you know, well, no. if you that, know, a little I mean. more raggy. That one you go uh, into. I don't know what's that, going that, on. What are we on issue four or five? I'm still not sure yeah. what the fuck. Yeah, the I don't know are. what's going and on. And here at least we do understand that this like Satan infused nuclear missile that hit Death Valley is it it created a a impenetrable bubble of hell that is expanding and threatens yeah. to take over the earth. And that when the army tries to attack, they just send out you know their own men that went in as demons. So it's it's. Basically, there's nothing that humans can do to stop hell from expanding. Well, that's the thing is when they try to shoot it with missiles, and it actually makes this freaking you know this this area bigger. actually grow yeah. bigger. They are feeding it with the war it's, and aspects yeah, the of it war kind of thing, and, and you know horrors of humanity actually are making it grow. I, you know that's fine. Uh, again, though, it's I don't know. I I just. I want it more fun, I guess. I don't know what it was with Etrigan and stuff like that, but there is a lot of standing around talking in, in this book, and it just – it's not even that it bored me, and I can't say I was angry at the end. It's just at the end I was just like, oh, well, there's another miniseries I, mean, I don't care I think, about. I think the stakes as presented, they're not – resonating with you out of nowhere though the whole story becomes about merlin kind of thing and i'm like tell you we had the back we had the backstory in the first issue about you know merlin like combined etrigan with uh, jason blood back in the dark ages to keep him alive and shit like that so that's why they're bound but now merlin has escaped hell he put himself in the body of that little girl we were dealing with at the end of the last issue and now we have to sit down with merlin and talk about everything going on that led to this and i'm sitting here like all right, well, your story falls flat in my mind because this little girl was having visions of Death Valley and all these people before you were in her, Merlin. Yeah, yeah, that that kind of threw me off. Now, again, you go through this and you do have this uh, explanation. You have hell that's come to Earth. Obviously, it's called Hell is Earth. Thin spot you have Death this Valley. deal. Uh, the, there is a good part of this and actually did keep me on board and kind of laughing was when Etrigan has to go against his uncle. And uh, it is pretty funny where where yeah. Etrigan is basically told, like, first off, you're a human lover. And he's like, all of a sudden, and I really actually think that they did a very good job here of him kind of being on board. Like, all right, now we're going to – me and you, we're going to kick ass. And then it's like, oh, you know what? This bullshit, you human lover, you don't mean anything. And, and Etrigan's in the middle of a sentence and just like – what? What the fuck did you mm. just say? And gets pissed. And then basically he's like, you know what? I'm not insignificant. I'm not, you know, nonsense. I'm going to kick your ass. And I do like that setup to go forward. And the whole idea of the fact that he's looked at as being a guy who really loves Jason Blood, which he hates. And going forward that I can go with that at least. And I thought that was funny. But really it just leads to an overlong battle with not a lot happening and with everybody else standing around and talking about it. It's a, it's a pretty contrived battle, but it's a pretty neat looking battle. I liked it. I, 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 I actually like, thought I like it was character. funny. I like, that the, part. I like the way. I mean, to be honest, this book is is most it visually strong to me. Oh, it looks great. Uh, I love it. it but, in general, it's it's a very hellish and like red, yeah. but it makes sense because they are. It's just a story, and with this, it's just a lot of standing around talking. And about stuff that, you know, I get it. You're going to give us some story and we're going to go forward there. It just seems like it goes a little bit too far with the explanation. I don't need as much explanation. Show me what's going on. You don't have to tell me everything. And when you have Merlin, like Eric said, she Merlin comes out like, oh, and then I went into that girl, which I kind of was invested in. 
when the series started and now kind of going there it almost seems like it's a retroactive kind of like oh don't worry about that that was nonsense like eric said, it, almost, it does vision. almost seem like they came up with this on the fly yeah, yeah. and it, it seems like this issue now we started again the arc off before any of this actually took place with the little yes, girl having visions of xanadu and everything like that so like but she wasn't possessed by merlin at that point until the bomb hit and I liked she, it, you know. Maybe, and, well, maybe they yeah. were wrestling over the over the mind or something, but uh, and even that, I like the tie in that Death Valley there, and that it has. That's fine. You know, it's not someday, just a name. Someday, yet, Eric, you know. you'll be as old as Merlin, and you'll maybe. want people to listen to Eric's you. Eric's beard looks a lot like Merlin's now. Shut I'll up. tell you, he does look a little like a Merlin. But yeah, and even with the Xanadu. What, why is she in this issue? She's just standing there. I assume she'll figure it more later, but she literally is just yeah, kind of hanging around. She does I, have an, I have another problem, too, because when we have, you know, when we have Merlin describing what's happened, how Belial has taken over hell, and he plans on coming to Earth to expand the, you know, the hellish realm and shit like that, he has Lucifer locked up in a cage. That's not Lucifer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Lucifer has blonde hair. I don't know who this character is. That's a different Lucifer. No, listen to Eric Shea. Mr. Cotton. The old Cotton. He is. So he's on the watch, boy. He's in town. The thing is, though. It's not Lucifer that we have in DC Comics or Vertigo. Story of continuity. Story over continuity, (laughs) Eric. But no, I'm telling you, up until the one point, I was really starting to get bored. But I do like the idea that when he's fighting his uncle and he basically says that, nobody's concerned with you. You know what? Be thankful you're being spared this day. And then that's when Etrigan's like, of course, Uncle, just one question before I slink away. How dare you say yeah, that you're the one to spare me? me. No one spared It's yeah. the best. And that's why they ended with it, I think, yeah. was they knew it I was kind of like cool. uh, And it made me know, laugh. And I, like I said, at, at the one the point – at the one point where they're like, you're just a human lover. And he's like, and that, to me, it really upset Etrigan because this is the shit that they're talking behind us back in hell now. Oh, yeah, that Etrigan. He's a human lover, that son of a bitch. And he is angry. And he's ready to rock. And so, yeah, I thought that that was funny. That is the way they end, where he is just and it's like because of your love of humanity they even make fun of him then and he's like you know my father thinks i'm weak a small problem that that can lie one reason among many why the idiot must die and it's funny too as he jumps in and out of the rhyming and even at the one point his uncle's like stop this rhyming nonsense i hate that it drives me nuts and i thought that was funny Uh, it was it, it was a funny part and you know it was uh it's also told us that being in this death valley hell bubble Etrigan's a little bit stronger than normal, yeah. which I guess is yeah. good he, he because is he's going to go up against Belial, his daddy. Yes. Yeah, he Etrig- is, uh, you know, super Etrigan at this point. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's a setup so that later he can just destroy people. That's fine. But, yeah, without uh, Xanadu doing much with uh, you know, pretty much Jason Blood's just there to stand around as well and just yell. And Merlin's there to explain yeah. everything. I mean, to me, to uh, me Jason Blood kind of has to be there. That's the conceit story that he's like, harassing just, uh, Etrigan. But Madam Xanadu really doesn't do yeah. shit. But I assume... She will. Yeah, she will. I, I'm sure she will. But what did you give it, Reggie? Uh, I did enjoy this issue, and and unlike you know, on the other hand, this is my guy. I love Etrigan, yeah. and I I like to see him. I like the rhyming. I like the I end part of it was the best. But really, I hate this everything book, you like. <laughs> this book is really visually strong. You know yeah, what I mean? Uh, that's what I think is is it's real. Uh, the best thing about it. I mean, hell, you can just flip through the book and see that it it looks pretty cool. Except uh, for that Lucifer. <laughs> <laughs> Even if. 
if you flip through it though, you wouldn't know it was Lucifer. You just story of continuity. In fact, story you continuity. might think it was Eric Shea in a cage, and that was yeah. not on my watch. Uh, but you know, I, I, there's a lot for me to like about this book. Like I said too, I like the fact that here at the climax, we're getting the information we need to. We're understanding what the stakes are now. You know how you feel about those stakes is. You know what the book is finally. But at yeah. least we know what the book is. We know what's happening. Uh, and I enjoyed it, so I gave it a seven out of ten. Pistol shrimp. Yeah, I uh, I like the art. I think the art is really really good, and even just including the the colors uh, as well. I think that this is a pretty cool looking book. Uh, I am never going to be a guy who's going to buy or say you have to buy a book only because of art, though. And this is okay. If you're a fan of Etrigan like you are, Reggie, I think that you're going to be into this. Uh, I am a Ryman and Steelen fan of Etrigan, but as I said the first time we had the uh, Demon Hell is Earth, when me and Eric did it, I believe it was a Patreon-only deal, when I explained myself, is that I'm kind of a you know, a dirty, casual fan of Etrigan. I like when he shows up in a book. I like when he rhymes. I have fun with him. I realize now that he's not really a character that's I'm fully on board with for a full deal. It's kind of like, an, again, it's like Death of Hawkman even, where I was like, um, oh, I'm, I'm going to be into this. I'm going to get on because of Eric. He loves Hawkman. I'm going to do this. Same with, I'm like, oh, Reggie loves it. I'm going to go. But then by the yeah. middle of it, I'm like, you know what? I'm not that big a fan. So the only thing that you can take from my score of a 5.5 is that if you are a fan of Etrigan, don't listen to me anyway. Listen to Reggie yeah. because that's who likes it. But if you're a guy who's like, oh, I want to know like a guy who really is an investor or whatever, yeah, I can't say that I can recommend I wouldn't this. recommend this to someone that's no. interested to find out about Etrigan. No, no. This I, is I, not the I, book for here's it. It's the problem, too is, overly complex. I would oh, say go yeah. back to some older and, stuff. Well, that's well I would say do. actually they, go they back can't... to the old Swamp thing. Yeah. They casually talk about stuff with Etrigan, but don't bring up things. You know, like it's important, like the whole idea, like, oh, yeah, Merlin's my half brother. We don't get into it, though. It's no. just that. So, like, you're just left with that. That's, that's yeah. it. I'm and like, with all right, that, you, yeah. you, could, you had a chance there to, like, inform people of who Etrigan is yeah. more than just him and Jason Blood. But and, you, you and, decided, no, we got to deal with other stuff. So let's just move past it. And with that, where you have the idea, like, this is a mini series. This is a mini series of Etrigan. The reason why there is a mini series of Etrigan is because he is popular with a bunch of people. He's popular because of other stories. You're better served to go. You know, catch up on the older stories. Look up best Etrigan, you know, series, best Etrigan run, best Etrigan arc. You're always going to be better served to go there anyway. So then read mm. that. If you still are involved, if you read the best of the best and you're like, hey, Etrigan's not for me, you're never going to like this, this mini series. Right. So, but if you do, then kind of come back to this. It's like you said of Swamp Thing or Animal Man or all these things where these mini series. DC has a weird deal like they only seem to be geared towards people who are already fans. They never use these to get new fans in my mind because this can't get a new fan. You don't learn enough. You're supposed to already know more than I know. So when I'm getting this, I'm like, ah, it's just, you know, when you have to have a whole third issue of Merlin. It's funny what you say about how you like Etrigan in a book. When I think back about Etrigan that I've read and enjoyed, uh, Ennis and uh, not Dylan, McRae did a a two – Minis on Demon that were all right, but yeah. really I'm the same way where I like him in books. I don't know. Yeah. If, I don't know if he's the kind of guy I want to see that him has a full carry a, a full yeah. thing. You know, he had Kirby started him in his own comic, and it's one of the most unreadable comics yeah. ever saw. <laughs> where I really started to like him though was in the Swamp Thing, and he used yeah. to kind of also brush up against 
uh, the Hellblazer he back in the Vertigo up, days. He would and bounce then it was, around in the it was cool. He, he used to, he used to be sort of like the first guy you met on your way into hell. Yeah. You know, and he, and, and whether, whether you were friends with him or not depended Man. on you know, what you was had... going to go on next. And it was, it was just cool. He played that role. And yeah. uh, this kind of thing, it's just a little too much Etrigan. Well, in the New 52, you had Demon Knights, and you had the things. Right. Where, that was good. It, I like yeah, that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, that sort of deal. And I'm telling you, I will admit 100% that when we would, since the podcast started, anytime Etrigan would show up, I know it would drive Eric nuts. So that gets him up on the fucking like ladder for me anyway. And I love the rhyming Etrigan. And I love it because you either get somebody who knows how to do it, and yeah. okay, it's pretty clever, but most of the time you get nonsense, and it makes oh, me laugh. It makes me laugh because they don't know. I, they might as well just have them always start out with violets, or you know, roses are red, violets are blue, or I'm Spoon James, and I came to say because it always <laughs> ends in the same deal, and I think that's funny, and it drives Eric insane. So it makes me I laugh even more. I hate the rhyme so much. But I like the concept. I like the concept also about him and Jason Blood, especially in that Demon Knights. It was played out really well in that. Here you kind of just – you kind of got rid of it already, which I thought that I would enjoy having that, you know, Jason Blood there with him. Eh, it's kind of kind of. – We're not, not doing, doing anything anything. with it. It's not doing it. We, yeah, do, it we did the last do issue where he yeah. sort of got – you know, he busted – This one you get nothing, though. Killing a little and, girl and yeah. – but uh, yeah, this time around, not really anything. Yeah, but that this, gimmick this was is the kind info of wearing dump. thin. But what would you give it, Eric? I'd probably give it a five point one out of ten because I really did enjoy the art in this yeah. book, and by the end, it did pick up. But for the most of it, I was just kind of bored with Merlin's info dump. Where I thought you kind of retroactively just changed the story because you jumped in the body later than she was yeah. already having the visions, and like I don't know. I, I expected more out of the story, I guess, because that first issue really got me on board to the idea of like, you know what? I don't like Etrigan, but I like the idea of the story and what they presented me with. Yeah. But each issue going forward is getting me less and less interested in what That's they're trying to problem. present. I'm still interested enough since we have, you know, we're going to have to read it and yeah. review it and talk about it. But yeah, by now I wouldn't have been. If we were, if I was actually just a guy buying comics, I probably wouldn't have started with this anyway. Uh, but. I can't, like Eric said, I'm kind of losing, you know, I'm losing my enthusiasm as we go. Well, there's there's uh, three more issues. To yeah, and I'm hoping right that the next up, issue hopefully. kicks ass. I hope that next issue gets me going again because I actually really like the first issue. It surprised yeah. me how much well, I. We liked had a lot that. of fun talking about it because we, we were both shocked at how much. We yeah, both and even the it. last issue when when the three of us talked about it, I didn't mind it. I was a little confused about where I was going at that point. Now we know. But this issue, and I'll, I'll go. We say all the time, these miniseries, the third issue usually is the down one yeah. because they have mm. to kind of set you up for the sh- – and the fourth one kind of goes with that as well. To usually set you is. Up the for that fourth fifth one usually six. is gear up now yes. and then the last two. The third are, one is fight. get more info, fourth, gear up, five, six. You end up with the cliffhanger of five to really set you up for some kick-ass six is how they usually run it. Hopefully that is the case and we get fired up. But – that is the end of what we're going to talk to you about, Reggie. But you have one more book to talk to Chris I about. I do. Doom I'll be talking about Doom Patrol number no. 10 with uh, Chris the Young Animal out. segment. And now I asked him when we talked to him, we talked to him uh, Teen Titans on the Spotlight and on the Patreon. We talked to him uh, during Raven. And I asked him if he was excited about the Milk Wars. And I want to know, <laughs> Reggie, are you excited about the Milk Wars coming up? Uh, excited would not be the word. Uh 
curious. Yeah. He had cautiously optimistic, he said. Uh, I have no, I mean, I I just, I don't have anything to say about it. All all we know, I know about it are what I just read in Doom Patrol, which I'll be talking about in in the segment, and those cover images. I mean, I really have no idea what the hell it is, so we'll find out. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those where I, I don't hear many people talking about it. Uh, but I'm curious to know what you think about it. I don't think I'll read them, but I, I am actually curious either to get a message from you of like, this Milk Wars is utter garbage, or <laughs> you know what, this is pretty cool, and you will tell me like, hey, you should check it out, and I'll go, yeah, I probably will. Mm, I'm not gonna check it out. You'll never you check know it I'll out. never check it out. But I but also I'm tell you as many times, I don't think it would be for you. Don't no, I, I, don't I have said I that to you also. I'd be like, I don't think no. it's your book, but I, I am enjoying it, or... Batgirl when, is fucking insane. Yeah. Check out well, this Well, when Tanya first told me, <laughs> I thought she said MILF Wars, and uh, amazingly, I was very <laughs> excited about it, but yes. Uh, but we're going to go off now to hear what Reggie and Chris think about Doom Patrol. Once in every lifetime, it comes like this. Oh, I need you. segment on the weird science dc comics.com podcast my name is reggie my name is shocked <laughs> that's right we have a day an issue of young animal book to read today and it is unbelievably doom patrol number 10 written we've by, broken the double digits i can't but be- i didn't think it would happen within <laughs> our lifetimes but we here we are uh written by gerard way art by nick Darrington, tom fowler and tamra bonvillain Special thanks to Jeremy Lambert. We don't know why, but felt like if he got thanked in the book, we'll thank him here. Uh, so uh, this cover, the regular cover, Chris, it, it's, it's not good. No, it's not. not a good cover. I don't. Uh, it's it's a really bad collage. And uh, I'm not, you know, I do like the art of collage. Mm-hmm. This This is not a good one. But anyway. And I think it was purposely done bad, which makes it even worse. It, I mean, it's just annoying to look it's at. It's just annoying. It's not. It's not pleasant. I don't like it. But uh, so, if you'll recall from many, many moons ago, now, <laughs> Mister Nobody's Daughter and Casey Brink's former roommate Terry Nunn came up with this food additive called shit. That's uh, dollar sign hashtag exclamation point plus. Where we're going to pronounce it, shit. And now, as she tap dances on a supermarket rooftop, this causes those who have ingested shit to turn into floating globules of varying types. It's enjoyed by five folks wearing Skittles-colored gloves. We only see their hands uh, and a hose connected to the backs of their hands. This kind of reminds me of that character from the Brotherhood of Dada. Remember him? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. The guest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But I don't know if this is any relation to that at all. Casey Brinks wakes up. I really don't even remember why she was knocked out to begin with, but she was knocked out on the street for some reason. And it is wacky mayhem on the streets, folks. We have like a floating monster Pac-Man in sunglasses, an eyeball with spider legs. There's a guy in a cape with a hammer for a head riding a blue hippopotamus and uh, Pinocchio carrying a fish. It's mayhem, Chris. It's just crazy on the streets. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Well, we're going to take a break from that and head over to the Reynolds family house, if you remember them, and I don't blame you if you don't. <laughs> but this is Sam and Valerie, the uh, EMT friend of Casey and his estranged wife who ran off to the uh, mm. to the whatever, oh, the crazy, the crazy gang cult. Yeah. Uh, now, they have enlisted the aid of the Doom Patrol to help look for their son, Lucius. Uh, if you remember him, he ran off with the Brotherhood of Nada last issue, and uh, Mr. Nobody turned him into the Great Ludini. He had his top hat and cape and all that good stuff. Yep. Uh, now, while they search, Larry is able to pick up vibrations from the floor, a point of contact with another place. Lucius drew a pentagram there, so we cannot forget that he's into the heavy metal satanic stuff. Yeah. Uh, again, we don't blame you if you don't remember. This was a year ago. Uh, <laughs> Literally, yeah. <laughs> Now, after Flex Mentolo de- determines that the home has a good mix of vegetables, which, uh, you know, help a boy grow up to be strong, sure. uh, Cliff calls everyone into the living room because there's a news report on the television. We got a reporter named Peter interviewing Mr. Nobody down at the supermarket where all that crazy stuff is happening. Now, Mr. Nobody says that eventually things will reach critical mass, and then, I don't know, maybe the Super Mario Brothers will show up or something. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> they, of course, decide to head on down to the store to deal with all this nonsense. Yeah, and meanwhile, over in, like, fake Asgard, I this mm. this is the storyline I really have the most trouble with understanding what is going on here and what the connection is to anything. I, I guess we kind of come to it at the end, but uh, this is the, the cutout Thor, right, mm. with the withheld due to copyright stamp on his body. He could be called the disappointment, but I think it's really Haxalon, right? That's I don't know. I think, I, I, think, I... <laughs> I, think I think Haxalon the Star Archer is a comic character. And what we're seeing is that real character, but we can't see it in this comic because okay. it's Thor from Marvel. I don't because right. they, they do say like you're supposed like they they were confused that he wasn't the he didn't have a bow and arrow or something somewhere in here, it, which would make sense because he's yeah. a star archer. Like they're star archer. <laughs> uh, so like I say, I'm really having trouble with this story. I'm not really sure what's going on. He's looking for a wife, I guess, to fulfill a storyline that happened in the comic. It's uh, not very interesting. Or he's looking for his wife. He's, he's looking, I, yeah. He, he's so in the comic. Apparently, he married a woman named Starlene. Yeah. And right after that, something happened, and he's trying to make that he's got to find his Starlene. I think uh, maybe. So then, some Tony <laughs> shows up with a script from a movie based on the comic about Haxalon. Turns out the movie was supposed to end with a wedding to his wife, Starlene, but then that was cut out, I think. Uh, and then he pulls up a movie, Star Lag, which is taken from the old, uh, I, is, I may still be around sci-fi movie magazine, Star Log. Uh, the Tony found out that her part was cast to entice investors, and the person cast was Rita Farr from the original Doom Patrol, uh, she who could grow to any size. So uh, this today gives a rundown of who Rita Farr is, this uh, oh, Toadie, uh, and most of which we know, though he does call the Doom Patrol Mod 983, and Haxalon says, this is the unstable mod. He says, Did you find any numbers, uh, any, any significance to those numbers? I didn't really look into it. Um, I looked and I couldn't find any. I found there was like a, there's a gun called a Mod 932, nine, I'm sorry, 983, but uh, that's all I could find. Mm, I couldn't find anything else. I mean, I, my... My impression is that there would be X number of mods. Hmm. 
right? Because uh, but sure. I, but you're right. I'm not sure what that really means. There's a significance to it, yeah. Uh, and then this would be the unstable one. But then what are the other ones? And what what is that? You know, like yeah. Hopefully this will be cleared up like before we you know have to collect Social Security. So. Uh, it's, it's, it's like you, you can't leave all these things hanging and then like take a take a powder for several months. It really is kind sure. of boring. So then he says retcon, which we know is a business existing somehow tied in with an event that'll be coming up uh, very soon. Actually, the milk wars, but we're not really sure what they are. But they know where to find her. And the toady says their difficulty with it for reasons that they can't explain that are immediately unexplained. This is ruining Haxalon's comic book finale, which concludes with something destroying everything. I think. So <laughs> then there's a retcon alert. Seems the wackiness surrounding the Doom Patrol threatens this pink Asgard, whatever. I, really, I don't even know what's happening anymore. Like, I, I can't even describe the seeks. I'm not sure what's happening. Uh, and Haxlon pulls a pistol on his toady and tells him he better fix this. Mm, we're going to hop back to Earth where all that silly chaos is still going down. And Mr. Nobody is inflating a giant panda. This was once Peter, the news reporter that interviewed him, and uh, DC did publish a comic called Peter Panda back in the 50s. Well, there it is. That's right. <laughs> now, we see the rest of the Brotherhood of Nada, whose details, uh, I don't remember. I pretty much have forgotten <laughs> them, yeah. Uh, it doesn't really matter, though, since they occupy the background for basically the entirety of the story. Yeah. Now, then the Doom Patrol shows up, and Mr. Nobody explains what we already know to them. Sam and Valerie see their son as the great Ludini. Uh, he rejects them for being neglectful with uh, the support of Mr. Nobody. They will, of course, make up later, though. Now, the Doom Patrol and the Brotherhood of Nada brawl in the supermarket. Uh, we get some good-looking comic book action here. Really, uh, the art the art is doing a lot of the heavy lifting here. Um, Casey is looking for Terry Nunn frantically, and we will find her tap dancing on the roof right where we left her when we started. But before that, Lucius tries to take out Crazy Jane with a giant frog that he's conjured from his top hat. He wants revenge on her because, in his eyes, she took his mother away. Now, his mother, Valerie, explains that it wasn't her fault. She was actually under the control of another personality. And, of course, that all went down five years ago in Doom Pro number six. <laughs> and it all went down in that one issue, too, people. So just that was that, get that, that was one. a jam-packed <laughs> oh, issue, <yeah>. yes. <laughs> now, uh, at this point, they make up. Um, then a demon squirrel shows up and takes them all to the demonscape. And this is a result from Lucius's heavy metal satanic magic stuff. I kind of wanted to go with them. I was like, I wonder what they're going to do. I'm kind of sick. I don't know. I don't really care what's going on with this other stuff. <laughs> Take me to that demonscape. Uh, so anyway, so when Casey finds Terry on the roof of the supermarket, Terry becomes spontaneously pregnant. She's wearing this like maze pattern bodysuit too. Incidentally, looks like a really pain in the butt to draw. I think, but sure, uh, yeah. it looked especially cool when she got pregnant. It kind of like popped out the design. Yeah. So uh, Casey suggests they go to the hospital, which is a good idea. And this development angers Hexalon. And pleases his toady for some reason that I don't know. Uh, the chief shows up to explain what a wacky thing this is because you see, Casey Brink is being generated by Danny from one of his Dannyland comic books. And Terry Nunn is also not a real person because reasons? I don't. That's I, as good as it's going to get. I'm not sure. I didn't know she wasn't a real person, but okay, I guess because Mr. Nobody is her dad, but he was a real person at one time. Uh, anyway, Terry became pregnant in the proximity of Casey because Casey had eaten that very fresh box of shit last issue, and then they got all horny and did it, if you recall. 
I didn't until I went back abroad. <laughs> I remember her doing a cat, but that's about it. So that was enough. That was the issue before, <laughs> believe it or not. Uh, and now, the offspring of two non-existent beings. What will it be? What could it be, surmises the chief. Mm. Now, Casey is driving Danny the ambulance to the hospital while Terry Nunn is in labor in the back. Ricardo and the Fug are attending to Terry poorly. Now, the ambulance is being chased by the Doom Patrol on bicycles. Crazy Jane's riding on Cliff's back. Flex Mentolo is running along carrying big boxes of diapers. Uh, Mr. Nobody and the Brotherhood of Nada, of course, sans Lucius because he's in the Demonscape, they roll up in his convertible and crash into Danny's bumper, which links them together. Cliff grabs onto the back of Mr. Nobody's car, Larry to the back of Cliff, and they've created a chain. That's right. Now it's a mad, 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 mad world, folks, and mm-hmm. they're racing along. Just as Terry's about to drop her load, Casey punches in and everything fades to white to Haxalor's chagrin. His toady is glad to now initiate retcon plan C, which we don't know what that is. Mm-hmm. Then there's a couple of white pages with some light dialogue and sound effects in gray. Then Danny smashes through all of it with a big boom and a crash that are really well like the well rendered sound effects I like <laughs> looked uh, those white pages probably are what kept this book uh, delayed right I that's probably what what got Ugh. this book out of this week is what <laughs> happened yeah that's the only that was the only thing that saved this book another 3 month delay uh, and now I know I know it's I'll tell you I'll say it now though it's obviously a Hail Mary play uh, yeah. there's no question in my mind but they had to do something uh, now it looks like they're in the lobby of Retcon, Danny grilled down and sticking out of the ground, and everyone is just kind of sh- flung about the place looking unconscious and possibly dead, but probably not. Uh, there's some sculptures ringing the lobby, look like different minerals, giant stones, hmm. encased in glass, uh, just kind of describing the place. The skilled glove folks are watching, uh, we still see just their hands, sorry, and uh, they clap, and this is to be continued in the thrilling conclusion to nada, which I think they actually mean the next issue of this book, mm-hmm. but not Milk Wars. Not Milk Wars. I think it's. I think this is. You know, this Milk Wars involved. Obviously, Doom Patrol's involved in it, but I Absolutely. think this story concludes issue eleven, which I believe now comes out in May. So wow, that's oh wow. Okay. That <laughs> let me tell you. Um, you know, Chris and I we're really big fans of the Doom Patrol. Uh, you know, we've talked about it amongst our, ourselves many times. We were, were so enthusiastic for this book at one time, and then with all the delays, uh, it's it definitely taken away our enthusiasm. But this book is not good on its own merits no, as it's well. A mess. It really is a mess. It's it's. I described it in my review as ten pounds of shit in a five pound bag. There's so many things being thrown at you, and you know, you're almost on the cusp of caring, but almost. there's not enough to, to, to hold on to there. So like that whole that whole uh, Haxalor Haxalon thing. I'm sure that's like a. It seems like he works for Retcon, so this is like a crux thing. But we just don't have enough to tell us what what is the joke why you're trying to make yeah. here. You know, they go, yeah. Why do we care about this? I don't really understand. Is it? It's not clear enough. You you, you haven't executed your joke properly, your story properly, to clarify your point here. Uh, and I think, def- I mean, I love the scenes of the wackiness going on, but it was so corny, too, you know what it I mean? It was, yeah. It was just like, you know, here's a here's a guy walking on his hands and eating hamburgers mm-hmm. with his feet. And, oh, here's a guy who's got a spring for a foot, boing, boing, you know, whatever. 
I like the way it looked. You know, I don't. I, I can't blame you know the artist at all. And and I'm someone no. I really like this art team. I think Nick Darrington and, and Tamara Bonvillain are putting together a great looking book. Sure. Uh, Nick Darrington actually been doing the regular covers for Mr. Miracle. Uh, some of which are great. Not all of which are great, quite frankly. But some of them are really nice. And uh, I'd love to see him do more work. And I see him online just kind of doodling away these awesome little red and blue pencil drawings, clearly waiting for a script from Mr. Way, please. Uh, so we, <laughs> He's bored. He needs work. He really has nothing to do. I, I mean, literally, I think that's why he got the covers for Mr. Miracle. I think he needed work. He needed to eat, you know, wow. like. Because he's waiting, you know, he's basically on tap to do this Doom Patrol, whatever. Sure. Uh, I mean, I, I'm, I don't, we don't have a special info, but I'm 100% convinced it's on the writer. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, really deflating, folks. I'm not, not, like, happy with this book anymore. It's not making me excited to read, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, in the end, it's, it's a matter of I like the art. The story has totally fallen apart. Uh, I like the new characters, and I like the characters that we knew already. I do. I like Casey Brink. Sure. Uh, I like the concept of Danny the Ambulance, or Danny the Anything, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, we already liked Larry and Jane and, and Cliff and all those guys. But uh, I, could, I just don't give a shit about the story one bit. And, mm-hmm. frankly, I came in kind of high on this. I must have been in a good mood or something like that. I gave it a <laughs> 6 out of 10. But, really, in my mind, this, is, this goes below a 5 because it's... Yeah. it's Art is the only thing carrying this book at this point. There's nothing really to grab onto. What would you think of it, Chris? Um, you know the, the the silly scenes. They're they're nice to look at, but they they just don't matter. Um, and and uh, with with that, same as you, uh, Darrington and Bonville, and they're doing great work here. Uh, they are doing, I would say they're doing the heavy lifting, but they're doing all the lifting because it seems like they're the ones invested in this more so than the writer. And I, I'm probably projecting a bit. Maybe, but, uh, but I it's it, you know you, it's you, you, you so don't see your hard way. All day talking about Doom Patrol, you know what I'm saying? No, and it, it just seems like, and we've said this in earlier reviews where, like, you know, if, if uh, Morrison or whoever wanted to do a story like this, they've earned it. Yeah. This volume hasn't earned it. Yeah, this volume has been, this volume's been a Morrison cover band uh, for, how long has it been coming out now? Almost two, a year and a half? Um. Yeah, I mean, right. right Last September, September of 16. Rebirth, yep, with 16. Yeah, yeah. so it's. This has been a Morrison cover band and not a very good one. No, um, but it it started out fantastic. It I really mean, the did. first three or four issues. I mean, we were we were pleased as pie from those. But th- this has just been it's been so nothing afterwards, and it, it's been it's been nada. Uh, maybe that's a meta commentary. <laughs> whoa, whoa! You cracked the code, Chris. <laughs> I, I'm, uh, gonna, I'm gonna pump it up to a ten out of ten now. now I see what the other that third percent. issue. That third issue was the only book I've ever given a ten out of ten. I was so happy. It was great. It was my comic was of the great. year. And a matter of mm-hmm. fact, in the end, that first arc, even though it ends kind of weirdly rushed, uh, is a satisfying arc of Doom Patrol. It's a full story. Yeah. This one has been just like uh, you know a. a Box of pot and pan, pots and pans falling down a flight of stairs. You know what I mean? Just <laughs> crunk, crunk, crunk. so uh, yeah, it's I don't know what to tell you, folks. We've been saying for a while, wait for the trade. Don't bother getting this a single issue because they obviously don't care about single issue readers. But nope. I'm starting to wonder if you even have to bother with the trade. I don't know. It comes out in like April, <laughs> which takes us to well, what will be your score for this? If you want to throw a number in there. 
Um, yeah, I, I don't want to give it the five out of ten because that has a connotation. I, I'll yeah. go. I'll go four point five out of I ten. I think that. I think that's more than fair, right there. Uh, yeah, it's. Yeah. Th- I wouldn't say fuck you because I do really feel like the art team is doing a lot of good work on this. And the know? art team feels like they care about it. They they care, <laughs> you know, and like they, but like they have put a lot of. I don't know. I my I my feeling is they put a lot of love into it. You know what I mean? And yes. Like, it and looks, they're excited to be part of this. It looks. It <laughs> looks good. And like you said, like those silly panels they're meaningless but man they made them look cool it, it almost absolutely i almost like to see like a print of that <laughs> you know? sure. like what would that look like but uh the print might have more story in it speaking of the trade coming out in april might this is a little earlier than you might imagine uh so here's a little doom, doom patrol conspiracy theories uh mm-hmm. from what you can tell doom patrol 11 comes out in march still that's not a guarantee that's just what we know as of right now but Doom Patrol 12, which was scheduled for June, has been now taken off the schedule completely. And the second volume of the trade was originally solicited as having issues 7 to 12. Now it's been resolicited having 7 to 11. So mm-hmm. our guess, and I think, I really think we're right, Doom Patrol is effectively ending with 11. Uh, and that'll be that. Uh, you know, I think it's possible it might get a new volume in X time, but I think that. This is it, uh, you know, Gerard Way is going to go play guitar or whatever, and that'll be that. Uh, and I also, like I said, I'm not guaranteeing the next issue is coming out in March by any means. No, if, that, no. if that ends up slipping, I'm not going to act surprised one bit, or if that ends up not even, if just like they say, fuck the single issue, buy the trade if you want to get that issue, which would yep. just be the perfect final middle <laughs> finger to the to the reader. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, uh, I, I, you know, I, we haven't done a Young Animal segment in a while, Chris, and I wish we didn't come in with a bummer Young Animal segment. <laughs> we can only work with what we're given. Uh, but we'll be back sooner rather than later, won't we? Yeah, we're, we're going to be on a roll coming up here. Uh, we, uh, we will be starting next week, The Milk Wars. This is going to be the Doom Patrol Justice League of America book, which, uh, we already know exists. That's right. We know because, for a short Because one of us has read it. That's right. And I, the other of it's us, ours, that have not looked at it yet, but the one of us that's read it is not going to reveal by his tone not say and his intonation any of his feelings about it. Uh, yeah, it's it will exist. We'll be back next week. And I think if all goes as they want it to, and that's also not a promise, but it seems like, they, don't you get the impression they were, that these were done almost separately, like, Outside of Gerard Way, these 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 four Milk Wars issues. Maybe I'm wrong because yes. they involve. Yeah, yeah, they'd almost because he he's he's listed as a as a, as a co-scripter or a co-writer at least. Yeah. But uh, I'm I'm guessing that this was probably taken out of his purview because especially if it all comes out. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, I think that'll be the real the damning. real kicker. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at that editorial staff too. I think we might find it might be some. Uh, no, maybe we'll DC get like muscle. a we'll get like a cute DC bullpen thing from him where he like takes a black and white picture and puts X's over the eyes. There you go. But uh, that, that's, <laughs> that might be about all we get from him. What, what wasn't it? Wasn't there something last summer that that young animal was going to fold into the Vertigo office, or did I imagine that? That's what we heard. We yeah. heard that at a, there was a rumor. I think it was New York Comic Con. Yeah. That or it was either New York or, or San, San Diego. Diego. It was, uh, one of those it was either July or September. But uh, yeah, that was that was one of the things that was uh, that was coming out of that. 
was that it was going to fold into the Vertigo editorial line, that's, which uh, we didn't know what that meant, and I don't think we do yet I either. But don't. I wonder if that's even still in the works or what what's, what that means. Yeah. But or if it happened and we didn't even realize that it. That is possible too, but because. Uh, Maybe they kept it a secret. You'd expect to see at least a change of the uh, logo on the cover, but who knows? Hmm. Yeah, who knows? But anyway, uh, that's all we got for you this week, folks. Got anything else mm-hmm. for him, Chris? No, we we are we we just started season two. It's very exciting. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Season two of the Young Animal Show, and uh, we're gonna kick off with the Milk Wars next week. So until then, folks, I want you all to keep it young and animalistic. I write to melancholy rhythms with the colors of pain With a chemical imbalance I can smother your brain Kinda pissed cause I'm the player, pull the plug from your game Either that or put another burning slug in your frame Make the call, I break the score Club of the game, the tougher of the game Lame, the easier, the media, the suffer the main vein I do this for the music and love pain Welcome to the podcast! You know it's gonna be a long one! But when you hit your partner, you know it's gonna be a strong one! If you're thinking it's a nonsense, then it's time to phone it in! If you wanna share your problems, then you can tell them on the gym! You can bitch about your car, bitch and bitch about your job You can bitch about a hoodie, cause heck is a slob You're a baby You're calling in the website, CC You're a baby Baby You're a baby We gotta hear some real nonsense Look out! Uh, this is uh, Big Donnie from Goni Island going into the uh, weird signs over there, gomics.com, uh, with the podcast over there. Uh, you know, hello, Jim and Eric. Uh, you know, I love you guys. I love what you've been a couple of weeks since I called in. I've been very busy over here. Uh, you know, preparing for the, uh, you know, summer season's coming very soon. Uh, you know, I know it's seemed very gold out there, but you got to prepare over here in Gorney Island for the big uh, summer crowds and whatnot. Uh, you know, I wanted to go all in, talk about a little bit about the uh, Doomsday Clock. You know what I'm talking about? The uh, Jeff Johns, Gary Vrank, uh, Watchmen invade the DZU, whatever this is. You know, I really got no problem with the comic overall. You know, I mean, it's just a lot of just a lot of questions that need to be answered. Uh, whether or not them answers is good, uh, you know, whatever remains to be seen, and that's part of the problem. You know, they're really fucking us here, buds. You know what I mean? The, the, with the fucking, they were already going to be late on this next this fourth issue. Then it's going to be later than even they had claimed it was going to be, or something like this. But whatever it is, after that, they're saying it's going to go bi monthly. We're going to finish up the story in fucking. Uh, July 2019, and I got news for you, pallies. Uh, I wouldn't guarantee that, you know. And th- the problem over here is that the comic's very detailed artistically, you know. This guy's doing his best uh, Dave Gibbons impressionation and looking good over there. And, uh, you know, I, I like the way it looks, but uh, 
you know, they should have had like six to eight of these in a can before they even, you know, went to press or whatever, you know, then ship comics. Clearly, you know, I don't know who, who the fuck thought this guy thought he was going to do a book a month like this is ridiculous. And you know that Jeff Johns is flipping things around all through the process. You know how that guy likes to do. So, you know, I really think they fucked up real bad this time. Uh, you know, we got a lot of the future. The DCU is hinging on this year. Doomsday clock. They, you know, they really should have had more this, uh, set out bland and like ready to go. It reminds me again, like convergence, not with the fucking, uh, lateness, but they supposedly had eight months to put that together, and in the end, it looked like fucking 11-year-old kid slapped together from fucking a dream that he had last night. It was ridiculous. You know, I never never saw so much ridiculousness in my life. So, uh, yeah, they really fucked up this time. I gotta say, uh, you know, it really makes me, kind of sours me on the whole thing a little bit over there. It kind of fucks me up for the whole DCU because, you know, I've kind of been in a holding pattern waiting for something to happen, and now I gotta wait till next summer. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm looking at this summer. I'm looking at people coming down here. You're going to Nathan's, the way of Wonder Wheel, the Zyglone, taking in the Zyglone's game doing the old uh, shoot the clown, you know, going to the beach. That's coming up. That's just a few months away, pally. You know what I'm talking about? So, you know, I'm not trying to think about summer 2019. I could be dead by then, you know? Uh, the way I live, it probably could happen. So I, I'm really disappointed. I just want to call in, commiserate with you folks. I know you guys can't be happy about it. I'm sure you'll be talking about it in the episode. And I look forward to hearing it. Good night, guys. I love what you do. Get your official, unofficial Weird Science t-shirts by searching on eBay, Weird Science DC Comics Podcast. Buy it now before they're gone. Hello, Jim. Hello, Eric. And hello, Dancing Mike. And hello, Reggie. And hello, Chris. And hello, uh, Hollywood Kid. And hello, Richard Richardson. And hello, Cellar Dweller. And hello, Attic Animal. And hello, Cross Space Creature. And hello, Get Fresh Crew. Whoop a doop doop doop. Don't know much, but I know I love you. I just wanted to call uh, in and maybe talk a little bit about how this suicide squad um new deal isn't bad uh maybe it's just proof in the pudding as we'll say down here on the south that maybe changing up the creative teams can be a good thing uh you know i i'm i'm liking the two issues uh of this Juan character but uh you know it, it's cool and i liked the first issue of this uh what is it uh 33 is the first issue and uh you know the 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 cover which is like the throwback to i guess the first like osterman suicide squad cover or something but of course it has one on it and he's like it's me isn't it uh anyway i thought that was really cool but uh you know that being said i am anxiously awaiting hopefully the third issue could be tentatively titled uh it takes one to no one <laughs> anyway i also would like to talk about this uh this tom king thing and uh, yeah, the plagiarism thing is frustrating, and I didn't really go into a lot of detail because I, I try not to get too terribly angry on on our show with Jordan, and so I really had to kind of I, I kind of had to hold back, and um, you know it's it, it's all right because you know we ch- we chatted about it on Twitter, and I'm here now, but 
I just... I think, Jim, you said it best that people are still just like, oh, I don't care if you stole the story. Yours is better. That is not the point. <laughs> That's not the point. You're, you're, you're praising someone for stealing something and doing it better. Okay, now I say stealing. I should say allegedly uh, because he claims to not have read prior to this uh, this action comics issue that he blatantly copied, um, allegedly. Uh, so it's an interesting deal because I'm, I'm curious to see, because it already seems like everyone has just dropped it. Like n- nothing. You don't see anything about it moved on. Um, it, but at the same time, it's like, I don't, what do you do? I don't know. As DC, what are they going to do? Like he copied a DC mm-hmm. book in another in DC in book. Like if anything, they're just going to twist it to be like, oh, it was an homage. He just forgot. I don't don't know. Who fucking knows? I mean, he could turn around tomorrow and be like, I lied to all of you. And they'd be like, it's okay. Your lie was better than fucking whatever. Uh, You know, so it doesn't matter. But these types of things are, are annoying. And it just goes to show that he has no idea, I don't think, what he's going to do now when he set up in my opinion, in I Am Gotham, some really cool shit. Like, some really cool shit got set up there, and it was a really good arc. Like, I don't know why so much effort is being put into avoiding addressing that story. I don't know if it's because of maybe inside knowledge that these delays are going to be happening with Doomsday Clock, and it really can't happen until after that, or during it, or whatever, but it's just kind of ridiculous. It's, It's still no excuse for just putting out an issue after issue that's just kind of BS. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I did enjoy the uh, the uh, the fucking return to being the detective uh, with the kid, Matthew, who had Mr. Taylor kill uh, his parents and trying to turn, it, turn him into Bruce Wayne. But I'm not blind to the fact that a lot of the logic and the way that it played out was just complete bullshit. But... It was a, enough of a change of pace for me personally that I I could enjoy just getting back to a story that's not him at a goddamn circus or fucking whatever. Um, and and it's just him as at least Batman and like kind of playing this um, open-hearted, kind soul of a Bruce Wayne that really wants to help and a Batman who is investigating. Albeit, he is just a shitty investigator in this. You'd almost think that this was set in like a year one time frame, but no, it's not. It's set, from what I can assume, in a current day Batman. So that's kind of the bullshit of it. But regardless... I did enjoy it. Like, am I going to go back and read it again a bunch of times? No, I probably won't ever read it again. But the couple of times that I read it, you know, it is what it is. It's not, uh, like I said, it's not them. And it doesn't have Catwoman just saying meow over and over again. So, hey, already you get a leg up on it. Anyway, I don't know why I'm just I'm just droning on and on. So, you know, uh, to take everything I say with a grain of salt, obviously. But I just wanted to chime in and just say, I guess the reason I brought up Tom King was... Uh, they announced that Tony S. Daniel is coming back to Batman to be the artist, and I didn't really gather for how long, or if it's just for an issue, or if it's ongoing. I, I don't know, but I feel like at this point, you know, to get him on your book means something. To get him doing the book, again, if it's not a one-shot, that means a lot, uh, I would think. So hopefully it's 
a big deal and it's a reason or it's a good enough reason to have him come on and want to do this. Maybe we're going back to Gotham girl and dealing with some of that shit. That'd be really cool. But I don't know um, if you, you know, you guys might know more about this than I do. I don't look at a lot of news or, you know, dredge through any kind of insider stuff um, on a very regular basis. So, uh, you know, please educate if you have the uh, info. Um, And I think I'm watching my cat piss on my favorite jacket. I think I think that's what's happening right now. You fucking motherfucker. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Uh, anyway. All right. Well, okay. I guess that's it. I kind of lost my train of thought because I just watched a catastrophe happen right across the way from me. Anyway. Um, guys, thank you for just delivering a wonderful, entertaining, insightful, educational, fun, funny podcast. Uh... You know, I appreciate it, and I know many others do as well. So, great job, Um, Cellar Dweller Josh. Thank you so much for the insider knowledge on the Day of the Dead remake slash sequel. I don't know why you do a remake called Day of the Dead Bloodline and not just call it Day of the Dead, but they kind of already did one with Ving Rhames. Again, it was really weird. I don't understand what's going on with this with this series anymore, but uh, I will say uh, the guy that played the the um, Max the zombie, and you're talking about the crazy shit with his mouth, that um, is now, I've already lost his name, but he played Jimmy. He's the lead singer of The Wonders or The O'Neaters in That Thing You Do, and the dude has like a kind of a weird Joker-esque shaped mouth as it is. And it looks like they just kind of like exaggerated that with the makeup. And I thought it looked really cool. I didn't watch the movie. I just saw the stills because I didn't know this movie existed until the cellar dweller, Josh uh, Vermillion, came out with this episode and, uh, you know, steered me away from ever wanting to watch it. But I did do a little IMDb and uh, it's that dude. So, you know, that's cool. The makeup looked cool, but I'll never watch it. So uh, if you guys could relay this message to cellar dweller, Josh, uh, that'd be really great. Anyway. Um, I'm going to guess, I guess I'm going to, I'm going to get out of here because it's been about 10 minutes and, uh, that's, I, I don't want to turn into a, a time, a time hog, if you will, a, a time bandit, some might say. Anyway, I'm going to get out of here, guys. Thank you again for the podcast. Thank you for giving me something to listen to all day at work every day. And, uh, you know, it's great. And I'm not just talking about the main podcast. I'm talking about the Patreon. I'm not going to go into the ad for the Patreon because Dancing Mike does a stellar job of that, as do uh, you guys, Jim and Eric. So uh, I'm going to get out of here now. Thank you. Goodbye. I'm going to go clean up the cat piss off this jacket. See ya. Bye. This Rat and Rave was downloaded from DownloadRatAndRaveMP3sForFree.com What's up, Weird Science? Coming at you live, back again. From Leak Slip, it's your boy, the Hollywood Kid. We uh, so today is Saturday, and I'm cutting it very fine to get into that old rant and rave deadline. You know, like uh, diamonds are made under pressure and procrastination, last minute and all that. Uh, but sure, you know, uh, this rant and rave. Just so you know, a, a pre-warning, it's going to be a long one, uh, as usual, uh, and it's going to be off-topic this time, very off-topic. So uh, if you don't like that, uh, well, whoopsie-doopsie, make your own rant and rave, and then you can like what that is. Uh, so it's my rant and rave, my rules. 
Uh, and if you have any more complaints, you can forward them all to Eric Shea Bush. Uh, so, you know, let's get down to business. After listening to a couple of the episodes from uh, Jim's other comic review show over on the Patreon, shout out to the Patreon, and uh, a special shout out goes to Saint Patreon. Uh, I love that guy, uh, and we haven't heard from him in a while, so I hope he's doing well. But uh, I decided I'd follow in Jim's footsteps and take a look at some books outside of DC, outside of my normal uh, purview, as they say. But like none of the, none of the books that Jim actually reviewed, I took a look at. So I suppose that can count as a failure, because I didn't actually look at any of the books that he reviewed. But I liked the concept enough that I decided I would go and look at some of my own new books. Uh, but you know I can't give Jim all the credit because you know gotta get gotta give a shout out to me boy uh, Josh Vermillionaire from Vermillionaire's Visions, Voice of an Angel. Because uh, he was doing all this, he was doing all this before it was cool, Jim. You're just, you're just one of the sheeple, one of the followers in his footsteps. Uh, what's up with that? But uh, don't worry, I'm not putting anybody on blast. I'd never put you on blast, Jim. Uh, that's your wife's job, am I right, Boosh? Uh, but yeah, this week I picked up the first volumes of the two new ongoings from IDW's Transformers line. So I picked up. The first volume of Transformers Lost Light. And the first volume of Transformers Optimus Prime. How do you like them apples? Boosh. But um, yeah, before we get into them, uh, I think it'd be a little bit important to, to take a trip down memory lane. and Because, you know, I've got an important story to tell you. Uh, a story all about the secret origins of the Hollywood kid himself. Wow. I know Jim likes his origin story, so he's going to love this one. So way back, way back in the day, before uh, before Rebirth even kicked off, if you can imagine that, uh, and before I even started listening to the podcast itself, can you imagine that? A world without Jim and Eric. What a world to live in. Uh, yeah, so way back in the day, I was a pretty big fan of the Transformers comics, uh, and back then, well, like in 2016, they had the two ongoings, but it wasn't Lost Light and Optimus Prime. They were called More Than Meets the Eye and Robots in Disguise. And these books had been going since like 2012. Since like New 52, pretty much. Uh, so uh, they were on like issue... F- they were probably like New 52, so it was like issue 50 by 2016 or so. So uh, it was a pretty long run. And I had been following that run, and I'd been loving it. Those were some good books, but uh, around... Well, it was pretty ironic. It was pretty much once they wrapped up their stories, I kind of fell off. You know, I was just kind of bored. It's like, it's like when they announced that a series is ending and then you just lose interest. Uh, I know Jim hates when that happens, but, uh, you know, sue me, Jim. Catch these fists. So, uh, yeah, I and then Rebirth came along, and you know me. If it's if it's new, I'm interested. So uh, I, uh, I, I jumped onto the Rebirth, uh, and Jesus... You know, it was some of that was hit and miss, wasn't it? But um, yeah, so I I left the Transformers books behind, uh, and uh, well, especially in between re- reading all the new Rebirth books and then fucking listening to the podcast and all that nonsense. Sure, I had no time, no time to be reading Transformers comics. You know, there's too much Jim and Eric in my life, uh, and I love Jim and Eric in my life, so I couldn't say no to that. 
But, uh, you know, I finally had some free time because uh, I had a week off this week after our college exams were finished, you know, happy days. So uh, I thought it would be the perfect time to catch up on some Transformers comics, especially, especially now, strike when the iron's hot, you know, because uh, after the smash hit sensation of episode one of uh, I Can't Believe It's Not The Boys With The Toys starring Eric Shea and he was talking about the Transformers, so, you know, uh, you know, I- I'm just getting in on the zeitgeist while it's still popular. That's what I'm doing. So I picked up uh, Volume 1 of Transformers Last Light and Volume 1 of Transformers Optimus Prime. And coincidentally, I picked them up on uh, Comixology. Call me Saint Comixology because I just tell you when the sales are on. Uh, and there's a pretty good one on right now for the IDW trade. So they, a lot of that stuff, uh, I, well, I'll be mentioning it later, but a lot of that stuff is on sale, including Last Light and Optimus Prime. So there you go. Uh, and while the the first thing I gotta say is while they are both new ongoings and they both have a number one, they are really uh, ongoings in disguise because they're not really. I wouldn't even call them jump. Well, Optimus Prime is a jumping on point, maybe, but uh, these are just direct continuations of the ongoings. More than meets the eye and robots in disguise. And you know, Lost Light especially, I would say. You're banjaxed if you haven't read More Than Meets the Eye. Because both More Than Meets the Eye and Last Light are very character-driven. There is, you know, action and stuff, but it, the majority of the focus is on the characters. So if you don't know the characters in Last Light from More Than Meets the Eye, you won't know who anybody is. They do a decent job of introducing, but really, like a lot of the plot lines and that is just directly pulled from More Than Meets the Eye, so you would be lost. You wouldn't have a notion what's going on. Whereas Optimus Prime, I say, out of the two, Optimus Prime is definitely a lot more new reader friendly. Uh, it The Robots in Disguise books always focused a lot more on story than character. Not to say that didn't have good character, but was, the story was the focus. And in Optimus Prime, the story is told through flashbacks, and it's still... It's still relevant to the story of Robots in Disguise, but it's kind of a new chapter, so you can kind of get away with... And there's new characters as well, so you can kind of get away with jumping on with Optimus Prime. And there will be things mentioned from the previous Robots in Disguise, but it's not as... Lost Light is directly connected to More Than Meets the Eye. So much so that Lost Light might as well just be More Than Meets the Eye 59 or 60 or whatever it is. Whereas Optimus Prime, at this stage, you can kind of get away with the new characters and the new kind of chapter of the story. You can kind of get away, and it's kind of a shift of focus overall, so that you can get away by itself as a jumping on point for new readers. And Lost or Lost Light has a very, in terms of art, Lost Light has a very cartoony style, which is cool. But um, Optimus Prime has like a really nice, like, mm, chunky like real metal like mm, heavy going art style i don't know that is a rubbish way of describing art but uh yeah it looks nice basically optimus prime looks real nice so uh yeah and you know optimus prime at the end of the day he's optimus prime so you know everybody likes optimus prime right so a whole book about him where you can where can you go wrong that's just uh, that's you know money money's is money's at the end of the day uh but yeah Jesus, I'm just rambling at this stage. So yeah, I would say if you're gonna, if you want to try one of the new ongoings, uh, and you, just to get a feel for it. Now you gotta bear in mind this isn't like 
This isn't like the cartoon where it's like Autobots versus Decepticons. The war is over in these books and it's been over since like 2012. So you're living in a world where Optimus Prime is working with Soundwave and Starscream is running Cybertron. So, uh, you know, like very intriguing stuff, I would say. Yeah, it's definitely, if you want, if you're, if you like Transformers at all, really, you owe it to yourself to go back to the start of Morning Meets Eye and Robots in Disguise and check them out because those are some mighty good stories in there especially early Morning Meets Eye it kind of rolls off it kind of goes crazy at the end but um, yeah early Morning Meets Eye and the character work in that book is phenomenal some of the best stuff I've ever read DC, Marvel, IDW, Image the lot of them some of the best stuff I've ever read in a comic book format but um, yeah, sure. If you but if you just want to try something new, I'd go Optimus Prime. But if you don't even want to try any of that, if you're like, nah, I don't want to be confused at all with the with the plot, and you just want to try a, a a goddamn good story with robots in it and action and great characters and and amazing art and it's funny and it's great. Uh, and it's amazing uh, then I would say that I have the story for you how about these apples it's a book called Last Stand of the Wreckers uh, and it's a five issue miniseries and it's it's still in continuity but like it's you know you can read it standalone no bother uh, you, you, you don't need to know what's going on with the ongoings at all uh, and because it, it has a lot of new characters in itself so really it's a jumping on point for them as much as a jumping on point for you. And it's just a badass book. You know how good it is, right? I would say I like it more than Green Lantern, Kyle Rayner, Volume 1. And you guys know how much I like Green Lantern, Kyle Rayner, Volume 1. That is well established, the book of the week. So, um, yeah, if, if I like it more than that, I'd say it's probably my favorite trade that I have. Just like, of all the trades I've read, that one's that one's the best in my mind so uh there you go that is that is high recommendation right there if it's better than green lantern carolina volume one that's definitely a buy borrow and don't forget it from me so uh yeah if you wanted to just try one story and wouldn't you know it saint comicsology back again that is on sale as well uh, and its sequel the sequel is good as well but uh yeah last stand of the records is where it's at so if you want to and that's like five quid so jesus you can do no wrong, get fresh crew, you know what up. Uh, if you like robots, try that. If you like Mech Cadet U, try that. Even though it is nothing like Mech Cadet U at all. Uh, but, you know, give it a go anyways. That's what the Hollywood kid says. But, um, yeah. Oh, and you don't have to take my word for it. Because uh, a little birdie told me that uh, the, the resident voice of an angel over here on Weird Science Towers. Uh, Weird Science FM uh who is called Josh Vermillionaire from Vermillion's Visions. Um yeah, he might be taking a look at that book, maybe. Hey, he could be busy. So uh like if if it never happens just uh delete this random rave out of my shame. But um yeah, this is uh yeah, he he might be reading it and you never know, he might say it's completely shite, in which case delete this rant and rave again out of my shame. But uh, hopefully he'll be he'll enjoy it as much as I did anyway. And I'm sure we'd all be skipping to the bank then. Saint Comicsology would be having a grand old time. But uh, yeah, I think that I after all that ranting and raving 
It's like 12 minutes of this. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah, I think that's all I have today. Uh, and once again, if you didn't like any of that, you can blame Eric Shea. He's the one. He started talking about the Transformers first. And, you know, once he started talking, like, there was no way I, could, I couldn't stop talking. You know, like, uh, he is the continuity kid. Uh, and, you know, I haven't been reading... I haven't been reading uh, comics on my life like a certain continuity kid, but you know, if anybody has any troubles with the Transformers comics or the continuity, uh, you know, you can you can ask me because I know a thing or two about the old Transformers. You know, I'm no continuity kid, but you know, every every sheriff needs his deputy. You know, and I could be the deputy of the continuity kid uh, for the Transformers, uh, the dynamic duo, and all that. Boosh, you know. Uh, but anyway. Jesus, okay, we're on 13 minutes now, so uh, I, I I reckon at this stage, Jim has just, you know, beaten the soundboard into submission here. We're, we're just going to have sound effects for days. Uh, oh, and the fart noises. I love them. But, uh, yeah, I, I, at this stage, I want to say, don't forget Green's Light. See you on the sevens. And uh, this has been your boy from Leakslip, the Hollywood kid, XO, XO, XO.
for the entire month of January now, I have been so busy that I haven't had an opportunity to sit and listen to the podcast. That's the main podcast. Um, unfortunately, unlike Dancing Mike, I have not followed the proper Weird Science DC Comics uh, rules. Um, I do not go every week to my local comic shop, much like the... Um, uh, what's that place in Merrillville, Tennessee? Um, Golden Age 1942. Uh, I do not have a Golden Age 1942. My nearest comic shop uh, is actually in Sherville, Indiana. And it's been a while since I've been in there. But I get most of my comics now from Memphis, Tennessee, as the company that sends me my comic books, which used to be in Fort Wayne, Indiana, has moved their main hub to Memphis so they can send me the comic books faster. Of course, I get monthly shipping, so all of my books are at the end of the month, so I do not get to enjoy my reading until towards the end of the month. So a lot of stuff has been spoiled for me already, but that's okay because the journey is half the fun. So um, if there's something that I... Wow, I'm really going off on a tangent here. Um, yeah, so the real reason I'm calling is not only because I haven't called in a while, but um, I just want to throw some nonsense out there and uh, throw out some uh, a little bit of shade and a little bit of an idea. So a while back, Jim had wanted to know what uh, Dancing Mike would call this new Batman that Tom King's been writing. This very emotional Batman, this Batman who hasn't been really solving crimes as so much has been fawning over um, a piece of coos as Catwoman. Um, he's been so emotional, writing dark poetry in the Batcave and telling Alfred that uh, she stole the night. So um, I actually have a name for this Batman, this Tom King Batman. I call him the Emo Batman. That's right, all you millennials out there. This is a shout-out to you emo people. You know, because back in the day when I was in, uh, in, in high school and, and grade school, and we didn't have emo. We had um, just shut the fuck up and do what you're supposed to do or goth. Um, so, yeah, this Batman is definitely a very, Oh, oh she just, oh, she just, she loved me. Oh, I'm, I'm really... Uh, Bella from Twilight, and 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 I'm so emo, and 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 I want to listen to My Chemical Romance all day long, and and Tom King just gets me because he's he's so he's so cool with the emotionals, and and how things work. That's kind of the how I feel about the the, the way Tom King's writing Batman. Now, with that being said, I do want to shout out and say that issues thirty was it thirty six and thirty seven. The uh, date night issues of Batman and Superman, that was pretty damn good. I did like the original I Am Gotham, I Am, yeah, I Am Gotham run on, on Batman, and I did enjoy I Am Bane. Um, I Am Suicide, I didn't really care too much for. That's definitely where we got the beginning of the emo Batman. So, you know, it, it's, it's just, it's kind of sad that, you know, we're not getting the Batman, you know, I'm Batman. Anyway, um, the other thing I wanted to throw some, uh, some correction to you there, Jim, 
the beverage that you've mentioned a while back as we talk about beers and people's refrigerators is um, it is pronounced Leinenkugels, not Linenkugels, Leinenkugels. For, uh, for all of us in the Midwest, we like to call them Leinies. Um, and probably the most popular one in the summertime is the Summer Shandy. I definitely would recommend the Summer Shandy. It, uh, it has a little bit of lemonade it mixed in with the um, ale. It is definitely an ale, not a, um, uh, not a port or a stout. It's an ale that is really good to drink in the summertime. It's nice and light and crisp and quite enjoyable. Personally, I, uh, I prefer my, uh, my beers to have a little bit of uh, rabbit in them, also known as hoppy. Um, it took me quite some time to get to the point where I could drink a hoppy beer, as uh, just like Jim in high school and college, I discovered I was allergic to hops. Really, I didn't. I wasn't allergic to hops. I just told people I was allergic to hops so that, uh, you know, when I wasn't drinking beer, they wouldn't think I was a freak. So, yeah, um, that's about all I got. And, oh, one last shout-out. Whomever is uh, doing the Anne Ramsey um, Mama, I have to say thank you. Um, I, uh, I have definitely un- have not been able to do it myself. So whoever picked it up and started running with it, um, thank you. And uh, I look forward to hearing more of it. And no more Richard Richardson! Alright, I'll take take it easy, guys, and uh, see you on the sevens. Boop, boop. I like the killing. Whatever you may need, if you got the money, honey, we got your disease. Hey, what's up, everyone? Josh Vermillion here. want to welcome everybody in this week. For Vermillion's Visions, you guys know how I like to do things. I want to bring you guys a review of a trade, uh, almost always a Volume 1 uh, from a different company. Try to stay away from DC and Marvel and go with some different companies. Um, and this week, I'm going to be going back to Boom Studios. I've done a couple books from them so far, uh, and I thought I would go back to them for this week as well. It's going to be Welcome Back Volume 1. Uh, it's only the first four issues, so it's a relatively short trade written by Christopher Sabella, art by Jonathan Brandon Sawyer and Claire Rowe. Actually got two artists on this one. It switches about halfway through. Uh, the first issue here doesn't actually do a great job of explaining you know, what exactly is going on in this world. Uh, so I'm just going to try to do that now before jumping into the actual first issue. Uh, So there are a bunch of people on Earth that after they die, they reincarnate as someone else. It seems a lot more common than you would think, but it's obviously not not still not the norm. Among these sequels, as they're called, you've got grunts who don't really do a whole lot other than shit the rest of the sequels don't want to do. And they're trying to work their way up. Uh, They're trying to work their way up into soldiers. Uh, The soldiers, they realize that they're reincarnated pretty early on in their their new lives, and they're uh, entered into this war with all the other soldiers, and they especially have one target that they have to hunt and take down. And forever and ever is always the same target, but obviously they're being reincarnated as different people. 
Um, and then there are the Atlases who coach from the shadows and give strategies in this quote-unquote war between the soldiers. Uh, so the whole war aspect kind of reminds me of, uh, if any of you listening have seen uh, like the anime like Fate Zero, Fate Stay Night, any of the other Fate series or you know, play the Fate games, read the manga, any of that. It reminds me a lot of the Fate series in that these reincarnated people are fighting a war with each other, except in this case, you know, there's no mages to be their masters, and apparently there's absolutely no prize for winning, so definitely no holy grail, and I know most of you out there have no idea what I'm talking about, so I'm just going to digress from that and jump right into the first issue here. I think that kind of explains it a little bit uh, with what we're, what we're dealing with here. Um, so for a rundown of the first issue, it's going to be pretty fast because... It, it, it's kind of a shitload of setup, to be honest. Uh, we start out in the year 1281 in Japan with two samurai facing each other down. Uh, there's some narration going on from our main character, uh, but one of the samurai is a, a dude wearing green. He defeats the other one, uh, turns his blade around, and kills himself for some reason. I don't know why, but apparently after... After these these soldiers kill their target, they kill themselves as they've accomplished their goal in this war, and then they're reincarnated again. I don't get it. Uh, so after that, there's this beautiful, absolutely beautiful splash page going through many of, of the main character's past lives. Now, the art throughout this book looks great, and these pages were, were just incredible to me. I don't know which artist started out first, because it doesn't really specify... Uh, but holy shit, it looks good. Uh, with the way it's laid out, the use of red to kind of make it look like blood is is running down the actual page that you're reading. Just everything about this, this uh, splash pages I like. Now, I know I keep saying main character up to this point, and that's just because up to this point in the book, we don't know her name. And when these sequels reincarnate, they can come back as anyone, male, female, whatever. They also don't have their past memories until one day they just start getting them back. They call it waking up. So anyway, our main character in the present day right now, uh, she's going by Molly Quinn. Uh, and she's a mid-20s quote-unquote goth type girl. Uh, her original name was Maisie Lyra, uh, but after her stepdad became this, this nationally known serial killer called the Oregon Ripper, uh, she kind of wanted to change her name and attempt to escape all the media attention and all the weird stares and the stalkers. Uh, so the majority of this first issue is her going through different things in her life. Or the not, not the whole first issue. The majority of the opening of this first issue is her going through different things in her life and saying how bad they suck. Uh, and how she never knows which negative choice is less sucky. For instance, uh, she doesn't really like her boyfriend Mick very much. Uh, but she doesn't know if she'd rather be with him forever or alone forever because both kind of sound awful to her. So aside from Mick, Ma Molly, Mally, I'm not quite sure how to say it, uh, lives with a girl named Sheena and her dog Showtime. Mally comes home from uh, from her dead-end temp job, which is another thing that 
she hates and has a bunch more mail from more people wanting to talk to her about her stepdad so you know it's kind of starting to get out there that she is indeed Maisie um, so after Mally and Sheena read it out loud they have a blast making fun of some of this fan mail that uh, Mally is getting Mick comes over uh, he and Mally get it on real quick uh, and in her sleep afterwards, she's having a bad dream about dying in one of her past lives. You know, one of her past deaths is coming back to her. And in her sleep, she hits Mick in the face and breaks his nose. Mick flips the fuck out about this. Even though she was obviously very much asleep for all this, um, he flips the fuck out, calls her psycho. She eventually breaks up with him for being an asshole. I mean, yeah, I can understand being a little bit pissed off about getting your nose broken in your sleep by your girlfriend, but you gotta understand that she was also sleeping. But whatever, it's good that he's out of her life. He was kind of a dick. So now we're introduced to Mally's rival, or whatever you want to call it, her target. Uh, the person she is supposed to hunt down and kill, and who in turn is trying to hunt down and kill her. Uh, Tessa Vaz is in Portugal trying to find out where Mally is so that she can hunt her down and kill her, then kill herself. Like I said, doesn't make a whole lot of sense at this point. Anyway, uh, Tessa breaks into this this nice-ass mansion in, like, the richest part of Portugal, kills a couple people on her way in, and ends up making it into the bedroom to confront one of, one of the Atlases to make him tell her where Mally is. The Atlas isn't really too afraid of her killing him since, you know, he knows he'll just come back to life anyway. Uh, she says that he, she already paid his family a visit, which, you know, gets him pretty worked up. And eventually he, he gives her a file with Mally's info on it. Uh, but, but not before he makes her question why she does this every time she comes back and kind of makes her question what the point of this entire war is. Uh, which is weird because the atlases are kind of supposed to make the soldiers stay on track with tracking down their target. And he's like trying to trying to make her question it all. Uh, but she doesn't really want to hear any of that. So as soon as she has that file, uh, she stabs him and takes off to, to go find Mally. While that's going on, Sheena grabs Mally, or drags Mally to a party. And despite being kind of mopey, as I said earlier on, like in the in the beginning part of, of the first issue, she's the life of the party when she's around people. Uh, she's really good at making small talk about anything with anyone, and seems to have seems to have a lot of friends. Uh, she doesn't take long to get over Mick as she gets drunk and finds another dude to start heading home with. On the way home, though, uh, some kid jumps out from behind a tree. And hits her and her new boy Michael with some kind of sticks or nunchucks. It's kind of hard to tell exactly what he had. Uh, and says something to her in the, in this weird, weird language. It's actually the same language uh, that was being spoken on the very first page with, uh, with the samurai people that were fighting each other. Uh, so he swings at her again, but her memory kick, kicks in. Uh, and she dodges the swing, kicks him square in the chin. Pretty much as soon as he hit her... And then spoke in that weird language. All of her memories started flooding back to her from her past lives. So after kicking this kid's ass, Mally runs away and gets on a bus. Uh, the bus driver, he takes off so fast that she falls down. Then calls her out by her real name, which is Maisie. Uh, he's another one of these sequels. And now he's going to be the one to come at her to try to kill her. But once again, Mally 
kind of takes control of the situation. She actually throws him out of the windshield of the bus and takes off with his gun that he had, kind of feeling weird that everything is starting to make sense to her now. Everything is flooding back, and this just seems starting to seem normal. Uh, it does take a while into a couple issues in before you know her memories are fully back and adjusted, but they're starting to. And then when she gets back to her apartment, uh, there's a little girl sitting on her couch, and this little girl tells Mally that she is actually the reincarnation of Mally's stepdad, uh, the serial killer. And that's actually the, the first, the click, the cliffhanger. That's the first, how the first issue ends. Um, so I guess now that I've actually sat down and talked about it, went through it, uh, there was more going on in that first issue than I initially thought. Uh, but it was kind of a whole hell of a lot of exposition and setup. Now, that being said, it was definitely an intriguing first issue, and, and like I said, the art was great. The rest of the trade, to, to put it simply, the rest of the trade is about this war that's going on. It's about Tessa and Mally finding each other and killing each other. That's you know what the whole trade is building towards. I did enjoy it enough. Once you get past kind of the, the exposition-heavy first issue, it's a pretty straightforward story, but it's definitely an interesting one. And you get to see a lot of what the characters are thinking at all times. I really like Mally as a character, and she just gets better and better as it goes. Uh, the ending was more of a cliffhanger than actually wrapping up this story. Uh, so that disappointed me a little bit. It was a little too ambiguous for me. I would have liked a more definitive ending to this trade that still could have led into uh, the continuing series. But instead, it didn't give us much of a hint as to what actually happened at the end. Uh, I like the art for the most part all the way through all four issues. It was a little bit of a shock to the eyes when it changed artists, uh, but the styles were similar enough that it didn't take too long to get used to the new art. I will say that I think whichever artist of Jonathan Brandon Sawyer or Claire Rowe went first had the better art, but it was still good all the way through. Uh, in terms of you know recommending this to someone, I'd say... This is one that most people will enjoy to some degree. The story isn't groundbreaking by any means, but it is well-written. Christopher Sabella does a good job. The dialogue is solid. The characters are well-developed. The progressions are fine. And the story, like I said, is interesting enough. So I'd say that if you'd like kind of seeing two total badass characters try to catch up to each other, uh, outsmart the other, and take each other out, while also kind of getting a chance to look into those characters and see what makes them tick throughout the hunt, uh, then this is definitely something that you'd enjoy. Overall, for this trade as a whole, I think I'd have to go with like a like an 8.2 out of 10. Um, there wasn't a whole lot of extra stuff in the back, just some variant covers and such, but which is fine. I mean, it's something back there. So yeah, I'd recommend giving this series a try if it sounds interesting to you from what I said about the, the first issue and the last three issues of this trade are better than the first, so it, it only gets better as it goes in my mind. Uh, but yeah, probably around an 8.2 out of 10. I think a, a less ambiguous ending probably would have bumped it up for me in the end. But that pretty much wraps things up for the review, so you guys know how I like to do things at the end. Always got to shout out uh, the Patreon. If you haven't yet, go check out patreon.com slash weirdscience. Uh, support the guys if you can. Uh, you know, they put so many hours into this, the website and the podcast and all the extra podcasts every single week. So if you can, 
definitely support them and you'll get a bunch of great shows on the patreon so definitely check that out uh but that brings us to the end here so i want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening to me talk about welcome back volume one but i'm going to send it on back over to jim and eric thanks guys you know you like that 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 see i rep the most high still i'm the most fly i went so much they want to know who i'm coached by Hello and welcome. Uh, my name is Jeremy and I'm here to talk to you about uh, Wildstorm issue 11 and the Rough and Ready show issue 4. Uh, we're going to start with the Wildstorm issue uh, because if we start with uh, Rough and Ready, uh, I might have thrown myself out of a window uh, by the end of that segment and then you'll never get to hear about how wonderful uh, the Wildstorm issue 11 actually is. Uh, Wildstorm issue 11 is, of course, uh, written by uh, Warren Ellis with art by John Davis Hunt. Uh, Colours are by Steve Bucciolato and letters are by Simon Boland. It's published by DC Comics and it will cost you the princely sum of $3.99 and believe me, it is worth every cent. Warren Ellis might just be the biggest tease in comics right now with a delicacy and lightness of touch of the most exotic of dancers. He has unpeeled the various layers of the Wildstorm universe, each revelation accompanied by narrative moves of pulse-quickening, breathtaking skill, enabled by the extraordinary art of John Davis Hunt. There is, of course, a fine line between teasing and frustrating. It's a subjective judgment, and individuals' mileage varies considerably with this sort of thing. Some readers are undoubtedly frustrated with this series' apparent reluctance to bring the building tension between Io and Skywatch to a climax, and if they were expecting things to start here, they'll be disappointed. For yes, this is another issue that, despite its somewhat misleading cover, is concerned principally with setup and background. Um, yes, it is really. I, 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 having said that, it's very, very good. Let's deal with that cover first of all. It's awesome. Uh, it is the uh, the Wild Cat, uh, Jacob Barlow's Wild Cat, uh, Void, John Colt, Kanisha, and Grifter being teleported uh, through a hole in the ceiling uh, of a corridor of somewhere, presumably the IO Hightower base that they they've been talking about taking down for the last couple of issues. And uh, it's, it just looks badass. It, it looks amazing. Each character is drawn tremendously well. Uh, the composition of the, uh, the image is absolutely flawless. Uh, they, they kind of, their bodies kind of form a, a sort of a diamond shape, I suppose. Uh, it's, it's kind of fab, and I, I really do like it. You won't find anything like that in the comic. <laughs> you won't, if only. But no, I, 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 I look. We know that we're heading towards the mid-season finale, if you like, issue twelve of a twenty-four issue series. We know um, that we're heading for some kind of major uh, confrontation. 
uh, well, between between several uh, groups, uh, and obviously, with essentially this issue is just kind of putting the finishing touches to uh, to the preparation for that. Um, I, and you know, I, I can sympathise with people who who get kind of frustrated about that. Um, I really can, but. Uh, even if it is, as uh, Jim would say, set up, it's beautifully done, and there are one or two moments that are that are just uh, breathtaking. Really, um, we start the issue uh, with uh, Shen and uh, Jenny May Sparks uh, in bed, uh, which kind of shocked me a little. I, I say shocked; it surprised me a little that they would go there. Um, the, the the surprise is kind of offset a little bit by by some some nice kind of touches. They they are snuggling up together. Well, no, they're not actually. They're not snuggling up together, which is which is kind of interesting. They're actually not very close together in the bed at all. Uh, presumably, this is all sort of post-coital pillow talk stuff. But but there there is a kind of um, there is a sort of definite sense of a gap between the two of them that this is you know they've not just suddenly kind of like fallen in love with one another or anything like that they're obviously sort of mutually attracted to one another but but there is a gap between their bodies in the bed which is which is kind of interesting the other interesting thing is that the the cover the the duvet cover uh has the wonder woman logo on it which is (laughs) which is a bit weird I I don't know I it, it's do you know what what I like about it it's the old Wonder Woman logo from like pre crisis that that's that's what it looks like to me and uh, I did used to buy that comic not regularly but every so often I'd pick up a comic Don, uh, Don Heck was on art if memory serves me correctly but yeah um, so that's kind of interesting and and they're, they're sort of talking to one another about the sort of situation in which they find themselves. Which is of being these sort of two very powerful kind of uh, superhuman kind of uh, entities uh, who are not affiliated to either IO or, or Skywatch. And of course, uh, Jenny, uh, Jenny May Sparks has been doing her research on IO and Skywatch and she understands what's going on between the two of them. And, and she is concerned that there is a war brewing, that it will happen sooner or later, and that that there's no one looking out for sort of common humanity if you see what I mean and and I kind of like that in amongst all the sort of the the spy stuff that's been going on and the kind of covert mission stuff that's been going on the the notion of kind of of heroism as being some you know something associated with like protecting the weak protecting the vulnerable has kind of um, got shoved to the side a little bit, and it's it's kind of nice to see it come come back to the the foreground here in this conversation. Davis Hunt does a fantastic job here of uh, presenting both these astonishingly sort of attractive women, very different women, but, but very attractive women, and um, they basically decide that they're going to go and find other people like them, people like them who are. You know, who are super powered, but not, not sort of caught up with the whole sort of IO Skywatch kind of thing. Now that that would be, I suppose, Jacob Marlowe's outfit uh, and Voodoo, who we still haven't seen enough of, and she's not in this issue either. But not to worry. Uh, we then move to Mitch. I do love Mitch. Uh, Mitch is our IO guy. Um, he's our IO. He's slightly hapless. He's he's not very good at 
uh, doing the whole kind of corporate server uh, a corporate surf thing uh, he's not very good at that and you know he's still using his mobile phone which uh, which he shouldn't be now what's interesting is that he is on um he is on his phone uh he's just taken some kind of uber or at least the wildstorm equivalent of it an, an uber ride and uh he says i can't give you one star for reeking of cleaning products because i'll get a crappy customer rating and also you're probably a neat murderer uh which which kind of actually that that all sums mitch's character up <laughs> really well he is the kind of person who would think like that uh, what's interesting is that behind him uh, is Zanna, uh, who is, of course, Zealot. And she has her phone out as well. And she has got a uh, an app on her phone called Ambush Bug. Nice reference. Um, and it says, target device is listening for you. Now, that suggests to me that she's kind of hacked her way into to Mitch's phone. So... All sort of interesting kind of counterintelligence kind of stuff going on there. Then the scenes uh, shifts to Jackie King with <clears throat> with Mitch's team uh, discussing the ins and outs of getting into the Skywatch uh, data systems. And um, th- there are lots of nice little touches here. For, for one thing, she checks to make sure that Mitch has left his phone outside the room. And he says, yo-ho. Uh, which suggests that he has um on the board there are there's like a a sort of uh, a kind of crude diagram uh that will help explain the plan what really is quite funny is that skywatch is kind of represented by a cross with sort of little cross sections on each uh on each arm of the cross peering out from one of from one of the cross sections is a uh is a a picture of Henry Bendix with a mean face on. It's a little cartoon kind of of Henry Bendix with a a mean face on, and uh, and he's going grrr. Sorry, I kind of like that. Um, so basically, they come up with this idea to uh, to kind of use a an attack that they know will be repelled, a bot attack that they know will be repelled. This bot attack apparently uh, will happen in space. There'll be a swarm of kind of small robots. Uh, they're going to pretend that they're North Korean robots, and then they are going to uh, sort of sneak in their sort of machines or their data retrieval programs underneath that so that uh, it looks like it's the... North Korean bots, but actually it's IO. IO gets gets what information it can, uh, and then comes back after a short time, uh, and it looks like it's been re- you know the attack has been repelled. Uh, the North Korean bots are kind of repelled or destroyed, and their information has also kind of been repelled. If you see their inf- information retrieval systems have also been repelled. So, as uh, as Mitch puts it, you know, Skywatch comes out sort of feeling all sort of big and heroic, and they've taken care of the situation, and they get what they want. Um, it's a reasonable plan, and Jackie King is very pleased with it, um, uh, despite the fact that Mitch is still, even now 
not entirely happy with it. Now, what's interesting is this is outside the planning room. Okay, so they're having this conversation outside the planning room. He's taking his... And you know what? There's some really kind of nice, subtle stuff here from John Davis Hunt. Davis Hunt do, just does tell the story really, really well. So so you see Jackie King kind of closing the door behind her. They're out of the planning room. They're now in kind of like the antechamber. He's taking his phone out of the little pigeonhole behind him as he is talking to her, and he has got it in his hands. So the information that he is now speaking to Jackie King about, Zealot will know. Zealot has been monitoring his phone. Uh, anyway, uh, Jackie King... Uh, goes off to talk to uh, Miles Craven, um, and we shift our perspective again, uh, this time to Henry Bendix and Lauren Pennington on Skywatch. Uh, once again, there's some great dialogue between these two. Uh, the, 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 these two have a really bizarre sort of relationship where, where there, it's obviously obvious that they do have a kind of um, respect for one another and that they care about one another, but they just basically kind of take the piss out of each other mercilessly. And so Henry Bendix kind of comes up to her and says, oh, is this your asshole Queen of Mars outfit? Because she's wearing like a, a spacesuit and what have you, and her sort of red hair is quite long, and it's kind of over her spacesuit and what have you. Um, and she says, "Well, I haven't, you know, haven't put in my mandated spacewalk, you know, spacewalk hours for the week yet." Um, so, you know, and they have this kind of kind of amused sort of conversation basically um and the the conversation shifts to this treaty the the, the treaty between skywatch and io and bendix was there bendix was there when the treaty was uh was instituted and not only that but he was there when the when the incident that that made the treaty necessary actually happened and the incident was this uh, and, and we get this, and we get this in kind of like really nice sort of grayscale sort of monochrome flashback sequence. Although it is set in the 70s, so it's not it's not really set in sort of like the black and white era particularly, but it is set in the 70s. So you see Skywatch sending out these Breslau 2 craft. Um, uh, this incidentally would explain where the Breslau 2 comes from, that they got Angie's tech from, but anyway. Um, and they decide to attack an IO facility called Science City Zero, which is in the Soviet Union at the time. And the reason they're attacking it is because uh, this Science City... Um, and Science Cities were a real thing, I think, back back in the Cold War. Self-contained bases where science was done, basically. These, uh, cra these spacecraft are heading towards uh, this Science City... The reason they're going after it is because the this IO affiliated base uh, has been developing um, spaceflight capability, which obviously under the terms of the treaty it should not be doing. So they've decided to kind of lay the smackdown on them. Uh, the way Bendix describes it, the, the the craft were there just to not to kill anybody, but to but to take out some property, basically. Uh, so sort of neutralize uh, their capacity to, to, to make these uh, space launches. The problem is, is that the IO base is defended. And uh, they've developed these ground to, uh, defenses. And they're quite, they're quite devastatingly good. 
and um, you do see this this kind of the Breslau two is like a four man flying saucer basically, and you see these uh, these Skywatch kind of operatives, and they're 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 kind of doing what they're doing, you know, on the with the with the controls and what have you. Um, and what's interesting is is that they're they're kind of holding these. Uh, these controls, the controls aren't actually attached to anything. So, so the, the suggestion is is that this is all sort of Wi-Fi, and that's the sort of guiding, um, they're guiding the craft kind of um, through some sort of Wi-Fi uh, control. It's, it's quite interesting. Anyway, the 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 base gun fires, and uh, it basically splits the Breslau two in half. Uh, and you do get this kind of horrifying panel of the sort of Breslau twos that sort are of being split right open, uh, and you see uh, one of the pilots kind of looking at the ruined stumps of his legs and, and just being kind of absolutely horrified at, at what he sees. So th- th- there's there's a there's a really kind of it's quite a visceral kind of uh, moment, uh, and then of course there's there's just a it's essentially a full battle after that between the the science city and the uh, the Breslau craft uh, we are told that only one of the Breslau craft survives and 35 IO members survive one of whom is John Lynch now those of you who uh, know anything about Wildstorm back in the day will know that John Lynch uh, is the guy who uh, ran sort of the covert uh, ops side uh, of IO and indeed uh, ran Gen 13 for a while. Uh, he's an interesting guy, John Lynch. Um, he, he actually survives, although apparently a piece of debris hit him in the head so hard that it turned one of his eyes white. Um, Bendix, of course, also survived. So so th- those two characters are kind of uh, are sort of survivors of this incident. So, so the, the the treaty is there to stop something like that from happening again, and also to make sure that the rest of the world never finds out, never finds out about IO, never finds out about Skywatch, and that's that's the plan kind of thing. Now, of course, what's interesting is is that Jackie King is uh, researching Thunderbook at the moment, or Project Thunderbook at the moment, which was John Lynch's kind of baby. So so she's getting into all this stuff herself for I.O., while at the same time sort of Bendix is kind of reminiscing about it, which is quite interesting. We then go to Angie. Angie, Angie, Angie. Uh, Angie has uh, just uh, swallowed... Uh, drunk down a big load of weird blue glowing uh, nano gunk uh, and there's a bit left over which she's a little bit worried about but it doesn't really matter doesn't seem doesn't seem to be troubling her too much um and basically she's now got the system whereby rather than um Rather than kind of these metallic components sort of emerging directly from her body, which was causing her to bleed, she now wears this kind of synthetic kind of undergarment which coats her entire body um, and presumably is is kind of operating on the nanomolecular level. So uh, it's still coming out of her skin, but it's now uh, coming out in a much 
sort of less uh, traumatic way. And I, I quite like the way this is done, really. And, and you know, Davis and Nellis do a good job here of her kind of just, just working out what her capabilities are. She's wearing the suit. She's wearing the undersuit. Or, or I say wearing. It, it's kind of like it's part of her, really. It's all over her skin, her hair, her eyes, everything. It's it's kind of all coated in this in this stuff. And so she says, main engine start. And that's when the kind of, the suit kind of kicks in. So it, it, it's sort of overlaid on top of this, uh, this nanotechnological kind of layer, if you, that makes sense. Uh, and she does look good. And she says that she feels good and quite rightly so. Uh, then the issue ends with a nice kind of touching scene between uh, Zana and Cole, who used to be together and now are not. Zana basically gives Cole the heads up that Io and Skywatch are up to no good, that there's a war coming that if he gets in the middle of, uh, he may very well die. Uh, from a personal level, um, you know, he says, OK, OK, so why are you warning me? And she says, because you belong to me, Cole. And there's like, okay, whatever the situation is regarding relationships where Zana comes from, um, there's something quite significant, quite permanent, really, that's taken place between her and Cole. So that's, that's quite interesting. So as a way of kind of ending on a... It doesn't end on a cliffhanger particularly, but it does end with a kind of a note of portent that there's something going to happen that this something is going to be bad it's going to be terrible or whatever and of course now it's up to Ellison Davis Hunt to deliver on that next issue and I have no doubt whatsoever that they will I gave this 8.5 out of 10 the reason I went down a little bit on last issue which I think was nine is just simply because um as good as this is, and it is good, um, it, there could have been a bit more incident in it. We could have been a little bit further along in terms of knowing how and when the, the, the team is going to attack. It's still beautifully done. Uh, it's beautifully done. It is um, phenomenal artwork. Uh, the... The black and white stuff, the the Breslau two stuff, that is just fantastic. It's really, really well done. Um, this is just a great comic book. Uh, I highly recommend that you that you read it, enjoy it, um, and uh, like me, you will end up looking forward to issue twelve next month. I, I just think it's it's fantastic. Thank you very much for listening, and uh, don't go away, because we're going to have the Rough and Ready Show issue four very soon. Oh, hey, Josh. I want to look good for you tonight, so I'm going to get in touch with my feminine side. Oh. It's a sexy getting ready song. The sexy getting ready song. Grabbing and plucking, brushing and rubbing, the sexy getting ready sound.
Right, let's talk about Rough and Ready, or as I should give it its full title, The Rough and Ready Show, A Cautionary Tale by Howard Chaikin, uh, art by Mac Ray, uh, letters are by Ken Abruznak, or Bruznak, I don't know, or Bruznak, I have no idea how Mr. Bruznak, or Bruznak, pronounces his name, and I apologise in advance for making a complete balls up of it but there we go uh the price is of course three dollars and 99 cents it is published by dc comics and if they're not ashamed of that fact then they should be i like to give comics a fair shake um i do uh it's not going to sound like i do but i do by the time though you get to the fourth issue of a series and if things haven't become kind of sort of more interesting and what have you or at least sort of more coherent less sloppy that kind of thing then, then by my reckoning, as a reviewer, I think I think the gloves are off. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and um, so here's my uh, opening paragraph on the site. It is a short opening paragraph. Uh, we shall see uh, how things turn out. Another month, another issue of the Rough and Ready Show, a comic book whose very existence continues to baffle and bemuse me. Last issue saw the titular pair do the dirty on their agent Pamela and take up the offer of industry veteran Aldo Crafty Schraft. Will this issue be as predictable as it is beautiful? Mac Ray's art continues to be the one shining point of the series. There's only one way to find out, don't you know? And here it is. Things do happen in this issue. Uh, which is, you know, that's that's always good. Things happening in comic books is generally a good thing. Um, we start with kind of the fallout, really, of or the beginning of the fallout of Rough and Ready's decision last issue to dump their publicist uh, Pamela uh, in favour of uh, an industry veteran uh, who knows his way around the business. And has been in the business for for decades. Uh, called Crafty Shraft. That's his name. Crafty is his nickname. Uh, there's a couple of pages of kind of reaction to that. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I I don't know how sort of important you know sort of agent changes are in showbiz. I'm not sure that you would get the likes of uh, Jimmy Kimmel. Or as uh, as he's portrayed here, Billy Camel. By the way, they missed a trick there in in actually not it, you know they they haven't actually made him a literal camel, which which bearing in mind that we are in a comic with with anthropomorphic um, you know creatures in it, there, there's no reason why they they couldn't have done that. They should have done that. Billy Camel. That would have been great. You see, I, I should be editing this. I, I really should. Um, so they they had these these kind of you know uh, sort of talking heads and what have you uh, talking about this. Uh, so it, it's a way of letting the reader know what's going on, uh, letting the reader know that there is something going on. And then you know Pamela bumps into the the three of them, so rough and ready, and uh, their new agent in a bar. She was walking past. That uh, it's all very kind of superficially pleasant. Uh, but she gives them the finger secretly as they go past, and, and she's looking a bit sort of perturbed and what have you. Uh, that's the washing machine in the background, by the way, if you can hear it. Because uh, uh, 
because we like to do the washing in the door household. Yes, we do. Um, anyway, there's kind of a meeting then with um, the head of the studio, the head of the, the kind of talent agency with Rough and Ready. And um, basically, it's kind of the idea is he's going to, they're going to, you know, line up gigs for them and what have you. And the, the thing is, is here I get, and this is kind of the point, actually, is, is that. Is that the gigs that they've got lined up for for them are, are no more impressive than than the stuff that they were doing in the previous couple of issues or previous issue? There's a nice kind of game show section where they're they're on a they're on a sort of game show panel and they they keep on getting sort of gunked with various sort of substances uh, and that is that is actually quite funny. We also find we, we we see Roy Raymond going to uh, enlist the services of Detective Chimp. Roy Raymond is the detective from last. He's kind of like a, a sort of celebrity detective. He has his own sort of TV show. Um, he, he he's the celebrity detective from last issue, who's basically trying to sort of track down whoever was profiting from. Uh, this uh, this kind of scheme, Ponzi scheme, I suppose you'd call it, that Ruff was involved in, uh, and that ended up ruining him and what have you. And so Ray- Raymond's tracking th- these people down. It, it turns out to be Sex uh, from um, from the duo. She's the she's the girl who's with the with the parrot, who I think is called Willing. Yeah, it is that that cringy, um, and. Uh, you see Roy Raymond um, sort of enlist the help of Detective Chimp, which which is which is kind of cool. We've seen Detective Chimp before. He's he's he is a cool character, and, and it, it's always good to see him. The, the problem is, is you don't actually see him in action. You 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 see him kind of opening his door and and sort of Roy Raymond kind of saying, "Yes, I I, I want you to work for me." What you don't see is you, you don't see anything to do with the actual takedown. You see you see the fallout from it. So so you you but you don't see anything about the investigation. You don't see how uh, Roy and Detective Chimp uh, get to sex and get her you know kind of arrested and all this kind of stuff you you don't see any of that and so so why why is it here why do we care i mean yeah okay the the the, the fact that he has he's been kind of screwed by this scheme does of course mean that he he's now looking for work in a way that he wasn't looking for work before but there's no there's no real tension associated with this there's there's no real kind of sense that it means anything particularly to rough other than the fact that he gets to say this kind of particularly cruel kind of uh line to sex as she's taken away off the off the of the studio this kind of this sort of kind of studio court set you know so okay i mean this is the problem with this with this comic for me there's there's very little tension there's there's very little and and, and that's partly that, that, that's for a couple of reasons partly because uh we just don't care about these characters they they they're, they're kind of interesting in, in in a you know Chaykin is a decent writer he gives he gives them some snarky lines that the, the lines are reasonably funny uh the love hate relationship is played quite well uh, if anything you probably feel a bit of sympathy for Reddy uh, probably more sympathy he's more sympathetic than Ruff but he's still a, a git and 
you just don't care. You don't, you don't really care about them. You might have cared about Pamela, but but she turns into something you know kind of unpleasant in this issue as well. So there's nobody really to kind of to root for. And and okay, you know you can argue that kind of this is a and I, I said this this a couple of issues ago. You can argue that this is kind of like a satire on Hollywood, a kind of cautionary tale to say, look, you know, don't don't set your sights on these guys. You know, yes, they they make money and they they've got fame and what have you, but actually they're, they're they're pretty crappy people, and and that's fine. Except we're in the middle of one of the biggest Hollywood scandals that Hollywood has ever seen at the moment about about the treatment of of women and the casting couch and all that kind of stuff and Harvey Weinstein and 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 all sorts of you know other people who are who are getting kind of caught up in in this and and this is this is kind of very tame by comparison and and I again I'm like okay if if that's if that's kind of the, the thrust of your story that's fine but you've got to give us something to hook the reader, and there's just nothing here. There's there's some great one-liners. There's some some beautiful Macrae art. Um, there's some clever characterization. It's clever, but it's not engaging. And and there's a, there's a difference. There's a difference between those two things. Anyway, Pamela decides to take her revenge on Rough and Ready, and she does this by uh, using uh, their emails. Uh, to send unflattering te- uh, um, unflattering messages about their partner to various news outlets, and so it starts to kind of spread and what have you. Again, there's a couple of things to say to this. Firstly, I can't imagine that Rough and Ready, you know, the antagonism of Rough and Ready's kind of relationship is anything but an open secret in 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 the in the wider world. Um, it's it's kind of it's not exactly. I mean, if you remember, well, the, those two of you who who are actually reading this, um, if you remember in issue one, the whole reason that they split up was because, uh, or they not split up, but they they got their star fell, shall we say, uh, was because uh, they were caught in a kind of a foul mouthed rant live on uh, on TV. Uh, by a, a kid who could lip read, and and they were being kind of uncomplimentary and unpleasant about one another. Then the agent, uh, Crafty, their their new agent, uh, decides to get his own back on Pamela and um, digs up some dirt on her, manufactures some dirt on her as well, some financial impropriety and that kind of thing, and uh, she loses her job as a result. And by the at the end of it, you've got her taking a phone call in her apartment from somebody that we don't know. Um, we can't hear what he, that person is saying. We don't know who that person is. And it ends with her kind of going, yes, I'd definitely be interested. And I, I think we're kind of meant to think, oh, you know, something something really bad is going to happen now. But we don't care. And we don't care because we don't care about the characters. We don't care about the scenario. Uh, we don't care. We don't have enough uh, information to know what's going to happen next, or to at least have any hints as to what's going to happen next. It's just there. It is basically it, it is it is over uh, this particular issue, and there's some nice bits in it. But as a as a uh, as an issue, it is deeply deeply unsatisfying. Now, I gave it five point five on the website. Uh, that was last night, actually. I I, I 
I wrote a very short review last night on the website. Please check it out. It will not take you very long. Uh, And I I woke up kind of thinking, why did I give it 5.5? But I'll I'll be honest with you. The reason I gave it 5.5 is because um, the art is really nice. And 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 that does need to be acknowledged. I, I was talking to Alex M earlier today about what Mac Ray could do in the in the actual DC universe as opposed to the Hanna Barbera universe. And and that's a really good question. And I I, I don't really know. I, I I suggested to to Alex that you know he would be good on something like a Plastic Man book or something set in space something kind of futuristic that were, were that kind of clean sort of uh, cellular kind of artwork would would be appropriate i i don't know i i, I just i i kind of oh look I'm, I'm sure he's having a great time i i'm, I'm sure he is i i'm, I'm you know and, and and you know what shaken i like shaken i really really do uh but this is just it's just not working for me and, 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 and you know what? There's there's a guy on the internet <laughs> who who you know gives this ten out of ten. He gave gave issue three ten out of ten, and he was saying you know how great it was and that it, it's you know you, and he 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 said something about you know if you're somebody who doesn't mind not being spoon fed, well, okay, look, I, I'm I'm I know I'm not necessarily the cleverest <laughs> of, of readers. It's not an issue about of being spoon fed. It's an issue of of the just being there's being not enough on the spoon to begin with. You, you understand what I mean? There's nothing. There's not enough on the plate to begin with. It doesn't matter what you know. You can you can be spoon fed or you can use a knife and fork. If there ain't a lot there, there ain't a lot there. And and that is the problem with this comic book. There's just not enough. Of a plot, there's not, and, there's, and and like I said, we don't care about the characters, and you know there is there is again, you know, look again, mileage on this varies, and and I get that, and there there is some satisfaction in seeing kind of a character that you that you kind of are a bit ambivalent to, you know, go through their life and kind of what have you. You do expect though to have some kind of sympathy with that with that person. Here, rough and ready, they're just. Anyway, okay, that th- that's five point five out of ten. That's 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 what we're giving it. Um, thank you for listening. Um, next week, <laughs> I'm pretty sure next week we've got exit stage left, uh, Snagglepuss, and I think we've got Dastardly and Muttley, uh, the final issue. Uh, that's going to be interesting. Uh, I'm I'm hoping that that Snagglepuss gets better. I I really am. Um. I don't know. We'll just see. Uh, we'll see. I, I, I don't. Can I just say? I, I don't know how Jim and Eric feel about this. Um, I, I don't particularly want to be the guy who's, you know, raining on everybody's parade. I, I, I really don't. I, I, I would like to be the guy who's there, kind of, you know, enjoying things with everybody else and kind of, you know, seeing the same things everybody else is seeing and and just kind of enjoying it and. I don't want to be sat here kind of going, yeah, but that's really crap. <laughs> I don't I don't want to be that person. But I am. I am that person. Because the world is crazy. 
And that's the problem. Righto. I will see you next week. Uh, thank you very much for listening. I do appreciate it. If you want uh, to follow me, the Lord knows why you would. Uh, my Twitter handle is at door Jeremy, and you can also find my website uh, at www.jdunsani.wordpress.com and there you will be able to read uh, some reviews of my own and also quite a few of the reviews that have already appeared on the Weird Science DC Comics website, the award-winning, sorry, Weird Science DC Comics website. Uh, thank you uh, for listening, as I said, and I'm going to hand you back to uh, Jim and Eric uh, and uh, enjoy the rest of the podcast. Take care. Bye-bye. It is the best podcast of week. Even though Jim is such a freak, I want to hear all the reviews. Don't just know what they're And I've got such a long way to go. Back, Eric. This is the last mail section of the night. Mail section number five, Eric. The sexy mail section is what they oh. call it, usually down at the alley. And we're going to start with All New Dave. And all what new a Dave weird is- conversation to have down at the alley. And people have to talk about things down at the alley as well, Eric. It's not just. Oh, I understand you know, they have to talk about they're things. They're not just not mutes down at the alley nowadays. They do. They, in the sit alley. There. they sit there and say, hey, you know what I like? There's two things I like meth. And sexy male section number five. And then you huh. never see them again. They does just does that start it. as, like, man, you got any meth? Yeah, but first I want you to tell me, uh, what do you think the sexiest male section is? And then well, they say obviously male number five. <laughs> obviously. Now give me that meth. Five. Give me my meth. Hi, Jim, Eric, Reggie, and the entire Get Fresh crew. Boop, boop. Just action comics for me this week. It's good that we are this? getting more. What's that? What is this? What do you mean, what is this? Who is no, this? who is this? Yeah. I said all new Dave. All oh, new I didn't Dave. hear him. All new Dave. Oh, I'm sorry. I got stuck on meth gracious. and fucking sex. Male That's all. Sections. You hear meth and you fucking, you, you don't know Ooh. what Yeah. It's good that we are getting Break more than two, <laughs> two pages for the Lois Lane backstory. But I would still like a few more panels so we get the whole story. Maybe I would like a little less so we get none of that story. And yeah. I think that those poor nuns or whatever they, you know, whatever their, uh, you know, sisterhood Sister is, they are dead. Maybe a panel of Perry in hospital after suffering a stroke because he's lost a child. Yeah, at this point, you would think that maybe somebody has I wish realized. I would have gone back to Perry with this. Side. Because they I did fly to another country. That. I actually just think that Perry is so dumb, he or he thinks everybody else is dumb, would be better, that you have a Weekend at Bernie's situation where he's taking around that made-up clothes and trying to convince everyone that's John. Where he's just, eat your well, breakfast, Johnny boy. And oh, then he just so went to bed good. that night, woke up and forgot that he was yep. supposed to be taking care of anybody. That it is. Weekend with John, it's called. And, and in this one, you start playing, the, you, you start playing the, uh, the jungle uh, rhythm 
rhythms or the island rhythms, and the uh, next don't, thing don't bring up Wigan and Bernie's too. The, the next thing it starts dancing, the closed version of I Jump. I saw that in the theater. Don't ever talk uh, about that's that. That's the movie. worst. And can't get in touch with his pa- the parents. A panel of Perry's distraught wife explaining John's last whereabouts to Metropolis PD, and the last panel of Jimmy and Lombard trying to keep the Daily Planet going <laughs> while the boss is at death's door and the star reporters are MIA. Yeah, well, a script doctor here. And I'd, like I, I'd like to see that with a little bit of Weekend at Bernie's too. Get me some Good Latin monster. rhythms going. But doing the island rhythms, he's dancing around. There's still drums this, going on. This comic and and is Weekend at Bernie's the ultimate version of how I like it? With hey man, tell me what you think, Green Arrow. Listen, I'm not Green Arrow. You're deep, man. Because that that was the whole deal. Where, remember where Bernie would be sitting there and they'd come over and like, hey, I got an idea for a script, Bernie. Let me run it by you. It's this guy who does this, this, and this. Yeah, you're right, Bernie. That's a piece well, of I shit. I figured his, his head just kind of falls down. Yeah, like, it would oh, fall and shit. Sorry, Bernie, you're right. I got to rework this. Yeah, I'm telling you. It's the ultimate version of that where uh, also I think that they should have upped the ante and his jaw falls off, shit like that. God damn, Andrew now, McCarthy's a gem. They, was there just Weekend at Bernie's 1 and 2? Was there yeah, a that's 3? It. No, they could have a three. three. Are you shocked that they didn't try to come back with three as a zombie movie at some point? Wouldn't no. that be great? A zombie movie, Eric. I really hope Dan Jurgens isn't going to expect us. We get that Bernie's three, The Reckoning. I don't watch uh, The Walking Dead. Is there ever a time where they had gotten a guy who is just a side zombie and dress him up as Bernie as a joke? That would have been there, great. There's a possibility because they do shit like that. I know Wouldn't even in um, what Zack Snyder's uh, Dawn of the Dead remake, yeah. the one game they were playing, they'd look at the zombies down below the mall and shit like that, the whole horde. Yeah. And they would try to like, all right, now you got to hit with a golf ball. Uh, Jay Leno down there, something like that. This, whatever really? zombie looked like, whatever celebrity. That's pretty funny. That I like a Bernie though. I really hope, and and yes, Andrew McCarthy, gem. gem. I really hope Dan Jurgens isn't going to expect us to believe that Lois flew to Lingamba, which I would guess is around Africa, attempt to save her dad, get saved by John, and get back in the eight hours before the next morning. No, that's that's complete no. nonsense. It, it'd be funny too. It's like. I don't know about this John kid. Uh, he he never gets up. And the wife's like, how old is he? Uh, I don't know. I think he's like 10 or something. Uh, he's just having fun with himself. They just think he's masturbating. Gross. That, that's what I, I know it is. He's too young. I was going to go somewhere else with that. Uh, edit that one out. Where is Jess? Uh, and maybe they just think he's tired. The main plot, I'm trying to get away from it. has got the that. mono real bad. Uh, that's what my mom thought I had when I actually found myself, as I'd like to say, Eric, uh, because I was spending a lot more time in bed, uh, quote-unquote sleeping is what mm. I told her. Uh, and she thought she actually took me to the doctor to get checked for mono. I said, that's not happening, Mom. I am actually just masturbating like a fiend. I may have a problem that I may have to go talk <laughs> we have to, to go somebody about. to go see another about. doctor. Yes, I think we got to go see another type of doctor because I am having some problems here, Mother. Uh, the main plot problem. is, yeah, really, some problems like I really don't want to go to school today because I got better shit to or do Or do anything no. else. It is. I. This was like the monkey paw of the guy who, like, I wish yeah, I want to be alone and everybody's dead. I'm telling you, yeah. <laughs> I really had a problem there. The main plot is plotting on, but it's hard to work out what is t- to take seriously. I think even Superman has had enough judging by the mood he's in. I think that's the third time we've read Booster say, remind me never to get blue mad at me. 
That is true. Maybe Booster is stuttering with fear every time he's told Superman to stop fucking around in the time stream, and that's why Big Blue isn't getting the message. The mood that Superman is in, I'm expecting the next issue to open with Lorzod getting a clip across the ear and a super spanking. Super sexy. Superman's taking shit from no one. That having been said, I did enjoy the issue and again really enjoyed the art, but I'm looking forward to the action getting back to Metropolis. Do you think that will happen anytime soon? Thanks, guys. Hope you get a great have a great week. I would say in two issues. We'll be going back. That that's what I would guess, right? Well, I'm telling you, we're at nine ninety six now, so two more issues and we, so we still have a little bit of filler until that thousandth yeah. issue. And I, I actually have no idea how long the booster shot arc is right now. Yeah. I'd have to assume the six issues. And then, what, they like two little issues in between? Maybe? Yeah. I don't know. I wish at one point Booster punched somebody and said, that's a booster shot. That'd be pretty cool. That's some trash talking 101 right there. Eric. You ever have a booster shot? You get one? No. Of those? When you were a kid, you never had a booster shot? Uh, maybe I did. I don't know. I would think that you did. I, I don't know why you're lying to everyone here. You, you don't have to lie, Eric. You can be yourself. They, we're not going to judge you because you had a booster Based shot. Based on your there, booster shot. There's knowledge. no real reason to really lie about that. And I'm really kind of upset about you because I'm now wondering more important things if what you're else actually are you lying telling about? me the truth. I mean, when I tell you or ask you, hey, was that Thor Ragnarok good? And you tell me, yes, I want to believe you, Eric. Maybe Which Eric's I, not America's sweetheart like he's been right. claiming. America's sweetheart? I actually saw Thor Ragnarok today, and I agreed with your review, Eric. I really enjoyed it. But the last email of the night is from Swanee, who says, Hey, Jim, Eric, and Reggie, I'm going to keep this short for you. Read the books from a couple weeks back, and the book of the week is Gotham City Garage number 7. Telling you, he, him and Luke have a very uh, strict versions of what their book of the week is. <laughs> it's usually, you know, one or the other for these guys. The ending of it was bad ass. Seriously, people, read this book and you will not be disappointed. Do you know, Eric, who re- writes Gotham City Garage? You will be shocked when I tell you it's some guys, two guys, two Lansing brothers. and Kelly? Yeah, it is. It's Lansing and Kelly, who we actually like even though we haven't liked the stuff that they did. You know yeah. what I mean? We always see a glimpse that they, they know what they're doing. And from Swanee saying it, he's really liking this. I will tell you that I'm trying to catch up. Uh, the, I'm trying to catch up with Gotham City Garage so that I can c- include it in my Jim's other comic book review show. So I am making an effort to get there. It's just there's like 18 issues now. So I, I'm having some problems. I'm having problems, Eric. I'm not a very strong reader. Don't know if you know that reading is not my forte, as they say. It's Words not my strong hard. suit. I'm not a real good reader. I may be what I people call hygiene. I, I may not be smart. Uh, he's dropping dead man. Eric, would you say Good anything job. against that? Made I, I don't it, know why you never picked that book up. Made it three pages in and said, fuck it. Here are Damn a couple right. year-end awards, only a month late. Would love to hear your thoughts on these as well. Most overrated book, Batman. I, I right. would agree. No, yeah. actually, no. <laughs> That's wrong. It is Mr. Miracle. There's no way that it isn't Mr. Miracle. Honorable mention, Mr. Miracle, Eric. There you go. I would, I'd flip those, turn it around, flip it, wrap it. Head turn it upside hot. down. Yes. Most overrated writer, Tom King. Yep. 
Yeah, I'd have to go. Most over, and that's the problem. To be more overrated, you do have to have a lot of fans, and he, and he does has that. Every goddamn um, time I look over on Facebook on uh, DC's Facebook page, they put up like Batman yeah. this week. I look at the comments. Man, Tom King's killing it. Killing it. Yeah, he is killing it. You're damn Man. right, he is. Yeah, I was gonna say the same thing. You bitch. son of a bitch. Most overrated artist, Mitch Gerards on Mister Miracle. I have to disagree there. I actually like the art. I think that the style. Okay, it's not great. No, this is the problem. I think that what we're using the style as a reason to not like it, but the style is what he wants to have. You know what I'm saying? I like the art when it's just him doing the art, but then he gets wonky with the stylish thing, and it's not my cup of tea, but I don't think the art's bad. Don't get how people like this art. I should read ahead because now I, I look either. like now I look like an asshole. It's, it's okay awful in my like, opinion. I don't mind when Mr. Miracle has some close-up shots, but for the most part, I don't like the art that okay. much. That's you and Swanee. That's okay. Yeah. You you can you know talk amongst yourself. I have eighth graders in my class that doodle better work than that crap. Now he's getting damn right, crazy. Swanee. Now he's getting crazy. Honorable mention: Greg Capullo. I don't think it's that great. It looks like Frank Miller art, but everyone isn't as wide looking. It's funny because Greg Capullo was just there kind of not supporting our man Victor Bogdanovich when somebody said that his art looked like Greg Capullo's. So I like it when they throw it back at you. Writer you would like to see more of goes to Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing from Gotham City Garage. Would love to see uh, more of of them because this book is possibly my favorite right now. If you want to go back, Swanee, you can read the last bit of Grayson. Awful. You can go and read. And there are a couple issues issues of Batman. If you want to go and listen to Batman and Robin Eternal, if you want to really, if you want to go back to the archives and really want to hear probably the beginnings of me losing my shit. You go don't back, like Bat Shark Repellent, Jim? Go back to that issue with Bat Shark Repellent. I fucking lost it and probably spent an hour yelling about it and just couldn't get off of it. it I really, checked out, started looking at my I'm telling you, where, when I get upset now, at least I kind of – I'll rope myself in eventually – there's times back in the day where me and Eric will either get in a fight about something that would last over an hour or something didn't – it didn't tickle my fancy and I get mad. And that shark repellent issue of Batman and Robin, that's also I believe the skip to my Lou Bain issue as well or it's at least in that bunch of things. I like that. That shark repellent, boy, I was I was furious. I was I was livid. Uh, so yeah, uh, they also I mean, did hacktivist. They uh, they also did yes. They also did hacktivist with Alyssa Milano, which I've read the first issue and really enjoyed, and heard that that series wasn't that bad. So there's a couple uh, you know suggestions for you, Swanee. Uh, would love to see them more by then because this book is my favorite. Art would be Ricardo Federique. His work on Aquaman is absolutely beautiful. Would like to see more of this guy, as always. And I think, oh, that's the guy I don't that's like. That's the guy you right? don't like? Yeah, I don't like him at all. I think he's a little too pencil heavy. It looks very regal, I do say. I think it looks like an old, you know, a Renaissance type painting. Regal. Uh, regal indeed. Uh, I think he's pencil heavy. And if there's anything I know from looking at there, it gets heavy. As oh. always, have a great week. And thanks for everything you do. P.S. Jim, fly eagles fly.
So, yes, he's, he's rooting for the Eagles now, and so am right. I. And I will tell you that is next week. Next week on the podcast, I will be giving a prediction of the game. And by the time the podcast comes out, the game will be going on, and you can hear how right I am, Eric. I, I am amazingly correct. It's going to be a weird not. thing where it comes out after the Super Bowl is yes. over, and you just actually put that Un-edited. in and make yourself look like a fucking it genius. It will not be edited at all. You're a cheater. I, here's the thing, though. I'm not a dumb cheater. A dumb cheater would be like, you know, just say the Eagles end up winning 35-27. Uh, uh, right. That's all I'll go with. And that you can't even go that. You have to go, I think the Eagles will win, uh, you know, 38-20. to 20. Get it close. But then also, don't throw in who the MVP. Like, these people who cheat on things like that, they'll like, I think that Nick Foles is going to throw for 342 yards as well as yeah, Tom Brady will be injured. And they'll go too far. I won't go too far, though. I will tell you my So you're saying right you're going to cheat. Yes. Uh, yes, I am. Uh, I will tell you right now, I can't cheat right now, right? So maybe I'll just do it right now, you son of a bitch. I don't think Brady's going to end the game. I think he's going to be knocked out of the game. There you go. There's my first prediction. I think that he's well, going to get injured. So there. There you go, Eric. Put that in your pipe and smoke it, you son of a bitch. Are you I fucking shall. shade talking? Shade, more shade being thrown than a fucking tall redwood is what they say. Shut your mouth. Uh, yes, and that is the end of the mail for the night. And just a little aside behind the scenes, Eric, that means that for this night at least, we are done. So we can Hooray! celebrate. We can celebrate. And uh, But everybody else listening to this will now go and listen to the last two books of the night, including Blue Beetle, Eric, one of your oh, favorites of all time. I think Eric gave it a 9.7. But we'll see if that pans out. That's ten another, out of ten. That's Smell another, later, pre- everybody. That's another prediction of mine. But we'll go with those books right about now. Now here's Eric. And he's talking all about DC. Now here's Eric. And he's talking all about DC. will throw it down His reviews are strong and sound His scores are much better than gems you'll see He will tell us all about DC So tell us all about DC Eric Shea All right, Eric Shea and Mark, Matt Van Beyond-Bars is here with us because we are going to be talking about, of course, Batman Beyond. And I'm waiting for Batman Beyond to be in a section other than the last. I was thinking about it it earlier. It it would be nice. nice. It would be nice, but I I don't don't see that happening. happening. I don't see it happening either. And boy, uh, as people will know by looking at the show notes, when it couples up with Blue Beetle, there's an end section. Uh, as long ages. as it's never behind Blue Beetle, yeah. I think I'm well, satisfied. Well, here's the thing is Blue Beetle has one more issue after this one that we're going to talk about tonight. So there could be the possibility that uh, Batman Beyond ends up being the last one on a couple yep. episodes. Uh, though, But, but here's uh, the key thing. it's It would it's still wouldn't be after Blue Beetle then. No, so. no sure. it'll never be after Blue Beetle. And I was going to say, here's the thing. We're going to talk about this issue, and I believe we might be done in record time because not a lot happens in Honestly, this Honestly, yeah. And, and really, the, the thing is, though, 
then we, me and Eric will be moving on the Blue Beetle, and I will tell you... Which may be record time. And I will tell you <laughs> also that after we talk about this Batman Beyond, yes, I may give it a lower score than usual. It's not that I'm angry about it. It's just not a lot happens. We'll get the Blue Beetle. I want to kill somebody. That Blue Beetle, oh I read that. I read these back to back, and I'm like, okay, you know what, Batman Beyond, not a lot happened. We'll see what. Then I read Blue Beetle, I'm like, I wish not a lot happened because. The, I, I the wish that Blue Beetle was more like Batman Beyond. Yes, yes, oh I do. I, I do. But Eric, give us the blur. <laughs> Batman Beyond number 16, written by Dan Jurgens, with art by Phil Hester, Andy Parks, and Michael Spicer, with Travis Lanham. For some reason, I had end in there, and I had more people yes. to talk about. The fight between Batman and Stalker continues in this issue, and that's about it. Back to you, Jim. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. But, yeah, really, you have this. Now, it threw me off a little. I know they must do this often, but when the book starts off, it has decades from now. And I know know that I'm a (laughs) dummy because I know that this book happens decades from now. The problem is, is calling that out, I I think that people will get confused. The book is set in the future – 35 we, years from now. We know this, so why? I don't know. It you just seems weird. You know the thing that really is going to throw people off? Yeah. At least when it's in trade, yeah. is this entire opening page where it just recaps who this character is, yeah, who we yeah. got a recap of who he was because we hadn't seen him in the series. He'd yeah. only been in the show at that point. Uh, last issue, they're like, hey, here's who this character is. Now you know. And then we get that again here. And, again. and, yeah, I just, th- and that's why I don't I'm understand. You, do they always have decades from now? Am I just yeah. not seeing uh, they, that? They, all, they always do. It's um, because uh, it They even did like it in some of the old Batman yeah, Beyond yeah. comics, it just like some of the, like this, the other things. Because of this first page in this Standard recap, trope. it seemed to me like this was really trying to get people involved. And oh just, no! If, if you jumped on this issue, this recap page yes. is fantastic. And and if why, you've been yeah. reading for even one then other it, issue, annoying. this recap page is a waste of a page. Yeah, and what I'm saying is, what's weird to me is right there for everybody. All these people who have said to me, and, and I get messages not so much anymore because I don't think that many people are actually reading this that talk to me anymore. But when You're they do. Messages? Oh, I had before. And and basically the messages were, oh, this – and this is more at the beginning of Rebirth even. Oh, this yeah, Blue gotcha. – I almost said Blue Beetle. This Batman Beyond book, it's uh, Elseworlds, right? This is another Earth, right? Oh, that's and, and that's why it seems to me like you, like, you no, put decades from Earth now – and yeah, now it's, it's like this is why I thought maybe we didn't get that as much at the beginning because people were so confused. We did. Uh, yeah, so, but with that, you have decades from now, and I'm expecting that, okay, I see, you know, Stalker there, I, I see, I'm thinking somehow this is going to show him in decades from now of this book to show us that oh, in I, the end I see, it all I see how you works could, I out. I see how that could – That's what no, I that, thought. That, and, that makes sense. And really because, like, again, you're not going to get – and it, it's just a weird deal. I know they're trying to spell – it's just – you don't get Detective Comics where every issue starts – Current time, and then you go. It just seemed odd. And when don't give him I, any ideas. Jim. And really, though, when I saw this, you can see by the art, or at least it looked to me that it was going to be like a, a recap. We get a recap. So with that, I'm like, oh, they're going to play this like weird game where we're going to see what happens in the future. That maybe we see that Snugger has saved you his village and go, yeah. And then we don't get it. And then, like, like <laughs> Mark said, then. I'm furious because I know all this stuff now. It just threw me and, off and because of all the people. Again, I know 
I know we talk about, and, and I agree with Reggie on this a lot, that I, I don't like how they're always writing for the trades, mm-hmm. but I, this is going to be so I've never confusing. heard Reggie like, mention I'm, that. <laughs> he mentions the, I think it was the um, the award show that I'm thinking of specifically. Yeah. Oh, he, he, that's a big thing. That is one of his sticking yeah. points now. But, it, but it's something this. where it's just like, this is going to read so weird in yeah, trade, yeah. kind of like the other trades for this run, where it's like every like two issues, you get a recap of what you just saw, yeah. and you're like, why is this here? I was yeah. just here for this. Yeah, this this issue... I'm, I, I hate to there, say there's it. Only, there's only nothing like happens. three. There are like four things that happen this yeah. issue, and, and only and nothing two that I like. And and even so, they didn't have to ha- happen in a full. Like these are little. Oh things no no no! no, no. The, the two things I liked are actually really small things that yeah. advance things. Like on the the next page where you find out that one of the upgrades they got to the Beyond suit yeah. was that the wings regenerate, which yeah. I thought is super which, cool. Yep. Because that was I'm always a sure, thing. The wings would be sure damaged. I'm not sure if that was a deal or not. Yeah. Because, well, Tony, I, I never talk about that being an uh, upgrade to the suit. Later on, they talk about how a suit can do more things now, withstand more, t- like, you know, torment. But it's like flying with shredded wings that haven't fully reintegrated is bad enough. I'm like, I don't know what that means. They haven't fully uh-huh. reintegrated. It, 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 it honestly has to be because the old suit, and honestly, there's been no beyond suit even the even the crazy prototype one its wings didn't regenerate all of them they always had to be manually repaired it was a trope in the the show even where if his wings were damaged he didn't fly for the rest of the episode unless it was in the batmobile like they and they show several times them fixing the wings the wings were the biggest they were the biggest advantage and liability of the suit and now they regenerate i'm like that's really cool yeah and that's something that kind of so now we don't have to have downtime and that is fine. I, I, I just did wish learn. that part would have been spelled out a little bit more. Later uh, on, when he was being burned alive. Yeah, yeah, and that's basically the next deal because he's going after Stalker. Uh, and I do have to say, I learned one thing. Stalker's villagers, they're, they're starving. I, I, heard I know, right? Again, they're, he they're, just got, they're he so repeats hungry it. that he's going to oh, sell out oh people for two months of food. Yeah, yeah, he's selling out. And he just keeps saying it. Not even No, and as this is going on, you have Terry. He ends up getting tied up, it, it, and it's forced into the what would you the uh, exhaust engine? of the yeah. engine of this you know ship that Stalker's on, and then we get the next upgrade. Is basically he can withstand it. Though I hate the Bruce Wayne's Matt dialogue. I, I think it's yes, complete no, it's, utter it's, nonsense. It's really, it's really bad. And uh, though the only good thing is, is that Matt doesn't look like a mongoloid this no, issue. No, he doesn't. He actually <laughs> doesn't. I like the art in this. this issue. So we're, yeah. we're we are improving in art. Yep. Yeah. yeah I actually thought that was what actually what kept this one like the score a bit higher was that I, for right. much as like, I've been hating the art lately, yeah, I didn't I like mind this art. issue. Yeah, like, I like it, the it art. Worked. It's it's like the artist is uh, and I forget his name off the top Phil of my head. Phil Hester. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I like he's, Phil Hester. He's, he's started getting it, and I'm I'm, yeah. I'm I'm at the point where I'm really digging this style. Yeah, I like it too. And you have Barbara Gordon. She goes. You have Which those is guys. The other thing I yeah. like that, that I I really do think that Dan Jurgens can write Barbara Gordon. Yeah, yeah, it's like, pretty you know, good. Like, traditional, and... like competent detective Barbara Gordon. I want him on a Batgirl book, and I've said yeah. this for a while. I that like would, his yeah. I like his Barbara Gordon, even though this one this one yes is a more mature one. It's like that's the Bat book for you, Jurgens. It's not this yeah. one. No, I love you. You're great. <laughs> Go to Batgirl. Yeah, so you go and you see those guys hanging up, the you know all that, and you do get a blurry photo of that lady who had broken into Wayne Manor, and I you think know you're you, right. I think you, it might be ten. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. you you get a little bit of that, a little more, not much. She's more, she's very concerned with Terry as all this is going on, and pretty much it's being televised at, that you know Batman, the Batman Beyond it, it, is but, gonna it, die. It looks like, but when you go to Wayne Manor and Bruce Wayne and Matt, this dialogue is just like, oh no, Mister Wayne, them. It's basically <laughs> so Matt, Matt or. Uh, Bruce metaphorically sucking Terry's dick. Yeah, yeah, that, and that's also I'm, I'm telling you, describe the, it. It's the weird thing about it is him Matt of actually shows. Yeah, Matt just sits there and he's like, "Oh no, he's gonna die." No, he won't. Well, what would you do, Mister Wayne? Well, if it was me, I'd go into the engines and throw some explosive batons. All right, shway. <laughs> that's my whole deal because that's what he does. He does exactly what he says. Uh, they go and crash, and then in the rubble, you have. You know, Stalker survives. They have that News 52 deal, which kind of made me laugh. But they go, and like, and like, hey, we have a survivor. That, that Anything was, you'd like to that say? That was amusing. That yeah, was amusing. and then he's like, get the hell out of here. Uh, and then you see the stealth mode of the suit. Terry comes from behind, and then they which, fly. Which is in a long we time. Haven't, once again, yeah. We yeah. haven't seen him use in a while. Yeah. So, like, all the use of this bat suit I love in this issue, but yeah. – yeah, That's... And, and and then basically you just have a fight. You have a fight with everybody watching, all the concerned parties, and it looks uh, like he's choking Terry out. That's how it ends. There yep. is not much. Now, uh, I did miss my favorite part. My favorite part was we did find out at the beginning that when Stalker decided to become a hunter, he did want to hunt the world's the most, most dangerous, dangerous game. game. <laughs> Man, I love that is one that and a some a villain biting the tooth to get a cyanide, cyanide pill. Tooth, Those yeah. are my two things. My two favorite things of all time and I can't believe I forgot it. But yeah, it's now he goes after the world's most elusive quarry of well, That's why I even Man. put as my header in my freaking review is most dangerous game. Yeah. That's one of my favorite uh, things. Still. It's so good, but uh that that line is this issue is like I said, I'm not infuriated by it. Uh, like No, no, you, it's there's there's nothing to be like mad at in this issue. No, it's just nothing really. I'm bored. We, we had a all a lot of our side. Uh, no, that's not right. A couple of our side characters, specifically Barbara, had a little yeah, bit of character development. Um, we found out more about the suit, and it was it was an okay fight. It just yeah, it feels like that's padding. all it was. It was padding. It, it, it was it padding. Was. Like it was padding, the, and like you said, you learn a couple more things about the suit that are kind of cool but, to set things but up. But this is nothing that, you that is. Yeah. This was also the time last arc that Jerkins wrote. Yeah. That we found out some more things about the suit. It was the yeah. third yeah. issue in. Yeah, it's crazy. And how it's padded and it's just is. like I, I I feel like we're kind of going down the same yep. path, except well, we didn't absolutely hate the second issue of the arc well and again he's been writing you know batman beyond not just this rebirth but for a while i think that we're kind of yeah. seeing a definite pattern of how he writes and some guys do yep. write in patterns that they have it they're, and, they and, write and it's and it's fine it's just i mean i didn't hate it i don't yeah, I, I don't know, hate I, it i didn't it's hate it not I, the I, worst thing i've ever read it's it's by far better than some of the other batman beyond things yeah. we've read oh yeah yeah i'm with you uh, uh i like but, that yeah. barbara makes a bet with the guy, that, and then she was, wins, and yeah. she's just like, and, and I can again, pay me. Yeah, that, that was, was great. pretty cool. A little um, uh, Bitcoin. I the masked reference. person had a weird line, though, that I want to bring up. Because um, let, let's – assuming for a second that that is 10. Yeah. Uh, she says, bears watching could be an opportunity. First time I read it, I was like – I read it as just like the animal. Yeah, I was just, a bear's like, watching. watching. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Who's, That's if an this was a fancy person, like a uh, rich person, or even king, yeah. I could believe it if it was king. But yeah. it just even ten? No, the street 
person? I think yeah. it looks like T-Rat? Silencer to me. It just it was uh, just a weird joking. dialogue yeah, thing that yeah. really bothered well, me. What did, what would you? We'll start with you, Mark. What would you give it? Honestly, I'd probably give it a it's a solid six. Okay. It it it's art improved. I I didn't I didn't hate it. Yeah. I, I would go lower, except that some of the ones I've hated have been lower, and That's this is true. definitely better than some of the ones I've really hated. Well, I'm going to go a little lower. I was talking to Al, and I could go as high as a six. Six is about as high as I can go. Yeah, just no, because this is of not, not any better happening. than a six, but no. it's definitely not a five. Yeah, no, I'm, gonna, I'm giving it a five-five. Five. I, I realize I'm a cover guy. It yeah. had a great cover. Batman Beyond finally got in Reggie's covers of the week. I'm yes, so happy. it did. I saw that. It, it got in there. Uh, yeah, like I said, I'm looking at it. Yeah, she even if it is tender, it even looks a little like sideways too. I just, yeah. It, we're not getting anything, and that's just thrown in there. Uh, so I'm gonna go five five just because of the padded nature I of mean, it. It's not. I could see that. I yeah. Can. And Eric, I know, is gonna go a little lower because a little bit lower because I enjoyed the art enough actually more than I have previously with Phil Hester on the book, but. It was just an extended fight scene, which, like, it's great to see this whole idea that the suit is, you know, improved. And we, but the idea that Bruce would just send him out there, not field test it, or tell him what the suit can do, just seems odd to me. And like, oh, thank God this happened because we just go kept having situations where Batman would have died if not for this new suit. So thankfully, it did. It was there, but it was just a padded goddamn issue where we just end the storyline of this issue where we ended last issue with a Batman about to die. Yeah, I, I agree there. I actually well, five point one out of ten. If I haven't yeah, said you bring, it, yeah, <laughs> you bring out the one deal. It is kind of funny that Bruce is yeah, like giving the info similar. about the suit as to Terry's Matt. gonna be almost dead, and like, ah, don't worry, like, why Terry doesn't know all this? Like, no. really, Terry must he, he might come back expecting basics, to have like been the dead. Wings, but yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the, that the was whole probably brought up to him. Like, we fixed the wing problem. He was like, yeah. probably like, yes. Yes, yeah, that's great. And then, oh, by the way, if you get in some exhaust, you'll be able to survive. So he doesn't say. <laughs> With that, though, it's like, what would you do, Mr. Wayne? Well, knowing that the suit can withstand it, I might do that. But Terry just does it. I'm, I, I think he's suicidal. We, we've now figured it out. He's trying to kill himself. But, yeah, that that is it for that. Now we get – I'm telling you, now we have to move on to Blue Beetle and, and, and nonsense. But, yeah, uh, thanks for coming on, Mark. I hope that next – I'm making a call. What next issue is issue four of the arc, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to say that next issue, we're going to get padding again. I was going to say, maybe we're going to get like something really cool that uh, I've seen some of the, I've seen some of the solicits and I honestly can't tell if it's going to give me what I want or not. Yeah. Like if you've seen some of the covers in this list. Yeah, I I haven't. I'm telling you, I rarely look ahead. I read the solicits for the most part. This is the only thing I look ahead with because at this point I'm just like, will something happen? Yeah. Yeah. I I, I don't think so. It's (laughs) apparently not. Um, yeah, yeah. That that's the the bad part of it. But thank you for coming on once again. Yes, thank you, Mark. Probably Thanks the quickest time ever. Because <laughs> oh yeah, of this. No. but we, next we hit our issue, record. Yes, yes. But we will be moving on now to Blue Beetle. All right, Eric, and it's Blue Beetle time, indeed. No. Oh. Can we oh. just can we just say it's over? I wish if this was actually the last issue. What is the penultimate issue? Which I'm sure you put in your blur. Of course, because I did. we laugh all the time about that, but. I just can this be it? Can can I say it's over? It's just that easy. It would be. Do, just do you remember that when Ebertha was announced and we found out there was going to be a Blue Beetle book and how excited I was? Yep. Remember and that? I was too. I was too uh, because I thought it'd be one of those things that I could actually finally enjoy something that you have. It's one of your favorite characters. Blue Beetle yeah. is. I mean, I think people may have forgotten that or it kind of gets lost in the shuffle of this Rebirth book. 
that he Blue Beetle is one of your favorite all time characters. And I'm telling you, not only just like Jaime Reyes, who has become my favorite, but Ted Cord back in the day yeah. was like I love Ted Cord Blue Beetle, and then he died, and I was outraged at this whole thing. And then like I see Jaime Reyes, I'm like, who the fuck is this upstart? And a lot like Damian Wayne, where he actually won me over. I'm like, you know what, this yeah. character might be even cooler than Ted Cord, and yeah. I loved him. And then. And New 52 happened. I'd been out of comics for a while. I, I jumped on that, got all the back issues of the New 52 series. Really enjoyed that, and it was canceled. So I'm like, well, there goes that fun. Yeah, and, then, and, and lo and behold, with that, yeah, Rebirth with that happens, too. and they announce like, a new title. Yep, you love Firestorm as well, which we don't get. Nope, uh, no we Shazam. have a little bit of Hawkman, uh, which you like, but it's not like he has an ongoing book. He had that mini series early, and now he's in and, the middle. And which Hawkman no are we talking about? Because yeah, I every know. Hawkman well, iteration problem. has been different. Yeah, so this was the book that kind of was out there to be your book. And even that, they fucked me from the get-go. It's no longer an alien technology. It's yeah. magic. I'm yeah, it's it? funny, Because we've done a lot with that, haven't we? Yeah, they say magic at one point in this book that made me laugh. But we're never going to resolve that, I guess. We have one more issue. Like I said, I'm sure you'll say penultimate. But the next issue seems like one of those, like, hey, uh, the world's our oyster. And they'll jump up in the air as they that leave. To, uh, yeah, as they leave Court Industries. So this is, to me, pretty much uh, the story end of the Blue Beetle book. Of the, uh, you know, rebirth. So let's, let's just get it over with. Let's talk about it. Tell me what you, uh, have for a blurb here. Blue Beetle number 17, written by Chris Sabell with art by Scott Collins, Romeo Fajardo Jr., and Josh Reed. The penultimate issue of Blue Beetle is here. And with it, well, we see Jaime Reyes do some stuff to take down Stopwatch. And he does. Yeah. But the hows and whys escape, uh, escape me here as this issue just continues. It's compre- incomprehensible nonsense. And while I love Blue Beetle, I'm not so happy that this, I, I am so happy that this series is ending. You know what would be cool if, uh, you know who would, if he showed up, would have been awesome in this book? LeBron James. LeBron James, Eric. Would it have been worse with LeBron James? I yes. don't think so. I don't think been. so, Eric. Uh, if LeBron James just showed up, yeah, would have been worse. T- tell me, tell me what happens here, Eric, because there's a couple things in here that I don't even know what's going on, and we're not going to try to decipher this clue, you know, the, the fucking mystery that is Blue Beetle, because I don't think anybody's reading this book. But we'll give you a little synopsis. Give me what happens here. Hello. We have Jaime Reyes. All. What's wrong? You. You. You okay uh, there? No, you ended up cutting out. Oh. <sighs> I'm sure that there somebody's upstairs fucking with us. I'm sure, but uh, here, wait. Let me uh, just go from right there. When I said, "Tell me what," I'll have to edit it. On this issue, we have Jaime Reyes hooked up to the machine that stopwatch, going to use him to somehow complete his time travel work so he can finally go back in time and stop his earlier self from like creating that explosion that turned him into stopwatch. Even though in the previous issue he kept like talking shit about Jaime's armor. Which it's such a weird thing. And then even when we start this issue, Jaime breaks out of the machine and then it seems a stopwatch is able to create this whole goddamn time travel thing that actually we see the earlier version of him and it's fine. So I don't understand what the whole purpose of any of this is because Jaime's armor is not shit until it means it needs to be shit. And then he's hooked up until he breaks free and then we don't need it. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, I, uh, I believe that you have told us the whole issue, right? 
I'm telling no, you. Either, no, no, there's more nonsense. There is way more fucking nonsense to this story because while this yeah. is all going on, Jaime's broken free and he's going to fight Stopwatch. We still have Naomi, Brenda, and Paco out there getting abducted by the fucking so-called UFOs that are old young people in astronaut costumes that have UFOs for some reason. And they're being sucked up with a goddamn like a, a, a tractor beam. And yeah. they decide, you know what? We're just going to fucking yeah. – hey, We're you ever gonna, go to medieval times? You ever go to medieval times? This motherfucker. Joust and they go – they, they, I don't even they know what they, that even means for what they're doing. They have pipes and things, but yeah, it's I, just nonsense. I'm it's, saying though, they they end up, you know, getting like, you know, they they knock the UFO out of the sky from their jousting. They fall back down, and Jaime, like, you know, he stops stopwatch from doing this whole thing. He makes it so nothing that he does comes to like a flourishing. Yeah, yeah. And then he's like, all right, smell you later. I got to get back into town to make sure that Paco, Naomi, and Brenda are all right. And they they end up getting killed because yeah they were killed the freaking the UFO coming down stopwatch and all this other shit it causes all this this building there and the roof to come down and crush yep. them yeah, so now they're... the kid gloves are off Jim the yeah. kid gloves are off because Jaime is pissed he fights stopwatch to the point where he goes in and rips <laughs> the time travel device yeah, out he of rips stopwatch it out of him which uh, is somehow a kind of a cube oh i'm telling you it reminded me of the green lanterns of last week when simon took the life entity that out is, of uh what's her name lissa va but at least this you had more, no this, this is, is worse ridiculous. because at least then yeah we thought boy uh simon doing that was weird he has all these powers but it made sense within a little bit of parameters of what happened uh it didn't make sense fully but at least we saw this is just like why didn't jaime do that before anyway and he just rips this I, I, thing cube is, device i don't out. even know how he does it now but he rips this device that somehow becomes a gigantic cube that looks bigger than the stopwatch himself yeah and then stopwatch is fine but also when he does this it causes time to go back like an hour or half an hour to the yep. point where now Jaime Paco and Naomi are, are not dead now because time has gone back. And it's weird. With that, you get the idea that they want to pull out that it was his emotions. He was really emotional, but that doesn't – that's not how the scarab works. You and know I, what I mean? This would be something – maybe. Know. But this because would be something like – again, a Green Lantern thing, you can go, oh, the willpower and all this stuff. But with this – just doesn't make sense it just happens to happen that's the thing we don't know anything about this armor now that they claim oh it's magic yeah yeah and because of that that should have been pretty much and if you don't know what we're talking about in the rebirth number one you did have the whole deal where uh dr fate came and talked to ted cord and then it continued a little in the series at the beginning but the big thing in that rebirth number one was that it was spelling out that the what they thought was alien technology of the scabbard was actually magic. So having a Blue Beetle book, you would think that priority number one was going to be to explain what that Discuss meant and what that would angle. go forward. Which maybe, out of nowhere, we'll get in the last issue, next issue. You but know what? This, if, if we don't, I'm going to be pissed because yeah. we spent an entire series going against Blue Beetle co- Make this yep. new continuity and doing nothing with it. So if we just yep. leave this series with no answers after they went out of their way to change You'll things, I'm going to be fucking furious. Yeah. Well, maybe you can think that, that it must be Blue Beetle Reborn that they're not even going to deal don't with that anymore. With maybe, don't no, I'm me. telling you, maybe they're going to go back and just say, well, because some of the stuff that happened in Rebirth, they did change. The JLA stuff kind of changed around a bit. So maybe that's one thing that they realized, eh, we're not going to go that route. Because really, if you were going to go with it, 
you, you would think that that whole deal with the magic of the scabbard and things like that would have scarab. played in uh, scarab. I mean, would have uh, would have played out either in metal or Doomsday Clock, and and he was in metal for a little, but had nothing to do with it. And I don't see him in Doomsday Clock, so uh, you know, I don't think that they're going to even mention it. And we may have what you always wanted that will just revert it back to Xeno technology or whatever. That the, well, way the thing they is, did it. I do want that, but I hate the fact that we have a series yeah. now that just came one out. Way to do this, and now we're just supposed to say, "Oh no, that never happened." It's like the Doctor Fate series with Khalid. Like that, yeah. that means nothing now. Well, it does mean nothing now. And with this, we, you're saying the whole series. It really was only that rebirth issue. They really haven't done much with this. It's magic well, they, now. And they any... started talking about it when they were fighting Arian in the first arc yeah. that went on fucking forever, yeah. but we never did anything up with it. Just but, the whole yeah, idea, so... Arian. I'm like, you know, I'm Arian. I need to scare the freaking, you know, make me have the maximum power I can with because yeah. magic. Oh wait, no, it, it, we're not doing that anymore. So yeah, we're just gonna. Yeah. Well, you're, you're done, Arian. Let's move well, on. Well, there they go because they end up, uh, you know, capturing all these aliens and you know the stopwatch without his the technology aliens. there, and they're gonna lock him up with uh, Rack and Ruin. Eric, there you go. Yeah, rack and Ruin. You have a tie into Rebirth number one, the uh, the Blue Beetle Rebirth number one when they were in there, like nonsense. Yeah. Weren't they in like a uh, fast food restaurant when when they were causing their I don't issues? Even remember it was what something the fuck like they were that. Doing. Like, I yeah. hated them so much. I'm telling you, that's supposed to be the tie-in that ties everything together. Uh, but yeah, in the end, you have Jaime go home. You you he Naomi, Naomi leaves. Figure, Naomi figures out that Jaime is the Blue Beetle, yeah. and she's pissed at him for lying. So now it seems like Jaime and Naomi's summer loving has had them a blast. Had it's them a blast. To too fast. Summer loving ain't gonna last, baby, yeah. because it's not. And that to me, again, you do have these things in these books where things happen. Like, oh yeah, they don't want that to be a, something that if they bring back Blue Beetle in some other book later, that they want to have him have a girlfriend so she's out uh and you have paco and uh brenda still as a couple and all of a sudden jaime who was losing his fucking lunch over it the last uh issue he doesn't care now he wants yeah. just a normal life with that he ends up giving paco money to pay for the car that they wrecked and all is great eric and the end there you go no no not the end because well, then we go back the end to of the this kind of where, yeah, where we have a nothing. we have a bunch of these you know old young people that were working for stopwatch who are wandering the desert, and then off in the distance, they see a glowing figure approach them, and it's Stopwatch, still glowing, all Stopwatch about it, and they're like, hey, man, you you want us to help you? We we, we don't know you or nothing like that. I don't know you either. All right, let's go help each other. Yeah. Let's walk into the goddamn desert. that's just a stupid tie. That's not going to do anything. They're just walking off into the desert. But yeah, It doesn't make any sense, though. The story sucked. Christopher Sabella got on this book, and he did nothing. He did nothing but annoy me. This is well, nonsense. Well, okay, the, the arc is called Road to Nowhere. You're yeah. damn right. <laughs> it went nowhere slow, Eric, oh, is what I say, but that's it. I don't think that that's going to be my book of the week, but what did you give it? I gave this issue a 2 out of 10. I'm telling you, I, I have, like, each issue I've liked Scott Collins are less and less, and this issue, on top of the writing, I had no idea what was happening or yeah. why things were happening at certain points. So when I, that happens in a book, it's ridiculous in my mind because, as you know, I've been reading comics most of my life, Jeff. I heard that. I don't know what's going on in a comic, there's some problems. No, no, but no, this is just a terrible story with there, things just happen and they don't Segregation, make any sense at Reggie. all. And it's fucking bullshit. And I yeah. can't wait for this issue well, and the series to end because I don't think that anybody needs to look at this because I don't no. want anybody to be affected by Blue Beetle thinking, oh, Blue Beetle is Blue Beetle. because yeah. they read the series. No, this is nonsense. I'm going to go a little more positive, Eric. Uh, I'm going 2-5. 
2.5 oh. because I didn't mind the art as much. But really, the story, it's one of those where I hate it because I didn't know what was going on. I have a feeling that if I did know what was going on, I'd hate it more. I could at least just go, eh, whatever, but it's nonsense. It's complete and utter nonsense. It's being canceled for a reason. It's because people aren't reading it because it sucks. It just sucks. It's terrible. And like you said, really, in the long run, even with this, you do get blue. It doesn't even seem like Blue Beetle to me. Like, I'm I'm with you. Like, you're you're scared that people will read this and be like, oh, Blue Beetle, he's a bunch of bullshit. Never really got the idea that it was a proper Blue Beetle book, even at, at this juncture, this far in. I just want to get it over with, and it's it's not. Well, it's not but... because now it's Magic Blue Beetle. Yeah. Well, what was your book of the week? My book of the week. I had a tie this week between How Jordan the Green Lantern Corps and Detective Comics. Yeah, mine is Flash. Flash is my uh, book of the week. So uh, there was some, you know, in general, it wasn't an awful week. We had some highs and lows, Eric. But yeah, I'll tell a lot you what we get. Yeah, I'm going to tell you what we get next week. It is annuals week, and next Thank week God. we will have Dark Knight's Metal number five. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, big, big, big character returning to the fold. I'll let you know, Excellent. Eric. Deathstroke annual number one, Detective mm-hmm. Comics annual number one, The Flash annual mm-hmm. number one, Harley Quinn mm-hmm. number thirty-six, mm-hmm. Mystic You, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Why you keep saying? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's because I don't have a single yeah, book you don't this have a week, book. and it's you don't amazing. Have a book. Yeah. yeah, I have uh, five. I think I have I one, mean... two, three, four. Oh, no, I need to show up to the podcast five. next week. I have five books, and that will be that. Uh, also, Silencer is one of those. Uh, I believe Hussein is actually going to review that for us. In the meantime, I had told him he could do Sideways. And then you said you were going to do that, but I don't even know if either of us are going to do any of these books. So he might be doing both Maybe. We'll see what we'll happens. See. We'll see how that goes. But Silencer's another one, but he is going to do that. So that is it. That is the podcast. Uh, I believe this was a long one. We still have a lot to go. Uh, as we record, we are not yeah. done. We have to go back and do a lot of other We things, might have had but... a really quick session with Batman Beyond and Blue Beetle here, but there was a lot of other podcast parts going on in this fucking yes, thing. I'm sorry. Everybody else knows what I'm talking about already. I have no idea because yeah, of how right. disjointed we're recording. I'll just let you know. If you, if you want to know like our the way we record and the scheduling and things like this, all of the mail and the rant and raves you've heard, we have to do that now, and it's it's getting close. And the intro. To, yeah, and it's getting close to 9 o'clock on Saturday, so it's going to be a long one, Eric. It's going to be a long night. But ah. since we are here at the end, at least for now, uh, what do we say at the end? Everyone have a great week. Yeah. Keep it weird, and we'll see you in 7. 7. Oh!